Outside, if you want a brand new episode of the Weird Science DC Comics podcast, how about that? How about that? How I'm about that? Sweetheart, Eric Shea. Yep. Yep. I'm yep. I'm Jim Warner. Eric. And this is episode Thank number one oh nine. It sounded like you were about to laugh in the middle of that, and then we were gonna have to start over. I was like, yep. son of a bitch. Yep. Hello and welcome, one and all, to the official and official podcast of Weird Science DC Comics dot com. How about that? February fourth. 2017. That's the thing. An old white guy starts saying it. It's over. The whole thing's over. Tanya was oh, saying no, it last night. Oh, no. I'm an old white night. guy now? Yep. Tanya, yeah, you're an old white guy. Tanya was saying it last night. And I'm like, yep, that's the end. That's what I would say with my dad. The minute my dad said, what's up? It was over, Eric. And he <laughs> did say that like a year dad, before it, he died. It's 2011. <laughs> I'm like, dad, it's 2013. There's nobody <laughs> saying, what's up? Ah, we're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Batman Podcast Network. Eric, proud. did you say the did you say the episode number yet? Yes, I did. You did. Did you get it right this time? I hope so. Confusing everybody who listens. I had people all week. Hey, I, I listened to that episode 107. I'm like, everybody's a week behind. Then I remembered, no, they're just going Eric Shea time. They're on yeah. Shea time. Hey, I, I changed it up after I said that. I said 108. I fucked yeah. it up. I, I it was, they, they were already over. The minute they heard the number, it was done. And you It's a good thing you put Eric. that episode number on the freaking title. It is. It's very good. I, they don't even look at that either. They just go with it. <laughs> I, I'm even saying that I put the... The timestamps in the description, yeah, yeah. but I always have a little description like, oh, Jim and, and I also, I always go the third person. Jim and Eric get together for a fun time. Oh, you got to get third person for and that. And as I'm writing it every week, I'm like, nobody's fucking reading this shit. <laughs> uh, but the problem is, is uh, I used to be a little more descriptive, have some jokes. And when people would ask like, hey, uh, what episode was fucking Dirty Ricky? Wasn't that one of your mom's fucking boyfriends, Dirty Ricky? No, it was and, not uh, Dirty Ricky. No, there, was, there wasn't Mud Face Tommy. He wasn't one of them. Mud Face uh, Mark guy, over there. Fucking uh, Oil Spill John. I don't know. But I, they would ask me these questions, and I used to be able to go and find what was going on in the description? Now it's just a giant. I'm, I'm telling you, I could insert it into a fucking uh, the computer and it'll just spit out the same generic thing. They, it's a long one again, but they they certainly have a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually each week I think to myself, why the fuck do I even bother? I'll just put these timestamps and get the fuck on with it because that's the last thing I do. And I sit there for this goddamn generic thing. It takes me ten minutes to sit there and, and come up with three sentences. Ah, Jesus Christ, Eric. I'm tired tonight. So am I. If you want to find us on the internet, Eric, everywhere we are, we have a website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. We have an email that you can email me. Talk to me. Give me. I I've been getting more and more personal emails that people will send emails and say like this isn't for the podcast, and I I like those because that's the that's the safe place long I can time, go. Eric. Long time listener, first time writer. This yeah, is just yeah, this, no, this is just a say, personal one, not for the podcast. But yeah, hey, you, Jim, I want you inside <laughs> me. Yes. No. No. Usually it's dear Jim. This isn't for the podcast. 
the fuck kind of asshole are you doing this podcast with? I'm like, Jesus Christ, don't <laughs> talk about Brandon like that. Ooh. <laughs> uh, we're also on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics, Podbean Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. We're on Twitter at Weird Science DC. We're also on Mixler, which we are recording this live. So if you wanted to go, I think that we're probably going to do at least an hour or two or three each Saturday. I, I did four clear or five. Up, no. I cleared up the Saturday night. So that we could go live. So if you did want to listen to this live on Saturday night, we usually start around 9, 8.39. You know, we, we'll spell it out on Twitter and stuff. But go to Mixler.com, and that's spelled M-I-X-L-R.com slash DC. Now, Eric, I also want to point out we have another podcast as well. Me and oh, you shit. get together, and we talk a lot of nonsense on this podcast. It is the Weird Science Pop Culture Podcast. And if you had seen on our feed it was called the lost boys podcast we did explain this in the last episode of the weird science pod, uh, pop culture but i just wanted to tell everybody we kind of ditched the lost boys moniker uh to make it more in line with what we're doing uh, you know keep the branding general. the brand eric we figured dc talks about the brand every fucking two fucking issues so <laughs> we're gonna do it as well but yeah it's the weird science pop culture podcast we're gonna be doing episode two of that this Wednesday, that four, will be four. the last one that goes on our Weird Science DC Comics feed. I will put it up. Hopefully by then we'll be on iTunes with this new one. Now that I keep saying it, it's getting me all confused which one I'm fucking talking about. Maybe we should have kept Lost Boys. <laughs> kind of separates them a little. But uh, we'll have its own feed. So what that would mean is you would have to go and wherever you subscribe to this lovely podcast, you'd also have to subscribe to the Weird Science Pop Culture Podcast if you want to, if you like it, Aaron. Some people seem to like it. Me and you have fun doing it. Started yeah, to get a little it. long. You you actually warned me after we recorded this last one on Wednesday that uh, it's a slippery slope. We're we're yeah. fucking sliding down again. Every because episode we, want... we have done has gotten longer and yes, longer. Yes, we like, wanted no, it to be forty five minutes. We couldn't even hit that once, and no. the, the last one was an hour and forty four minutes. And I said to you, "Eh, we'll we'll get it down a little." And you're like, "Fuck you!" That's you, said you heard that, to that. Be episode twenty five of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I remember when we had our first five hour podcast, and I think the next episode I was we going called it on the marathon. On. We're never gonna do this again, Jesus Christ! But yeah, uh, but yeah, just tune into that if if you so want to. We don't we talk some uh, you know TV movies shit like that. Pretty Not much anything in pop culture. Yeah, yeah. Well, we just we need some other forum, Eric, to talk about the things we love. You like love food things? and gluttony. Yeah, yeah I, I like things. I like Riverdale right now. Nice. I've watched it a lot, Eric. We'll be talking about that in the next episode of the Pop Culture Podcast. Fuck it. Let's shut this down, Eric. Let's start it up. Let's do the uh, pop culture one right now. Let's fucking ditch these. Guys I don't. Comics. I don't have any stories lined up right now. These comics get in the way. I have one, Eric, but I, I can't tell you that because that would spoil things, right? Right. Well, this show. We'll, we'll get back to the comics now. I guess we'll deal with these things. We have a rant and rave line, Eric. It is 641-715-3900, enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign. It's just that easy, folks. It's just that easy, folks, and we have a bunch tonight. We're going to start with Ms. Napalm, Eric. Nice. It's the one and only Ms. Napalm, a.k.a. Ombre. Ombre. I am here to rant about something that bothers me. Okay. Aaron. Something that bothers me very badly about Suicide Squad movies. Okay. And if you can't figure it out, it's Killer Croc. Ooh. Like, I, honest to God, 
don't understand why his body is so tiny. In comic books, he had a large body, a small head. I agree, that was problematic too. Semi decent arm. But in the movie, his head is too big, his body is tiny, arms look great. There's a problem with this picture. So his body was horribly CGI'd, and CGI'd to the point that it didn't even look like the boxer who was playing him. And I know what this guy looks like because I am a fan of boxing. Nothing better than watching two grown men beat the shit out of each other. What's that CGI thing with makeup? Back to the point. Terra Cross body shouldn't have been CGI'd to the point that it looked smaller than his head. His head literally looked like the size of a basketball where his body looked like an ink pen. And it's like, why? Why would you do that? The arms, I understand. They wanted the small arms to imitate the crocodile. But for the body, in the comics, they gave him a big buff body. In the video game, they gave him a big buff body. So why couldn't they CGI his body perfectly? Like, it's not rocket science. I mean, hell, Ms. Napalm even agrees with me. It's true, I do! Oh, What's shit. going on over there? <laughs> Two face over Seriously, here. How, how can you get everybody else perfect? Captain Boomerang. They chose a great person to play him. Deadshot. Even better. Will Smith is just an angry motherfucker. And then Harley, the chick who played her. Oh my god, just Harder yes. Rock. Thank you. Um, Katana was very happy with her character and happy that they kept her sword alive. But I wish they had did more with her. Yeah, um, I, th- I think I just, the same with Croc. I'm really butthurt about Killer Croc's body. Like, that is the one thing that absolutely annoys the fuck out of me. And I can't get over it. Like, I've tried, and I've tried, and i tried. But every time I watch that movie, he looks great when he's got, like, his jacket on or his hoodie or whatever. But then when he takes he it did off, that hoodie he'll on swim the under the water to help everybody... Blow up the Enchantress's voice or brother, not boyfriend, because he doesn't die. Eh, maybe. Who knows? You know the God's role. His body did not look right. And I didn't like that whole I scene with him underwater. I was confused. It. Like, I hope they do a part two to this movie and they fix his damn body. Continuity. His body is not fixed in any way, shape, or form for a part two. I will write the angriest letter the world has ever seen and probably more than likely make a video about my anger so and rage and become that new oh my god we free me alone but what the fuck did you do to the killer croc okay. I'm already that sweet twisted alone person so I don't know what's going on anymore yay <laughs> I can be that person but still like I don't know if you guys agree with me or not I do but his head is way too big for his body when he took his hoodie off and then his arms, his arms look normal, but his body did not. His body looks like it was CGI'd to the point that it annoys me horribly. And I love pointing out CGI flaws. That's one of my favorite things to do. I just, I can't go with his body. Like, I can't. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it's a space get over it. Just with the movie. Just go back and read Killer Croc comics and look at the original Killer Croc and be like, yay, this is how you're supposed to work, and then look at Suicide Squad and be like, no, why? Uh, some kind why of would you do this? Like a lizard. 
But yeah. that's pretty much my rant slash rave. Um, I'll catch you guys on the flip side, and I'll see you in chat. Doses! <laughs> yes, thank you, Ms. Napalm. I, I actually just think it's a thing of getting him in the scenes with the rest of the team. You can't have him that hulking. And, I, you know, I kind of wanted him in the to be that big. Yeah, it just, I, I don't think they would like, you know, you wouldn't be able to have that scene. You'd have just him in the background. You'd see, because really to me, he should tower over them as well. He's this hulking guy. Oh, but, I agree. Yeah, I, I just, you have to have him in the scene, Eric. Make him like a Shaquille O'Neal size. I'm good with oh, that. Shaquille O'Neal, he's fucking 7'3 or whatever, 7'4 yeah. even. That, that's way too big. It's way too big, my friend. Maybe for Way you. too big. Uh, but the next rant and rave is from our man, D-Ron. Hey, Jim. Hey, Eric. What's up, D-Ron? Hey, Chris, Reggie, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. This is uh, your boy, D-Ron, yep. as Eric likes to say. Sure does. It's been a little bit. I figured I'd call in and give you guys my own progress report on the current state of the uh, DC Comics thing. Um, <clears throat> believe it or not, I've been uh, looking around at some of the other books that have been uh, out in the past year. Well, since this whole rebirth thing has started, and I have to say, you know, the whole thing with them dealing with legacy and the whole, you know, hey, we want to restore the hope and the optimism. Yeah. You know, I've been sitting on it for about nine months, six, well, have Sorry. six, seven months. And I'm not seeing any really hope and optimism. In fact, I've been I getting agree. kind I of depressed. There. Um, there's been, let's see, I looked at uh, Batman with Tom King. That that book, to me, if I could describe it in one word, it's been kind of inconsistent. Um, I was kind of, I don't know, maybe I was hoping, you know, you know, expect a little bit more out of Tom King since I liked his run on Grayson back in the New 52. But and I love that. It's It's been very hit and miss, and it hasn't really grabbed me. <clears throat> With uh, Detective Comics, that feels more like Batman and Robin Eternal Part 2. Yeah, it's starting and to that. I'm, I'm not sure I've mentioned this before, now. but I really don't like Spoiler. I really don't like her. I'm tired of her ass. Now I'm tired of her, gone. you know crying all the time and oh I missed him blah 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 and I understand it you know but it's just overly blown um, and plus a lot of the other characters it just seems like you know that they haven't really uh, addressed the whole Tim Drake thing and I and I do concur with what you guys are saying that the Night of the Monster Men bit really me. really derailed this book Yep, and it hasn't really uh, come back since for me, I think the only two characters I find really interesting on the Detective Comics Clayface team and is Batwoman. Um, Batwoman. Boom. And Clayface. Bang. Boom. All the rest of them um, <laughs> don't really have no, a yes, interest in. Orphan the Doe. Uh, no. I took a look at the uh, Fat Girl and the Birds of Prey. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I felt I, I was kind of hoping that, you know, since you had uh, Bat Girl, Black Canary... I remember reading about Huntress in the Robin miniseries in the uh, 90s. I think it was Cry of the Huntress or something like that. 
it was with her and Tim Drake. Um, I, I like the Huntress character. Um, I like, of course, I thought, you know, she was great in the, uh, Grayson, uh, series uh, during the New 52. <clears throat> but the whole bit with Oracle, the, the, the male Oracle, um, I think it was around, I guess, Ultra. probably about issue four, I started to kind of check out. Yeah. It, um, it hasn't been Don't great. even get me started on Batgirl. That's not even my thing. It hasn't been great either. Uh, yeah. I've been trying to read other books. I completely c- c- concur with you. With uh, you with do. you guys' uh, assessment on uh, usually Dog Welder, stuff I thought that was an excellent series. I thought the dialogue was freaking hilarious. Uh, I think my my wife and my kids like think I'm a little crazy because <laughs> he's cackling. Um, they'll see me like reading, and then then I'll just start busting out laughing for no apparent <laughs> reason. But you know, of course, comic it was a good comic. Yes, and I, and I'd like to see more of that in the future. Sadly, I don't think it's going to be one of those properties that DC is going to really want to push. No, I don't. Um, but I do think that they have like a uh, uh, a nice good uh, property there that could be harnessed into a diamond if uh, they give it the proper. Uh, the problem uh, is though that, that comic sold less um, than see, what anything else? we've ever seen. Green Lanterns. Hey, if this is a book, if you really like this book, and hey, more power to you because it's not really one for me. Um, I have I have kids that struggle with anxiety issues. I don't really think it's the anxiety thing that really bothers me about this. Now I think it's just the uh, some of the dialogue comes a bit of comes off as a bit off for me. Um, the Red Lanterns, that whole arc, I thought that the Atrocitus really terrible. came off as a bit of a pussy, and uh, something really needs to be done to. Uh, to reinvent the Red Lantern Corps. I think they're... Uh, well, they already they're, did. They're, I'm not believing and I'm not buying what they're trying to sell me as far as, like, in the rage department. Like, the Hell Towers. Come on. The Hell Towers are. But, uh... <clears throat> I love that we well, haven't gone back to that at all. I forgot all about them. Um, Hellblazer. Oh, man, this book started great. Hellblazer yep. Rebirth number one. I was like full on in this. I was all in. Hellblazer it. number one. Oh, okay, still going. And then something happened. Like it took a big diarrhea shit come issue two, <laughs> and it's still diary? on the commode, and the poop is still flowing. I did too. Um, <laughs> I have a shit diary. I'm I keep just, it right next to my this, toilet. This was like one of my main so books my too thoughts. that I was like toilet initially Jesus signed up for yes. for the whole Rebirth thing. And it's just really let me down, <clears throat> and I'm really upset over it. I think that this book just needs to die now because I think we gotta go get they're D-Ron really ruining the uh, reputation of John Constantine. <laughs> um, I I know that they've probably rebooted this book about six or seven times, but I don't really see any recovery for this book. I, I think it's I'd another like book see, that just uh, should go away. They should just yeah, cancel well. it and then and, and really uh, just have them do time. the Justice League Dark thing. And the last I checked, DC Vertigo hasn't really been uh, do no, much of anything terrible. lately. So maybe they should just, uh, just rely on reinvent the Vertigo line and have uh, Swamp Thing launch that whole thing back oh, off. I'm so Animal you, Man. You know, I like Swamp Thing. If it was I think me, I'd get rid of the Vertigo good brand to, like, for that. Spearhead that whole and thing and then maybe the, relaunch, the, uh, DC relaunch Constantine line, later. But they need to get back to the mature supernatural stuff from 
back in the Vertigo day. That Vertigo they want to talk about getting back to legacy. Fail. That's what yeah. Vertigo is all about. And when they did this whole legacy thing, they seemed to left out uh, Vertigo altogether because it's hurting right now. Vertigo's hurting. It's like not even hardly alive. Um, and let's there. see. Anything else? Uh, oh, yeah, Aquaman. Aquaman, every time I saw, I've been reading Aquaman, and uh, I know people like their swashbuckling, you know, it, it reminds me of a really bright Pirates of the Caribbean kind of book. Um, I think, though, if, if it was me, if I was Captain if I were to uh, write something like that, you. I think I'd go a little nice. bit more darker and use like, ghost ships and, like, <laughs> you know, take more of a darker approach. But, uh... <laughs> And when I saw the Aquamarines, like, come out, uh, I, I don't know, for some reason, I kept the song uh, from uh, yeah. Team America, World Police, America, fuck yeah, okay. came out when they, when they showed up. So I just thought that was kind of silly. But uh, <laughs> You were getting hmm. into it, Eric. You oh, yeah. Silly. <laughs> uh, last book, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Guys, I need your help. Please, please, please oh, tell no. me, tell me why. What is going on with this book? I mean, is it okay for me to like to to, to bitch about this now yeah, that we're that, thirteen issues book. in? Uh, you guys know me. I've been reading this yeah. book since you know that's before the new fifty-two. Book. And this to be honest, what I was man, you about it's, it. That it just it's doing you know, nothing. It's, uh, the whole reason why I like the whole Green Lantern franchise. It's not because of uh, Kyle Rayner. It's not because Those of Josh Stewart. They're sharing about you know how Jordan's about guy motherfucking Gardner. That's my boy, and you know it's the whole the whole thing like reads like how Jordan the lead singer with his backup band, and it's like but it's like Guns N' Roses back in the nineties when they had like fifty people on tour with him. Buckethead. I mean, because it's, it's like no, the Green Lantern Corps is like a big supporting cast, and I know I've been beating this freaking horse to death, but I really Chinese think they should watch some kind of, of anthology uh, book. But no, give some of these characters they are the pussycats Think about like, Jordan's like the little arcs that they could do with like Sodom Yat or uh, you know have Guy Gardner and Kilowog. You know each of them give like their own like little arcs. That way you can give like all these characters like more face time and people could like you know that was my idea. You know, really connect with the some of these characters in this book. I, I mean, like, look at Two Six. I had that during. Yeah, you know, there's all, all kind of great and interesting looking characters, but they just like just kind of cram them all in the background and says, "Oh, here's your Green Lantern Corps," and it's just the yeah, the, the build up has been like slow. It's just so stressed slow. out. The oh. payoff hasn't been that great. Uh, I mean, runs making me depressed. We got to see how Jordan versus Sinestro go at it. For and, you know, you're years. expecting, like, Tyson versus Holyfield back in the day. Ooh, and yeah, it but, kind of went down, years. like, Tyson versus Spinks in 90 seconds, not yeah, the first round. I mean, it was like, what? And you, like, blinked, and you turned the page, and it was done. Yep. I mean, the payoff was, like, I, I thought it was really, really lackluster. Um, the Larflees arc, I, I wasn't really into. Um, I'm really I like down on this book. like concept of him Please, with the brain, yeah. Just give me a reason why to stay on this book. Uh, <laughs> and the thing is, is I don't, I don't, I don't want to drop this book. Man. Yes, I, I love the Green Lantern Corps. But you know what, man? I, I for them to ask me to like, on pay six dollars a month, twice a month, you know, with these books going twice a month, I, you're really asking a lot of me, man. I got, I got a wife, I got kids, man. I'm like, I don't want to sit there and throw my money away on a product that's, you know, it's just a sometimes, a, sometimes it's a chore to get through. 
Yeah. Um, like they hiked up like some of these books, like went to three ninety nine. I mean, some of them I think are worth three ninety nine. You know, I'd even go as far as pay four ninety nine for Red Hood and the Outlaws. I mean, that Don't book is like now. the only reason, really, that I mean, that's like at the top of my my DC Rebirth list right now. Mine too. I mean, yep. I'm so glad to see Scott LaBelle go, going out there and kicking ass and taking names because I heard all the haters on the other podcast put down Scott LaBelle freaking just dragging him into the mud. Now, now this guy's coming out swinging, and they're like, oh, shit, Ooh. because it's, because the reviews don't lie. You know, I look all across the board, and there's been high marks for this book. Tape don't lie. So, right. yeah, if you guys could address that whole Green Lantern Corps bit, man, that'd be great. I mean, I just want to get your guys' take on it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that, man, I just want to give you guys a call real quick. Yeah. I hope everything's all right with you guys. That's great. And uh, It's never good with me. I'll talk to you guys no. soon. If anybody wants to get in contact with me, you can follow me on Twitter, at Darren Murphy, that's D-E-R-O-N-M-U-R-P-H-R-E-E. And there you'll have a link to my blog, at the Darren's Daredevil Diary, which you can find at fanwithoutfear.wordpress.com. And as always, take it easy. Boom. You too, yeah, David he, he is, D-Ron is a huge Green Lantern fan and a huge Daredevil fan. And... He's been struggling this whole time. He's mentioned it a bunch of times to me, you know, just messages and stuff about how much he can't get into the Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps book. And, I mean, we've talked about it in our reviews. That's one of Reggie's books. But when we talked to Reggie, the last issue, I I kind of had an aneurysm. I was so yeah, upset. Yeah, we, we all had an issue with that. Yeah, it's it just the, the, it's, the pacing's terrible. And it's weird because you have a book where you do have the whole Green Lantern Corps and Hal Jordan. I mean... D-Run, you hate that Hal is the lead singer of Guns N' Roses in this book, uh, but his name is at the marquee, He's so Josie. they're going to do that. And it's that is, unfortunately, for a lot of other people. That it, the, the issue to me is Hal Jordan uh, is the stairway to heaven of the Green Lantern Corps, that people who just know a little about it will want to know how we'll want to have Hal Jordan. So somebody who doesn't know Led Zeppelin, hey, I love Stairway to Heaven. And you know, but the people who have been reading how you know the Green Lantern stuff, they've had enough of Hal Jordan because of how much he's pushed and they have their own individual ones. You have your what's that? I'm saying, I, I, when D Ron's rant and rave was going on, it made me think of something I never thought of before when we were reviewing this book and whatnot. During the fight with Sinestro, Hal exploded into pure will and he died. And then yeah. Kyle Rayner brought him back through his ring from the Emerald Space. Why do, Why is it now that Hal Jordan is okay? He doesn't become this will entity. Uh, maybe he just needs to. <laughs> he just I needs to know. not become this will know. entity? What are you saying you know what? You're saying that why isn't he pure yeah, will like, anymore? Is, is that just something that was dispelled when he died? Like, we no, were I never just, really here's given. the thing. Though, we haven't seen it any other time because there, I don't think they're going to have people go back and see the DCYOU with the Renegade with him doing that. I think it's one of those. It's like almost like the Ray. Uh, it may happen again, but it's something that builds it's, it's, up and just it happens. It was just something I, that was weird to me because I really thought we got rid of that when 
he took off Krona's gauntlet and made his own ring, but then yeah, he, I, I, he kept doing that. Yep. So why is it now that Kyle brought him back to life that he does not? This doesn't happen to him anymore. Yeah, but here's the thing: it we've seems only like that was seen an him. Cure. I, I'm saying we haven't even. It's not even like I don't think it's cured because I okay. think he would have said something. I think that we may see it again. I think that it may come up again. Uh, but also, I do think it was just for. You know, shits and giggles. I, I think it was smoke and mirrors to have yeah. that, but it is odd. What's odd to me is that nobody's asking him really about it. That that's yeah. more odd than it not happening again. Like, hey, buddy, what how'd the you fuck happened? Will like that? Yeah, yeah, it it, it was odd, but uh, yeah, I, I think that we may. I I don't know. I don't know if they'll go that route anymore because it it did when it happened. Even it, it, they didn't even explain it. No, no. Where's the emerald fucking what's space? what was the yeah emerald space or the emerald and then, site that yeah Simon where's has. the emerald site everybody's got something emerald here's the next rat rave Eric it's Sanjay oh la 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 hello Eric and Jim and the rest oh, of the Sanjay. gay fresh crew this is Sanjay I'm just calling in to say hello and I'm I starting want to, to think Sanjay might not really be Indian latest <laughs> rant Uber Uber I hate Uber. Those fucking Uber drivers think they know everything. That does it. Like, like. Next time I see an Uber signals. person, I'm going to get out and I'm going to show them what Sanjay really does. Those who use Uber <laughs> doesn't use taxi. You're taking food out of my children's mouths. That's disgusting. I mean, I was there in India as a gynecologist, and I came over to America for a better world, and I had stuck driving the stupid freaking cab. And then you Uber drivers come in and you take the money from me. Fuck you! I fuck you Jesus all. Jesus Christ, Sanjay. Okay, that's all I got. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, bye, bye. Jim, you yeah. better not become an Uber driver now. I'm not gonna become an Uber driver. He's gonna come and get me. Uh, yeah, thanks, Sanjay. I, I, I don't know. I, uh, something tells me that he might not be uh, legit. He may really? not be an actual Shut Indian guy. I, I, though maybe he was a gynecologist, but I just don't think he might be Indian. I'm not sure. But the next uh, rant and rave. It has me a little confused. <laughs> All right. This one is is a bit confusing to me, but you you let me know what you think. Right. We love, we love Chapaville Nueve. Chapaville Villeneuve. Je m'énerve. Mais qu'est-ce que c'est ça? Sounds like it's a Frenchman yelling these nuts. French. But I, I swear to God, through the whole thing, it's these nuts. Quoi Parce qu'il est musulman, on décide de ne plus l'utiliser, mais c'est le meilleur de tous ces Batman, de Batman et Gobernade et tout. Ah. Yeah. <rire> ben, c'est tout. Euh, donc, euh, à la prochaine, euh, j'ai mis Eric, euh, okay. Pascal out. Pascal out, Eric. Fair enough, fuck. I think I gotta learn French. <laughs> There's this other one. I was like, I remember Pascal. Oh, yeah, I hit it again. <laughs> I actually he thought that's angry that time. No, though. no, he he used to be. I actually thought I went into my sound things and tried to look, and I thought that was the fraud dressing. 
I grabbed the wrong one. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Uh, this is the last rant and rave. It is uh, from a friend of ours, Eric. It's somebody who had They're to go friends? to. They had no. They he had to go off uh, to get help, but he seems to be back and better than ever. Hey there. Uh, now this here is uh, Cornell Walter Virgin's calling. But most people call me Cotton Virgins, or my niece calls me Uncle Cotton. It's I'm Uncle coming Cotton back there. in to let y'all know that I'm back for my diversity training with that their <laughs> male robot you have. I apologize for my actions last week. I reckon sometimes I just get a bit carried away. <laughs> I may have had one too many mint juleps, if you know what I mean there. <laughs> I know it. made me drunker than a cooter brown. <laughs> It's just when someone starts asking questions about Supergirl Matrix or conversions or anything that the Brian Hitch is writing, I say now, I, I, I just need to calm him down again. I'm getting hotter than horny hens in a hand basket. Boy, the training went well. I'm feeling about as sharp as a bowling ball now. Looking here and say, look here and hell so spun wisdom about it. an asshole with taste buds. Hot <laughs> damn. That there is one racist son of a bitch. That robot is road hardened up wet, if you know what I mean. See, now, I shouldn't have called. You're getting me all fired up now, worse than that Kanani challenge and that dang Ricky guy from last week. All that guy talked about was Wonder Woman on her butt over and over again. <laughs> Who the hell does he think he is? I say now, I say that Ricky is exceeding the limitations of my medication. I tell you what, he's got more nerve than my great aunt Wanda got liver pills. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky should come on down south so I can show him how to really treat a woman with some southern hospitality. He needs to meet a good, tough southern woman. The kind of buck-toothed woman that could eat an apple through a picket fence. <laughs> and that Jim Varner? Don't get me started, does oh, he? No. think the sun comes up just to hear him crow? That boy is nuttier than a porta potty at a peanut festival. <laughs> a mountain cup. It sure as shit ain't a candy bar. You better straighten up before Uncle Cotton come down there and get you going real good. You know what I mean? It's a damn cup, not a bar. Don't get Uncle Cotton all wound up. Now listen here. A candy bar must be shaped like a bar. It's common sense. But if common sense would lie, most people wouldn't be able to grease a pan, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and thank the Lord the Steelers would make the Super Bowl again with that coach. Uh, what's his name again? Uh, Omar Epps. Omar Epps. He tries to trip players all dirty on the sidelines. And that quarterback, what's his name? Uh, rape burger, rape burger, <laughs> who corners women in men's rooms and forces his will into those women. He is a disgrace to the game of football. He should be locked up with that male robot. Cotton's tipping his hand here with that guy now. Let me tell you, whatever they call him, Big Dan, he's a real piece of work. They should start calling him feast mode. Have you ever seen him run? It's like watching the lasses rolling uphill in the winter. If you're listening to our Beer King Hippo, after you serve your tail time with male robot, come visit Uncle Cotton. We'll show you how to treat a woman. Those skills are about as useless as tits on a bull. They think they're blue collar. Come on down south and good old Cotton Virgins will show you blue collar. Now, hear this. 
Cornell Walter Burgess promises a Super Bowl victory from the Dirty Birds. You Uh-oh. heard it here first. This ain't no bold prediction either. The cheating Patriot Northerners are going to lose. No doubt the Falcons are going to be happier than a possum eating a sweet potato Monday morning. <laughs> Well, butter my butt and call me a biscuit. It's about time for Cotton Virgins to head on out until next time. Old Cotton will be listening and trying to stay out of trouble. Just keep me away from those limp juleps and that damn racist robot. And remember, tomorrow's just another cotton-picking day. Bye now. He has a a sign-off. Thank you, Cotton. I love those. uh, That homespun Southern wisdom, Eric. Uh, that we just got there. <laughs> Thanks, everyone who called in. Thank and you. we're going to take a little bit of a break, and we'll be back with the news. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and cheese that's from under and now it's up for Jim and the news and now it's up for Jim and the news and now it's up for Jim and the news Oh, yeah, and I guess Eric's there, too. Thank you, Ricky. He doesn't have to guess. You're always here. You never leave. You're like Norm at Cheers. You're always there. Me, you're Cliff. I'm Norm. How about that? Okay, I'm actually happy with that. Because you're a a fatty. Okay. Go go with your stupid-ass jokes. I was just going to say, because you're married. You fucking asshole. So's Cliff. Is Cliff married? Can't remember. Thought that he was. I can't remember. Maybe he was divorced. <laughs> he looks like I, I always thought he was a pedophile. Actually, <laughs> he really came up to me like he looked like a pedophile to me no. all the time. Yes, yeah, th- th- you look up a definition of a pedophile. That's what he looks like. I'm not saying he is obviously, <laughs> uh, but even his character on Cheers kind of came off to me as a pedophile. So there. Take that, all you Cheers fans. I just thought you're a fucking like beloved a fun character. Guy. Yeah, he's a. I, I actually. I thought Norm was okay. Fucking hated Cliff. Every fucking episode. I, I hated Frazier. The best was when I like Frazier because he kind of, yeah, I don't know. He mixed it up a bit. I loved it when Cliff went on Jeopardy and fucking fucked up. It was the <laughs> best. That was the best one. I'm telling you, I just, I never liked Cliff, ever. Ah, yes, Eric, it's time for the news. Uh, Uh, I know that Red Robert is a huge Cheers fan and probably loves Cliff. He's probably going to kill me for that. But uh, the big news of the week, there's two news items. One is something we rarely put on the podcast, but the first one is comic-related, and it is. The Nightwing and Super Sons artist are the latest to be signed to DC exclusives. And I got this right from the press release from DC. DC Entertainment continues to expand its roster of top-name talent, announcing today that it has reached agreements with artists Javier Fernandez of Nightwing and Jorge Jimenez, Superman and Super Sons, to create comic book content solely for the publisher's DC and Vertigo imprints. Here is the quote from Javier Fernandez. Nightwing? How could I not be excited when I was asked to work on something like that? 
said Fernandez, or should have been asked Fernandez, when DC asked me to redesign one of the most iconic costumes, I knew exactly what Nightwing would look like, what he did before, he should say. Professionally, it's hard to find something that I have been looking forward to more than the chance to create stories in Gotham. Gotham? Is he reading the scripts? With one of the most beloved characters at DC. Well, in, in I love defense, my job, he says, Eric. In his defense, he has not worked on a Bloodhaven title yet. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? It's looked better. I agree. That's the worst <laughs> Are part. Are we supposed I to really badmouth like, people in, in the news? I really like what Marcus, too, has brought to the table yeah. in this, and I do not want Javier back. No, but, like, honestly, I'm thinking, too, I don't remember him, like, Nightwing really being in Gotham in that first arc either. Mm. Yeah, really. It was all globetrotting. Yeah. Him and, him and Curly Neal. And fucking Metal Arc Lemon, globe trotting around. Uh, I I don't like his art. I I don't like his art at all. And uh, the the reason though, this all makes sense. This has nothing to do with DC saying they like his art. It has nothing at all to do with that. Uh, Me and Reggie have talked about this before. All this is is you have twice monthly shipping books. You have to nail these guys down to be their only job is doing those books, or you're going to end up with fucking five artists on each book or delays. And that's they've said they you know first. Up, they did promise that books would always be two ninety nine. It seems they've gone against that, Eric. But they have said also they will not allow shit to get you know behind. Right. And that's all this is. That's it's always been. When they sign these people, it's so they're not off doing seven other books. Now they're, I will tell you, know, you though, as disappointed I am about Javier, because in my mind that means he's going to stay on Nightwing. Yeah, oh I yeah, love he the will. Second part of this. Yeah, well, uh, and it's the same thing though. They just want him to not, you know, uh, you know, Jorge Jimenez, who is going to be Super Sons. Uh, it's, that's why they, they signed him. They don't want to have delays. But DC, Jimenez said, DC has made me feel at home over the years, said Jimenez. I remember my first work on the Fringe series. Fringe, Eric. You remember Fringe? Fringe? Actually, I, was I think ext- I had those issues. Do you? I was yeah. extremely nervous, but also very excited. I wanted to prove that I wasn't just passing through, kind of like Eric Shea on a Friday night, that oh, I had that come to stay and to eventually realize my dream. Oh, I thought he was actually talking about your father back in the day, but uh, he eventually realized his dream to draw Superman. Now time has passed. My projects with DC have been increasingly important, and I've not only seen the day when I'm drawing Superman, but this year I had the opportunity to design Superman's son. The fan reaction has been incredible. Thank yes. you. It's so funny. I'm reading this, and as I read, that, that's the problem with my attention is my eyes are going all over. I, I wrote this out. I swear to God, at the end, it was, fuck you. <laughs> that's how it's going. I'm fan telling you, I, I paused them, And fuck right you. when I got to the opportunity to design Superman son, I'm like, what's going on in this school coming up? The fan reaction has been incredible. Fuck you. Remember, that actually is what we were saying the other day when I dropped you off. Hey, go to hell. You did a great job. Goodness gracious. God damn it, that's awesome. God damn it. You are a good son. Uh, yes, and that, yeah, you said already that Marcus, too, I think, does a better job on Nightwing. So do I still, yeah, I yeah, still yeah. see this. I'm saying it's a mind screw. It's mind screwing. It's a, it's a, it's fucking Chris Angeling me, Eric. It's fucking mind freaking me. I keep seeing this. I swear to God, it says fuck you. Oh, did, God did you actually damn. write fuck you? No. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. Honestly, is that what you just think when everybody says thank you? Fuck you. But actually, maybe that is the problem. That when people say thank you, I think they're insulting me. It never (laughs) happens. 
the next bit of news is a continuation from our pop culture podcast where we had talked about Ben Affleck dropping out of being the director of the Batman. I know that we usually don't talk about TV or movies, but Eric, this is cross-branding. It's cross-promotion. Affleck's The Batman gets rewrites from Justice League screenwriter. Uh, More details about the changes to Warner Brothers' The Batman are coming to light. As Deadline reports that screenwriter Chris Terrio just competed or completed it's spelt wrong. A rewrite of Ben Affleck and Jeff John's original script for the film. So they're really washing over everything. And maybe this was part of it. Maybe they uh, didn't like that goddamn script. script. Yeah, but maybe they didn't. Maybe Ben Affleck's like, fuck you. I, I sat around while fucking Matt Damon wrote Goodwill Hunting. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Terrio was brought into the DC Films full by Affleck in 2015 following their work together on Argo. Terrio rewrote David S. Goyer and Zack Snyder's original script for Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and on the basis of that was tasked with writing the two planned Justice League films. On Monday, Affleck announced that he'd stepped down from the directing of the Batman but would remain on board as a co-writer, producer, and actor. According to Deadline, Affleck's directorial departure has been uh, in the wind for weeks, it says Eric. But yeah. Uh, we talked in about this wind. on the thing, and I don't know. There's, uh, I think it was our parent Jack who actually said that he really thinks that Ben Affleck's just gone off the deep end of depression. <laughs> he thinks that he's the, the guy's ready to, you know, uh, check into Bellevue. He's so depressed, but we'll we'll see what's going on. I just think he has too much on his plate. They have so to I. sign him exclusive, Eric. Maybe he could actually draw Nightwing as well. How about that? That'd be good. You probably uh, would take Ben Affleck's sight on scene over. Javier Fernandez, wouldn't you? No, I don't think I would. I would. Just, it's funny. He's drawing stick figures. I'm like, yeah. I love the art. The art and story are perfect complements to each other. Uh, but, yeah, that is the news for the week, Eric. Not much news. No. Fuck you. That, that's how Fuck it ends. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot. I can't even say thanks. Like, It's been a great time here tonight. I love you all. Fuck you. <laughs> Fucks a lot. Yes, that is the news. We're going to go off to mail section number one, Eric. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen, let's hear doing the explosion with your hand there it's mail with jim <laughs> somebody put the mail robot out of its misery jesus christ <laughs> i'm imagining that we should actually hear the guy boop boop the goddamn ekg next to him he's in bed <laughs> oh my god he's done he is mail done robot, no he is done this is mail section number one and if you want to get involved in all this mail uh, hoopla, Eric, email us at what, what is it? Weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com. This is a robot. Beep, boop, beep. Hey, mail robot, are you here to give me the mail or are you taking inventory? Oh! I'm here, I'm here to give you the mail. <laughs> oh, why don't you come up and see me sometime, big robot? How's that? Mail robot cannot do steps. I, he, he can't do steps. 
What if the mailbox is up some stairs, mail robot? I guess you're fucked if that's the case. (laughs) I I don't want to hear Eric Shea, or was that the cellar dweller? It was Eric Shea. Oh, I didn't say anything to Eric Shea. I wanted to talk to mail robot. Hey, mail robot, why don't you come over and interface with me, big boy? How's that? Does not compute. Oh, mail section more. Hey, mail robot, are you trying to fuck me or are you taking inventory? You are such a whore. <laughs> That's right, mail robot. Come on over here. Pay me $10 and I'll make you holler. How's that? Mae <laughs> West is going to make you holler, is she? <laughs> That's right, mail robot. I'm back and I'm better than ever. How's that? I have even given up even trying to sound like. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my main was. Hey there, big boy. Come on up and see me uh, next week. Look at my dick, huh? Hey, male robot. Are you? Am I happy to see you, or is that a banana in my pants? And scene. Like- <laughs> hey, male robot. <laughs> oh God, I'm. St- <laughs> Mel so Robot, put away, so tonight. please, God, put away Mel hey. West. <laughs> hey, Mel Robot. Oh, that fucking Mel Robot. Mail number one, Eric. The first oh, mail is from Phil. Phil says, Phil? hi, Get Fresh. Hey, Get Fresh crew. Oh, God. Love the podcast. Another UK fan here. I jumped on at Rebirth. I was collecting right. Justice League because I thought that would be the comic that would be the center of new DC Rebirth. Makes sense, right? Yeah, it does. You have convinced me otherwise. What should I read instead? You guys have helped me keep up with the DCU because of your podcast. My awful job allows me to listen to six hours of podcasting a day. So you guys are a godsend. I'm a DCU fan. Where should I go now? Well, there's a bunch of books you could go. You drop that goddamn Justice League. I say you get, we always say right away, Red Hood and the Outboss is a good one. Uh, Superman's fun. Yeah, new Superman's fun. I, I'm telling you, if, if you're going to drop the Just League, you're obviously, you want some of the big hitters. So action I would comics. say now Action Comics and Batman. I think those are the two that I would probably go for. Now you have actually five books a uh, goddamn month, so we better calm down. Yeah, But yeah, I would go with those. It's it's so funny because those have flip-flop for me. I would have before said Detective, Detective Comics, Comics and Superman. Superman. Yeah. And I, I'm a flip-flopper, Eric. I am. We hey, male robot. Oh, God. Are you happy to see me or those pancakes and sausage? I don't even know what that means. I'm hungry, Eric. Oh, Oh, now it all comes together. Yes, the next mail, and thanks, Phil. Thanks, um, Phil. Actually, you know what I would do? I'd, if I was Phil, legitimately, this is serious, Eric. It's not Mae West talking. I was Phil. Hey, Phil! If I was Phil, I'd get the fuck away from this podcast right now. Run! Now, if I was Phil, what I would do is, if he does have a library card, Eric, you can go on that hoopla, I would tell him to read all those first traits that are available yeah. for free with the library deal and uh, pick the book you like and go with it. Uh, does that work in the UK? No. You know what? He is a UK fan. Phil, what you do is you go on the internet and re- write down this on the internet. Read comics for free. I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> read all the rebirths and pick up. Here's the thing. Phil is going to pay for one eventually. Yeah. I would want him to be going in informed. Yeah, go that, do that. I'm not going to tell anybody, right? No, no. We'll keep we allowed to say that? that? Allegedly? 
<laughs> Go on what I have. T- uh, uh, it's been described to me as the dark web, Eric. Yes. Just when you're in there, stay the fuck away from Deathstroke. That guy's going to come after you. Stay away from him. Get a couple, you know, see what you like. But no, I uh, the ones I don't know about the dark web either because it was explained to me. That's where you go if you want child porn or yeah. Deathstroke. Yeah, that, that's a weird place to be. <laughs> you get one or the other. Deathstroke or either. child porn. No, I don't either. I don't. Uh, but yeah, I would say uh, if you were going to get, you know, just just try to. I, I don't know. <laughs> we told them I, I'd go Batman and Action Comics and yeah. uh, Red, Red Hood. Manship's next, Aaron. Manship. I'm trying to regroup. Manship? Was he going to talk about episode 95? Manship's like, well, no, you're off. Why would you say something about man- like that? that, like, that is it. That's a truth? fucking dick move. It really People is. Poor Manship. <laughs> hey, bros. Just finished okay. episode 96 this week wow. and downloaded the latest Spotlight podcast to hear what the dynamic duo and crew sounded like in 2017. <laughs> Welcome Jesus to 2017, <laughs> manship. Was relieved to hear that it's the same shit that we all love. Jim hates everything and Eric is there. Yep. <laughs> That's more of an insult to you. Oh, Speaking know. of anonymous commentators, this is the other thing about Manship that I love. It, it, it's such a stream of consciousness when he writes oh, yeah. these things because he goes, Jim hates everything and Eric is there. Speaking of anonymous com- commenters... <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of them, everyone knows that you guys never had a business plan. Go listen to the original Weird Science podcast for Jim's rants uh, about his and Eric's business plan. As a bonus, you also get to hear the infamous Dan Transky recording in his car at night with the fucking windows down. Now to the unnecessary Convergence hate. Convergence was an event. We know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whether you guys like it or not, that produced many alterations to the DC Universe. The new Clark, Superman, Lois, and John are from Convergence, right? True. Yes. Where did the current Earth 2 come from, Eric? What's that? Where did the current Earth 2 come from? The previous Earth 2. Yeah, I know. He's he's already stretching. I know what he's doing. He's already stretching. Before the ultra-humanite fucked it up. And don't forget about Telos... Yeah, yeah, because everybody's going to be remembering Telos down the line. He's still out there somewhere waiting for Convergence 2. Did he get six issues or just four? I can't remember now. No, I think it was six. I think it was six. Everybody was clamoring for that Telos. Yes, that's the guy manship. And then he says, P.S., I feel partly responsible for the message board shenanigans. Now, again, that must have been talked about in episode 96. <laughs> it's a, it's a manship's uh, version of the Wayback Machine. He hasn't even gotten to Segregation Reggie yet. No, no. He, yeah, that's true. He hasn't even gotten to the 100. Back in the day, as I suggested to Jim what a great thing it would be for the site, he's talking still about the message board. It didn't turn out like we thought it would. Sorry, Jim, but not sorry enough to get on Twitter yet. So he's he's sorry about the message board failing, but that's not getting him on Twitter. The best is we're talking about this. Talk to people, and the best is while Manship's listening to this, it's going to be like a hot uh, fucking August afternoon when he hears this podcast. Um, that annoying pimple-faced teenager will stop hitting. Who won't stop hitting on the head cheerleader, no matter how many times she ignores me? He says. <laughs> Yeah, at least he didn't tell us about some sexy time with his Agreed. Uh, yes, yes, manship. We're all having a great summer. 
Yeah. <laughs> since it'll be way <laughs> then when, when you hear this. Uh, thanks, man, Chip. And the next one is from Kevin. Kevin says, hey, all in the Get Fresh crew. I've been oh, listening Kevin. to the podcast for a while now. I've got some, I got started somewhere in the mid-60 of the episodes, numbers. I'm trying right. to fill in the blanks here. And I've really enjoyed listening to you guys. For the most part, <laughs> for the most part. Well, yeah, You've got to add a dig a little bit. Yeah, it's, I think that when people want to admit, like, they really say, boy, I love your podcast, it makes them feel dirty. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't want to sound like a real piece of shit. I don't, I don't want to like know it, I'm in love with these whores. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I, I can't admit that. It's really refreshing to see reviewers that don't just have a scale from 7 to 10. Yeah. That is true. That being most said. Most from 8 to 10. Yes, that being said, here we go, Eric. That being said. This is where the most part was. Okay. There have been plenty of ratings I completely disagreed with, which I, I love. I like that yeah. people have different opinions, but none as much as I disagreed with Jim's review of Deathstroke number 11. All I've right. been going back and forth between the Deathstroke title being either really boring or just mediocre, but issue 11 was the first I thought was really good, and I felt Jim had to get his head screwed on straight and quit throwing shade. I had an expletive-filled rant in my head, but I figured it'd be dumb to be rude now when I've never given you guys props for the awesome job you do every week. So you get a free pass this time. Much love from Canada, Kevin. And then me and Kevin well, talked Kev, on. Me and Kev, uh, what's that? I was going to say, he didn't tell us what he liked about it, though. No, me, me and Kev talked about it a bit on Twitter. Me and okay. him were going back and forth, and I'll just keep it with that. He liked it. I did not. I thought that it was overly heavy-handed. I don't think it was telling you the uh, the real reason that was spelled out with this gun control and violence and things like that. I, I didn't think it did a really good job. Like I said in the review, I think the main thing that Deathstroke should have done is say, hey, parents, you know, fucking put a leash on these kids and start raising them right. And yeah, that yeah. would have been at least say that. It, it, it was all solved with better aimer. Better Next thing you know, your aim. kids are going to be going through the shopping mall with you or the freaking grocery store and just slapping meat and putting stuff yeah, in other places. They're going to be slapping meat, putting shit other places, freaking doing other things. You know what else he does? Well, we're shopping and Rafe sits there and I'm pushing the cart, right? And the motherfucker, he grabs the cart and tugs on it to drive me nuts. And I don't know why. It drives me insane. And he does it constantly. So I'm pushing it and he's pulling it back just slightly. And through the whole time, if you followed us, it's just me yelling, Rafe, get off the cart. And then he'll do that. And then the next thing you know, he grabs it and he, I, it drives me nuts. I, I, it's so dumb, but it, it just, it drives me insane. Next thing you know, everybody's saying you beating up a child in a grocery store. I almost store. did. I actually today, uh, we were in the, we were in the aisle, and there were a ton of people there because we were going to go shopping early. We woke up very early, and we, me and Rafe watched Riverdale, yeah. and we were going to go then. And then Tanya came down and got pissed at us that we didn't wait for her to watch Riverdale. So we ended up watching the second episode again with her, and then we went late to shop. And when we went there, we go in, and we're going around, and it was too busy. So I say to Rafe and Logan, because they're the two that come with me, I have the, the cart, and I say, just stay here with the cart. I got to go grab the shit in the aisle. There's too many carts. So I go walking. I get the, I think it was like mayonnaise or something. I get the mayonnaise. I turn around. There they are. Right in my fucking ass with that goddamn oh, cart. Christ. I'm like, I, I told you to go. They, they, oh, we didn't hear you. I, what do you mean you didn't hear me? And then we were stuck. We were fucking stuck in that goddamn aisle. I was so mad. <laughs> 
Yeah. People on either side, everybody's fucking looking at each other like fucking retards. Everybody's trying to stock up for the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what they were doing. Not me. I needed mayonnaise, Eric. That's all we got. Now, I got a bunch of things. We did get some uh, snacks for the Super Bowl, but nothing like crazy. We got so, a like bunch Star of Crunches? Yeah, we got Star Crunch. We got some chips. Shit like that. I'm telling you, I, I don't have cable, and I, I have the fire stick, yeah. and I'm really worried that we're going to get to the Super Bowl time, and all the streams are going to be down, and I'm not going to see the Super Bowl. And then you know what I'll do? I'll go to bed. That's what I'll do. And then I'll wake up the next day and find out the Patriots won, Eric. What do you think yeah. of that? Next Email is from Travis. Travis, we're going to hear from a bunch of times tonight. Really? Travis says, just a quick note about this crazy issue. <laughs> what, what crazy issue? I'm trying to figure it out. I think he's talking about Batman. The okay. Art Shore took a dive this issue. Not horrible, but this was a far cry from what we've been getting. That's crazy. I, I, I thought like the Art, the art was very Batman. good. I thought the opening story in Arkham was entirely too confusing. Check. Yeah, I agree. But the bit in the Batburger place, oh, my God, I loved it. Duke is a wuss. That was Duke, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah he got the hell out there. He, he, they told him to get out of Dodge. He got out of Dodge. That's the thing. Everybody else has been hanging out with Batman long enough to fucking disregard everything he says. Duke, yeah, he's disregard. Gonna... Yeah. yeah, Duke wants to follow orders. He also sitting there, and they're all, they've all been dead. Duke doesn't want to die. <laughs> it's plain and simple. Say, He's Duke's smart. Got the right idea. Even Dick, Dick even says, smart kid. Yeah. Like, don't hang around with us. Uh, I love that they brought Damien a Happy Meal. That was good. And that he got upset because the toy was a Red Hood figurine. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, there were some people on uh, the uh, on Twitter who were talking to me and like, oh, I, I thought that that dialogue between the Robins was off. I'm like, no. I thought that, it was spot That was on. pure. That was pure. That They always get like that. And it always is it's Damien and Jason. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk, obviously, we'll be talking about it. But all, when it does happen, I just never quite understand why Damien always attacks Jason. It, it's weird. Even and, and here's the thing. If Tim was there, it wouldn't have changed at all. And actually, no. Tim could have been there. Tim and all these back and forth usually keeps his fucking mouth shut. He usually doesn't get involved in a lot of this sort of back and forth. So I really liked it how when Bruce, you know, brings up Tim, it's almost like they forgot because really Tim just doesn't say much when they do this back and forth, which is great because it's always Damien. Maybe it's because Damien, if he says shit to the others, they kind of just like, you know, laugh it off. Jason does not. He gets pissed. <laughs> At any rate, am I the only one who thinks the cliffhanger ending was so over the top as to be kind of stupid? I, I thought it was a little crazy. None of us I actually. actually I thought it was a cool clip, but there's no way you suspect that it's going to no, be well, this actual uh, reading thing. it the second and third time. Actually, the second time I I read it for the review and I, I thought, oh my god, maybe I missed something. And I actually thought that there was a possibility that only Gotham Girl had opened that door at that point, right. and that's what she thought she saw because of her fear. But it, obviously, they were all in there and they yeah. all reacted to it. But yeah, yeah, it's it was kind of goofy, but I liked it. it. Maybe if one of them was found it would be a good uh, who do you think put him there Bane. i don't think it was bane i, I, I don't think I, it was bane I, if it was Actually, bane no, he'd be you know in what, the, the back cave is, yeah it doesn't matter bane knows where the bathroom yeah the but i'm saying he'd be there he would just fucking attack batman right there that's the thing i don't think bane is there right now it seems like he's setting out his cronies yeah. just giving a message yeah, i just no. wonder how a crony got in is what i want that know. is a good question yeah that that's the thing that gets me a little because yeah i don't think it's banner he'd be right there he'd fucking kill them all that maybe if one of the game 
Yeah, well, maybe if one of them was found, it would be a good dramatic cliffhanger. But this is so over the top, not going to happen to that. To me, it was just a, uh, it just loses the element of wonder. Still great. I love what he, uh, when he let Catwoman go, but why was he there in the first place? Capullo out. Now he's saying, why was he there on the rooftop? It's because the signal signal was on. He followed the signal. Uh, About the Justice. I'm not talking about Duke, not that signal. No, no, not your fucking thing. And then he, he also asked about the Just League book, and he says, and they won. What? Really? I suppose they had to win it this way because the terrible art from the beginning of the book just got progressively worse till the end. I think they were worried that if the story went on any longer, the Batgirl artist would show up, or maybe the Just League artist would just morph into Batgirl artist. Then he says, sliders, Eric. Sliders. Sliders. All right. Thank you, Travis. And the next one's from Lord Andy. Well, well, well. Funny to see you guys here, but I'm happy that I ran into y'all. Y'all. As I promised in my campaign, I would only write your amazing show once a week, which is hard because I think you're incredible people, fantastic folks, easily the best podcast on the planet. I know it. You know it. We all know it. These nasty people in the media are making awful accusations that I wrote the show twice last week. Wrong. These are simply lies, false news, probably spread by that racist Eric or that xenophobic cotton virgins. Why why (laughs) get put in his corner? Yes, but truly, I think you're both fabulous, outstanding hombres, and that's an alternative uh, hook you can hang your duck on, believe me. I don't know what right. that means. Before I go, I wanted to point out something, something that Eric doesn't want the people to know. You can oh, no. ask Eric, but he'll pretend he doesn't know what I'm talking about okay. and he'll deny the facts. But the show's ratings are at their highest when Jim reads my email each week, 30% oh. higher than any other mail section and 80% higher than whenever Eric talks. Oh. <laughs> 80% sad. <laughs> Whoa, what's my? why is my hair wet? Anyways, you guys sure locked the shit out of me last week. Yes, Eric was right. I incorrectly referenced Action Comics number zero, which was in fact number nine. And Jim was right. It was the fucked up order of the trade paperback that threw me off. I knew it would have been. And you both were right. DC indeed fucked me. Now listen to how he got fucked. The $8 Commodity Challenge number one special. I bitched about two weeks ago was followed last week with the $4 Commodity Challenge number one. What the fuck? (laughs) Better art, but sticking with the 5.1. I don't know what that means, Eric. No trade back <laughs> review this week. I'm taking a well-earned bye week off. Maybe if you guys just spend a little more time on the podcast and stop being so selfish, you'll be able to do that someday. I'm too. I'm also too busy this week being excited about the Super Game. The Super Game. But we all know the Rams will win. Probably with a Mark Brady buzzer-beating slam down in Game 7. Go Oilers. <laughs> <laughs> Love always and forever. Sincerely yours. Best wishes. Goodbye for now. Adios, amigos. I'll be checking you. Check you later. Keep the faith. Fight the power that be. Pineapple sauce. Cottage pants. Microchips. Lord Andy and the land of Cleve. Smell you later, Andy. Yes. And the next mail is from Mike. And Mike says, hi, guys. Mike from Australia again. Now, I have to preface this by saying, Mike told me that he was out of the podcast, Eric. He was going to be done. He's back. (laughs) Hi, guys. Mike from Australia again. Just wanted to discuss a point that seemed to be raised quite often recently, that women should write female characters, black people to write black characters, Muslim people, Muslim characters, and the LGBTQ person should write LGBTQ characters. For me, it's fiction. Authors should not be censored. Authors should be free to write whatever speaks to them. If a white person writes a black character, it's the author's duty to research to ensure the voice of the character is correct. The publisher and the editor's duty to ensure political and cultural sensitivity and correctness. 
if we were to prevent one side, shouldn't we prevent the other? If we stop a straight person from writing a gay character, should we not then stop a gay person from writing a straight character? If it's written in a positive way, shouldn't the point be to encourage diversity in a greater number of diverse characters? So, and he says that, and that the whole thing about this is, I don't mind if it's to uh, diversify the the bunch of writers. I, yeah. I really don't. If you have, you know, a stable of 50 white guys, then, yeah, it should be mixed up anyway. Yeah, I agree. There's uh, a problem there then. But, yeah, you, you do have what what, uh, what Mike's saying is you actually had that um, with Christopher Priest when he came on to uh, D. He did Deathstroke because he said he didn't want to be he didn't want to be pigeonholed into just writing black characters either because he had done yeah. the Black Panther a book for Marvel, so he picked Deathstroke. So, you know, it goes back and forth, but the the end result being you need more, you know, diverse women, gay, you know, LGBT uh, writers and people of color and whatever. It should just be a mix. It should be a mix of everybody, and nobody should be kept from any book. You know what, I, you know what I'm saying? I agree. See what I'm saying, Eric? Trying to be the good guy here. You're fucking good. bringing me down. You're bringing me you down because I... I heard you whisper. You just don't want Asian writers. I said, oh what, "What is with you? Just don't understand it. I, I, I don't so understand why you do this. I don't understand yeah. why you and Reggie do this to me." <laughs> so I tried to quit the podcast as it is just too long, considering I only read two DC books. But I can't. It's just too funny. Keep up the good work, guys. I really enjoy the podcast. And I, we said I even told Mike he should go and listen to our, you know, pop culture one. What yeah. the hell, are That's quick. It's quick on the draw. The next so one far. is JT. JT says, hey, Jim, uh, Eric, and Reggie, if he's there. Finally made some That's drops. Different. It wasn't too hard of a decision, but it was necessary. I pulled all the Rebirth titles, and here is the list of titles that didn't make the cut. Vigilante. <laughs> he, he dropped it before it got canceled. Suicide Squad. Harley Quinn. Hellblazer. Superwoman. Supergirl. But I picked it up uh, because of Just League versus Suicide Squad, he said. I, I yeah. still think that's a mistake. Odyssey of the Amazons. What the fuck was this, he said. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, that book hit me over the head. Birds of Prey. Note, I pre-ordered my books from DC. These are all decent books to drop yeah. in my mind. Like, yeah, they they're are. not decent. These are the books no, in the, my yeah, mind. I was going to say drop. decent books. Don't yeah. even mix your words there. These are all pieces of crap, really. So some titles I still am receiving, but I won't be ordering anymore. So he even has a couple more. But he says, if we had to drop eight books like himself, what would you guys drop? And the rules is that we have to follow us two bi-weekly titles, four monthly titles, and two minis. Uh I would say, well, here's the, here you go. I, I fully agree with everything he's dropped. So I could yeah. just go and say all of yours, but Raven isn't done yet, right? No. I dropped that. If I'm going to go Raven. two monthly, so I'm dropping that piece of crap, and I'm also dropping Dead Man. Those are done. I, oh, I, yeah, I forgot about I Dead still, Man. Too, and yeah. Can I still drop Odyssey of the Amazons? Because I don't want that either. But, uh, yeah, uh, the biweekly titles, huh. Bi-weekly, Eric. I think I'd probably drop Hal Jordan. Deathstroke and, and Cyborg. Uh, oh, yeah. You're right. Deathstroke and Cyborg, pretty good drops. Uh, and he has four monthly titles. That's tough. But I would Batgirl, Superwoman. I'd go Superwoman, Supergirl. And you know what? I'll keep Supergirl. I said I said I would drop it. But now that you just mentioned Batgirl, Birds of Prey, Superwoman, Hellblazer, done. Done and done, Eric. Hellblazer and Superwoman for myself. Yeah. 
Yeah, that those are. I think that ends the game, right? I think yeah. they dropped the bunch. And if there's a, a couple others, like I said, I'd double up there. And Odyssey, the Amazons would be gone. I wouldn't yep. be buying the Commandi Challenge, though. That's not a rebirth book, so that's kind of a. I'd probably yeah, drop. Then again, Blue neither Beetle is Vigilante, too. kind of. So what's yeah. that? Probably be dropping Blue Beetle as well. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably drop Blue Beetle. The, I'm trying to think of what we're talking about tonight. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Some of those, you know, I know that you like Death of Hawkman, but I, it, it's if I had to make choices. Well, I'm saying, there's one more issue left in Death of Hawkman. There's one more Raven. One. I, I'm going to save that fucking money, Eric, and run. Oh, no, no. I'm a I, cheap thing fella. Is, I haven't minded Death of Hawkman as much as I've hated fucking Raven. No, uh, Death of Hawkman isn't isn't hard, but it's not, nothing I'd continue reading. But like no. you said, it's almost over. So, uh, With Super Sun's coming, though, I would add that. I'm trying to think of anything else that's coming. Batwoman. Batwoman. Yeah. yeah. JLA. Yeah, let's see how that's going. I already have problems with that book. I dropped book. Justice League as well. How's that? Yeah, I would too. You're right. Let's keep going. Eight books. Let's drop 15. <laughs> Thanks, you guys, for doing a great job and giving us a great show every week. JT out. P.S. I sent this email through my phone. If it doesn't make sense, I didn't read over and correct the mistakes. Take care. It all made sense to me. But that's that it, is too. the end of mail section number one. We're going to come back with all these books that we just pish-poshed, Aaron. Pish-poshed. Actually, I think we pish-poshed all these except for Justice League. Yeah, well, that's that's one of three. We're batting 30, <laughs> you know, 333 here. That's, that's, kind that's, of fucking, that's a, a fucking bit. Hall of Famer batting 333 there. But, yeah, we'll see how it goes, but we'll be right back. Yes, indeed. You kind of fired up if your name was Jim and all that. That's right. Not if you're Eric Shea. I or hear Eric he's Stray. a freak. <laughs> he's lame. He's lame. He's a freak. Whatever the hell he is, I wouldn't want to be that guy. Doesn't everybody want to be Eric Shea nowadays? I heard no, that. Don't. You know what I'm talking about, right? I'd get. I'd pay a dollar for that. Isn't that the quote? <laughs> doing RoboCop references? What no, are we doing I'm now? not. I'm not doing that. That was from. Uh, that was actually a Running Man reference. Is what the people down in that food riot were saying as they got shot, Eric. The defenseless women and wow, children. You must have the director's cut. That is. It is the director's cut that I had of Running Man. Eric, <laughs> Running Man. 
Uh, who knew that Sub such a zero. great movie just could, now plain zero? How could a great movie inspire such a great dance move? Is what I want to know. But oh, is this that is where the book. Yes, it all makes this, sense now. This is the book section. Hey, Christmas tree. <laughs> this is the book section of the podcast. We're going to start hey, with hey. all these books. <laughs> Chill. There you go. There you go. I love that movie. I, I could watch that. Is yeah, actually I'm the main. I'm sure you just referenced Batman and Robin there. I don't care. <laughs> uh, Running Man to me is the futuristic version of Bloodsport. Uh, it really they go well together for me because at any point I'll turn that on and I'll watch and I just enjoy it. But we're gonna get on with the books here, Eric. And if you want to read our reviews, go to our site, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and see our written reviews. Or just listen to us, huh? You could just come here. It seems like uh, no, there's a combination. Listen. You're supposed to do both. Yeah, it seems like there is a, a split a camp. Uh, some people tell me that they only read our written reviews, that they don't like your jerk-off voice. No, that person who to told me. me that, his name is Eric Shea. Yeah. You, were, you were so upset at your voice this week when we tuned in. I said, I want. I always like to play to, to show you the quality of the editing. So right. I did play the pop culture one in the car, and you told me to shut it off. That no, you I couldn't can't stand your jerk-off no. fucking voice. And then I put on other podcasts that will remain nameless. That you wanted to kill me. And I listening. said, turn this off. I don't want to hear their jerk-off voices either because yeah. everything they're saying is wrong. Yes, exactly, Eric. But what we're going to try to do from here on out in this podcast is to get some things right, Eric. If Hopefully. loving you is wrong, Eric, I, I, I want to be wrong. That's what I say. But uh, you can easily quit me. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are going to have – I don't want what she's having. Uh, we're going to be talking about these books, and we're going to be spoiling the shit out of all of them, and we're going to start with what we always say is the big book of the week. It's a big seller, right? The yeah. big seller. It is Batman. It is Batman number 16, Eric. And before we go on with this, I do want to remind people that I have not been a as big a Tom King supporter as I used to be. I have no, been a little down on suicide. him, and it, it actually upsets me. That I'd have to say that at points he's been very disappointing. This issue is not disappointing. Uh, no. This is the Tom King that I love. This is the Tom King of anybody who I say to them on this podcast. Oh man, you know what? I I love Grayson so much. I this is that Tom King. So we'll get on with it. Batman number sixteen, written by Tom King, art by David Finch, Jordy Belair, and John Workman. Tom King starts off his I Am Bane story by giving us no Bane. But a heavy dose of the Bat family, and I loved it. With Bane heading to Gotham with a few days to kill, Eric, Ooh. Batman tells all of his loved ones to get the fuck out of town, but only Duke seems to listen. David Finch is back on art, and the issue looks fantastic, but the star of the show is the Robin's interaction at the Bat Burger, which I could read all day long. And it's funny, I wrote that this morning. You did message me, and you're like, I could fucking read that Robin's interaction all day long. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You peeping? You peeping in the window? Because I'm telling you, I wrote that at like 11 this morning. Uh, actually, it was right when I came home from food shopping, because like I was going to get shit done. I think I wrote you the other one. Yeah, yeah, you wrote that, and I'm like, that fucking asshole, he's peeping in on me again. And I took my pants off and did a little now, dance. I'm telling myself, though, I don't know about Bane coming to town for a few days to kill because after I am suicide, I'm looking for him to come to town with a few days to thrill. Ooh, Jim, to thrill, thrill Eric. To thrill. Well, thrill me. That, <laughs> this, this issue 
opens like a up. A lot of references getting thrown about. Yeah, th- this issue opens up. It is a little confusing. You have Arkham, uh, yeah, Arkham Asylum. Of course, it's Gotham, Eric. It has to have a lightning storm going on. Right? This is every day. It, they might as well just and not even Gotham, have a weather report. Arkham Asylum, bam, just constantly lightning and thunder. Yeah, I'm telling you, the Gotham weather report, they just say, until we say further, it'll be some lightning storms tonight and, and deal with it. Uh, but yeah, you see a you figure. Understand. It's lightning weather, folks. Yes, yeah, yeah, really. You see a figure jumping the Arkham Asylum gate, and then it leads into Batman, Jeremiah Arkham, and a guard going and looking in a cell. And I tell you right away, I didn't even know that that was Psycho Pirate. No, and I don't I, know was, why. I was yeah. very confused going yes. this because at first I thought it was Punch. Yes, it, well, here's where we go, is that I actually even told you this week, and that even shows you how confusing it is, because if you remember, I said to you, hey, when I started Batman, I thought, oh, no, we're actually going to see this like almost like a director's cut of Batman getting the, uh, the team together right. for the I Am Suicide that we're going to see what really happened. And I got a little excited, and it wasn't that. Even though, all of a sudden, Bronze Tiger out of nowhere. You see that the person breaking in was Bronze Tiger. He fucking really jumps, too, and and gives Batman a kick, and next thing, all hell's breaking loose. Batman gets smashed into the cell glass, and then the guard then shoots Bronze Tiger, who goes down. Then, and even at this point, you're like, okay, shit's gone wrong, but it, it all makes sense. Then the guard actually shoots Arkham, fucking, and yeah, you're like, Dr. what? Arkham in the goddamn head. Like, and the, the best is, he shot him like a badass, Eric. He didn't even look. <laughs> he fucking just turned <laughs> and, and did that. That's the best, too, because he shot him like a badass and didn't look, and it's so under, like, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, I'm saying, it's underwhelming just because, uh, that he misses? Later on, he missed. <laughs> he should have looked. He thought he was a badass. It's like those guys that Rafe loves the fail videos of NBA players. They yeah. shoot threes and then turn around and start dancing, and then the fucking shot doesn't make it. They look like assholes. That's what it's like. But, yeah, he only grazes. We find out he only grazes Arkham. But in the meantime, then, uh, it's Batman and Bronze Tiger kind of going against this guard. Bronze Tiger hits the guy but then is subdued by the, the guy. And I do like that because Bronze Tiger – is a pretty much a badass, but we find yeah. out later he's there because he's not on the Venom anymore, so it makes sense that he's overtaken, but Batman kind of saves him, and it still continues to be a little confusing, but right before that, the guy smiles. He's got a little Wayne fucking grill there, Eric. It says, I am Bane on his teeth, and Batman punches the shit You know what's funny, though, because him. when I'm, I'm looking at this, I, and I knew it was coming because you this is something else that you told me earlier in the week that was going to happen, so when I get to this, I look at it, and all I see is Ian Bane. <laughs> it's so fun. That'd be funny if it's like Batman's confused. Hey, who's this? Who's this Ian guy? <laughs> it's time for him. To, I'm gonna I, make I hamburger put, out of Ian's put, face here. I put the goddamn magnifying glass on my goddamn digital copy, and I'm like, look at him. Like, yeah, I, I, I will tell M. you. Uh, originally, when I first read it to review. Uh, the PDFs that we get from DC uh, yeah. for review copies, I actually didn't even see that it had something on him. I just thought he was a fucked up guy smiling then. And then when I actually went to read it the second time, I'm like, oh shit, it says Ian Bain. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, <laughs> I, have, I have the magnifier on it right now. Even look at it like this. Yeah. Like, that looks yeah, a lot you can't like an see N. anyway. You, you can't see. No. Yeah, the grill, the grill didn't work for you. Ian it's so Bain. funny too. I just imagine like. 
why would he do this with his teeth? Like, the guy's there, and it, it seems like he's trying to get to psychopath. Like, what kind of tribute is this with the I am Bane on his teeth? It's really specific to what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. if this guy just shot all of them dead, it, would he what, Would he be pissed that he went through all the work God to do this with I his teeth? I fucked my teeth up for nothing. Yeah, he's like, God damn it. It, it, it just, I, it's I odd. I hope Bane off, offers dental. Yeah, it's, it, that's the Santa Prisca dental plan, Eric. But unfortunately for him, Batman yeah, activated his, his dental plan. He activated that fucking dental <laughs> plan. He better call it. Bane now. I'm telling you, it better be a better dental plan than my kids have. Fucking that guy's going to need more than just braces. Uh, but this is where it gets uh, continues to be a little confusing because there's Bronze Tiger. He kind of gets up and he says, Arkham. And that's where Batman says, hey, he's fine. Uh, bullet grazed his head. He fainted. Luckily, he fainted. Otherwise, is he saying otherwise he'd be dead or otherwise he would have seen that we're together? It's very confusing, that part to me. I well, actually, but it, it ends up kind of turning around that it seems like this was a plan again like batman's plans they're real fucked up but he's like what's well, the thing hey. is you were telling me about this how you believe it's a plan i just don't understand because you know bronze tiger he breaks in all freaking stealth yes. mode and beats batman up and well, somehow I, just draws I don't know the- if it was one of those that it's supposed to be that this guard had to be drawn out because he says you know i'm sorry i shouldn't he's like that's not on you bane got this close I let him get this close. That has to mean that guard. Yeah. You know, there's and no Bane. Is, I just don't understand where yeah. the correlation is. I know. It's Bronze weird. That's what I'm saying. It's Batman, very odd. And then this guard pulling his gun yeah. and shooting people out but of nowhere. But he says, then Batman says, and he was about to get closer, meaning he was about to grab Psycho Pirate and go. And then Batman says, you brought him out, which meant the guard. Yeah. It has to be. We stopped them. But it's such a weird plan. Like, you, you don't have to have it, – it'd be weird. Like, me and you are going to rob, uh, you know, the Walmart, and if, just for shits and giggles, I make you crawl all the way there. Like, the whole jumping in, he could have just let no, him no, in. No. I, in my mind, we're security guards, all right? Yeah. And yeah, we, come know on, shit, keep going. we know shit is about to go down. And so the plan has started when I smash your face. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what it would be. Yeah, no, we're just security guards, and we have to – have a thing where you know hey uh we have to make it seem like we got beat up and then you shoot me in the leg <laughs> you're going too far eric it's we just don't need to I do don't understand. this is actually my least favorite part about this book which yeah. despite because i've been arguing with you before i read it this all this week about this whole bad burger nonsense no yeah yeah despite yeah. all this stuff where i wanted to come in and not like this book i ended up really enjoying it except for this part yeah yeah it, it's just confusing and it, it actually this is the part of the book that because of my confusion going in at this point it kind of did get me a little more angry because of what we got in i am suicide so in my mind i'm like here we go. What, what are these fucking plans? These plans yeah. never are clear, uh, but I'll go with it. They they had to draw that, that guard out. But again, why couldn't Batman have just like, hey, buddy, what the fuck? And, and looked at his teeth. He's done. He's, you know, you, you could avoid all this, uh, but they don't. And you have it really him, but that's seems when... like he's there himself, Ron yes. Steiger, to get uh, freaking a well, little and bit that's, of a it's, it's a weird. It's kind of going back and forth with the, the Venom, but he says, you know, hey, you don't understand, Batman. This Going off this Venom is awful. It's any. I love the way he explains it. He says it's like trying to scrape it out, scrape, you know, sh- your soul out with a rusted yeah. knife. That's a fucking way. And he says, and Bane has this. He's on his way, and Psycho Pirate's the only one to make the pain go away. The problem with that also is, is the last we saw of Bane, he was yelling for Venom. So I don't think that he's going to be coming into, you know, Gotham. 
with no venom. Though you could well, kind of go that, about and say he gave it all away because you know he gave it to uh, Hugo Strange and Hugo Strange kind of. But you know when Bane shows up to me, I think that he is full out Bane, right? Oh, me as well. The and venomed is, though, up. I don't, I don't know why though, he'd go for the pun. He's fooled out venomed, but he also had the psycho pirate affect him. That didn't stop. I don't know why, like, you know, he, he's strong, he's brave. He, all this other yeah, stuff I, I don't know. The, the thing about this is is that what what's weird, you're saying that, and now I'm getting a little angry about that, too, because it did seem to be that that was just something that didn't last. Yeah. Uh, it wore off because I need Venom. Yeah, and why would that wear off? Because we see with Gotham Girl, he's affected Gotham Girl. That hasn't worn off. It goes. So that is a little bit of a glitch in the theory because he shouldn't really even need him anymore or need the Venom. But I guess it's something that you have to be continuously told, you know, I'm good, I can can stop this at any time, you know, that whole thing. You tell Gotham Girl that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It is a little weird, but I... When when this came about, when this I am Bane, never once did I think that Bane was coming to get Psycho Pirate. And no, I thought, in my mind. yeah, he's coming to get Batman, and that's where the whole thing in this is. We do finally see that that Bruce or Batman is going to take care of Gotham Girl. Uh, I thought that it was just going to be that. You know, if he dies, obviously, if Batman comes in and kills him, he can't do that. But, yeah, it seems like they're pointing him coming to get Psycho Pirate. Maybe just because it's like one of those things, like it's a toy that he hasn't played with for fucking five years. But the minute your brother gets it, it, it you you get pissed off. You know what I mean? Oh, I agree. I, it, I'm terrible at sharing. And, and yeah, I think maybe that's the, Bane's whole thing. Maybe he wants to get Psycho Pirate and fucking kill him. I don't know. But we go from there uh, and we go off to the Bat Burger. And I told you about this. You were very upset about it. And it's it's all for humor, I, I think. I have a couple theories. I told you as well. But you have this guy, fucking Mark. He's dressed as Batman. I don't know why they'd have a waitress over there dressed as Wonder Woman at Batman. I was confused I, I about that. Because in the background, you do have a guy dressed as Robin. Like, yeah, why you have would a you Robin. Wonder Woman, not Batgirl? Yeah, I would have went Batgirl, Batwoman. Batwoman you know, yeah. one of that's why I have that. But it's, it's you know, you can see it from there. Like, even yeah, a spoiler. Bruce, Yep, yeah, yeah. Bruce is in line, and the guy's like, he wants to know if you're going to jokerize the fries. And it's, it's, it's a laugh. You're right, though. You, me and you argued about this, and I said, listen, Bruce doesn't take this lightly. He's pissed. And I think that this is a couple things for Tom King. Number one, I think that he is poking fun at people like, there, there are people. I love the Joker. I, he's my favorite character. And the Joker is an awful person who yeah. will kill you for no reason and, and sit there and burn the place down and laugh. And Bruce says that. In this world, this is real. The well, one I- thing you, you pointed out to me, a really, really big flaw, because I can have a laugh. Yeah. But there's a huge flaw in this because Duke's there and say it. You can say it yourself. I'm saying, though, Duke's parents are still jokerized and fucking lunatics yeah. because of what the Joker did. He's yep. here, and he's fine with it. Bruce is yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's, that's completely off with Duke being there. I, I can tell – and again, I said – you, you have haunted houses with serial killers, and, you know, everybody, you I, know, I, The way gets I put upset, it to you earlier but, this week is that we go to Charlie Manson Burgers. I said, I want yeah. a Cheryl Tate with a fetus on the yeah, side. I, I said, I mean, not to be, you know, fucking horrible, but, yeah, they don't have a 9-11 burger. No. Or, hey, I want to go to Columbine ice cream, you <laughs> know, and you have this where there's all these things in it that you're right. And, and I, I think too, it's like, a lighthearted thing. 
say this is like Seattle, like because we we made the joke before in Green Arrow when uh, the Clock King had his the Clock yeah. King place. Yep. Like, hey, this is already a bad name to have because of the villain we've seen previously. Yeah, well, and here's but, the thing. That's what I said. You even said you were mad about the Clock King. I I didn't say that I I was mad about the Clock King. I thought that it was an awful business decision to yeah. call a clock shop the Clock King. And this, I, like, you would hope that nobody would be in line here. This place is fucking booming, Eric. Well, you would thing, have if, like Zaz's fucking, you know marks in the background it is oh, bad it is no, bad though, if this was in any other place i could kind of see it as like a tourist yeah. attraction but being in gotham where these people were fucking terrorized during endgame i'm yeah. like what why is anybody here half the city is still reeling from that shit what the fuck yeah i, I agree uh i think that tom king's doing one of two things i think that he's either poking fun at people who do idolize these you know crazy characters like this uh because really if you look a lot of the things are based on the villains i also yeah. think that it's one of those i said in a weird way bane is on his way there's no bane things on this i think that it might be this backdoor way of showing that the rest of these villains are all jokes Bane's going to come serious. to town, and he's yeah. fucking badass. Like, anything that you would have before is a fucking joke. Uh, Bane is not a joke. He's coming. But, yeah, you, you have Bruce pissed off. He, but I'm, I'm, that, looking, I'm looking at these freaking bat burgers that they have on the menu, and I think to myself that these bat burgers, so they have a bat symbol on the bun. Yeah, I yeah. think this is the same black dye oh, that I they think had too. with the dark, yeah, like that, the Whopper that, after dark, whatever yeah, it was called. Yeah, oh, I, I thought right away. it's going to make you shit green. Yep, yeah, it makes you shit green, those fucking black fucking buns. Yeah, I ate a couple of those. I thought they were funny, but yeah, I think so as well. Um, would you like the night wings, Eric? No, you want... I am getting a Bat Burger Deluxe oversized. I would, would you ever buy something called Robin Nuggets? It sounds very odd, <laughs> Robin Nuggets. I, I would actually, I'd go the Two-Faced Sandwich maybe. You the will, riddle me fish. The, I'm going the KGBLT. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's actually pretty that good. That was my yeah. favorite. Yeah, that's pretty good. I also like, uh, I always like when you have these sort of things, and if you look, the sodas are the choke, spite, uh, zapped, sun-pissed. I don't want sun-pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. I'm not drinking that sun-pissed. Sun-pissed. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I, I, just to repeat it, it is off that Duke has no problems with anything with the Joker because his parents are Jokerized at the moment as we speak. Raving lunatics. Uh, but then you go and, and here's the thing, you, you had some issues with it. Once the Robins are involved though, it yeah, all disappears because they're great. Despite it, it, myself wanting to hate this issue because of this whole nonsense here, because I was yelling about it all week just to you, but yep. once we get away from the counter and see the Robin sitting at the goddamn booth, I couldn't yep. help but love this oh, goddamn yeah. book. And, and if anybody hadn't read the New 52, it's spot on. When they are together like this... Damien, if you think that Damien like is off, like oh man, he really you know is a pain in the ass and all this, it's perfect. And he does. He he'll Jim, say all the time, "I hate you guys" and things like that. But him, it what what? I I just turned the page to look at that fucking thing, and on the wall there are Zaz's etches marks. Yeah, yeah, they're right behind Bruce at the thing. That's what I'm saying. They're they're there, and they're there when you have the the things. They're all over the place. And you have oh, the I'm Riddler saying, and the it, Joker. I can see the ha-has, the Joker. For some reason, Zaz you didn't is see too the etches real. before. I, I didn't see the etches before. For some reason, like Zaz. It's a comic book villain. Oh, obviously. I know. I he know what you're going to say because yeah, every mark there is a fucking murder. It's oh a goddamn God. fucking serial killer right there. That's fucked up. Like the ha-ha and the question. You know, yeah. you, you're kind of like, okay, I get it. Even if they're like, if they came out and said, we do this because we're, um, 
you know, how did I say it? Because I say it all the time at, at work. We're we're gonna own up to it, or we're yeah, gonna make it ours. You know, we're like not gonna that, fucking yeah. deal with the terrorists. We're gonna fucking de- uh, the Zaz thing is way way off. Each one, you could sit there and go, "Yeah, that Mark was my bomb right there." I, I recognize oh, that one. Yeah, it's it's fucked up. But yeah, the the back and forth one was great. Uh, Dick got Damien a goddamn uh, kids meal, the bat mic meal, which is hilarious. And it just keeps going. Even the part where Jason's like, you know, I shouldn't have to the crowbar and all, but man, I love me some Jokerized seasoning. It's fucked up, but it made me laugh. And me even too. when Dick's like, that's why you're the rebel, Jay. And I love it. I love it. And we said it. You said it to me. I could. like When, when they had the... Um, not the I Am Robin, the Robin War thing. For Even before that, even before I Am Robin, me and you wanted a Robin's book. We oh, wanted well. to have a book with the, you know, the four of them there. And it would have been so good and you would have gotten a lot of this. And it's so great. But yeah, uh, they go you, back and forth. My favorite part of the, all of this as well is like, it's very small too. It's like, you just see Jason's hand like moving over to the Red Hood action figure that came in the Batmite meal and he steals it from Damien. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. I just like, don't let it be a red hood. Don't let it be a red hood. And it's it's so much fun. It's so great. He's like, oh, god damn it. And he but gets he still it, wants then, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wants it. Plus, it's just one of those things where he's not going to give anything to that. He, it's pure Damien. He's great. Uh, but then Bruce comes back or uh, sits down with uh, Duke. And he has monster. a meal. And, uh, like, it's weird, too, because... I guess Duke does have a sandwich there, but you know, there's a it, Bruce has the full out meal. Like he was so against it. Guy's supersized. Look at him. He's got it he's all. He's got a del- deluxe bat burger oversized. Yeah, yeah. He's got the oversized, but yeah, he starts eating it and they're talking and they, they make fun of Alfred with the cucumber sandwiches. And this is where Bruce, then you had the problem where Bruce gets out the knife and fork and starts eating like a, a hamburger. Goddamn like a goddamn monster. Like a goddamn monster. He's eating a hamburger with a, a knife and fork. And I said to you, Yes, we did see in Red Hood Batman eating a burger. We haven't seen Bruce Wayne. I don't know if they could play this off as this is just him, you know, keeping up appearances. That if somebody sees him, and I don't know why you need to do that because also Dick seems to think this is normal because uh, uh, Duke says, am I seeing this? Am I really seeing this? And it's funny. It doesn't make sense with the other books. But, yeah, this is the other thing that I love this. This is like me at McDonald's with my kids because he's there. Bruce is there to bring them all together to talk to them about something very serious, about Bane coming in. Which is kind of weird, too. I I like the fact that we get to have this interaction. Like, you know, say it was a normal burger joint, not something I have a terrible problem with. But if it's a normal burger joint, I like the interaction. It does make sense, though, when Bruce says, I don't know why we couldn't have had this talk at the back of I agree yeah. because you're going to be talking about some sensitive shit. Yeah, you're going to be talking about stuff that some somebody's right next to you. Yeah, just sitting there and here's shit about Bane and Batman and you guys go out and keep your masks off. It's a little off, but it's just – it's all for fun. It's very fun. I like yeah. at one point Bruce is trying to tell them shit. Damien is rubbing a hamburger in Jason's <laughs> fucking face. He's so going at him. They're so good together. I'm telling you, I would want a Jason and Damien book, just them together. Dick is great, too, because Dick just – he usually just sits there, and then he'll give a little dig or whatever, but he lets those two just go nuts on each other. And Damien just won't stop. Uh, but Bruce says, enough. This is what's going down. Bane is on his way. 
and you guys are getting the fuck out of town. Yeah. And and then this point too, you have this weird interaction. The only weird interaction I thought was when they start saying like, first Damien, you're dead again. Second Bruce, you, yeah, you know I, I all did, that. I didn't get what the hell they were talking about. No, I about didn't either. First. I didn't and really if, get if, that. If finally, you know, you keep reading and you realize, oh shit, that's what they're saying, dead again, because everyone at this table besides for Duke has died. Besides Duke has died, and Duke even's like. What the fuck? You've all been dead? What What's going on? I would have thought that Duke would have been aware of, of these deaths and things like that. But at one point, Bruce has to stop them because they still keep joking. Like, he said enough, and now they're back to this, I was dead, hey, you're dead first, I was here, whatever. And Bruce is like, guys, stop this. It's not going to happen. Nobody's going to die, not after Tim. And then they all stop. And, at that and I panel, swear to God, if, this, if it wasn't the Tim thing, we would have had a paddle like we will in freaking uh, – Oh, I can't even think of the book. Oh, and Green Lanterns, where it's just a fucking picture of the goddamn graves of his parents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, hey, hey, he's shoving a burger in. Hey, yeah. And he'd be like, you stop. And then he'd My look over. Dead. He'd look up in the air. Uh, but, yeah, it's Tim. And that does shut them all up. And, yeah. And it's that panel of them just sitting there. And Damien's still pissed. Uh, but it's a great panel. It's yeah. them, like, realizing. Now they realize, okay. You know, shit is real. Let's it happened. Let's see what's happening. Oh, but yeah. Bruce says, Tim was a thing. Yeah, oh yeah, shit. you know what? We're fighting here. Tim's not here. I, I forgot. I thought he was in the bathroom. Uh yeah. but no, Bruce is like, Listen, you guys are gonna get out of here and then he he walks away. He didn't even eat that hamburger. He just oh, left. He, he cut it like left. a fucking monster with a fork and knife and then left it there just to be a dick. Yeah. And then that's when uh Dick says, Hey, listen, actually I think it's Jason. Who says, we're going to ignore him, right? We're going to fight Bane. And Duke says, no, 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 that Batman, you can't, you, you can't ignore him. And then Dick says, no, no, that's kind of what being a Robin is. But Duke's had enough. He's like, and no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm going with you, what he said. I don't want to die. I, I, I like that idea where Duke, you know, he's still a goddamn newbie. He does not, honestly, you know what? He's smart. He doesn't want to die. Why would anybody no. want to die? But I hate the fact that he's kind of like, you know, excluding himself from this group that I really want him to be a well, part of. And have the I same do dynamic. like it, though, but I like it as well that he is kind of pointing to the whole thing like, you know what? He didn't pick me to be a fucking Robin. And I think yeah. it's also kind of a little thing there, like a little jab at Batman of like, you know what? He doesn't trust me enough to be a Robin. Fuck this. I'm out. And and he says, I'm not a Robin. I don't want to you know, die. It's, it's, so I'm we out. We have all these supporting characters, though, to Batman, like your spoiler, a Batgirl, freaking all, like, you know, Orphan. Mm -hmm. These those aren't his boys though. Like the, no. the Robins have like the special place in all of our hearts and Bruce's where we love seeing them together. But the other characters get excluded, and yeah. I don't want that for Duke. I want him well, to be a part of this whole thing. That's the thing though. I I think that it is. Here's the thing. If you want to, if you want me to guess, uh, in the All Star Batman, which is going to be the book that he's going to become, what he yeah, becomes yeah. coming up. Uh, that but until that, I don't think they want you to see him in that light yet. I don't think that they want you to even think of that yet. And because he's not anything like that, he hasn't hung out with them enough. He no, doesn't even he, know. He hasn't. Again, you want you want to point out why Bruce was eating the fucking hamburger with a uh, fork and knife? It's probably because that's another one of those things that they want to make sure that you get the idea he hasn't hung out with Batman or especially as Bruce yeah. a lot. So it's one of, oh, you haven't seen this yet? And I think they're really pushing him aside until Scott Snyder, who created him, can make him what he is. Uh, and him even saying, you know, he doesn't even have a name yet. He doesn't no. have any of that. The so I think that they just want him to go. Obviously, if he does not show up, 
then it really makes sense that they just don't want him involved in this story yet. They, people yeah. would claim, look, he hasn't even trained. He hasn't even done this or that or the other thing. I actually hope he comes back at some point, and that's the first step of them accepting him. Because D- Dick does say, smart kid, yeah. seems like a pussy thing to do. You know what I mean? To just say, oh, nope, he said it, I'm out. And it seems like he's almost saying, you guys can die again. I'm not going to be involved, and it kind of threw me off a little. I'm tell you, I'm mixed with it, too, because I always do complain. When Batman is the the boss of this whole dynamic, you know? I'm always mad when the Robins don't listen. mad when they don't listen. listen. I'm like, goddamn bastards, he knows what's up. Would you please just follow the goddamn leader here? Yeah, yeah. So he's going to follow it. But then you want some Robin action as well. So I'm telling you, I am torn in my opinions on this. I like the fact that fucking Duke left because he is not ready to take on a Bane. No, no, he's not. And I think that that would be the whole problem is he would actually just get in the way because you couldn't make him as good as any of the three there. Like no. these guys are seasoned veterans. He is not. He's just started. Uh, so I don't mind him going away like that. And I don't mind him at this point. He hasn't worked with Batman enough to be able to have that. Uh, I'll ignore what he says. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? This is a little too early for that. I'm just telling you, for the amount of time that he's been, you know, they don't want to call him Robin yet, but uh, or whatever it'll be called. See, By that like, point, like, Jason was probably, they would have all done this at that point. See, I agree with you completely. Except it's just like I say, I am stuck between how, like, what feels right and yeah. what I want. Yeah, I just don't like what it does. I don't like what it says for the character of him mm-hmm. just stepping away and and being fine with that. Uh, but I don't think he's ready. Hey, he's got uh, lunatic parents he's got to look out for. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he certainly does. They're jokerized, Eric, just like those fucking fries. Uh, but yeah, the bat signal goes off and Batman Nonsense. shows up on the roofs. Yeah, Batman shows up on the rooftops and it is Selina who actually uh, lit the signal, not Gordon. And I know a bunch of people had problems with this, saying that, uh, oh, we just had him with Catwoman. I had no problem at all. I don't no, even. No, I didn't and, either. I, I just want to know, Jim, with her being here, was he able to take back the night? He has. A, he didn't have enough time. <laughs> if Gordon wouldn't have shown up, he might have been able to steal back the night, Eric. But he, he didn't have time. Uh, but he, yeah, he shows up. And even with the last two issues with Catwoman, I still think this makes complete sense. She's no, found no, I, out I, I that like Bane is on her way, and she's a smart woman with a lot of connections. She knows that Bane's on his way, and she shows up. And I really, by the end of the scene, don't think that she's there for her protection i think that she shows up to see if he needs help and he says you know stay away go away you shouldn't even be here and she's like i know uh the other thing about this scene is from everything that i could deduce i'm not the world's greatest detective eric but this would have been the first time that we saw selena after the whole I oh, am yeah, suicide. Say, that, that freaking Catwoman interlude, whatever we had, that was yeah, written that after was the fact. Yeah, that was added later. This yeah. this issue was already written. Now, this might have been tweaked a little, but this would have been the first. I think it works both ways. So uh, and it also does a good job of telling me and you that Bruce himself has not done – or Batman hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't had time to clear her name or no. to even investigate it. So or I don't even freaking you know, cure Gotham Girl. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Gordon shows up and sees it's Selina. Now, you know, she might not want to go around as Catwoman. She might want to change the costume up a bit. She's, she is on the run. Uh, but, yeah, that's when uh, – Gordon says, you know, Catwoman. It's also true. Everybody knows she's Selena Kyle. Is that just, it's out and about. It's, there's it's, there's no doubt. Yeah, everybody knows yeah, that. Sure. Everybody knows that this really puts a hammer into that. But yeah, he wants to arrest her. Batman doesn't do anything. And people had problems with that about him. And he is it kind was, of a it dick. It was kind of a dick move. It's it really a dick was. Move. But the problem is he knows 
that she's innocent. He can't really get into that I, yet. Though I, I think that, that I think the, he would have told Gordon fully, like you know what I think. Because oh, they did look into uh, Holly. That, so that's with what, Gordon, all I got stuck on when I was reading this is that Batman was able to call up Gordon in the middle of the night to get these goddamn records unsealed so he can find yep. out about this. And then he's such a I just dick Gordon yeah, here. Yeah, I just get the idea that maybe he didn't say anything about it because if he's wrong, he, he doesn't want to look like an asshole. If he actually is wrong about Catwoman, well, you know he's not. But if he was, he didn't want to, It is a little off. But again, this was written before those, that interlude. So like, you, you kind of go, but Batman. I still think it works well. But yeah, damn he is Batman. a dick. You know you could have helped. You're right. Yeah. I could now, have. But I have a thing night. that I, I would have rather have seen, but... It is a little thrown off by Ian Bain at the beginning. You remember Ian Bain, Eric? Uh, because at a point, I don't know that it wouldn't have been a bad idea to have Catwoman in jail to get her to, for her own protection right. uh, because Bain's on his way. Ian Bain kind of throws a little you know, wrench in that because he did get close. Uh, but to me, the, the worst enemy for Selena when Bain gets to town is going to be Selena because she's going to try to help him, and he yeah. doesn't want this. And it's funny, too, because Batman is going around and telling these people, hey, get out of town, don't help me. And besides Duke, you're like, nobody's fucking listening to you, Batman. Why are you even saying this? And if it turns around that this is part of another fucking plan, I'll fucking have a conniption. Uh, but, yeah, she goes off. She jumps off the roof. She just jumps off her rooftops, Eric. She, she's people really, do. Yeah, and now we get we go off to the manor, and this is what I've been waiting for. This is what, when I got this issue, I went right for. I paged through to make sure that there was some Gotham sure, yeah. Girl. Yeah, and there was some Gotham Girl. And uh, I don't know. It, and I even like the point where it, you kind of get an idea of how long it's been. It hasn't been so long, but her hair is starting to grow back from that full shave. And yeah. I, I really think they did a really good job with this. Uh, I also really like it showing bruce i i the art to me i don't even know it was travis who said he didn't like the art right i think it's awesome and i really do like the way that david finch made it to really show how i, I he's very gentle with her you know what i mean yeah. she's like getting out of bed and he's there behind her to help her and stuff and i i really think they did a really good idea or a good job with this also i want to mention that uh, Alfred's back to his old games. <laughs> he's a dick again. He's a fucking I don't, asshole. I don't mind this dick no, move. He's though. an I'm asshole. I'm saying it's it's one of those things. When we when this series first started during Rebirth, though, he was such an over the top asshole. Oh, this he is was just the a worst. Kind of a, this is a snarky Alfred that I can deal with, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it just it it's a, the problem I've had with Alfred is not just the snarkiness, but the timing of the snarkiness. This is not <laughs> the time for it. The guy, it, what is he fucking doing? Stand up over there? He's like, hey, Alfred, I might need your help here. Oh, oh, you might need my help, would you? I'm like, why, I, I must why have, are you saying I, I must need to clean my ears. I thought I heard you say you needed yeah, help. Yeah, I'm like, why are you saying this? He's going to get, you know, Gotham Girl. He's going to help her. The other thing that threw me off a little bit i don't know about you i guess maybe you had to have it but not really because he's going out as bruce why is he doing it at night that's when that's when he patrols eric that's when the the villains come out i know that you might tell the freaks me come out at night yeah 
Selena stole the night, Eric. So maybe this is part of it. He doesn't have the night. But it actually, I thought, you know what? Go out and do your Batman stuff and then take her because he's not going as Batman. It looks like he's going full as Bruce Wayne. Well, the thing is, he's walking into the cave, so he might change yeah, that. Yeah, maybe. I just thought, yeah, really, I was going to say, maybe he's just going to take the Batmobile, but that doesn't make sense. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to go, and when they open up the door to the Batcave, uh, you see that it looks like Damien jason and dick hanging uh dead with the i am bane now right away you can see it looks like damien is a little too big like we yeah, don't I think saw that, that. I, was, anyway, I was actually but, looking at the yeah. size like huh yeah it looks like right away that they're just guys and it's like it's it's a shame <laughs> these guys have to be henchmen of fucking <laughs> bane and i actually think that in in the whole deal because even the guy that ian bane eric <laughs> seemed to be kind of under like he seemed to be under control like a bit you know what i'm saying he he seemed crazed i actually think that these guys went into the back cave and just hung themselves i don't think somebody did it to them i actually think these fucking crazy asses went in and did it for bane and hung themselves just because bane told them to and they're right, that into him the guy I, is I, the king I, of their kingdom i don't know where we're at we're like i didn't look at the future solicits of this book or yeah. anything like that I think Bane is now here, and that's the thing is because one thing they really uh, push for this issue is that f to cure Gotham Girl, it's going to take five sessions. Yeah, it's going to take five days. One, one a day to yep. cure her with Psycho Pirate. I don't know yep. why this has to be like this, but it's just I to think, be tension. You know, Bane's going to show up here, and I don't know if it's going to be, you know, he's going to show up after the five days, but I think it's going to be during the five days. It's going to yeah. screw up his goddamn timing. He's going to try to stop. He's already him. in Gotham, and this is him fucking with Batman, trying to wear him down mentally. Like, you know, and, you know, do his whole, you know, baby yeah. thing. Yeah, I actually, I I think it's that he, they are, they did it themselves. I, right. I don't know why. That's how kind of how I went with it. But, yeah, this is where I said I had to look now. Alfred's the one, like, you're looking. Bruce is out. Bruce has Gotham Girl, and he isn't really reacting. Uh, Gotham Girl is like, oh, my God, and, and Alfred's holding it. If Alfred didn't have his hand over his head, I would have even thought that that's possibly that Gotham Girl was seeing things, oh, thing. and that, that would that. be the hokey thing. But even it does look that, like though, they're man, doing I'm telling it. you, friggin', they walk in, and, you know, Batman, you don't really, uh, Bruce Wayne, you don't really see that much of a reaction there at first. You see yeah. Gotham Girl freaking, you know, shrieking. She's looking in horror, and in my mind, even if, it, like, you know, she is seeing us, this is just Alfred being an asshole. God damn it, she's <laughs> at it again. He's... Oh, she's so fucking annoying. But no, even, well, and it's weird because she yells, ah, and that, you know, she starts screaming. And Bruce yeah, yeah. says, Alfred. And then he says, dear Lord. And then he, Bruce dear says, Lord, no. She's at it again. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it really still could be, maybe, that she's just seeing this. I don't think so. Like I said, no, I, don't I think, think so that either. shit's gone wrong. Uh, but yeah, I really like this issue. That's how it ends. And it is funny that if it was Alfred, like that bitch, here she goes again. I've, I've you know, you had that vacation in Santa Prisca. Santa Prisca. Yeah, yeah, you've been in Santa Prisca having a good old time. You're fucking Catwoman on the rooftops. All I hear is this goddamn shit all fucking night. Me and my cucumber sandwiches. Uh, but yeah, I loved it. I gave it a nine out of ten. I like the art a lot. Uh, I know that there's some nitpicks involved here, but this is the Batman book. It, this seems to me, if you could just take out that I am suicide, this goes very well into how I thought of the I am Gotham uh, arc, especially as that went on. It's a lot of fun. Anytime you have the Robins out of costume together, it, it fucking increases the score for me anyway. I think that Tom King nailed it. I have a I really hope that what this whole arc does, if it continues as good as this issue is, 
then I'll, I'll forget all about I Am Suicide and my issues with it and, and go back to saying that this is one of my favorite books. Uh, what would you give it her? For how this starts out, I think it's a really great course correction. If we continue this way from where we were with I Am Suicide, I love the art in this issue. I know people have some problems with it. I love Finch. But uh, even with the freaking little nitpicky problems, like I don't quite – it's not even a nitpick, but I don't quite understand the Bronze Tiger bit in the beginning. And I had yeah. some problems with the Jokerized fries and all this fucking nonsense. But overall – I had a great time reading this issue. I want more issues like this. I'd give it an 8.5 out of 10. 8.5 out of 10. All right. But we're going to move on to the next book. Superman number 16, written by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, with art by Tony S. Daniel, Clay Mann, Sandu Faria, Seth Mann, Dania Ribeiro, and Rob Lee. Yeah. Mm. Our multiplicity story is concluded with this issue. A man does it just conclude. Superman has his powers taken away like the other captured Superman and Superwomen, but don't worry because you can magically get them back and inspire his counterparts to do the same. After the Just League Incarnate show up, the Supers take down Prophecy, but before he's completely defeated, Mr. Odd, t- Mr. Oz, tell Mr. Odd, Mr. Oz teleports Mr. him Odd. away to add to his collection. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing that actually infuriates me about this is you, earlier, you had, uh, the Super Sons. You had two issues of the Super Sons. Now, the thing to me with the Super Sons story is, number one, it got Bruce and this Superman together. Uh, yeah. It, and I like that. And also, it did set up a book that I am exactly. interested in. And it also, <laughs> it was something that was part of the book. You had John. Uh, unfortunately, since then, they seem to have forgotten pretty much John. You know, and that's a thing that it, it gets me angry in this book. But this reminds me, this uh, multiverse type story reminds me more of the Just League versus Suicide Squad uh, freaking event that basically the story is only for something else even the frankenstein story that was just fun to me you had frankenstein back it didn't mean anything it does compound it with everything else in this book uh, superman is, is becoming a book that really doesn't have any stories going on they keep that's what's going on i shots. want an arc where they keep going yeah. but the thing is we're not getting any like like ongoing stories that uh, no. change and affect the no, Superman this, universe. This like, one, we get the Super Sons. Yeah, that's a setup for our new yeah, Super Sons story. I didn't story. mind that we though. We get Frankenstein. We get Dinosaur Island. Yeah, it's Dinosaur like, Island. What is going on with Literally, this book? The, yeah, we can't this tell book a where story. and and people. It's weird because I said to you before. I think the trick to reading some of these books and talking on the podcast because I hear other podcasts and they seem to go with it and they seem very happy, Eric. There's a sweet spot some sure. of these are in. I'll tell How you. How do I that, do that? That they just deal with. The, the issue in front of them. Ooh, look at this. It looks good. And boy, he says that. And that made me laugh. The problem is we have the issue where we kind of go with how it's, you know, going throughout the, the yeah. whole entire picture, how this goes in. And yeah, Superman, though, I always say, and I keep telling people too, I really like the book. When you start talking about it, and I really start thinking about it, Malik, you're right. They, there really isn't anything going on. We keep getting these non, you know, import either Stories that just seem to be there for other reasons or things. Now, this goes through this whole story, and it seems like a condensed version of a bigger story because shit just happens. Like you said, it just happens, and it ends. And then it ends with Mr. Oz, and I want to give them the middle finger. Yeah. I just want to say, you know what? Fuck you. Can't you. You're going to throw that. not telling a story yeah, by no, throwing Mr. Oz No, you don't Oz tell a story, end. and then you basically – Mr. Oz – to me, in every book, and I'm going to blow your mind, Eric, Mr. Right, Oz here, to me, is just a 
to be continued. He is a human oh, yeah. to be continued. In every story he's there, it ends with him, and we're supposed to think, oh, my God, that's so fucking big. I can't wait to see how this ends. When really we're saying we just got an incomplete story. And it yeah. happens with, with most of the times that it's gone on. And then you have to wait. We had Tim Drake uh, get taken out of Detective Comics, which still is the best part of Mr. Oz. But even then, it's just like, nope, you're going to have to wait. We'll give you a little dribs and drabs in the and, next and even couple months. That, like in the first arc of Action Comics, yeah. we had this six-issue arc. All about this gigantic fight with Doomsday that just went on way too long. And then he just gets taken. And then he's taken by Mr. Yep. Oz. And then you're supposed to just go, oh, ooh. man, that is so awesome. It's I like can't wait. It's fireworks. It's just like oohs and ahs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and, and really, it's fireworks that you go to look at, and they're really a hologram, Eric. They're not even real fireworks. Oh, fuck uh, that. As I don't even like going to see real and, fireworks. And I don't care what people say. If, they're, if somebody says to me, oh, wait, it's going to pay off later. No, you don't know that. So no. don't tell me that right now. I don't want to hear it because I don't know. I want a story. And if this would have been a complete story, and like you said, the biggest thing about this that's the biggest perpetrator of my fucking annoyance is that Superman gets his powers back and then inspires everyone else to get them back without ever telling you what. And then all of a sudden, Mr. Oz comes and grabs prophecy and you're gone. And it, to me, it's like it is. It's like, you know. I have my right hand doing things while I'm distracting you and doing something with the left. It, it is a distraction Light to make you think something. Yeah, oh. that's what it is. I, I'm having problems tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It's all it's smoke and mirrors and sleight of hand that's what, going on. Here, David Blaine. Yeah, you know, I'm fucking mind fucking freak or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a freak. Uh, but yeah, the story starts out and going into this. I can't even say I was that excited. Well, I, I is, love I, seeing I, the multiversal characters. I love seeing them. I think I, that's the greatest. I and was down on the last really issue. Yeah. I was down on the last issue a lot because it really didn't seem to do anything but make me think that Superman's a goddamn idiot for going on and taking prophecy on by, for himself yeah. while sending the rest of the Superman that they spent the entire issue collecting off back to the freaking House of Heroes. So yeah, yeah. going into this, I'm like, okay, I didn't like this issue very much. It's a three-issue arc. I get this last story here to fucking, you know, wow me. It's going to blow good. me it's out of the water. You it's want, this the is the two-minute warning. Together. It's the Super Bowl two-minute warning. Freaking Matty Ice is taking you down, and they're going to beat the Patriots, Eric. The two-minute warning. It's going to happen. And then, yeah. They, they and fail. then we end the last like issue. Like the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Mano with prophecy. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's how we ended. We go into this one. And immediately I'm disappointed because we don't get to I see any it. of that. Already Superman has his powers taken. Yep, you didn't see just, that. It's over. I'm saying. And also, fight, you said to me, just, and I'm with you, uh, all of a sudden you f see the prophecy's this fucking giant. And I, I, and I get, might be a dummy. You might issue. be a dummy. We might be That's dummies true. together. Uh, but all of a sudden that, and that, like, that kind of made me step back and, like, Oh, really? Okay. Is that, and uh, to me, that was kind of a gimmick as well to make you think, oh, his powers, but really, you, you start off, he just has his powers gone. And I yep. don't understand, I just, I want to see the actual story with it. I did like when the yellow submarine was there and he's like, oh, you really think firing weapons from that play thing would be my undoing? I'm like, that is a pretty cool play thing. It does look like that because it, it's like it, an it Imaginex like, toy. Yeah, and it looks like Superman's in his hand. It looks like he's crazy looking little Imaginex. But yeah, he sends him down to the pit to and work destroys with the these yellow other... submarine. Yeah, he destroys the yellow submarine. There's a pit where the Supermen are, are digging. <laughs> They're digging They're just graves. They're digging their own grave. Yeah, yeah it, it's crazy. He just passed the test, possibly. Uh, but it's just, 
to me, it's all smoke and mirrors again. You see there, there you have now in the one thing you had prophecy when he got a hold of Captain Carrot and he's like, Oh, you little bunny, uh, and turns him into a real bunny and then sets him in this pit. It, Cause there yep. he is. He's really why? What I don't, I know his whole thing is he's been gathering their powers and things like that, but it's just, it's, it's nonsense. It really isn't this pit thing, digging their own graves. Can there ever be anything that's more of a time like, Okay, we gotta waste some time and have them have to do something until the heroes come and save them. Well, because either, to me, they, he would have just snapped them in half and threw them. They, they don't have to. Dig there's graves. no reason to dig this goddamn pit no. for anything. And the thing is, too, we have the, yes, these are Superman for all over the multiverse, but yeah. they're still Superman and Superwomen. Why would they go with this? No, I know. Hey, hey go fuck yourself. I'm not digging yeah, nothing yeah, over you here. Yeah, you know. Oh, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna kill you. Go ahead. I don't yeah. care. Look at me. And we saw in the New 52, a Superman without powers becomes a very angry man, Eric, and they're very jealous. And, yeah, it isn't even like these Supermen that are down there have this whole idea that they're ever going to escape or, or figure out something. They, they are even, without hope. Yeah, they are without hope. Now, that's all they needed, Eric, is hope. But, yeah, they're they're digging. And, like I said, it's just an extension of that. Now, in this issue, I said to you, also, they really keep bringing up this music of the multiverse, and I yeah, really do think at the, yeah, I think that that's going to be something that comes around later because even uh, prophecy is pissed off about that music and he wants to stop it, and then they bring it up again later, and that's how they track it. I, I do think that that's going to be something, and I do think they're trying to remind us of that. And if you didn't read multiversity uh you do get a couple things from these issues that i think are going to be important in the long run but the problem is, is if the long run is a year and a half from now nobody's gonna fucking remember this oh. it, it's three issues people are gonna be like yeah i kind of remember that i do think calvin is one of the other things that they really want to push on us uh at this point and for some reason super uh super demon because he's pretty prominent in this as well uh but yeah I guess. The, i'm just saying i think that at some point in the in the end game of all this you're gonna have all of these you're gonna have the justice league incarnate come and fight and it's gonna you know in the big event because there's no other reason for these issues and that's what gets me upset it does seem to be a setup for later down the line uh but yeah i think calvin is a big one i think he's gonna have a, a prominent role in that but even if it doesn't they, you're there and they're trying to figure out they're they can track the music of oh well, yeah we go back to the house of heroes where yeah. the justly incarnate realize you know we are superman's plan the reason he sent us back here is so we can track him back to where prophecy's planet is yep. and we can stop him but the problem is you know superman had we don't their have a ship. ship yeah we don't have a tool. ship and, and it was so, told by uh What's his name? Uh, Nick's the, for you or two. Yeah, yeah. He said that it would take thousands no of years. No idea if that's how you pronounce it, but I that's know. what I'm going yeah. with. But here's the thing. It's so hokey to me, too, because we've already been told once that it ta- it'll take a thousand years. They remind us again. Yep. And then the, the Red Racer is just like, eh, you know what? I can just go real fast and, and do I'm it. I'm telling you, the thing is it really bothers me because we have this whole thing where the Red Racer, he's going to make the ultimate sacrifice. Yep. And rebuild the ultimate Thule with all the plans and stuff they have in the House of Heroes and shit like that. Yeah. And Calvin Ellis is like, you know how much compressed time you're going to have to deal with with that? You're like, you can't do it. I'll kill you. Like, Why? Why can't he just build it really fast? I don't understand. Yeah. It's like they want us to have this correlation with when Barry Allen died in the crisis. Yep. That's, basically, that's exactly that, what they're trying to do. Because that's what happens to the Red Racer after he yeah. finishes. But like, 
he is not taking on the energy that like you know the Barry was from the anti monitor previously. Like yeah. I don't understand how we get like you know, Red Racer building a time uh, a space and time ship to uh, him dying. I just don't yeah, understand and even, the correlation. Even to the, even to the case where there was a point, too, where I kind of got the idea of one of your nitpicks where you say, you can't go to a computer and fucking go fast because the computer's still... At one point, Red Racer starts calling it, Green Lantern, find me all the distinct alloys, nuts and bolts, and guitar strings. He's not going to go that fast. You know what no. I mean? you got to wait for that, but Red Racer just goes into it. And the only thing, like... I don't even care what I know what you're saying about, you know, how he dies and it's and it is. It's pushed. It's very forced to be like Barry Allen. The thing that I have the issue with is we were told with a sledgehammer over our head that this would take a thousand years only to set up this sacrifice. It didn't seem natural to me. I'm like, okay, that's why they fucking said it'd take a thousand years. It got me angry that this whole issue and this whole art continues to do this about saying like, oh, this the stakes are high, but we only know because we've been told. Red Racer, I have no connection with. When Red no. Racer died, I'm like, okay. Got the job done. Good job, buddy. Let's move on because I don't have any connection with any of these characters. So I really didn't care. Even with the, you know, the supermen and superwomen that are down in that pit digging, I didn't care. And really, I, there's no real idea. Like, say Superman does get out, or Superman, yeah. pre-Flashpoint Superman gets out, and all the rest die. Would you care at all? Because I, I, I wouldn't, because I, would I don't even know half of them are in there. I would care along the lines where why are they fucking up every goddamn well, sandbox yeah, and, and that we can play in? Here's the problem is with the Superman in that pit, they're very generic at points. So I'd be like, eh, whatever. You, you see some and, you, you know, you can point them out. But I just – the whole thing was supposed to – this to me was supposed to be like this epic story of of hope and, and, and sacrifice. You know, sacrifice. And it just – I just – at points, I'm like, let's get on with it. Once they said, I can build this really quick, then I'm like, well, why the fuck didn't you have six waiting? I know it, it killed them, but still, I, I just, how I'm about saying, this? Though, the, the idea, though, it's like, you know, this the freaking Ultimate Thule was built. It took a thousand years to build. A thousand like, years. That took a thousand years for a regular person to build. I mean, he's a speedster. I don't know why he would have to, like, you know, as Kevin Elvis says, do you know how much time you would need to compress? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. how, why do we need to compress time when he can just build something very fast yeah, compared just, to a normal I think person? he's saying, like, it's the like, compress, I think he means, is just basically it, you're going to have almost, to do the work of a thousand years in the, ten minutes, and it's going it, to kill you. But It just it's seems still. like the idea is where, like, this ship has to be built in a thousand years, and you have to comp – I'm saying it takes a thousand years for this ship to be built properly, and it has to wait that like, amount of time. Yeah, I didn't so get that. I got I know, that. The, I'm, the I'm compress, trying to make yeah. sense of it. The compressed time, right I, I thought, would be like if, if you're going to have to – it's a weird way of saying the me is what he's like. Listen, this would take a normal guy a thousand years. Do you understand how fast you're going to have to go to, to make it? And uh, yeah, I understand. You know, we never ask time and, and things like that. And it's just like Calvin realizes why he would, I don't know. Uh, because to me, it would be something that would, he wouldn't be real privy to about, oh yeah. my God, if you do the work of a thousand years in 10 minutes, you're going to die. I don't think he'd get that he would do that. Also, what I'm saying is in this meantime, they have this one goddamn ship. Why didn't, uh, why didn't fucking Red Racer take a week to fucking build some spares or something? I know they probably didn't think they'd need them, but really, then you had the Just League Incarnate going. You could have another team and another one of these ships. It's all nonsense to me. Like I said, this whole thousand year thing, 
was just something we were told, and it doesn't even calculate or, you know, in my mind, it's not something like I'm like, holy shit, there, Calvin's right. It's just another way to have a hokey thing for me because, yeah, Red Racer does build it and then dies. And actually, you know, you want to force it even more, you have Calvin come out and hold Red Racer yeah, like yeah. Barry. I, it's so over the top. And you see the, the uh, heroes behind and they're all upset. It is, Red Racer's a wreck. <laughs> Look at Red Racer. Uh, but, yeah, in the meantime, you have them show up. And this was the plan all along. But really, well, here's the even, thing. There wasn't really that. even like a plan. Like Red Racer doesn't say to me, like, come out and say, like, that's what Superman told me. It's like, all oh, right. And then when it happens, Superman's like, way to go, Red Racer. I, I hoped you would do that. I'm like, this is not a good plan. This is this is very crazy. Yeah, uh, but, say, but like while this is going on, Red Racer sacrificing himself, we get this little thing where Keenan's just tossed into the yeah. pit with the rest of our Superman so we can have that first meeting between the Superman yeah. of New Earth. And I'm like... I, but it doesn't do anything. No, and it doesn't I'm do like, anything. And also, it, it it actually, to me, it's really off for a first meeting. It's not yeah. even like it. There's, you know, Superman goes up and says hi to Keenan. They're talking to Mandarin, and they're just kind of like, "Hey, buddy, you know, you're in the pit." There's, it's not really anything. It's really weird. And even the point, it would have been, it would have been cool if, uh. Actually, uh, Prophecy grabbed Keenan. Keenan, in his own books, had been having problems having any powers. I would have liked it. Like, you're the Superman of this Earth. You don't even have powers. But, of course, we already saw him in this book fly and things like that. Yeah, so it seems I'll like go he's with got it. his powers under control now, the, by the, the time other, this takes yeah. place. And now the other thing that this book is really setting up, the, the big event for Superman, uh, the Superman books and Superman himself here, is to have him try to figure out what the heck he is and that continues in this and this one it really does spell it out when uh prophecy says i don't even know what you are i'm going to take your powers but you're an anomaly you don't make sense you're not on my list you you shouldn't be and and the thing is i think where they go wrong a little because that is big because he's not on the list it's very odd because even if they're not in their own world they have still chased them when calvin showed up or red sun superman showed up on you know their earth the regular earth they still went to chase them it's not that superman is i mean you can say it's because his quote unquote world you know that universe yeah, has been he, wiped he out is, i'm saying though in all of the multiverse he is an unknown factor because yeah, he is not from I, any earth i think that it's is more than that because he doesn't even say he says he's a it's more than that because of what they're pushing they're pushing for this big event to come up in the superman book for him to go out of this to try to figure out exactly what it what he is and this ties into at the rebirth when mr oz said to superman hey you're not what you think you are and yeah. I think there's, you know, I think they're trying to play both sides there, but it's definitely that it's supposed to point that he really isn't what he think he thinks he is, and we're gonna have to figure out what it is later. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out because he does and say another that thing, again. Though, with that, like, say, like, uh, you know, prophecy's got a list. He's checking it twice. He's gonna find out what Superman's or what goddamn world. Yeah. So when he goes to New Earth, he knows at this point in time. Keenan Kong is the Superman of this world because Superman of the New 52 died. His powers were, you know, the sentient solar energy of his no. was used to create Keenan. Why is he not picking up Lana Lang or Lois? I know, Lang where's Lana or Lois? His powers transitioned like they went into them as well. Yeah, they yeah, should be I, here because they have Superman's powers. Yeah, I it's it's ridiculous that they should be in there because and you can't get any way out of it because Keenan got the powers the same exact way. Exactly, That's just how it happened. And uh, no, it'd be cool if uh, Prophecy had shown up 
on Earth and said basically like that the new 52 Superman is still alive. Like that'd be fucking mind blowing. And and really, if you're gonna have him chase out the powers, it's kind of what you think he would be reading from Keenan Kong because yeah. he did get the and Lana and Lois if she was still alive at this point. Uh, I just it, it's really. Nothing spelled out well enough to even under, and everything is kind of glossed over. Even like I said, this whole thing about you shouldn't even be here. This list and hmm, and he even thinks to me he goes a little overboard, not saying like, huh, you must be a Superman from another world. And Superman never in this whole arc says to himself like, huh, well it makes sense, you know, my universe is destroyed. He never says that because yeah. I don't think they want to go there, but they're they're kind of leaving that out there to be kind of a you know, is this a red herring? What it is, but. At this point, though, you have Superman in the pit, and then he sees the ultimate Thule come, and then he just gets hope. And they're like, what's that? Because that's when the, the yellow submarine shows up, and he's like, that's hope. And they all start glowing, almost looking very much like Lex's suit is what it yeah. really does look like. Uh, it's not explained at all. It's no, I'm not saying, explained the, the symbols at of all. all their, like the symbols on the symbol on Superman's chest starts glowing. His eyes start glowing. It's like a whitish yep. blue, but it's very yeah. reminiscent of the blue color he left behind in yeah. the rebirth. It's Superman the blue issue, color in which the we rebirth dealt with and in the Superman with the, annual. Yeah, the Superman annual with Swamp which we, Thing, which we thought that we dealt with. Like whatever we dealt with was Swamp Thing coming in saying how Superman is not a part the of thing. this world. With Swamp it Thing, that we dealt with it. That's the problem with when Swamp Thing was in the Superman annual he, when they were talking about this blue glow this blue glow was not necessarily pointed out as a good thing it no. was that he was being that was almost a beacon that you didn't belong and we're gonna have to get you in tune with this world if you're gonna stay all of a sudden now this blue he, even, even, that, if super, even if super even if superman asked him if superman asked asked uh you know hey what is this blue glow and swamp thing said well you know what i don't know how swamp thing would know something and but said you know what I, actually, you need somebody who's been through the multiverse to say at one point, like, I can't explain it, but it seems like every Superman has it when they need it the most and hope it, it seems to be. Have something to set it up, even if it's hokey. It, it's so weird. Even the ones in the cells start glowing. Why? Why would they? I, I, what? It, no, I'm just, just saying that we were never explained what this is because the, all, the last thing we saw of the blue glow is that freaking uh, Superman touched Swamp Thing and yeah. affected Swamp Thing, got him to start speaking Kryptonian and freaking the fuck out, and then it was just gone. It seemed like we had dealt with it, but here yeah. they start glowing and magically all like, hey, everybody, take my hands. And I yeah. can understand like if they want to say, you know, he transitioned this, whatever this power is, into them, giving them their powers back, but every no. Superman who had their powers taken – they yep. got it back. They're even in the cells. The ones that are yep. captured in the cells get their power. And it, they don't even go to a, a way that they could say in a hokey way, listen, we're Superman. We're connected. It doesn't matter what universe, what we and do. He, what, what? They we're connected in, in our hope and the hope that we bring to the universe. Okay, at least I can at least go and make a jump. Yeah, I can jump to conclusions then. This is just Superman saying, yep. It, hope burns bright. Boom. Everybody, well, including people that, in though, the cells. We have the freaking people that are in the Superman death pit, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Th we know for a fact that these people have had they, their, they uh, had powers, their powers taken. taken. You the have Captain Kelly. You would think that, you know what? Maybe they still have their powers. That's yeah. why they're in cells. But for whatever this blue goal is, it allows them to break through the cells because yeah. – why? I just don't get it. I don't because, know. And you know, Captain Carrot, that's the worst one. That points it out completely. Captain Carrot's back to being Captain Carrot. He's no longer a little bunny that was in the pit. He's now Captain Carrot again. How? 
What, what happened? What, what did pro- where are they getting this power? Because to me, if this was a possible thing, prophecy might know about this. He'd have them just they'd be batteries for him now. They, he could they could just keep getting their powers back because he'll just keep taking it from them. It's just nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. What happens here without it being explained? And then they just start yelling and they attack prophecy, all of them together. We're done being lab rats and having our power stolen. Well, it doesn't really seem to matter. And they attack him and they freaking... They, they cut his hand off because yeah. apparently all the power is being stored in his hand. So they cut that off yeah, and they're going to take him and out. And did you know that? Did you? No. No. It, why just cutting his hand off do anything? You and know? then he's teleported away. Yeah, and and then they and even then they're there and they're like, "What's going on?" He's teleporting away. It doesn't make sense. But they're like, "Huh?" It's almost like to me they're like, hmm, "Let somebody else fucking worry about that." It's and then like they start shaking Malcolm hands. It's going away on the goddamn yeah, blimp. It is. They start shaking hands. You know, Calvin and and uh, Superman shake hands. They're all excited. Uh, you know, they tell, "Hey." Red Racer died to get that other Thule built. You know, his last wish was to get everyone home. Let's go. And they go home, and then you go and get Superman and Keenan sitting there in Shanghai. And it's actually, this is actually very reminiscent of when Superman and Jimmy were uh, sitting in the New 52 when Superman was starting to lose his powers and would eat stuff. And like, boy, I'm really enjoying this and stuff like that after he told him his uh, identity and stuff like that. And they were hanging out as best friends. It's very reminiscent of that, Uh, even to the point where it seems like he's even treating him like a son a bit. But again, to me, it, it is not well earned here. All of a sudden, they're just hanging. Now they are no. Superman, and they went through some things. But it's like one of those, like, "Hey, if you need me, let me know, and, and I'll see you in about six months when we have an annual where we'll have a story together, buddy." Wink, wink, and then off he goes. It, it, you know, it, it's very set up to just be like, "Hey, we'll meet again sometime when when the people want us to." It, it's just really it, it came off as hokey as well. Uh, then you finish the end. The end is elsewhere, and you see Mr. Oz. And Mr. Oz has prophecy and says, I'll even read what he says, and we can figure out, you know, I have to admire your persistence and conviction, not to mention your sensitive ear, ear, Eric, to the fabric of space and time, the pure willingness to fight that which cannot be beaten, to bite back your fear of the unknown and bear arms against almost certain doom. Now, right there is, to me, it really seems like, we're starting to get the idea that maybe Mr. Oz is kind of on the good side, or at least a side that's going to be against a, you know, an impending Well, I'm saying, like, doom. well, prophecy at the beginning of this issue, when he had Superman, he's laying out his exposition about how yeah. he knows that something yep. terrible is coming. He and says that's there's an oblivion coming, yep. Because he needs the power to yep. fight whatever's to coming fight to back. save the multiverse yep. itself. And again, you you almost get the the idea to me that prophecy himself is almost like he's kind of the villain that's going to take. Mister Oz is starting to be one of those that if he's a villain, he definitely is like a Lex Luthor that really thinks that he knows the way to do things, and he's gonna. I don't think he's necessarily full out as evil as we think. I I really don't. I didn't from the beginning, uh, but this makes me think that maybe he is himself. He knows this big, you know, evil is coming, and I really don't see that being Dr. Manhattan, if you ask me. I don't see Dr. Manhattan as being this, well, quote-unquote, oblivion. Us dealing with this multiversity story type of shit, the multiplicity, as they're calling it, where we left the multiversity, we had the empty hand there talking about how he's yep. conquered one multiverse already. He's going to do it. To, he tried to do it to this one. Yeah, so yeah. there is this 
multiversal big bad out there that we've left just dangling out there once Grant Morrison yep. left DC. So yep. that could be a gigantic thing that we could be dealing with down the line that and, and you know, really, say Dr. Manhattan has to save us from. And I don't know about you, but I really thought that that cover, and it is Prophecy's hand, but it kind of looks like they're kind of calling out that, that hand again. Yeah, the empty the cover. hand. Yeah, the empty hand. Uh, but yeah, and then he continues, Oz continues. Of course, I just looked at the cover, so I got to get back here. And you know what's funny? I had that up, but once you said that, I went to go look at yeah, the cover. Yeah, I went to go so look at the away. cover. Because when I first saw the cover, I actually thought it was the empty hand, and I saw that it was prophecy. But then he continues with him and says, I do applaud your bizarre sense of self-preservation and prophecy, uh, but you were in the wrong place at the wrong time with a method that was quite dot, 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 Unsound. I'm like, are you are you really pushing this music type deal here? Music but also, cons. also, I think that at the beginning, even where prophecy said, "Listen, I know this this big bad's coming. I'm stealing your powers to do this. I'm gonna save the universe." You know what? I really don't care about the universe per se. If they're saved, that's fine. But I'm saving my ass first. And exactly. I think that's what Mr. Oz is saying here. It's like, yeah, you know what? You you have the right idea. You're you're going about it, but your self-preservation prophecy and and its bizarre deal, uh, you can't do that. So we're gonna go, and I don't think he's gonna work with him, but I think he's gonna use shit he knows. And to me, you had Tim Drake for hope. You know, you, you, he took him out. You had say Doomsday. Doomsday had, to me is just you point hope, right? to somebody. No, you point to some something and it attacks. Yeah. This prophecy is kind of a well, wild card here. I don't, I don't know about your point of something in text because really it just wants to kill Kryptonians. Well, yeah. Well, there you have it. Like, if you want to spell it out, maybe that's something big, so too. So right and now, the... I'm saying, though, Doomsday wants to kill Kryptonians. Prophecy wants to kill Kryptonians yep. to a degree. Yeah. Super... So we're and taking things hope. that want to hurt Superman's off the board. Yeah, and also where I think this is important, too, is this is the first kind of thing that he's grabbing. That isn't really of the universe. He, you yeah. know, he's a multiverse deal. So he, I think this expands to everything. I think that's why I said I think Calvin and all these are going to be involved uh, because there'd be no reason for him to grab uh, prophecy like this. So I think that's it's another piece of the puzzle. But it's such a small piece, and it's in a book that you pretty much hijacked this book for three issues uh, to do nothing but. Grab, have Mr. Oz grab and, the big and not bed. have a satisfying I, conclusion because nobody knows how any of these Superman got their powers no. back. And, and to me, this is what happens. And I, I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I really get angry at books that have like this isn't a, a mystery per se, where you you start at the end and work backwards. But that's how it always seems. It's like okay, we need Mr. Oz to grab this guy from the multiverse. His name will be Prophecy. And then they work back to make a story fit what they want to end with, and it never comes out naturally to me. And that's why at this point they're like, you know, typing away. Oh, and then, you know, we're going to do this. Hey, uh, uh, Tomasi, we got to finish this up in three pages. Oh, shit. Hope. There they go. They get their powers back. Boom, bang, bing, out. And there you have it. And then he grabs prophecy. They don't even really, in the end, really win the battle. <laughs> He gets teleported away by Mr. Oz. So to me, that's that's nonsense. I love the art, though. And I think I'm the saying, art like, was we great. We got Tony S. Daniel and Clay yeah. Man on there. Two of, two of my favorite artists at DC yeah. uses. The art is incredible. I love it. That's and you'll you know I'm bitching and moaning. Uh, my score is not going to be as low as I think some people would think because of the art. I just really really like the art. So did and I. I I just. I don't know. I like seeing the multiverse characters, but we didn't see enough of them in this well, that's issue. The thing. They they were just there. Like they could yeah. have been anybody. You could have like I'm saying, 
they didn't really play an important integral part of the story for them being these characters throughout the no, multiverse. No, and I do want to point out like, that was that was not the Punisher Superman. I just wanted to. Of course not. It's Squad Superman. <laughs> it was Squad Superman that looks like the Punisher. But yeah, uh, what did you give it? I gave it a five point eight out of ten. Okay, I, I think I liked it a little bit more than you, Eric, because I gave it a six. <laughs> yeah, it's not that much more. I, uh, I was just so disappointed by the end of this yeah. because I'm telling you, you were dealing with. One of the biggest sandboxes you can play with. You are yeah. dealing with a story where it is this epic thing that you were playing with. It should be an epic story. It's three issues long. You know there's going to be a start, middle, and finish. You know that going in. Why not give us a satisfying conclusion? Yeah. Why just leave it so open-ended just to piss everybody off? Eric, it infuriated me. You have Atomic Knight Batman in the story. Do shit. How, can, how can you mess that up? Uh, yeah, and you like you said, it is. It's a great sandbox, and not only did, was it a forced way to do what it did – but it did take a lot of them off the, you know, off the board. I would have liked it. If this was a three issue, if you were going to do this, you have somehow, because he is an anomaly, Superman, that he gets thrown into the multiverse, or even with, you have Calvin show up, you, you know, almost like a Terminator type thing, or like a, uh, you know, a Back to the Future, like, you gotta come with me. And he takes them, and they deal three issues of trying to save the Superman of the multiverse, but not end up like this. Like, just go through, I would have had a lot of fun, uh, this wasn't fun. It was fun at first. That first issue, I really did have fun with. The second one in the thin, this finale. Yeah, just, it, it, it started strong and just went yeah, nowhere died. after that. It really died on the vine to me. And then when you get Mr. Oz, I said, it's like a human, you know, to be continued. And yeah. actually seems to me like a lot of these now, it's like a slap in the face. I told you, I said to you at work that... If we don't get any, like, real answers, the next time Mr. Oz comes, I might punch my goddamn computer screen. Uh, because it seems like they're trying to punch me. Uh, that I'm going to have to fucking go mano mano with them fucking Eric. Boom! Going to have to fight them. Yeah. Right? I'm getting angry. No. It just, it really is. It's like slapping me over the face or across the face. But yet it seems to still work on some people. I see people, you know, on Twitter. Wait till you get to the end. Wow. Just wow. I'm, yeah, wow. Now, I've seen Mr. Oz grab people. I've, yeah, I've been there. That's I've what I'm that. saying. I want some answers to it. I want to see what's going on. But... All righty, Eric. All righty, indeed. Now, we've already talked about Batman. We talked about Superman, Eric. We're going to join them together. In the team of all teams, the book of all books, Eric. This is the book that little Eric Shea would have been reading. He would have been reading this book, uh, the, you know, to the, I don't know, the nth I'm degree. Saying, I was little, little Eric Shea was a bit of a fucking moron. He probably would have ate this shit up. Yeah, I think I think Eric Shea, that, that's the thing. We say that, that little Eric Shea, but at that point, you would have eaten anything up. Agreed. I mean, yeah, really, they could have given you anything. We've talked about some of the video games that we got as kids, and oh. when you have to actually put your hard-earned money, and really, you didn't have a lot of money, you convince yourself that you like the shit anyway. Exactly. So, yeah, I think I would have as well. And we are talking about Justice League. I would have liked this issue probably a lot more if this would have been earlier in the run. Uh, where it falls... And it is called a regroup, Eric, and I'm going to have an issue with that as well because there is no regroup, Brian Hitch, for you. I, I hear people in other podcasts like, yeah, it's good that Brian Hitch is re regrouping. He didn't do the last two issues. There's no, no. regrouping. 
this issue was written fucking months ago, and he could take a, a while. The, the shit that he was writing during the Suicide Squad Justice League fucking event is shit we're yet to see down the line. And, uh, you know, the way things are going, I'm not really uh, sure that's going to be good at I, I don't even know how well that's going to be because in my mind, since Brian Hitch decided he also wanted the freaking pencil this one, oh, I he's know. behind the schedule now well, and that's has to catch a, up. Well, you want to ask, you, you want to point to why he may not have done those fucking That's why. Yeah. Yeah, because he wanted to pencil this. And I'm telling you, the minute I looked at it, it reminded me of that fucking JLA book. And I started yeah. having PTSD I flashbacks. Mean, no, Just League number 16, written by Brian Hitch, art by Brian Hitch, Daniel Enriquez, Alex Sinclair, and Richard Starkins. This is a weird issue for me. If you haven't been keeping up with Justice League, this might be an okay issue to jump back on. If you have been reading, though, this issue just might infuriate you. Seeing the Justice League become a team seems silly after everything they've been through, and the best parts of this issue were either stolen from other stories or handled better in other books already. Also, just thinking of the Justice League hanging out underground while a huge threat is ready to destroy the world makes little to no sense to me. At least we see the League win the day. Oh, wait, we actually oh. don't. No, what the no. fuck? We see their victory lap. Yeah, you see the victory formation. You don't even see – and here's the thing I put in my review. I understand. You can sit there and say, but Jim, all Brian Hitch wanted to do was focus on the team building. So it makes sense that you don't see the end. Now, this is where I said that where this issue falls and all the things we got before, he is never – ever properly ended a fucking story so having this at the end just points out the fucking one of the biggest flaws of this book i don't care if he did it on purpose don't because when he didn't mean to do it on purpose every fucking issue of this ends with them who we won the day yet yeah, then cyborgs in the background We're now. yeah yeah but they'll be back or the oh my god what was that I'm not sure, but something tells me they'll be back. It just keeps going. It, it goes on and on. So at the end of this, where you don't even see the battle, I was just like, you fuck you. I just And, and in the meantime, the, the big bad, the whoever they are, we don't the even Empire. know. The yeah, Empire. The, the fucking Star Killer. It, it's, it's destroyed kind of, but they do spell it out. Hey, they're off now. They're flying back into space. They are flying back into space to cause more havoc. First off, they'll probably be back. And there you are. You have them there with a victory lap. Fuck you. I, I'm telling you. I just got so annoyed. Uh, I don't like Brian Hitch's art. Uh, nope. But it's I don't not, like Brian Hitch's writing. I don't like his I, art. I think that the art in this is a little better than his usual art, though. I still don't like it. Uh, but I think he actually is doing a little better Wonder Woman than he did before. I like. Well, I'm saying her. though, he he had a month to fucking get this, you know, like for like yeah. him not doing the goddamn book. He had some time to work on this yeah. issue. I'm guessing. Now, but I'm yeah, telling you, yeah. I didn't mind it initially, but as it goes on, yeah, it she gets, starts getting uh, that goddamn monkey he face can't, again. He cannot keep a deadline, so you would get the idea that he's like. Hey, uh, by the way, Brian, you, you're supposed to get this done. Oh shit! Let's go back. He's got a, a fucking tracing thing. Of and even the I'm telling you, even with face. that, like you say about the monkey face and Wonder Woman, Jessica is so weird to me because you have this, you know, one of her characteristics on her face is that goddamn Green Lantern symbol she has over her eye. But here it's so like over the like it's it's superimposed to the yeah. point where it's barely there, and you like, am, am I looking at this right? I like just, why it doesn't look right when you stare yeah, at I'm it? I'm looking at yeah, it's terrible. But again. Uh, you think that her art is better on her own book, right? The art of oh. Jessica is better in the Green Lanterns. This is yes, where I, this is where I have the worst 
bit of this book, and it's starting to really hit home with this issue, where I, I think a lot of people did like this issue. And if you do, fine, fine. Awesome. And, you know, all the power to you. The problem is, is now you have a Just League book that, to me, you might be, a, I don't even think you can argue with Cyborg. The problem with me is that every character on this book is done better in their solo book. You never, yeah. you, this team is a bunch of, of fucking characters that don't either, they don't even act like themselves uh, as we've seen, or just everything we get in the Justice League book seems redundant. It goes against what we've already seen and it's just not done as well. So there is no reason to have this book. And, and the problem is also you want to talk about like building tension and building a, a pacing. This book is always on the verge of the earth being destroyed. You never get – you had one time that was a downtime, and we loved it. doesn't seem like there's a break in between for the no, most part. It's just it like goes one from after one the other. to the other. We, we had that one issue where Jessica and uh, Barry were going to go on a date. I said we loved it. We didn't love it. That was the best issue so far to us because you actually got some characterization. The problem is they're always – on the go, they're always in a crisis that is going to end and every even that, human though, being. It started with that gigantic crisis where they thought they destroyed it, and then we jumped to a few hours later having this dinner where it's just brought right back up again. Yeah, you didn't even yeah. have a twenty-four hour goddamn no, window no. where nothing no, wrong was you happening. You never have it. Like th- this issue is an issue where the team is going to build. It's called regroup. I don't know. It's not really a regroup. I would have called it like team building or something stupid because what you're doing, what Brian Hitch seems to want to do, uh, he still thinks that you have to get Superman. I would have called it trust falls. You want to get Superman fully on the team. That's what it seems to be what they're going for. But then it's twist and turn all around, uh, including Jessica, which makes no sense. But uh, we'll we'll get into it. Uh, They they wake up in the – I imagine when this shit happens, it's like the alarm goes off. Batman wakes up and, oh, what's going on? Oh, shit. There's this fucking moon, huge goddamn moon That's no ship. moon. Yeah, really. Yeah, and later on there are Star Wars references. Uh, that is going to – it does. It, and also, it, it it's hard to even explain this <laughs> piece of crap. There's this huge ship that we end up finding out it is a mining ship. It's going to mine the, the world and almost like the uh, – the planet breakers again. It, it really, in my mind, know. it's a lot like Unicron from Transformers. Okay, well, it's going to destroy the Earth and it's going to strip mine it and and take it clean. Now, at this point, Justice League has no idea that that's what's going to happen. They just go and attack. Well, the and, weird part uh, too is, it seems that like the whole thing that's pointed out in this is that it does this to entire solar systems. It takes and the, eats sun, the sun. It takes all the Why does it go to Earth first? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, why didn't they get word that it was in fucking, you know, Oh, no. That fucking Jupiter. Pluton. That, what is it? A Pluton it's called now? Pluto? Gone. Pluton. <laughs> Uranus, Pluton. Eric. Why isn't it inside Uranus? It, it, it's I like agree. you said, that is weird that it just kind of comes to us. So right there. Yeah, now I'm even more mad. Can I lower my score? Because it can't yeah. get much lower. Uh, but yeah, this thing's there and you have this narration of this, uh, you know, it's being televised. Hey, look, there's this huge thing. Oh, the Just League's heading there. And this is the problem. Uh, now another flaw that I have with Brian Hitch and his writing is he always wants to tell us everything that happens in his books has to be told not shown if if you would have a thing where a giant shows up he is not going to allow even with it's it's his own art but he wouldn't have a giant there he would say holy crap 
That's a giant. That must be 15 stories high. And then somebody go, no, no, that's 15 and a half stories high. You know what? You're right. It's always the same. I got to disagree just a little bit where he can't show us. And in my mind, he can't even have tell us properly because we go back to that Zodiac stones during the Kindred. I have no idea what the fuck they did. They never explained it. I'm telling you, though, here is what I'm saying is how did we know anything about the Kindred? If you remember, Cyborg interfaced with them and then told us everything. I don't even know if I know anything about the Kindred now. He ended up being like taken in with them and, and then explained everything about them oh when i was connected with them i saw that they went here and there and the other place and he and now just I can't does... it was not the kindred it was the other things not the reapers what the hell are they called i can't think of them now No, this is oh yeah yeah the uh ravagers i don't think it was the ravagers but, uh, but even the kindred and then but he never has he can't write where you just naturally find out something because in yeah. this you have this huge thing that is going to mine the, the fucking planet. The only reason we know it is that the last second, because they're going to go fight, and it shoots this gravity cannon at them and sends them into the underneath Canada. Now, also, before we even get into cyborg shit, Batman should be dead. There is yeah. no way Batman survives this. It shatters the Green Lanterns. Jessica has them in a shield. It gets shattered. They all look like they fall to the point where they fall in like 12 fucking miles below the surface of the Earth. Batman should be dead. dead. He should be dead. And I'm telling you, you said that Cyborg uh, has survived. His fucking human pieces should be fucking dead as well. I agree. Uh, And even to the point where Jessica's thing, it doesn't seem like she did anything until they landed, and then she's trying to keep shit from toppling on him. But you get nothing. You have this huge... Well, Shit. even that, when we jump to this point where we're seeing, like, you know, we have the news telling us everything that's going on. So we, we see there's a battle on the side of this goddamn thing going on because you can see the freaking blast going off. Yeah. I want to know how the Jets League got from the side they're at to right in front of the cannon because it yeah, does that's come out I, to a goddamn like nozzle. It seems that like somebody else down. was fighting. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Nothing makes – and they're like, holy shit, what was that? And there's Cyborg. He's like, oh, right before, clear as I can tell, we're 12 miles below Canada. Systems are pulling together. And then he says, I got something connected for a, a second, just long enough to disrupt their systems. Turns out their big weapon thing will is rebooting. And then he just tells them, hey, basically, it's a mining colony. goes from system to system and breaks down the whole thing. Moons, planets, asteroids, suns, everything. It's how they live. Hundreds of millions of them. They're sitting these aren't it strip mines i'm like where are you getting all this information like this is the, the whole thing i know that he's claiming he hacked it but he's a goddamn wikipedia on these people now and, <laughs> and again you're underneath canada where they're going to talk and nothing with these people this this whole alien invasion doesn't even seem to matter to them because at this point they're rebooting this cannon right, that destroyed time. a city yeah i'm saying it's time to air our grievances even though a fucking city was just yeah. killed yeah, and, and they make it seem, he says, oh, that was a targeting shot. A targeting shot that the writer, who also does the art, showed it destroy a city. You can't have anything where you go, well, you know what, the art might be a little off there. It's supposed to be outside the city, whatever. You see buildings getting hit by this <laughs> fucking cannon. the idea, to me, just a targeting shot. It's a planet. Yeah, a tar- yeah, a targeting shot? What, you think you're going to miss the planet? <laughs> It's fucking nonsense. But they're underneath with this huge threat above them. Plus, probably people 
dead and dying all around them in this rubble. Uh, yeah, you might say, no, nobody survived that, but still, that's hey, going super, on. Fucking Batman survived. Somebody else that, might yeah, fucking survive yeah, that, on the outskirts. Well, that's going on, and the, the biggest issue is Superman gets upset that Batman doesn't trust him yet, and that Jessica says that she doesn't belong. You know what? Cyborg at one point does say, like, listen, you, you belong because we say you belong. I don't even like that, but he yeah. should say, listen, fuck all of you fucking assholes. Let's get going. Shit's going down. And yeah. they're just, they're all moping around. They're all there fucking, you know, Aquaman causes issues because Jessica's like, oh, I don't belong. And then, uh, hey, you know who else doesn't belong? That Superman guy over there. And uh, they start talking. Uh, even, and that's even where on Superman... top of that, though, it seems like, you know, it's all about, you know, we have three new members and we don't really know them that well compared to yeah. how we used to be. But it seems that the, the entire group, besides for them, who have fucking fought together for the past six goddamn yeah. years... They are not the team they should be at this moment. That's what's weird. Like, at this point, you, you say this stuff because Superman says, hey, you know what? My Batman doesn't trust, you know, people, and, and he has a contingency plan, which is straight lifted from the Tower of Babel. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, do you, Batman? He's like, yes. Well, the problem is, is they have been together this long. For number one, that should not, that should not shock anybody no. that is on this team. And yeah, maybe Wonder Woman says, why? Batman could kind of go, well, you know what, Diana? I really don't have a plan for you because that was That's the thing. What, I think was it was Superman, Wonder Woman, I think it was, yeah, where we talked yeah. about this. It's like, don't worry, Diana. I ain't got shit for you. Yeah. It's funny, but he should say, number one, he should say, listen, you know what? Shit kind of does happen uh, yeah. when people on the team get taken over, like they did yesterday when Maxwell Lord Just took like all you motherfuckers squad, over. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, he, you know, my Superman had a, a Lex Luthor's uh, fucking kryptonite ring. Yeah, we see that Batman does. We already yeah. know this. We saw it last week. God damn it. it. It gets me so mad because, like I said in my thing, all this stuff has been done already and done better in other books. Now, again, you might say, well, Jim, I only read the Justice League, whatever. But to me, at this point, at issue number 14, and I'll even give you that two of them weren't his issues, but even to that point, you are in double digits of issues, and now they're getting together after they've saved the world. And like you said, I didn't even put into the fact that cyber, you know, all these people have been there for years upon years on this team. And then even with the whole thing, like, yeah, we used to have Hal, one Green Lantern. Bullshit. Yeah, Hal you know was what I'm barely saying? on your goddamn team yeah, for the most part. that's what I even put in my review. It's like, Hal was barely on the team. So at least you have somebody there. Uh, but Jessica being concerned if she's on the team or not, we saw that last week in Green Lantern's better. When she actually saved them, when the sub was going down, she saved them. Wonder Woman was like, holy crap, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And Superman's like, yeah, good job. That was really good. Sam Humphreys did a great job of showing that and then showing Jessica having anxiety again and not knowing if she belongs and things like that. Now we have it here done in a shitty way, and it just and gets me so The worst upset. part is that we have this whole situation where, like, oh, I don't belong and everything like that. You know, I wasn't able to keep this going. Simon would have done better. But, like, she left the Justice League and yeah. came back yep. and then had a whole adventure where she helped save the goddamn yeah. world. She saved the world again. She saved the world with them, and now she's concerned about it. And like, the other bitch, thing come is, on. We're dealing with you know, this every goddamn week now. But but Eric Brian Hitch knows these characters. Flash says that was a quick fight for me. Oh goddamn it! And then two panels later, Aquaman says, "I'm out of my depth here." <laughs> <laughs> 
like you fucking asshole. And I'll yeah. tell you, that is the worst part is that he doesn't – we've already seen in this series. He does not have things for every character to do. No, Here no. they're just sitting around. They're grieving their, uh, their problems and whatnot. Yeah, airing their grievances. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yes, but yeah. uh, grieving their errances. <laughs> fucking nonsense. <laughs> they're grieving now, their errances. Even here we see that all he has for Aquaman to do, he has to go and punch something. I'm like, yeah. God. Damn yeah, it, Flash but, has to be and, the quippy guy. I'm like, fuck. And, and the other thing is, a lot of times with the Just League book, they get away with stuff because it is like one of those where, oh, I wonder when this happened. Like, you can say, like, no, this is happening in a different time, even especially when the New 52 started, that it was yeah, at that the was beginning. Like that, that so you could have, the, yeah, so else. that's where they had the whole thing where Jeff Johns was having them kind of get together for the yeah. first time and things like this. This it, this rebirth is supposed to be right in line with all the books together. It's a connected universe more than it has been in a long time. And also they spell out that Batman even calls out that Maxwell Lord and the Suicide Squad, the Just League versus Suicide Squad deal. So they, they should be a team by now, at least the ones that were always a team. And he thinks members. that everybody hasn't been together. It, it just It's so off to me. And you, you have a thing where flash through this whole time and even cyborg remember they were kind of like kind of geeking out on superman like they yeah. they had a crush i think even cyborg said at the one point earlier like i think i have a man crush on superman like and now all of a sudden they're all again it's just and i have to keep going back they're doing this while a huge threat has already killed a city and is above and rebooting ready to go to town on him and they finally decide to have a plan like somebody finally decides hey well, you know what is, we better do there, something there, there was the line thrown in here it's very like you know, the only way out of there it seems is they're going to rely on vic to boom tube them out of there and he has to like reboot himself but i'm like you have all these other characters yeah they're weakened but you've got a life-threatening situation that's going to destroy the world you got all these people that may be fucking you know dead around you and yeah. there might be some who are still alive that you could try to get out of here and help yeah. but we're just going to sit here and well, talk and, shit and, and, Theo, and eventually come up with a plan when with we get out vic, of here with Vic having to get ready to do the boom tube and things like that, it's just artificial tension to me. It's just yeah. a made-up thing that they just threw out there so that they had to sit there and and talk right, it out. All right, guys. All right, guys. Vic needs time to reboot. Everybody take a knee. Yeah, yeah. Take a knee. Let's get in here. And they come up with a plan because Batman says that he's seen Star Wars and, you know, there must be a trench. There's going to be a trench. That, There's gonna be a trench. Yeah, I'd be like, you are the greatest detective and a strategic, you know, and that's what your strategy is that you think that it's going to be like Star Wars. I'm like, yeah. God, and and it is a kind of a funny deal where like, Batman's seen Star Wars. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm not, I'm not fooled. Of course I, Batman I just, saw, everybody saw Star Wars. Exactly. Except one guy at work with us, Eric. He is. Oh, not, fuck. But, that's right. God yeah, damn it. Yeah. He's but still even Batman so, though. Even so, it'd be funny if, uh, I wish that Batman, I wish that this was, I said to you, uh, I wish that, like, say, Cyborg said, hey, you know what? This is like Star Wars. And Batman would have said, huh? Well, what do you mean? I, I've never heard of that. And then the whole joke, Batman's never heard of Star Wars. And then as they go, Batman throws in a couple lines from Star Wars so they know he's fucking around. I have a bad feeling around. about this. Whoa, yeah, what, yeah. what? I'm telling you, that would have been the That's best. no moon. What? Yeah, they're like, wait a second. I'm telling like, you, you, when we were joking about this earlier this week, we wanted him to be Michael Keaton yeah, and the Michael other guys Keaton constantly referencing TLC. Yep, and then it gets so over the top. And then I'm telling you, you want to have a big bonding moment in this? They win the day, and then it shows them in the Watchtower watching Star Wars together. I would have fucking been like, okay, I'm in. Uh, that's pretty cool. But instead, they just go. They're coming up with a plan. It's, it's an okay plan, but it's you know what they usually do. The Green Lanterns are going to shield Superman while 
he charges up. Batman, Flash, and them are going to go in, cause some havoc and things like that. Uh, but yeah, the whole thing with Aquaman, he's like, huh. And he doesn't even say anything. But Batman, it's like Batman acknowledges that Brian Hitch has nothing for him to do by saying, don't worry, Arthur. There'll be plenty of things to punch. And I'm like, why is that? That doesn't sound like Aquaman to me. It'd be funny. Too bad, Arthur, that we're not in water and there's no fish for you to talk with. Go to go away. Yeah, and and Arthur's like, thank God. And then they go, and then you have it. They're ready to go. Hey, I think we're ready. Okay. And then they won the day. You don't even get to see the battle. They're flying in victory victory formation over where you get the whole thing where uh, the same television announcer is talking. The main weapon totally destroyed. The planet-sized machine world is turning away. I'm like, if it's turning away, then stop it fully. It's going to and, go destroy other that, solar systems. With all these parts of it that is destroyed, a lot of debris is going to fall down. Yeah, Earth yeah, there's going to be a lot people. of fucking problems. Whatever dangers come to threaten our world, together they stand to keep us safe. More and more, time after time, they put their lives on the line for us, the world. With more attacks on Earth than ever before, what happens to us all when they fall? Like, really? We're, we're still doing this? This is like every issue of his ends like this. It ends the same way. Nothing, nothing happens. It's like, okay, they saved the day today, but, you know, tune in next fucking week when the world's going to be at fucking odds again that's, and then fucking the dead. Is, we see this thing all the time now, Just like It's always this world, cut, like, fucking destroying yeah. goddamn thing going on. Right, what I much. want from a regroup issue, where we're actually going to regroup, we actually pause this goddamn world-altering shit and sit on the Just League. I'm telling you, you can, if you make it interesting, yeah. having all our characters sitting around at the table talking about their problems and what's going, yeah. how they're going to move yeah. forward, I would have liked that more, I think. I'm telling you, and uh, even have it play the whole deal that with this book. It's all, you know, all-time, uh, you know, 24-7 disaster. Play with that, where you have them there thinking something's going to go wrong any second. And I'm like, you know what, uh, you know, I know shit's going to go down. And they just keep waiting. And as it goes on, like you said, they start talking. They, You can even have, like, Superman there, and he could be going to each of them saying, you, you know what? Me and my flesh did that. I'd like that. I'd like yeah. Barry saying, "Oh, really? What about your flesh?" Well, my flesh was kind of Wally West there, buddy. Like, you and know, the, worst, the, worst, the worst part too, in my mind too, because he has this great meeting with all these characters, like this whole connection to these other, like their counterparts from his yeah. world. And then like, hey, what about us? Says Jessica. Says, oh, I don't know you fucks. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You're. I don't have anything to say about you. But we even didn't have so, you on our uh, world. Or it's like, what about me? Well, Uncle Man, yeah, you kind of did shit like you do here. <laughs> you really yeah. aren't respected. You know. You uh, know. You had a hook for a hand for a while. Yeah, yeah. Shit like that. Just have some fun with it. Have them talking. You know shop telling stories and stuff like that and but this is just Barry. What a, about me? Oh, you died. It's just a a hokey way. Of doing this because there was shit going on and they're just under the ground talking, talking it out. Now, you know, I don't know. They're going to be a team now, Eric. So now the next issue, when shit is about to destroy the world, they could stop it. Because I guess not being a team before wouldn't allow that. Yet, that's all we saw. But yeah, I'm telling you. I said it in the beginning, if you are kind of going in and out with this book, whatever, Manship sent me a fucking note. He's like, I loved it. Well, he hasn't been reading every issue. And if you do want to have an issue where you want Superman to get fully in and all that stuff, this might be for you. It's not for me. I am mad. 
I it's an accumulative score from the whole run. I give it a three out of ten, which is probably very harsh, but I really wanted to make a point that this book is nonsense and I want to get rid of it. I want I somebody who's actually going to write a real story and an original one because all Brian Hitch has been doing is lifting from every fucking thing he can find. You even have a Star Wars reference. Star now. Wars, we had you Doctor had, Who before. We had w- War Games. The one yeah. thing basically was lifted from, I mean, everything that we've gotten that so far from him. Even if you even go at the beginning, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, you had everything. He, he yeah. just grabs shit, whatever seems to fucking be on whatever cable that night. Whatever he that week, yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, that night on cable, and then he writes a story, and it, it's fucking terrible, and, and I've had enough. I really have had enough, and I wish that if if you told me, Jim, why would you want to stop this podcast and this site and I would tell you to get rid of this fucking book. I don't want to deal with it anymore. I will, and I'm going to keep doing it because I just don't want to fucking give up and, and have somebody else write it because then if somebody did a review on the site for this and gave it a 7 out of 10, I'd fucking kill them. <laughs> Especially you, Eric. That's a little hint for you about your score. But, yeah, I give it a well, 3 I, out of 10, which I, I do think you, it's a little harsh. I told you before this that I wanted to be more positive than you because I think I liked it just a little bit more. But the problem is – one of the saving graces of the series is that the art has been really good. Now we throw Brian Hitch on here, which is an artist yeah. I don't like, and in my mind, as the issue progresses, it doesn't, it gets worse and worse. Yeah, it does. So right off the bat, you have an issue where not only is the story the same as we've gotten before, and it's lackluster, but then the art isn't that great either. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking but I still, through it by by the end, like you said, it just looks like he's rushing. I'm saying though, I done. still want to be more positive than you though. Three point five out of ten. <laughs> Yeah, I actually thought when we first started, before we started recording, I was like, oh, he seems like he's like at a six. <laughs> but it's just nonsense. It's just complete nonsense. Uh, just read up the. If you like Superman, read Superman. You like the yeah. fucking Green Lanterns, read Green Lanterns. You like Flash, read Flash. There's no reason for you to pick up this book. No character in this is better than in their solo book, and they're awful together. They're fucking terrible together, so don't even bother. But we're going to go off now to mail section number two, Eric. doesn't rhyme <laughs> it doesn't need to rhyme it's makes epic me without laugh. The rhyming makes me laugh every time uh yes it's mail with eric and we're gonna start off this mail section with maddie d maddie right. d wrote in and he wanted to give a uh, he sent a letter to jess and tanya and uh it's funny because i know that i mentioned this to you and you didn't want to say anything to Jess. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And uh, I said to Maddie, like, maybe we'll get Jess on to read it. And you said, absolutely not. And then yep. uh, the funny thing is that night I came home and somehow something I left open or whatever, Tanya had read Maddie D's mail and said it was very nice. Uh, also said that he sounded very depressed and that I might have to reach out to Matty D. <laughs> I said, no, Matty D's fine. And, uh, but I'm going to read this, but Eric, I, I have to have some music for this, uh, behind right. me here. So here we go. 
Dear Tanya and Jess, is that is that a good voice there for you? That's Dear perfect. Dear Tanya and Jess, you do not know me, but I am a fan of your significant other's podcast. I just wanted to thank you both for being two awesome ladies. <laughs> Specifically, having the patience and understanding to give Jim and Eric the time to produce a podcast and comic review site. I realize that you may think it's a trivial waste of time, but you should know that for some of us, the podcast brings a little humor into a life that could be full of strife and fear. Now I see what she was talking about. For myself, I have difficulty finding time to converse with other people with similar hobbies and interests. Having a podcast by your husband and boyfriend husband and boyfriend talking about heroes in the fictional world helps me escape this one for a few hours which i can say helps me reset my mind and cope with the day stresses i think i might have to reach out to america so i ask you when and if you get angry about the time they've dedicated to their podcast just take a short minute and see the good they're doing with their works they have brought a great community of people together they are connected by that love of a specific medium they have brought laughter to people that can use it when they need it most. This thing's getting very loud. I know. <laughs> I gotta turn it down a little. It's getting very dramatic. No, I lost my place. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Uh, they brought laughter to people that can use it when they need it most. Okay, I can't speak to the rest of the group of listeners, but for myself, they have made me laugh when I have felt depressed and needed a pick-me-up. Can you get on the line? Start that. You dial 9-1 and then I'm, let I'm, me call for the... There. Okay. Though they may rant and can be crude, they are passionate about their hobby, which in my own experience can pass into other areas of one's life. Yeah, it might. <laughs> so with this being said, I again want to thank you for having the patience with two guys that are so fanatical about a fictional world and a medium of storytelling that they can sometimes seem juvenile. Sincerely with well wishes, Matt D. Matt D there. It's not Matty. Matt. He's yeah. not the he's not the carefree Matty D that we know and love. He is Matt D. Oh. Uh, but yeah, thank you. You want to push thank that one now? Yes, and thank you, uh, Matty. Uh, the the issue is my wife read that and thought that that was a really nice gesture for you to write it. It changed nothing. I got yelled about seven times this week for this podcast oh, and the geez. other uh, one. And I what, just, what I got was you're recording again tonight. I'm like yeah. yes, I got shit to yeah, do. Yeah, it's funny too. I like it when it's uh, like. The constant is Saturday night. Like we always, we have not had a Saturday night off in over two years. Yeah. And every Saturday night, oh, are you recording tonight? No, we just no. decided tonight was the fucking special night. I'm gonna go fucking dance in the streets tonight. Fucking, you know, go and then fucking me and Eric are gonna do twirls together. Of course, we're recording tonight. Jesus Christ! I said, go talk to Maddie D. That's what I'm going to tell her from now on. Actually, I'm just going to have that laminated, and I'll have it like a, a scroll. I guess you can't really laminate a scroll, but I'll, I'll have it on a just, thing. Just print it out, laminate it, and just put it on the wall. So whenever she says that, That's what I want. This is what I want. As she's yelling at me, I'll just quietly start walking away so she follows me into the room where it's on the wall and just point. No, in my in my mind, it's laminated in every room of the house. Oh, every room of the house. That because would be you don't want to have to walk away and prove a point. You just need it right there. I'm telling you, at points, I'm running away. There's no point being proven. I'm running for safety. But, yeah, I'll be like, she'll say, oh, you're recording again. You know what? It's 8 o'clock, and you haven't even made dinner yet. Point. <laughs> and then she'll fucking kill me. And then she'll search out Matty D and kill him. 
Ah, uh, yes. Thank you, Maddie. Am D, I already dead my in this wife, scenario? My wife, yeah, you're already dead. My wife did appreciate that, though, though I couldn't convince her to come on and read it, though she'll say that I never asked her, which might be more correct. Uh, the and next I'm saying email, I, I really appreciate it, too, Maddie D. I am never telling Jess about it because that would force <laughs> me to have a conversation with her. Yeah, no, here's the problem is you, Maddie D has to realize, though, that this is the, this is what happens in this sort of situation. He says, I realize that you may think it's a trivial waste of time. Right there, my wife's pissed, saying, what the fuck are you telling are you these saying? people? Exactly. Why are you talking about me? Why are you bringing this up? Though she didn't oh, do no. that. She I, I, told you, I, told, I can't remember what the situation I told you I fucked up because I said something where I was talking about an email that I laughed about, and I told yeah. her about it, and then it became this whole goddamn big thing. I'm like, goddamn, why don't I even talk? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I get the, uh, I hear you laughing with Eric downstairs. You never laugh with me. Say something like, funny. Yeah. I said, Eric does the dishes. <laughs> uh, the next mail is from Anthony, Eric. Anthony, who is Anthony Jackson on the site. He rarely has written in, True. Uh, but he is writing in. He says, hey, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew, don't up, usually Tony? write in, but this issue of Batman did something to flip my switch, and I wanted to know if that ever happens to you guys. Wait a minute. Here we go. A big pet peeve of mine is when I'm seeing something that is so close to being perfect, but then I find one flaw that I can't <laughs> Everybody <laughs> deserves that, that music in the background. Hey, a big pet peeve of mine is, did you wonder what the fuck I was doing I when really, I stopped? I'm like, does he have a sound effect for flipping the switch? Now, I, I actually thought that you thought I, I fucking did something, because earlier, between one of the breaks, I actually went downstairs and made a big, I get the big cup of soups. <laughs> And I came up, and I have my room dark. Like I, we always joke, like everybody wants to keep the lights on. I always have them off. I don't need the lights on. But I came. I should have had them on. I came with this cup of soup, and I set it down on the desk. And my phone is up here. The only reason I have my phone with me is at the end of the podcast, I use it to get the app to tell you what's next next yeah. week. And I had it there, and I fucking caught the corner of the thing with with my phone. I caught the corner with the soup, and it spilled all the fuck all over the place. It's I'm looking Master down on the floor. Jim I'm looking Warner. on the floor. There is a pile of noodles, <laughs> the likes that nobody's ever seen there. And they're starting to stink. Okay, back to this. <laughs> I find one flaw that I can't turn away from. That flaw in this issue is Batman acting like he's the only hero in his own world. Now, I actually, I'm glad Anthony brought this up because I was going to say it. We do mention it at points. But really, you have Bane coming into town with a few days to kill. You get Superman outside fucking Gotham, girl. Agreed. You get Wonder Woman outside a Psycho Pirate. Bane is doing shit. He would not be able to do anything. But, you know, they're busy. He says, uh, I didn't enjoy I Am Suicide at all, which I didn't either. either. And catching up today with the Catwoman story was a huge improvement. But the way King wrote the Robins, just interacting with each other over a meal, made me so happy for once. There isn't a lot of DC comics that are wowing me right now or just having fun these days. But this worked for me. He's right on with us. The flaw I was talking about came and hit me in the face a little while later after I read the issue. At first read, I'm... Just completely turned around on King's writing. I'd give it a 9 out of 10, but the more I thought about it during the day, one small thing bogged me down about this issue, and that was Batman. Why doesn't Batman want to have help from experienced heroes? He tells the Robins not to help, but they are literally the perfect people for Bruce to fall back on in this scenario. Now, I'll tell you, it's all about Tim in this. You, uh, you can just go with the he doesn't thing. It's not, it's not only about Tim. It's the fact that every one of them has died. He does yeah. not want to see Because every telling death you they that, have, it could be the last. Yeah, I just I think that Tim not being back yet really pulls in and really also 
there wasn't a body. He thinks no. that he was obliterated. There is no coming back from that. You don't. You can't put an eyeball in the Lazarus pit, as far as I can tell. <laughs> and there's nothing. He thinks that he's been completely ripped apart. There is no coming back. No, and no that's where I think it really hit. Like show. even even Batman to this point may have started to kind of rely on the whole thing. Like yeah, you know what? They all die, but they I always can bring them back. As far as we know right now, as far as Batman knows, there is no coming back. He doesn't have any idea. Sometimes uh, Nightwing, Batman, dead is yeah, better. Dead is better. Nightwing used to be Batman, for God's sakes. He's on a team of heroes that could literally destroy Bane, let alone rival the Justice League. Same goes for Jason. Jason wouldn't have to worry about Bane. Bane would have to worry about Jason killing him. Not to mention Jason is also on a team that could wreck Bane. It's true. You have that team. That is a fucking super-powered team. That sure outlaws there. I understand why Bruce wants to keep Damien and Duke safe. One's too young and the other's too inexperienced. I, I'm telling you, I don't even think he thinks of Damien as that either. Because Damien, it's funny, Dick would maybe fight Bane away. Damien, Damien would fucking slice his head off and laugh and fucking <laughs> dance around. But why treat Dick and Jason like these children? I also noticed that Finch drew Dick and Jason really young looking for some reason. I actually, uh, I thought that he was going a little bit more for that Capullo look, the way they look, like the cherub faces. I really do think he was going that route. Uh, this flaw in King's story makes Bruce look dumb. Like he hasn't ever faced Bane, let alone the entire Jokerized Justice League back in Snyder's No, run. see, that's the problem. He has faced Bane yeah, and he's he has. lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm telling you, I think that to him, I don't know. It almost seems to me like he's like, if, if I don't beat him, I, it, there's not even a contingency plan, though. Like, listen, I don't want you guys involved, but if something happens to you, because if Bane kills Batman, who knows what the fuck he'll do next, but... There's no doubt in my mind that Bruce will beat Bane, but for some reason there's doubt for Bruce. I think it's there just to hype up Bane, to make him seem scarier than he is. This fall that uh, can't look, I can't look past also brought my score down to an 8 out of 10. So he still liked it. But I anyway, got it. I'm you, sorry. You really got to well, look at that scene where he's eating the hamburger with a fucking knife and fork. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's keeping up air, sir. God damn Anyway, it. I'm sorry for this awesome. little rant I got from this issue. But it made me want to ask you guys two questions. Has there ever been a story you thought was great, but because of a small, minute problem, brought the rest of the story down for you? I'm trying to think. That's a hard thing to and You to know what add. the thing is? I know there has been, and uh, we've talked about many most likely over the years we've done this, but I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. Yeah, I, I'm thinking I, I can't either. I'm, I'm trying to think. Like It's weird that my mind goes to Grayson to yeah. kind of think, like, what book then and stuff like that, but... I, I don't know. A lot of times, like, even, I don't know. I'm trying to think, but I, I really can't think of off the top of my head. I'll have to think about that and let him know. And do yeah. you hate it when a character of a story in an established universe of multiple heroes acts like no other heroes exist? Now, that that's one thing. We've talked it about does. it many times. It does annoy me. It's another thing, though. You kind of have to let it go. This is like, you know, every girlfriend Eric ever had besides Jess you just have to let him go, Eric, at the end. Uh, that, that no, no, nitpick they just have is, to let me go. Yeah, yeah. that nitpick, though, is going to kill you if, you if you keep going with it because you have solo books. You can't have every member of the Justice League showing up each other's book. Cause and I'm telling you, we, we see this all book. the time, too, like when uh, Superman shows up in Gotham yeah, and, and he Batman's destroys pissed. people. Yeah, and Batman gets mad, and, you know, you, you get the idea. It, it's funny because you are talking about the one book that it makes the most sense for because you don't even I think that it, now that I think of it now Anthony's saying this it is funny because I think that I think that Tom King was trying to give you 
this whole thing in that book when when Alfred says, "Oh, you're asking me for help." Like yeah. it, it made it. It really put an exclamation point on the whole thing. An explanation point. I said, "I heard you uh, on the thing that Bruce never asked for help." So it's it's weird though because he should. He really should. It'd be I'm, funny if he gets it. really fat because he just keeps calling Wonder Woman or, or Superman and he just sits and eats. He just well, it's eats funny the too. Whole thinking time. about this whole thing too with the whole if you know Gotham Girl does get cured and even if she gets cured enough, I then think her superpower is going to come in at the end and freaking save the day. Yeah, yeah. I see. It's weird because they already spelled out that whole thing. I killed, you know, I killed Batman and then I married Duke and and the, that whole thing because if you were asking me. I would have thought exactly what you thought or just said, and that that power that she uses for Bane would have been the last thing, and she would have died so that she's just out, you know, gone, because you do, she does have a shelf life with this power, so I don't yeah. know how viable she is in a book, because she can't really use her powers. So well, even with we'll that, see. though, in my mind, you know, Bane is no more powerful than Solomon Grundy was, and we saw that they weren't using that much power yeah, to take but him Yeah, but here's on. the thing is, she did, you say she killed Gotham. Gotham, yeah, oh, yeah. So she might be a fucking day's powers away from that. Oh, no, that. I, I don't this think doesn't she reset. Gotham. I think Gotham died on his own. I know, but what I'm saying is she used her powers. Yes, you don't know. Him, yes. We don't know how much she has left. Agreed. Nobody does. So no it could be that last this. second. Plus, you don't know. She gets so mad because pretty much, you know, Bane really fucked her over. She may go. She may not need to use that much power for Bane. She may punch him into the goddamn center of the fucking earth. You know what I mean? She might overdo it. She's a goddamn gravity beam or something. Yeah, she is a gravity. And then the next thing you know, Bane will sit in there with people and discuss things and have team-building exercises. Thank you for all the time and effort you guys put in the podcast and website. Sincerely, Anthony Jackson. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Tony. Uh, The next deal is Ryan. Ryan says, Sup, Jim, Eric, Cosmic, Treadmill, Marvel Minute, and... Insert audio clip detached, Eric. Here's we go. I'm not supposed to read that. I gotta find it now. God damn it. Here Stop we go. Fresh <laughs> I think I heard that in prison once, Eric, right after you told me to bite the pillow. Worst part uh, was you were only visiting. Yeah, that's true. I, I wasn't actually I just I accidentally went there. I didn't even, I wasn't even supposed to be there. No oh, comic talk. Him? No comic talk, just a top five list. Yeah, it was it was actually at the uh, the penitentiary. Uh, what's it called? Where they have the the Halloween deal? Oh yeah, jeez. Fucking whatever the yeah. I went. The guys tell me to bite the pole. No comic talk, just a top five list. Top five Tom Cruise movies. Number five, Ryan says The Outsiders. Number four, Collateral. Number three, whoa, Interview whoa, whoa, with the whoa, Vampire. Whoa, 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 Keep going whoa, whoa. on. No, 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 no. Don't you stop. Don't tell me it, that Tom Cruise isn't an Outsiders movie. He's in it. Oh, stop yeah, he's it. in it. I, stop I wouldn't it. consider Tropic Thunder a Tom Cruise movie either. Yes, though. you can put it because he doesn't. No, he doesn't have that. Number three, Interview with the Vampire. Number two, Days of Thunder. Number one, Rain Man. Now, I'll, I'll repeat those because you interrupted me. Number five, The Outsiders. Number four, Collateral. Number three, whoa, Interview whoa, whoa. with the Vampire. Number two, Days of Thunder. Number one, Rain Man. There are two movies on this list that I have not completely seen. Name them, Eric. That's a new game. Which ones are uh, this top five? That I have not fully seen. One I haven't seen one second of. The other one I have only seen half of. That's the one I haven't seen at all. What's the other one that I've only seen half? Days of Thunder. Exactly. Yeah, I only got halfway through. I did not need Top Gun and fucking NASCAR Top Gun. Which leads me into... Now I have to do this. I did not get this ahead of time. Uh, I'll just say in no particular order. Top Gun's on this list for me. 
Cocktail. Cuisine? Risky business. Interview with the vampire. Rain Man. Boom. Cuisine. What would you go? Anything else? Right you like now. The Last Samurai? You, you down with that one? I've actually never seen The Last Samurai. I have. It was okay. Um, but no, Interview with the Vampire is on that list. I oh, you, say like, mi- you like Kill, Repeat, Rinse. I do like Kill, Repeat, Rinse. <laughs> no, friggin' Edge of uh, Tomorrow, is it called? Or I think it's Edge of Tomorrow. I do like that. I don't know if it's on my top, though, because I really do Ooh. like Mission Impossible 3 as well. Yeah, I don't like four. any of the Mission Impossible movies, so you're going to put 3 and 4 in. Oh, no, I, don't, I don't know. If I also want to put Minority Report in here. I want to put like that one there. I love that movie. Uh, Eyes it. Wide Shut's not on your list? No, that's that's hasn't made my list yet. No Rain one Man, has no. All the right moves, not on my baby. list. Hot Water Burn Baby, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You're freaking <laughs> all the right moves there? All the right moves. Oh, actually, fuck it. I have another one that I want to add Good. on my list. Taps, Eric. And that's another one. You could say he isn't the only star. Fuck Jeremy if I, I, I love, ooh, I don't really, I thought that was way overrated. So you ever I. see Taps? No, I don't think I have. You should see that tomorrow. We should have a that, movie night with Taps. That, that's not a, Born on the Fourth of July? It's a feel-good, no, no. A <laughs> feel-good movie like Born nonsense. on the Fourth of July? No, Taps is a feel-good movie where they take over a, a military academy and then the fucking people die. Eh, it's a feel-good movie. What else? What what other ones do you like? Alright, alright, but sorry. I'm gonna put just because I'm really happy. Far and away? Now. Do you like that one? Far and away? I, I, I do I really do like Rain I do Man. Like that so Rain I like Man Far and Away. He's he's a bare knuckle brawler in that one. Interview with the Vampire, Mission Impossible Three, Mission Impossible Four, and Live Die Repeat. Not Tropic Thunder. Not Oblivion either. You might you ever oh, see that Yeah, flick? Oblivion. Yes, I have. I, I'm not a huge fan of it. Neither uh am I. The, I do like the outsiders, but the Outsiders uh, is not a Tom Cruise movie. He no, here's the problem that is that's the problem. He's not that. He's not even that great in it. Uh, so yeah, I couldn't say. Because I don't even know if he really has that many lines. Wasn't he Spicoli in that no. Fast Times of Ridley? No, he wasn't. I thought he was. You never saw? Did you ever see All the Right Moves? No. He's a uh, Western PA football player. Eric. High really? school football player. Yep. Yeah, it's a football cool. movie. It is a football movie, and he ends this with, and then he writes back, What's but he ends position? that with. He's, I believe, I forget. I actually forget. He's a I little guy, that, so I'm curious. No, I thought that he was like a linebacker, actually, but I, I can't really? remember. It's been so long. He says, Kumite, Kumite, Kumite. Kumite. And he had some more. I lied. I have one other question uh, pertaining to comics. Do you guys think we'll ever see the story of Jim Gordon learning Barbara's Batgirl? Will it yes. just... Will it just jumble her mythos even more? And he says, thanks, guys. I will tell you that when he uh, had this, I don't think it changes anything. No, neither do I. If you tomorrow had Jim Gordon find out that Barbara was Batgirl, it would not, in my mind, change anything at all. It it really wouldn't. And uh, actually, it might change things slightly for the better. I don't think it would jumble anything. Uh, it would make Gordon worry about her a little more and, and kind of do that sort of thing. And maybe uh, you'd have an interesting story on the way of Jim Gordon getting very pissed at Batman for putting his daughter in Agreed. that sort of uh, position. Like, I think we, it would be We saw good. that situation in Batman the Animated Series where it was, yeah. this whole, like, it was a great episode where Barbara was hit with the fear toxin from uh, Scarecrow. Okay. And she like, It wasn't vision, Sinestro, Eric? It was Scarecrow? No. No, it was Scarecrow, but she, like, in this vision, though, she fell off a building and died, and freaking Jim Gordon realized who she was, went through her computers and diary and whatnot, yeah. found out Bruce Wayne was Batman, and went on this goddamn manhunt. It was a really cool episode. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even see that episode, actually, but yeah, I think that the most interesting part would be Gordon, yeah. you know, going with that I'm and you, that having a real issue with it. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it would. Uh, and they, here's the thing also, is now, then you can get rid of this almost telling them all the time. You know what I mean? It's just, it's always constant where he's almost finding out. I don't know how he doesn't know this mess. Hey, I was just going to say, I think he's a moron. I really yeah. do. I think he is a complete and utter moron, Eric. Uh, the last section, uh, or the last mail in this section is Brandon. He says, sup, fellas. I know everybody was very concerned, so I figured I'd start off by saying I survived Disney on ice. There was a lot of overpriced chaos going on around me, ankle biters around every corner, but I made it out in one piece, never wanting a second child ever in my life. Event note, Disney can go sniff the nearest seat cushion if they think I'm paying 12 bucks for cotton candy. You like cotton candy? Not a big fan. I'm not either. I I really am not. Uh, Though... It is kind of a carnival thing. It uh, is. And I'm telling you, I the feel carnival, there's a tradition where I yes, have to have, but I'm not a big fan. That's what happens with me. That, uh, that's the same. I'm telling you, I'm not a huge popcorn fan, but at the movies, exactly. I have to have it. It's just part of it. Uh, cotton candy's worse, though, because if I see it in the supermarket, because now you can get it anywhere. Jess uh, bought a big old bag of it at the dollar store today. Yeah, fuck that. I'm not buying that. No, especially absolutely at the not. dollar store. I'm trying to write this email here while watching Weird Science on Weird Science. Paradox okay. right there. And we all know how I hate time travel and multiverse shit. Now I'll just mention he is talking about our movie night that we had last night. A uh, summer we're party. recording this on Saturday. We recorded or we had the Weird Science movie night on Friday night. Jammy, jammy, jam. On Rabbit. The Pajammy, jammy, jammy. I liked it. I actually, I'm telling you, we even said, I was like, I'm so tired. Once the movie started, I was having a lot of fun. I'm telling you, I that really movie was. was so fast, too. It, it was ridiculous. Jim and I were on Skype the entire time. I was yeah, we were talking with each other. his freaking uh, Skype thing. Yeah, yeah, and we, we were, were talking with each other. we were laughing our asses off the entire yeah. time. Fucking making up jokes about it all. <laughs> it was fun. And uh, that's, that's the problem, though, is we do want to have, like, uh, certain movies, especially, like, Weird Science or shit yeah. that we like from the 80s. We want to do uh, some commentary some yeah. you know the movie commentary and things i realized that i really have to check myself eric because my main commentary is me just saying lines two seconds before they're said, that, said that, that's the whole time i was like what are we gonna do just say the goddamn lines before yeah, they do that's all we were doing is say the lines but we were laughing we had some theories going it was fun I actually, there were a couple things that I was like, I never even saw that part. Uh, the part where I said that when uh, they're walking in Wyatt's house at the party and they go by a picture, and it looks like somebody has drawn Hitler mustaches on all the fucking family members. I never noticed I mean, that either. I didn't see that. How about this? He doesn't go for baloney. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yes. This email will be very disjointed. All I can think of is Lisa is so very damn hot. I also yep. haven't seen this movie in a really, really long time, maybe since I was a teenager. So really had no idea the ending clip to the podcast is actually from the bar scene. Mind blown, Eric. That happened to a bunch of people when we were watching oh, yeah. it, when they were in the bar with the parties over. It's it's right from that scene in Weird Science. And they were like, holy shit, that seems so weird the hearing that so- not at the end of the podcast. We have an altered version of, you know, freaking Danny Elfman's freaking weird science scene for the yeah, beginning. Yeah. We have a clip from the movie at the end. And even in our written reviews where, like, I do the explain it, that's just the one guy at the bar said, explain it to yeah, him. And, and if you want to also know, we have the bits from, and pieces as and that's a line, a line from the, the scene. Song as well. Bits and pieces and yeah. bits and pieces and. Yeah, we have a huge bit of little, you know, fucking Easter eggs, Easter I guess eggs, they yeah. would be, of weird science all around the site and the podcast because we do like that movie. It's not our favorite movie, though. We no. say it all the time. It is not either of our favorites. Yeah, because we both like it. And it's like, it's one of those. You like horror movies. 
I like nothing. Food, and, yeah. and But yet we both like weird science. And it is something. <laughs> I've seen that movie fucking a trillion times. So. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Rocky. Rocky, don't leave us. We're a brutal bunch and tend to beat something we find funny to death. Resurrect what we just beat in the Lazarus pit, then beat it to death again. <laughs> Hell, I'm just glad he's finding something to get mad about in this story, because when I put that book down, I have no fucking idea what the hell I just read or what's going on. Just makes me feel stupid. We're not big on symbolism in Buffalo, so I guess I missed that day of school, you know. Snow, he says. <laughs> I missed that day of school, you know. Snow. It's a snow, man. Is this man ship? Snow, man. I think Brandon is disjointed. I think he might be drunk when he's writing this. I don't know. Books. Superman. Well, this title wins the weekly award for a six-issue arc smashed down to a three for reasons to be named later. My guess is this upcoming Superman crossover fucked things up since I think DC's business plan is to fly by the seat of their trousers. Either way, I thought the goddamn point of rebirth and double shipping was to know, was, you know, tell stories, not mash up bastardized versions of them that have potential, but are ultimately a hodgepodge of shit. This glowing blue crap is really starting to piss me off, and it, it's... If it's a thing or not, is soup healed? If, if <laughs> is soup healed of it or not? Make a decision, goddammit. it! Yeah, I get it now. He's saying, you know, does Soup's, he have yeah. this or doesn't he? I'm having problems now. Batman. I, I agree, eats. Brandon. <clears throat> I do too, and I do think it was smashed down. I'm sorry, I'm butchering your email, Brandon. Batman. I would eat so many Batman combo meals with Jokerized fries, they'd have you to give me a handicapped shit. spot at work. Hashtag <laughs> dreams. Green Lanterns. This is legit the first issue of Green Lanterns anything I've ever read in my life. Really? A little cheesy in the back and forth between Simon and Batman yelling at each other, but I'm I interested agree. in the story overall. My Green Lantern knowledge is essentially the podcast, so I know there are continuity issues with Scarecrow and this Yellow Lanterns crap. He knows that because I yelled at him about yeah. it on fucking Twitter, but I don't care. I'm just hoping for a decent Batman Green Lantern story and we might maybe get that. Maybe this arc can be my Justice League book for now. And it's funny because he... He did say this is the first one. So I guess that's a victory. I guess that's why you get Batman in the book. Yeah. Why didn't that happen? It didn't seem to help Deathstroke. I don't know. A lot of people seem to love Deathstroke. From what yeah, but hear. I'm saying sales-wise, sales it did I agree, not help. Yeah. God damn it. I hate the Patriots so much. So, so much. I want nothing more than to see them lose this game Sunday after eating 400 chicken wings. The only joy I have in my life besides the Bills winning, which rarely happens, is when the Patriots lose, which rarely happens. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I need new hobbies. This is how I felt, you know, in the 90s about the fucking Cowboys. Yeah. Hi, right, gents. I'll give you a break on your chicken wing lifestyle choices this week. Brandon at BMuro3660. Thank you, Brandon. We're going to go off to Brandon, and he is going to be talking about Darth Maul. And I do, I thought it was pretty cool. This week, Brandon put out a tweet to ask people what they wanted him to talk about. Him and A little Trent. poll. A little poll. He worked the poll, Eric. Sure uh, did. And I, I think that was pretty I cool. I, I, I did, too. I hope that he keeps going uh, with that, because I thought it was pretty cool. And uh, the, the audience and everybody, friends, family... Lend me your ears, Eric. They picked Darth Maul number one. Hey, man, I rocked the vote, and I got what I wanted. Isn't Darth Maul dead, Eric? Isn't he dead? Just like my daddy. He, Yep, I said. You'll hear me after this. Hopefully said, daddy comes back. I don't want to spoil my joke later, but Darth Maul is like Eric's dad, and you'll find out why next. But, yeah, take he's it away. coming back? No, he's not coming back. <laughs> we started singing my. Tyrannical guy, maybe Vader someday later. Now he's just a small fry. 
how we doing, Weird Science? This is Brandon. I'm coming at you guys with this week's uh, special edition of the Marvel Minute. Uh, special edition because we're going to be covering a Star Wars book this week. Request. Uh, yeah, and as as always, I'm here with uh, Trevit. So Trevit, what's going on? How you doing, man? Not bad. Uh, we have uh, put it up to a vote on Twitter this week. Uh, it was between pretty much two choices. We had Champions and Darth Maul for the masses to pick from, uh, and 67% ended up going with Darth Maul. So that's I'm surprised. Yeah, that's the book we're rolling with here. Um, even even the big Star Wars fan voted against the Star Wars book and still lost the vote. So I, I don't know who, who was voting. And and where the votes came from, but every everyone that voted wanted Darth Maul instead of I, Champion. I think it was like what forty one people, forty two yeah. people voted. I mean that's a. Like that. I accidentally voted for Darth Maul. Yeah, that's the one I voted for. I, I would have rather read Darth Maul personally. I was just fucking around and I my finger slipped and Bing Bang Boom, Darth Maul. So uh, this is, as we've already spilled the beans, uh, Star Wars Darth Maul. This is going to be number one of the miniseries. Uh, six, I believe it's going to be. Uh, and then we got writer on this issue of Cullen Bunn and an art team of Luke Ross and Nolan Woodard. Uh, so we're going to get into the blurb here before we, we spit the bit about Darth Maul number one. Rod uh, Reese did the cover, too, who... Um... Yeah, I, I didn't say any cover names because when I open the digital edition, there's literally like just 14 pages of covers, so I don't even yeah. know. I mean, I, I the reason why I mention it is because he did the entire um, he did the oath cover interior, he did everything, and I hated the art, but I like what he did in this Darth Maul cover. It was really nice. Yeah, yeah. So I saw like just 14 pages of covers when I opened this. I'm like, oh is yeah, there, yeah. Is there so any funny. goddamn story in this book? What oh, the hell's going on? Uh, so, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, we've unearthed another prequel story. This one before the actual prequel stories, uh, which sheds some light a little bit on the dark side's inner workings. Specifically, I'm referring to this story about everybody's favorite forgotten badass, Darth Maul, and why he has a little bone to pick with his, bo with his boss, Darth Sidious. So let's jump into this week's Marvel Minute and do what we do best here at Weird Science and explore that dark side. Uh, so, you know, um, I'll, I'll just throw a disclaimer out there. Most people probably know if they've listened to any of the emails I write in or, or, or things like that. Uh, you know, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, uh, personally. I like, <laughs> I like the movies. You know, they're, they're not my favorite. They're not, super rewatchable to me personally. So uh, I know the story, but I, I don't uh, really know a whole bunch of uh, a lot of the background of a lot of the characters. Uh, I don't, I don't really have a, a connection to all the inner workings and character names of, of the random robots and monsters we run into. So Trevitt's going to be a, a big help as we go through this here. <laughs> and uh, almost right off the bat, we run into to one of those situations um, we have what to me is a general team of Star Wars mercs basically walking into a, a creepy illuminated cave. Yeah, a bunch of red shirts. Yeah, the, these are these guys anybody? Am I no, just right in saying they're mercs? Yeah, they're mercs. Okay. They're <laughs> I don't want to, like, you know, this motherfucker doesn't know what the hell he's talking about reviewing Star like, Wars I'll shit. I'll disclaim, too, as to... Uh, 
I, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, like own a lightsaber, the whole nine. But um, I have friends who um, make me feel like I'm not as big of a Star Wars nerd that I am. Like I have friends who have seen all the movies and would say that I'm a Star Wars nerd, but I know people who put me to shame. Yeah, so. yeah. There, there's different groups of that nerddom for sure. Yeah, um, there are levels. But uh, anyway, as they walk into this creepy illuminated cave, um, we basically find out they're there to flush out a monster. Uh, and, and these guys are kind of wondering out loud whether they're the hunters or the hunted. Um, and while well, we find out pretty quick that they're indeed the hunted and, and they're being preyed upon by this giant octo squid and he looks like he's got goddamn zits covering his entire body. Uh, I, I said, I said he needed <laughs> some, some proactive skin treatments immediately. And it's a Rathtar. Okay. We talked about this. It's a, a Rathtar from The Force Awakens. It's okay, the, there um, we go. It's what uh, Han Solo and Chewie were smuggling when we first met them in The Force Awakens again with... Um, their names are escaping me right now. I'm terrible. I've seen the movie like nine uh, times. Ray and... Ray and, um, and the British. The Stormtrooper. Yeah. yeah um, what the fuck was his Finn, name? Finn. Finn. Yeah. FN. Uh, what's his like FN? Yeah, F8N or wasn't that? Well, I it don't was, know. Um, FN five something something. Yeah, we got Andrew in Belfast screaming into his headphones <laughs> right now at us. Uh, anyway, that these it's dudes, <laughs> these dudes run into this uh, Rathtar, and yep. uh, this one dude gets immediately boomeranged, and and I mean boomeranged by he he gets bitten off at the ankles. Essentially, oh, yeah. like in Suicide Squad, what happened to Boomerang in those early issues, and uh, the other his his boys are being tossed around, knocked uh, and shit. Yeah, like the world's worst victims in a bar fight. Essentially, they're they're just being thrown here and there by these tentacles. Um. Then then we kind of find out what 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 the purpose of them being there was, and it looks like it's all just a game to Darth Maul. That's what I took from it, right? It's like a training exercise for him. I, for him, it is like, uh, these guys, it's, they just happen to be like, they're hunting, uh, the Rathtars. Oh, see, and, I, I here, I thought they were working for Maul. No, no, they have nothing to do with Maul. Maul just, Maul's just out there, um, hunting to, uh, you know, to uh, sate his uh, hunger for violence and mm -hmm. pain. Like, he's just out there to kill stuff. And these guys are out here uh, hunting the Rathtar for some reason. It's not really... Yeah, it looks like they, they have some sort of contract to bring it back alive to somebody almost, isn't that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I don't see that happening, not with these friggin' things. I yeah. can't. I can't understand how 70-year-old Han Solo got <laughs> like four or five of these into a, a fucking a ship. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah, those things. So we've, I, we've seen how vicious they are in the movie. Like you, you remember that, right? From the Force Awakens. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't make the connection until you told me. So yeah, it's all yeah. you know, it's all connecting in my brain now. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember those things running around the ship. They're vicious. Um, but but anyway, we start getting a narration at this point in the story. Uh, you know, an ominous black box narration. Uh, we get a shadowy figure, and it's ultimately revealed to be our title character there, and that's Darth Maul, uh, who's, who's kind of lurking in the shadows of this, this cave everybody was chilling in, and he eventually jumps down to start taking on these, uh, Rathtar Octo Squid creatures. 
Um, yeah, he, he kicks ass too. Yeah, yeah, he he makes it look easy. Like it's not even really much of a thing to him, really. He no. goes, he starts with their tentacles, just kind of takes them all off Stop and wiping them off and beating it in the head. Then probably stabs them in their tiny brains. Um, <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> Uh, once he gets rid of the first one, he remembers, he's like, oh yeah, these things are pack creatures and, and two more come out in its place. Like, uh, he's identifying with them. Like he's identifying his, um, his need to, to, you know, to be, to, to be vicious and and relentless and, and kill, uh, with his own, you know, while he's killing it, you know, that's the narration. So, So as, yeah, he's basically continues to take on these two and you get some little bits of uh kind of hints of Darth Maul's skills. Um you see as he's taking on this one, it's like attached to this tree, trying to fend Maul off. And essentially it's got Maul's axe. He's like using this axe thing. And uh Yeah, like a scythe. Yeah. And it's they're basically in a tug of war and he rips rips the goddamn thing and the tree out of the ground essentially. So he yeah. he like out tugs the war Tug of Wars, this, this uh, tire, yeah. That has, like, five tentacles in the tree, which makes you wonder, like, when he was pulling, was he using the Force? You know, because, you know, or is he that strong? Yeah, so, uh, you know, probably a little of both. Yeah. Um, And as he's looking down at all these dead tire, he basically mutters to himself how he envies their freedom, you know, which I thought was kind of a cool little bit. Yeah, it was. It was. And the art is fantastic here, like... The the action it's just beautiful like they he um who who is the artist again I forget their name uh I don't know which one is credited with art and color I think Luke Ross does the art Luke Ross yeah that's it it's Luke Ross he he does a fantastic job with the action like it's so clear and perfect you know exactly what's going on it's not all over the place he does a great job um yeah I I I agree with you I as far as the fighting goes in the issue it's super easy to tell what's going on you know what i'm saying you're not like how did he get from this flip to this position it's the transitions are nice you know it's sometimes in those superhero comics you're like i swear this dude just he just acted like he took a punch and now all of a sudden the other guy's getting punched what happened in between you know what i'm saying yeah sometimes it can be very very hard to follow especially yeah, there's, when there's a lot going on and there's a lot going on here and it's very clear like you know exactly who's doing what and when and why you yeah know? there's none of those moments um so we leave the the wrath tar pit uh and we stumble upon darth maul basically snooping on some jedi meeting um it doesn't really reveal what the Jedi are here for. It just kind of mentions they're, they're a peacekeeping force and the Jedi are, are just dealing with some alien species. I don't know. It looks like all the dudes in the bar at, uh, that, that Han shot that guy in. Yeah. It's on Coruscant, which is, um, very prominent in the prequels with, uh, I think we've had a few scenes, one in revenge of the Sith. Um, a bunch in Attack of the Clones. It's it's the city that's so high up, like you you, you never see the ground, uh, which uh, I think I'm confusing that with the Anakin and um, thing. But there was a scene in another Star Wars comic that I was reading where they actually show the bottom of Coruscant, which I think is where they are right now. Yeah. 
but uh, it doesn't really tell you what the Jedi's are doing. They are no. they're just talking to these two yeah. uh, this alien species, and and Maul is stalking them because he's like itching to fight yeah. the Jedi. He just wants to fight one so yeah. bad. Yeah. He even like goes to pull out his lightsaber and then just like, you know what? Not gonna do it. Yeah, because <laughs> the Jedi basically sense sense something in the alley. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of approach the alley and and the the master says to the Padwan, he's like, don't just go running down that alley. Let, let's, you know, See what's down this alley before we go running down the alley. And basically, yeah. there's nothing down there. They sensed then, Maul, but he was long gone by the time they see what's down. Oh, there. yeah. He even questions the Jedi. little young, the Padawan questions, you know, the Force, because he's like, you oh, know, I felt someone's here, but no one's here. And, you know, yeah. how the, the Masters are, you know, steady yourself, trust in the Force. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he talks sorry. about. Re- sorry, I'm sorry. No, go. <laughs> he talks about like this revenge. Like now, I remember Revenge of the Sith, but he like he talks about it. Like he says, I have endured great suffering as part of my training. Also, I might be an instrument of revenge. You're like, what revenge? I've, that that point has never been clear to me throughout like the prequel. I think they just they just aim his anger for being tortured at the Jedi, the Jedi, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a that's all I took it as. Like he he's been through like kind of like Bane, you know. Bane's not necessarily pissed off at Batman cuz Batman put him in the hell that raised him. He's just pissed they're off just, at Batman cuz he's he was raised in hell, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're pissed <laughs> off essentially at the Jedi that. for their existence period. Yeah, like, it, it's kind of like that. Um that's I what I took it the- as. Yeah, I don't want to go into the history of the Sith because it's very complex. Yeah, like they're, they're all different varying levels of Sith. There's the rule of two, which I think I think it was Darth Bane that came up with that. And then beforehand, there was like a planet of Sith. But the problem is, it's like they always kill each other. So one could be the master over the apprentice, you know? So yeah, they don't you're, last you're probably talking about all the stuff that doesn't count anymore. So I think some of it still counts. Um, they were never too clear on it. They said some yeah. stuff still counts, some stuff doesn't. You know, it's it's all on what they do from here on out, which they haven't gone back to the old Republic yet, which is where the Sith, all that stuff came from. You know. Yeah. But um, I, I hope they do. <laughs> we'll save the Star Wars history lesson for another day. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I can't go. I can't talk about Star. I'll, I'll start going to all sorts of places. Yeah. Star Wars. That's, that's for a different <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> so back to Darth Maul meeting up with Darth Sidious. <laughs> yeah, so so the the master and fuck uh, I don't I don't know what is he called the master? Does he call him the master? I don't know. Yeah, he calls him he calls him master. So yeah, they have basically a father and son chat is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Uh, with you know Darth Sidious being the one kind of talking to Maul and saying, listen, you, you can't be fucking around, dude. We we got this plan in place. And you're jumping the gun, and and you're fucking things up. Stop fucking things up. Yeah. And and Maul's just he basically just answers and tells them straight out. He's like, I want to fight these Jedi motherfuckers, and that's what I want to do. Um, and Maul Maul's like, if you don't listen to me, I'm gonna take you down. So how about that? Um, yeah, he's like, I just want to prove myself, you know. Yeah, he's like, he's you, like need to, you need to stop, like, uh, you know. Dipping your toe in the water there and testing your boundaries because you're gonna ruin all this stuff I'm trying to plan. Like, yeah, uh, he, I'm he, the master, you're the apprentice. That's yeah. how this shit works, motherfucker. <laughs> he, he dads him. Yeah, he dads him. Um, dads him. 
So basically, I, I think just to keep him busy, he sends him off planet to uh, this place called Cullix, uh, and he tells him to secure these people that are sabotaging basically a future Empire operation, probably to get some sort of mineral or something to build the Death Star, which is yeah. what everything's always about. The Trade Federation, um, those little, like, weird bug-eyed-looking guys from yeah. prequels. That who, were, like, uh, ended up being behind everything, manipulating the scenes, whatever. Yeah, they they had that uh, that refinery on um, the planet. It, it was in Revenge of the Sith. I forget what it, the planet is called, but it's the battle that uh, Obi-Wan, between Obi-Wan and Anakin at the end. That's where Darth Maul has to go, kind of, to... Um, Make sure that operation that they got going on there doesn't get found out because it's illegal. And right now they're being like held for ransom. So he sends Ma- dispatches Maul there to, uh, you know, to to gain control over the situation. So he sneaks up on these people, kind of in these weird ships. I don't know. They looked like giant orbs. You know what they look like? Um, those uh, friggin. Mining little ships from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I was just gonna in, say Guardians, uh, the yeah, one Rocket yeah. and uh, they Gamora were in. The were in head yeah, nowhere. Yeah, that's exactly what they do. <clears throat> they do. They look like that, and and Maul sneaks up on him, and he blows a bunch of them away. And his badass ship from uh, the Phantom Menace. It's the same ship. Is it? Yes, yeah, the same ship. See, the, this is all the shit I miss uh, reading <laughs> a Star Wars comic. Um, <laughs> everyone, everyone that has watched. And, you know, absorb the information into their brains about Star Wars is like, oh, you know, that, that ship. I remember that ship. I remember, oh, that's what his lightsaber looks like. And this is all the stuff that that escapes me and, and that I catch in the Batman comics and shit, shit like that. You know what just, I'm saying? Yeah, just like the backup. Like, if you don't know these little facts, like, especially the facts of this ship. And yeah, like, if you don't know, because the backup has no dialogue. So if you don't know, like, certain details about the movies, then th- that stuff will just, like, fly over your head. Yeah. Um, so by the time the people inside the city Maul's trying to get to find out somebody's coming for them, Maul's already come for them, and his lightsaber is working its way through the door. <laughs> yeah, so badass. <laughs> it is pretty cool. Uh, they're scared. Too. Yeah, they're shitting their pants. Um, bodies from the outside, from those little guardian um, little crafts that they had. Like, you know, they, they see the lightsaber. Like, before they even see the lightsaber coming through the door, a body smashes up against the outside window from mm-hmm. space. Like, <laughs> Yeah, shit's going wrong. And uh, Maul obviously gets through the door. They they try to just fill him with bullets, and he uses his lightsaber and his badass somersaulting skills to get the hell out of the way of every shot. Yeah, that's so sweet. Like yeah, comes through that, and door, it looks cool. It's drawn yeah, really cool. It, it looks it's perfect. Like he comes right through that door, charging. He's got the staff. He blocks two shots. He friggin' kicks another guy in the face, and then. Jumps in the air, does a front flip. While he's doing the front flip, deflects a shit ton of blaster fire, and then just lands and and destroys everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Cuts to one guy in half while he's shoving the other end through another guy. Yeah. Force pushes another dude. Like, oh, it's in the action. The art's perfect. See, one one of the uh, few details I do know is. That Darth Maul has the best goddamn lightsaber of the bunch. Uh, I. Here's the ironic thing about Darth Maul and my love for his lightsaber is that I think 
you know, basing things on the Ninja Turtles, Donatello has the most pussy weapon of the bunch, but that's basically what Darth Maul has, is he has Donatello's weapon, and I love yeah. it. I don't, you know, it, two different properties, same weapon, um, you know, He's one is badass, one is not badass. I don't know, Donatello, you gotta, you gotta get some laser shit on the end of that or something, you know, uh, Step Maul your game up. That. It's been 40 fucking years. You know oh, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> He's used it as a sword before, too. I think in The Phantom Menace, there was a scene where he um he just used one side of it as a sword. And then, yeah. like, like, he'll use it as he needs it, which makes it the most badass lightsaber. Could you could use it either way? Like Yeah, you can surprise people with that second end. And, and it speaks to his skill, because... Um, it's a lot harder to use a staff lightsaber than yeah. a, a, like a sword saber. I, I like the red blade lightsabers, I guess, because Kylo's, I would say, is the second coolest. Not that it really serves much of a purpose with those things on the side. No, it doesn't. I, mean, I guess your your hand can't get cut off because that's well, like cool, a go-to move with everyone in their lightsaber. The cool part about that lightsaber is it is uh, an ancient Sith design. Like when he made when Kylo made that lightsaber, it was like a nod to like the old school. Like his lights, that lightsaber is a throwback, and and the way he did it, uh, like he used like a little bit of like a unsta- unstable kyber crystal, and that's why, like in the movie, that's why the blade looked so unstable. Like versus yeah, like, it looked Jedi like it was on saber. fire almost. Yeah, so badass. So yeah. Badass. Um, I hope did, that, did that. that thing get destroyed? It didn't get destroyed, did it? His he lightsaber. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he he. I don't know if it got taken with him. I think it got taken with him at the end because he was out cold. Yeah, and, he was. Yeah, they came and got him. Yeah, they came and got him, but I don't know because he dropped it. So I don't know if they picked that up. Uh, I'm hoping we get a new light. He has to construct a new lightsaber. That's what I'm hoping. I hope they left it and he has to make a new one because that would yeah. be dope. Cause uh, they, they, I mean, because that's what happened between um, uh, Empire and uh, Jedi when Luke had to construct his. Uh, it's it's yeah, kind of like, his uh, blade. His color changed. It went from green to blue or blue to yeah, green. Yeah, because he it? had to he had to construct his own lightsaber, which is part of a Jedi's training. Like they have to con- construct their own lightsabers. Uh, let's see, where were we here? I don't know if that's canon still, though. Yeah, I, th- that's the other thing. You can't, they just changed everything. So the little that I did know from previous, like, and, and buddies that would read it all and tell me shit, and I'd be like, oh, that is kind of cool. Uh, yeah. now the no longer counts. True. So now what I don't know, you know, but, I just don't know. But the movies still ring true. Yeah, that, I know the movies and the comics it, are true, too, now. That's a fact of the movie, so it should still ring true that, like, part of their, like, you know, because... In Return of the Jedi, when uh, Vader has Luke's lightsaber and, and he's like, "Oh, your training is complete," you know, because he constructed his own lightsaber. Yeah. So I think that still rings true. You know, you should check out um, that Anakin Obi Wan comic by Charles Sewell. Pretty fucking dope. Yeah. I read it the other night, and it and was the only the good. only other Star Wars comic that I, I read the one issue of the when the series started. That was it. I just I can't. Like yeah, like you, I've told you everything's going over my head. I can't get yeah, into yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, that stuff. It's I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts at the end here. We'll, we'll finish this up. Uh, stop, stop raining here. Uh, so basically, Maul <laughs> comes into the room. He clears everybody, but this one dude who's kind of begging him. He's uh, he's like, "Don't kill me. I'll tell you something if you don't yeah. kill me." Um, and he basically tells him that the people that were here before him kidnapped this Jedi. And he doesn't know where it's at, but Padawan, yeah, Padawan. Yeah. 
He's like, it happened. Believe it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's going to get auctioned off. Right? So, um, the guy Maul came to rescue is like, oh, this is great information. And wait till we tell Sidious. So he'll, he'll be, you know, proud of us. And Maul kills that dude right there on the spot. Um, so he's the only one that knows this information. And, and he, he does it. Yeah. He does it on purpose because. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, because no, like he's like, I'll just tell Sidious that everybody was dead when I got here. Because, yeah. And and this is a this is always a Sith thing too. Like they're always conspiring against their masters. Like yeah. all the friend, even Vader, even Vader conspired against Sidious. That's what the whole Force um, Unleashed games were about, you know. Mm-hmm. So like he wants to go out and like get his jollies on this Padawan. So that's why he kills everybody and is like, all right, I'm going to go fucking torture this. I want to fight this Padawan because yeah. I'm a, I'm a, like essentially he is a Sith Padawan. So he's like, I want to fight a Jedi. Well, he Padawan. also, so, he assumes that the, there's going to be more Jedi coming to rescue this, yeah, this prisoner. So I think he wants to get in like a multi Jedi fight. Like he yeah, wants to fight them all. Yeah, he's got a real hard on for it, and, and you know we all see how that works out for him in the Phantom Menace, but yeah. So, so the ending's a little bit ambiguous as as to whether you know he wants to go there and just kill this one Jedi, or if he just really wants to test his skills against a bunch bunch of them. But regardless, either way, he's headed off. Oh yeah, here it is he's to like, go do uh, one of the two. This Padawan is just, uh, just a student of everything I have come to loathe. He's like, awaits liberation. Surely it will not be too long before the Jedi stage a rescue operation of their own, but they will be too late. I will get there first. So he's going after this Padawan. Yeah, he wants to kill... Okay, so he wants to kill this Padawan before the Jedi get there yeah. to rescue. I, I love the when he's like, my master has his secrets, and so too do I have mine. <laughs> yeah, and that's how it ends. Uh... That's our cliffhanger, and then we, I don't know, you want to talk about the backup story? Because I really don't have much to say about it. It's a yeah, story about two there. droids. These events, and it, it says it too, it says, these events take place on Tatooine during the Phantom Menace. And um, if anyone remembers the Phantom Menace, uh, I know a lot of people try to put it out of their minds. There was a scene when they were first picking up Anakin. And uh, you, if, if you've seen the movie, you remember at the time when Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi were on Tatooine. And they pick up Anakin. Maul was there at the same time working behind the scenes, sending out probes. Because I think that he was trying to get to Anakin before, um, you know, before Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan. And a side note to that is it always confused me why the Emperor, even before he even, like, um, even before the Jedi even knew about Anakin, he was really, really interested in Anakin and, and seemed to like know more about Anakin and his mom and the history of his life than we ever found out about or that was ever let on. But while he was on that planet, when all that was going on, he was sending out these probes. And this is what the backup is about. It's about one of the pro- three probes he sends out. And the probe goes out to do what Darth Maul wanted it to do. It's irrelevant what he wanted the probe to do to the, in this story. So the probe is coming along. And it um, it hears a cry out from another droid, and it goes down a pit. And it, it sees this droid, and the droid basically asks the probe droid to help him out because he's stuck under a rock. So the probe droid helps out this other droid out that was stuck under the rock out of the hole. And then, you know, that you think that that's it. The, the probe droid goes away, and then the droid that needed help calls out to him, and he's like... Uh, 
Oh no! Wait, there's more. Um, they get picked up by uh, Jawas. Um, well, yeah, the, the, they separate the two droids. Yeah, the two droids separate. And the he gets, gets shot down. Jawas. Yeah. And then um, his buddy the, rescues him. Yeah, his buddy <laughs> rescues him. Uh, and the probe kind of like screws up the Jawa thingamajig. I forget what it's called. Um, everyone's seen them. They drive them around. They had their own version of it in space balls with yogurt and all that. It was pretty hilarious. But um, So then they kind of become friends. Uh, the probe droid gets called back to Maul's ship, and the droid that the probe droid save asks if it wants to stay and be its friend, and end of story. Maul takes off. The probe droid stays behind with the droid that it saved, and they're like a, a little... R2D2 C3PO kind of pair in their own in their own way. And that seems to be um a theme that goes throughout Star Wars like a droid meets another droid and they become buddies. They pair and, up, yeah. Yeah, they even have it in the Darth Vader comic. There's like a evil version of C3PO and uh R2D2 R2, like yeah. yeah, it's like a R2 droid, but it's not like a R2D2. It's a, it's like a R2 droid that has kind of more of a like bucket kind of head and a C3PO that instead of being gold is like a gunmetal gray and it's like the evil version of R2D2 and C3PO, but it's like a running theme throughout Star Wars, which is pretty funny. And then that was the real end of the issue there. Uh yeah. and then you get a little bit of a tease for issue uh 2. You got and, charged a dollar for that, folks. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> that backup was a buck. Um, so you know how we do things here, guys. We tell you to buy it, to borrow, or to forget it altogether. Uh, Trevor, why don't you go first? Let everyone know your thoughts on uh, the book. Okay. Um, so the art is fantastic. Um, everything is is clear beautiful uh the action is perfect you know exactly what's going on we established this uh the story is pretty good so far i mean i like it a lot uh we it's pretty solid i mean we we know where it's going it's pretty much so far about this hard on that he has for the jedis i don't know what the ultimate goal cuz it's a mini it's not an ongoing so there has to be a larger arc uh that we don't know about yet in this issue 1 mm-hmm. so it's still a little bit unclear but I'm gonna say, if you are a Star Wars fan like I am, this is a this is a buy. I mean, the art is solid, the story is solid so far. The only thing that I, I have to rag on about is the price. But um, if you love Star Wars, it's a buy. Like if you feel if you love Star Wars like I do, buy it. And if you don't, you're probably not gonna buy it anyway. So yeah. so if you're even remotely interested in this Darth Maul comic book. It's a buy. Like, go for it. I would buy it. You should buy it, too. So, Well, uh, we all know I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan in the uh, Weird Science crew here, but, um, you know, Dar- I've always found Darth Maul to be kind of one of the cooler prequel characters for me personally, yeah. uh, even though he had a short, you know, shelf life. Uh, he's kind of like my Bubba Fett in that way. Um, had a cool look, did some cool things while he was around, and... That's what I remember, not necessarily that he bit the dust quickly. Uh, but as far as this story goes, I, I found it interesting and and uh, gripping. Um, you know, I read it a couple times, and it, and it went quick both times. Uh, so, so, you know. Yeah, it was quick. Uh, quick little read uh, as far as that goes. I thought the narration was cool at setting the tone and, and letting you know what Darth Maul's inner thinking is, uh, which is important really to – 
to set the tone for the story overall and what his purpose is yeah, ultimately going to be. Um, and then kind of just watching him, you know, have the skills to pay the bills, so to speak. Uh, like just shit talk to himself, not even to other people. Just like <laughs> he shit talk, he shit talks he to does. himself. So and then he, he, he goes out there and does like what exactly what he thinks he's going to do. You know, it's pretty cool. He's such uh, a badass. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you love the art. I thought it was decent. I like the action scenes personally because, you know, not, not that the artist was my favorite, but I, I thought everything as far as the action, which there was plenty of in the book was like just, um, portrayed very clearly. You know, it, there, it really there was, was no skips in, in scenes where you had to kind of like use your imagination to piece things together. Speaks to the strength of the artist's yeah. storytelling. Yeah. Um, so, definitely. so if if I have that in the book, and you know, the art isn't absolutely, you know, my hand-picked choice, you know, I'm still fine with it. So that's basically where I'm at in the art department. Um, you know, the Star Wars background I said is slightly needed to kind of get a full understanding of all the outside events they're talking about in the story. Yeah. That's which true. is what hurts my enjoyment of the Star Wars books. Um, you know, uh, that's why I can't get into them because you're spotting ships and you know, these droids and all this shit is going over my head and, <laughs> that's and, true. and you know, it's that, that obviously it helped your enjoyment and it hurt my enjoyment a little bit. So, yeah, it um, really did. The, it really did help my enjoyment a lot. Uh, you know, and the, um, what's this last fucking note I have on here say, you know, the ending and it's that. Oh, oh, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, basically, I'm here. Here's the thing: is that they they set this as a prequel to before the events of Phantom Menace. Yeah. So you know this tension between Sidious and and Darth Maul is kind of all for naught because you know he he just kind of remains in line with Sidious and, and and does his bidding in the end. So this is this kind of feels like just you know Darth Maul's teenage te- temper tantrum a little bit. Yeah, um, before he falls and goes behind his back like a teenager. That yeah, before true. he falls back in line ultimately with what the the plan really is. So, uh, but but with all that being said, I still really like the story and I want to read number two. Um, and I put it down as a buy, and that's again with me being a minimal. Star Wars fan and and missing all kind of the intricate details throughout the story. I still enjoyed it and and I, like I said, I'm a sucker for action related comic books. You know, if if you yeah. put like a taken action story in a comic book, I'm I'm eating down. that shit up. You know, yeah. I think so, that says a lot about the book too. That the fact that as much as like because like before when I said I would buy it, the reasons why I buy it is because I'm a Star Wars fan and and I get so much more out of it. But even someone who doesn't know as much as I do about Star Wars, like yourself, enjoyed really still enjoyed that. So I mean that yeah. says a lot about the book right there. Yeah, and and you know the if it was a different character, like if this was a story about somebody, I don't know, any replace Darth Maul with a different character in the Star Wars universe and, and put this mini out like Poe Dameron. I'm not interested because yeah. I, don't, I don't give a shit about Poe Dameron. No, neither um, do I. but Darth Maul, you know, he looks cool. He's a bad guy. I'm interested in that story. So you already so, know he's interesting. Like yeah. when you saw the previous Phantom Menace. He was one of the main reasons you went to go see it, you know? So you're right. right. Yeah. 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 So that's where I'm at. And, 
you know, uh, that's where we're at for this week's Marvel Minute, guys. Um, as far as next week goes, I think we're going to try to do that poll again. Uh, so maybe we'll give you a few more choices besides two, and we'll see how that works out. Uh, be- so, so stay tuned for that. Um, I don't know, me and Trevor will talk about it, and it'll probably go up on uh, probably Monday because it's Super Bowl Sunday, and I'm not going to get anything anything done tomorrow i'm <laughs> gonna eat and drink and then just be a mess i don't work on mondays so yeah be, it's gonna get ugly and i don't work at all so, <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll just so it's comics. ugly for you every day <laughs> yeah, and... yeah every day is ugly it's just a, a, a hazy uh, marijuana comic filled um haze, haze every day like. there you yeah. go <laughs> So we're all jealous of Trevitt, and with that being said, the party is over on this end. Uh, If you're looking for us throughout the week, guys, you can always find me at bmer3660 on Twitter, and Trevitt, where can they find you at? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Afrinaddict, and on Instagram at Trevitt's Comics, and I wanted to give one endorsement that if you like Star Wars... And you do take a chance on this book. Also take a chance on the Darth Vader series because it's fucking amazing. So. <laughs> yeah, I've actually heard that. And then that would be another one I would actually read because it's not Poe Dameron. It's Darth Vader. It's you know Vader. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, good. so, yep. That's it for us, guys. Marvel Minute or Marvel Half Hour, whatever you want to call it, uh, <laughs> is over for this week. Uh, party's over. Peace out. Enjoy your weekend. Later. All right, Eric. Darth Maul. I thought that guy was dead. Hello? Hello. <laughs> what are you eating now? Double quarter pound with cheese. Double quarter pound with cheese. What are you having a fucking snack? No, that I'm sounds dinner. like something you dinner. That doesn't sound like dinner. You must have already eaten the other fucking three double quarter pounders with cheese, and I hear you Quiet scraping down buffet, fucking boy. fries. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Listen to you. Always yelling oh, about me. You're fucking fatty. <laughs> Darth Maul, Eric. Darth he, Maul. He, I thought he was dead. Yeah, he's dead, all right. That yep. guy. Cut his double half. lightsabers. Unlike your everybody. waistband. He, he got sliced in half, unlike that order. Did you go buy that or you sent Jess there to the drive-thru? No, I was I was weird with the drive. No, were you? you were at a, where'd you? Where else did you go? Because you couldn't have just gotten in the car to go get that. Oh, you went to pay your rent, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you went to pay the rent, and then you, when the rent's done, freaking rent, rent's too damn high. You you went and got yourself. So, what was your complete order? Here we Uh, go. Well, I'm saying though, it's sitting here getting cold because I had to come right here and we had to do this thing. But I got a double quarter pound with cheese, ding, large French fry, ding, and a twenty piece nugget. Twenty piece nugget to wash it down. You get a drink with that. I got a uh, two-liter Diet Coke right here. Oh, a two-liter. Did you did you start I had eating to go, That's Jim, a tasty Jim, burger. Jim, I'm trying to watch my figure. I had to get Diet Coke. Yeah, watch your figure. You, you better get a wraparound binoculars. I don't <laughs> even know what that means. <laughs> Diet, Diet Coke. At least you didn't order the Diet Coke. No, did Jess so. order two drinks? So she, it's oh, Actually, you were in the car. No, but did the she car do that? No, no, did no. she do that? She didn't do that at all? No, I'll I have her way a, too much shit. Uh, did, what did she get? If you don't mind me asking. 
I don't know. We're kind of in the middle of an argument. I was pissed off at the time. No, really. An I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> yep. I don't even want to know what it uh, Was it about like she said, hey, is there any way I can have a half of one of those nuggets? You shut your mouth, bitch. How dare you? Yeah, Who really? Is? Why you would she off. even say that? That is inappropriate. That I'm angry. It is about inappropriate, Jess. Jesus Christ, sharing those nuggets. The minute that anybody gets near any of that food of yours, you, you are in danger of missing a finger, Eric. That's it, how my daddy was. I'm telling you, it was like when I was growing up, it was like being in prison. If you don't finish your food fast, my father's going to take what else you have on your plate. How it was for me, like in prison, is every day I woke up and had to take down the biggest motherfucker there. And that was my dad. I beat the shit out of him. <laughs> fucking kicking his teeth in. No, oh, that's right. Uh, a lot of people don't know. You're Bam Margera. Yeah, yeah. That That's basically the deal. No, when, uh, it was the same for me. Uh, basically, though, what we would actually do, we'd, we'd actually have to eat at the dinner table. Our, our family did eat at oh, the dinner table. Oh, we did that, table, too, yeah. But it was a fucking race. I was the Usain Bolt of fucking dinner time. I would fucking shove that shit. I'm telling you, to this day, I can rarely... Uh, like, if I had peas, I could not really eat them without putting the fucking plate up to my mouth and shoving them in, because that's how I did it. I never, and really, also why I am a fan of, like, peas and mashed potatoes together, so you could just clump them together. And get, I didn't want to talk to my mom or dad, and whoever got done eating dinner first could fucking control the TV for a little bit until my dad was done. And my dad, you know, when he was done his eighth helping of shit. He's then a, he, he likes to savor things, Jim. I'm ta- no, savor. You know. I'm telling you, and this is not a joke. He was like Jabba the Hutt. He would just sit there shit all oh, over him. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, it was the worst. Oh. You know, ho, 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 son. <laughs> and then I'd try to use, you know, the Jim Warner mind tricks. Hey, Dad, uh, I love you. Ho, ho, Jedi. <laughs> Jedi mind tricks don't work on me. Dick. Yeah, and then he'd come out, he'd stumble out. Now, after I left, like before he died, the big thing was him, he wouldn't even leave the TV room. He would have, you know, a TV, uh, what's it called? Oh, why? Well, I'm telling thing. you, though, fucking cut the middle man out. You don't need that table. It just interrupts Yeah, it was just something. Time. It was weird. It wasn't even something that they really spelled out. It wasn't like one of those, well, you know, a family should eat together. A yeah. family that eats together loves together. Uh, we just, it just happened to be that way. But it also caused a lot of trouble because there was a lot of things that my mom and dad liked that I hated, like liver is the main yeah. thing. And I, I would legitimately gag when I'd eat liver, and my dad would get so angry. And there I am, poor me, you know, I'm seven, eating liver, and I'm gagging because it tastes so bad. And my dad would reach across the table and smack me right across the face. And I used to sit there, and I wouldn't cry or anything. I'd just look at him. I'm like, how the fuck does that going to make me want to eat liver? Uh, seriously. Now when I eat liver, I have to punch myself in the goddamn face every time, Eric, and then it goes down. Also, I, I had a problem at one point. I don't even – I can't really even under, uh, explain it. I had a problem where I would gag eating uh, mashed potatoes. Like they would get caught in my throat for some reason. So you have a and, really bad gag reflex. No, this me. wasn't even You're a no gag. It was like parties. it would get stuck, and I really did think that my di- – it was because I was just nervous eating, and I wanted to get done. So I just learned to eat shit. The fucking, you know, quick as I could. There were times when I'd shove shit in my mouth and then run upstairs and spit it out in the toilet, stuff like that. I just, my mom. Oh, you're a purger, okay. No, well, no, my mom was just a horrible cook. If you were eating the shit, she, her big thing was, you know, those encore meals. That's about all she'd, she'd cook. But Darth Muller, I heard he was dead. That was the word on the street as far as I know. Like your, uh, like dad, your dad. dad. It's weird. Uh, Darth Maul is very much like your dad. Number one, he split. And number two, he's dead, Eric. There's there's the two. Put a boom! 
Is there going to be a three where they both come back? There was a three. Uh, no, there's there's oh. no coming back. There's no coming back. Daddy. Uh, <laughs> Daddy. Uh, but yeah, we're on the green section of the podcast uh, now. And again, we're going to shoehorn a very uh, common book into the end of this. But the first two books... They are the green books. We, we need a swamp thing back in the mix. Yeah, we, need we to do. Have, something to, like, have a complete green section. Yeah, we'd have swamp thing. Or even if uh, they fucked up one, we can even put like Hal, Hal Jordan, the yeah. Green Lantern Corps, just to, you know, please us. I, I'm or, telling you, at some point, we're going to, um, if the Justice League remains bad and Brian Hitch stays on, we are shuffling fucking Nightwing to the top. Justice League is going down into the green section. Yeah, at least I, there I, are green I, Lanterns think, there. I think it's going to happen soon. Uh, people have already heard us talk about the Justice League, and while people, a lot of people, manship, say, oh, oh my goodness, this, this goddamn Roller Justice League, they're really much. building a team. I said, you know, they're building my fucking anger. That's what that's building. <laughs> it's building up to a crescendo. Uh, but let's get on with the green section. Eric, which you're going to start with a book that is another one that I think is a lot of smoke and mirrors for some people. It, it's a good setup, but I don't think it's quite there. And what am I talking about, Eric? Green Lanterns number 16, written by Sam Humphreys, with art by Neil Edwards, Jay Lyston, Keith Champagne, Blonde, and Travis Lanham. The Green Lanterns make their way to Gotham because Batman has a job that he thinks only they can handle. Maybe maybe he should have taken this one solo, though, because the majority of this issue is all about Simon and Batman fighting over who's the culprit of the fear crime sweeping the city and the fact that Simon carries a gun. By the end, though, things heat up as Alfred is affected by the fear and Simon and turned Simon's gun against him, and we see that he, the villain of the story is Scarecrow, and he somehow gained access to the Yellow Spectrum. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of setup. This issue, and you had the end of last issue where, hey, uh, Green Lanterns, I need you, and Jeff, oh my God, is this the Green Lanterns Batman, you know, team up that I've been hoping for? And it is. Uh, yeah. But like you said, the problem with me is three quarters of the issue is really repeating two things the whole time and it is simon saying it's scarecrow and batman saying no it's yellow lanterns and the funny thing is they're both right and also that's what i really like by the end yeah it was actually funny uh but really the whole thing with simon's gun i i got so angry with i was even before we even started recording this segment i i was yelling at you off the air about it because i understand that well yeah but i understand batman's issue but I also understand that Batman has been on a team with Simon for quite some time. Now, you could tell me, no, it's just Gotham. You hit the city limits. you got to hand in your guns. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah, that that it, is it, bullshit. I'm telling you, we, he, we know that this is Batman's city. He says it all the time. Like, you know, his city, his rules. You get that yep. in Red Hood and the uh, Outlaws. But if we would have gotten this issue, like I'm telling you, we couldn't have split up a goddamn first arc of Green Lanterns. Like, you know, a third issue is this Batman yeah. tie-in. But something like maybe issue number seven after the Red Lantern split – if we had it then where, you know, we weren't used to them being a goddamn team together yeah. on the Justice League, yeah. maybe. But since it's yeah. been so long now, it's like, come on, we have I'm dealt telling you, with this. This would have been something that Batman would have had a problem with the minute that the Green Lanterns show up when Hal tells him to go. And, hey, the Justice League will help. And they show up and Batman says, I don't deal with people who use guns. Now, also, yeah. we have seen where he had the same problem with Kate on Detective Comics. Yeah. Unfortunately, the last issue, we saw Kate go. still had guns. She yeah. still uses guns. Batman is, you know, he... Jason to me, still uses guns. Yeah, to me, yeah. To me, where I like Batman is the, you know, hey, listen, I never use guns. I don't like them around. But you know what? People are big, big boys. And the, the other thing with Simon that gets me angry is... 
this is not a guy who's just a uh, you know a detective in town. Like I'm talking like a private detective you'd hire. This is not a guy who is a security guard at the fucking Richland Mall in Quakertown, Eric. If that was still around, is that still a thing? <laughs> this is a Green Lantern of of earth this is his sector this he is the police he's the cop of this whole planet and he has a gun yes but jim gordon does not have jim gordon saying hey buddy you you have a permit i'd love if simon's like here's my fucking permit and shows him the goddamn ring and punches him in the face because it here's really annoying me a construct of a middle and, finger and, yeah yeah really that's what it should be and do the like the real reeling it up like fucking <laughs> star lord <laughs> shit like that and the, the thing about it is it almost comes off to me there's gordon who if you ask me, probably has a gun under that fucking trench coat. He, is, you know, he's a police chief. He has that. So he's a commissioner, Jim. The, commissioner. You look at these people. Like most of the people who look at the Green Lanterns. Look at them as we, like we said, space cops. Uh, Gordon seems to me like he's like, huh? What's going on? He has a gun. Ooh. Batman looks mad. Yeah, you know what, son? You better drop that gun. And I'm, I'm going like, to put on airs here. Yeah, I'm going to put on airs. It's Why? almost like we saw that Kate gets away with it. Jason gets away with it. Simon shows up. It's almost like, oh, he don't know I'm a big pusher. That's what I'm saying. Pull my weight yeah, around. That's almost like it is. And Simon, Simon does because Simon says to him, listen. And where I really don't like it here as well is that in the uh, before, Sam Humphreys had Simon explain the gun and say, listen, you know what? I have insecurities about being a Green Lantern. This just makes me know that I have something else, like th- yeah. that I okay, have a we, backup. We've, and... we've explored this since the yes. character was uh, created yeah. in issue yeah. zero since Green it Lantern. It was created from and yeah, years we, ago. We dealt, we dealt with this already for a long time, and the thing is, every now and again, especially you know, lately, we deal with it a lot where it keeps yeah. coming up about, you know, when the Phantom Lantern was going on, he made those fear constructs of Simon. Simon had to face his darkest self in these yeah. constructs, and, you know, like, you are so afraid that you need to have a gun with you. You are the worst. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and Simon does – It's he admits that, yeah, that's kind of true. But, yeah, like you said, we're always dealing with it. And what's happening now – you, just like Jessica's anxiety. I was going to say – Sam Humphreys came out last issue, made me feel like a dick for always questioning this anxiety. Yeah. The gun is not the same thing. No, no. And what is what it's making me have a problem with this book is – it's making Simon into a one-dimensional guy, and he's so much more than that. And he's a it terrorist actually, with a gun. Bam. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even that, you had that forever. We finally gotten over that, that people thought he was a terrorist, and we're over that. Now it's like the gun, and really, Let's go back I, to I the say it gun. all the time, and I'm going to say it probably three times if I can think right on this one podcast tonight, is that the gun is there only as a prop for later. You have to spell yeah, oh, it out yeah. because it's used as a prop. It, it's almost like, okay, what we're going to do, we have Simon. Oh, he has a gun, and that will do this fear, and then Alfred will get it. And it all – it just comes – like it, it's not a natural progression to me because it's so pointed out I'm at sorry, this it, point. It is, it is very forced at this moment. You know what? We're actually – we're skipping ahead a bit yeah, yeah. where we start out with the Green Liners coming to town, and Batman is dealing with somebody who is with infected a few with days the to fear. Kill, with a few days to kill. Yes. Somebody who is infected with the fear. But the fear yes. turns out to be this guy who wants to kill his lover or partner. I don't know how people go yeah, with this. Yeah. But he wants to kill his partner because it's either I kill you and I kill myself or the Batman gets this. Yeah. Which, this Everybody's is what he's really afraid, afraid of. Batman. This whole fear thing is everyone is afraid of Batman and they want to kill him. And if they can't kill him, they want to kill themselves so he can't get to him. Yeah. And yep. Batman comes in. 
and he starts fighting this dude off, and the Green Lanterns come in and save the day, and they subdue the guy, and this is where we get the whole thing where, you know, with Commissioner Gordon there talking. Yeah. And, now, I will know, say, I, I will tell you, before even Commissioner Gordon comes, I think the best line and the best part is the guy's yelling, I have to kill the bat. He pushes Simon and Jessica away, and then Simon goes and gets him with the ring and kind of frees him. He's like, hey, we got into here just in time to save you. And I love Batman goes, no, to save him. And you're and late. You're late. I like it that Batman does. That is such a good line right there. That yeah. Batman does not care about himself. You save this guy from doing something awful or getting killed or whatever. And I really do like that. But yeah, then Commissioner Gordon shows up, and I do. I like the art. Kind of, this. I I don't know. The I actually art, like the art. I like the art a lot in this book. I'm telling you, I look and Gordon looks half like he's had a stroke when he shows up, and there's just some things that are a little off. On the art in this book, this page especially, when Gordon first shows up, Simon looks like he doesn't even have a 3D look to him. His face looks like a fucking, it's been pressed by a goddamn fucking, you know, a pan somebody hit right. him with. It's flattened. Jessica's a little off. But in general, I do like the art. Uh, I just think Simon's a little off in, in the whole book. But yeah. He, Gordon starts talking about, you know, all the things that are going on and the patterns and, and all this sort of thing that's going on with, uh, yeah, going the along fear the whole deal, the fear deal. And, uh, that's where in the first part of this, where we see another call out to another cotton, Eric. And it's funny because <laughs> Batman says, Hey, I, I only got a few hours. Bane's on his way. And it, it's such, you didn't need that. I, I know that they want to make the connected universe, but yeah. when, are you with me that when they say something like that, it makes it worse because when they Batman's say like, stuff like that. Now I got to figure out where this is working. Yeah, in the timeline. It makes and it how, worse like, to me. In between Batman issues, we have this little friggin', you know, uh, little green lantern adventure I'm like how long did it take for bane to get here then, yeah that's you know? what i'm saying and even in the point that's where bane insane. is on his way we see now bane i only got a few hours bane's on his way and then this all of a sudden happens but yet because they spell that out i'm waiting for something in the batman book to show that it, it never jives the way they want to I and they, i always I, wish I can, that they just keep it away I can see the Green Lantern book pointing out that I figured, like, for some reason, Batman's book has its own attitude. Like, I oh, ain't yeah, references yeah. shit. Yeah, fuck that. I don't <laughs> need to fucking slum with those fucking guys. But it, it always does take me away there. But he says, and it's funny, too, because then when it says, hey, I've all, he's a few hours away. I've already sent my allies away, which he did. He sent a yeah. bunch of guys. And, uh, you know, now it kind of diminishes the, the, uh, the cliffhanger that we got too, because he doesn't seem so upset. But yeah. it, this also points out to me is, and we'll, we'll probably have talked about it already. This is the way we disjoint the things with how we record. But just having the Green Lanterns there, I'd be like, okay, when we're done this, hang a little because hey, I might need bit. your help because exactly. they really could stop a lot of problems. And by the way, while we're doing this, call Superman and Wonder Woman over here. Let's get shit going on. Uh, but Batman yeah, don't ask for help. You have stuff. this where he talks about Bane, and yes, we do have. See, I am Bane, and Batman number sixteen, and that is Crime Alley Cotton. Oh, and I'm, <laughs> yeah, we have an idea that Crime Alley Cotton is more of a. Uh, he's a streetwise tough, Eric. He, of you course, know, yeah. And you, you are, you were doing your Crime Alley Cotton for me before, and it pretty much ends up as the Jimmy Palmiotti Dice Man yes. uh, impersonation. It's like it's. These cotton call-outs are getting a little fucking ridiculous. And, and I, then we were thinking about, you know, there is a multiverse of cotton characters. Yes. We had cotton virgins previously. Yep. Now we have freaking, you know, crime alley cotton. Crime alley cotton, and we're not done because we'll get to another one later. <laughs> and it's it's making us think that we're going to have to have a 
little skit that we record of the multiverse of cottons, which we may get to. We may not. Or we, we don't know. Uh, but, yeah, in the meantime, they're trying to figure out what what is going on. And, it, of course, everybody. Hey, I heard mister, people. You hey, got the time? Oh. <laughs> Hey, hey, what's going back, on? Why don't you give me your wallet? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I say, I say. Is that you, cousin? <laughs> Wait till we get to Croc Cotton later. Oh, He's a crocodile hunter. Uh, yeah, you you go on then, and you have it where I even heard, I heard at least two podcasts last week or two weeks ago when, when they showed the, you know, Batman and, and coming, and it's like, I think it was like, the next issue's title did what, whatever the title is. It, it kind of had fear in it, and people were already going, oh, it's going to be a Scarecrow story. It's going to be a Scarecrow story. And yeah. that's what Simon says right away. He's like, hey, listen, we're in Gotham. I like this part, too, a lot, because obviously you know, Batman's talking. He brought the Green Lanterns in because he believes that somehow the Sinestro Corps at work. And Simon, in my mind, speaks for all the readers who have ever read fucking Batman. you yeah. got a fear problem, Gotham. Scarecrow. Yep, Scarecrow. And the the thing is, I will point out that it almost seems like he's happy about it, as if the people in this universe, uh, Eric, they love the villains, like almost like they'd have food items named after them, because he seems so happy. Hey, you to want have a scarecrow it be the scarecrow. He's Absolutely smiling. Not. He's smiling with that when he says the scarecrow and thinks it's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, That's Batman's like, no. And he does show the evidence. He's like, listen, you know, scarecrow delivers his fear via medium liquid gas germs. No trace of anything like that. Uh, one man can't be in 12 places. These are riots and they're all connected and they all hate me and it's yeah. coordinated crimes. And he says, this isn't it. This has to be a yellow lantern thing. Now, in the meantime, Jessica and Simon are like, our rings haven't told us shit. It, it yeah. can't be yellow lanterns. Uh, while this is going on, Jessica kind of says, hey, well, and then you have the whole gun thing. And this gun yeah, thing yeah. goes on and on. It's Gordon and Batman. And basically, Batman will listen to your argument, and then he, he throws out the <laughs> fucking wild – I don't even – it's not even a wild card. It is the end of the argument. You it see the, the gravestone. That's because all you ever – that's all he does. While he never says it. We get the paddle of his parents' huh. grave. I'm and telling I'm you, he has a laminated fucking big poster board <laughs> that they start doing, and he holds up, and he's like, we, it's we over. Went, we went off on this earlier this week, went to ourselves, this talk is like, all of a sudden, hey man, like I, I call shotgun, Batman comes up, my parents are dead. Shotgun, damn it. I don't believe in firearms. <laughs> no, no, Batman, I mean in the front. Pulls up the picture, there they are, the graveyards. It's cool, Batman. You got the front seat. It's everything. It's like, hey, you want to shotgun this beer, Batman? I told you shotgun. What are you talking about? Give me that beer. I'm going to drink it regular. Here's what happens. He shows the goddamn picture again. It's it is the it's Batman's mic drop. That's what it always is. Every time somebody says, and hey, I Batman, love it you too. You know the movies? There's a new western out there. Too many guns. <laughs> you want to see a western? We're gonna go see how the west was hey, fun. The, yeah, <laughs> I like the Olsen twins. They're watching. Hey, Batman. You know what I like about the Eagles' new offense? They always run a shotgun. How oh. dare you? <laughs> Freaking they they call and goddamn Doug Peterson has to change the goddamn whole offense. <laughs> okay, from now on Carson Wentz yes got to go under center. Batman don't like it. It's it's always the same. It's always that, and it's always funny to me too. And I'm sure that people love it, and they're like, what a bunch of dicks. I love the fact that it always gets to the point to whoever's arguing with them to say something like a piece of shit. Yeah, because like, while they're hey, arguing, it comes out. 
Maybe you should ask yourself yeah. why you have such a problem with me yeah. carrying a gun. And I and love it. Instantly, because, the next panel. Yeah, great no, stuff. here's the best that I like, though. It, it, you you miss one, be- the better part. They well, say that, and then they show Batman pensively looking. Oh, yeah. like looking off in this fucking space. And Mommy, then the next panel. Is, oh, my God. A tear going down the side. They're like, holy shit, what the fuck just happened? They start walking backwards. Let's get the fuck out of here. He's just standing there. Mommy. It's so ridiculous. It always happens. It always it, it, it goes too far. It always uh, makes me laugh, though, because it always comes down to the gravestone. Yeah, it comes down. And you know what else I love? Is depending on whatever day or, or time. It's got snow on it. Next thing, it's fucking spring. It's always seasonal. Oh my god, I'm I'm surprised there isn't a When I think of my dead parents, it's always winter. (laughs) It's the winter of my discontent, you son of a bitch. Even nature makes it tough for me to see my parents. (laughs) It gets me, I shouldn't be laughing. (laughs) It makes me laugh so much. It always ends that way. I was having such a bad time going through this part of the book with them just arguing back and forth about this because it's such a moot point at this moment in time. You had to laugh then we hit this. I started busting up laughing. Oh my that god, goddamn it's so lunatic. funny. It's the best. It's like Batman. He he is the he's the greatest detective. He may not be the best at trash talking. So when it's going back and forth, he he gets and that is the go to move. He has an instant mic drop. It's always, yeah, it's always the go to move. I'm telling you, they'd have a roast, and Batman would be up there, and he's like, "Yeah, you know why I like Superman? Cause cause his fly is down." And everybody's like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" My parents are dead. They showed everyone. So, okay, we got to clap. Oh, sorry, oh, Batman. Shit. And then he walks out. I'm out. It's so, it's so crazy. But, yeah, in the meantime, they're arguing. Jessica's doing some work. And I, I don't know about you. I hate that her ring calls her Jaybird. <laughs> like, really? Now the ring's calling her Jaybird. Uh, but, yeah, she goes in this laptop. It's awesome, too. I don't know if I ever think about this with lanterns and shit like that. Because, you know, the, the, the green lantern ring it can tell you anything pretty much. Yeah, translate yeah. Anything. You didn't you think that it could set a goddamn computer back into, you know, whatever? Is yeah, that what yeah, you... Freaking, you know, hey, can you yeah. hack this laptop for me? Oh, yeah, sure. Thanks, Jaybird. Yeah, like, and I, I yeah. guess the idea i just i don't actually like that only because again it's kind of a hokey setup to get to the next deal and yeah you see these videos that are on youtube you know their propaganda videos all against batman yeah and uh there is the propagandist things and you know hey batman's spying on you it sounds like they really batman sound like attack your ads. home you batman says he's a hero Shady but batman's inside your home do you <laughs> want this to be your gotham savior but yeah they're watching these things and they're kind of making fun of it and jessica's like hey uh, you know i i heard of these not that i read blogs or anything but yeah all of a sudden they realize that it is the yellow lanterns that it, the oh, emotional you, spectrum all of a goes off. It becomes three more days to Halloween, you know, all of a sudden because it just starts it flashing yellow, like yep. friggin' with the friggin' pumpkin. Yeah, and and it causes this fucking sphere. Their their rings start spiking like yellow anomaly detected and shit like that. Yep. We don't know where it's coming from. Yep. Yeah, it's it's fucking silver shamrock, Eric. And they go, and then Batman's like, "Okay, let's go. We got to go back to the Batcave." They go, and you have Jessica and Simon. They're they're in all. You have everything there. Of course, even that. Like you the have that. Cave, you're an instant all. The, the penny just looks like it's. It's fucking plastered on the wall. I, I'm yeah, telling you. I don't know why you, that penny's floating there. A bit of this art. Even the T-Rex seems off. It's like almost like this scene just wasn't impressive enough to really, uh, you know, take some time. Because usually when you have an artist do that, even the perspective is off to me. Like you have the – and 
Usually this is a scene that the artists really like to go crazy with, like that really interesting. Yeah, I can see stuff. like them stairs going up to that second platform. Yeah, even like tilted. back there, you even have the uh, the cases with the Robins, I believe, behind the T Rex. Yeah. But they're just it's really not good. Uh, but yeah, yeah they're all right. I agree no, with you there. But no, saying, and for the most part, though, I enjoy the art in this book. Seems like they were. It the seems guy, like they spent too much time on that Batmobile close yeah. up. To that's do what I'm saying. The it's the Batmobile really was the impressive deal there. But even like the next panel, like go to the next page and Jessica and that, it's really off. Batman at the at the uh, the computer and the rest of them, everything is really washed out. Simon looks like he's got a, like his head has become like eight times the size. He's the Barry Bonds now of goddamn Green Lanterns. He's over there. Just seems off. But yeah, they're watching these videos still and trying to figure out what happens. And that's where Alfred gets infected by it. Uh, smashes Simon over the head with a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't it, know. That. And then he punches him. But this know. is where I'm telling you, yeah, maybe. No, it's the, a cup. The, it's a yeah. cup. <laughs> and we we've had yeah, we've had all these things too where, you know, Simon's ring, they even had it in Justice League where the ring actually rebooted because it was trying to save him. The ring fucking leaves him out to dry here. The gun, of course, goes flying. But uh, it also gets to me that Alfred's an old man. I know that he is one tough cookie, Eric. He's still an old man punching Simon. I don't know that that's going to cause everything on him to go flying. And you can tell hey, me, he's, well, he's, he's infected XM by the fear. MI5. Yeah, I know. Not at this point. That was fucking 90 years ago, but it goes with the story. Ago. 90 years ago. Alfred is actually 120. They don't really spell that out a lot of times. But anyway, uh, but no, the, he, did, he did sucker punch him. That's yeah, all, he like, sucker no, punched he, him he, and he the gun goes. But Simon's a puss. That's all I'm saying. He's a pussy. And uh, Alfred well, grabs honestly, the Honestly, I don't know if he's a pussy because, you know, you can either get your ass kicked by this old man or you can fight back and you know, get the wrath of Batman. No, I'd, I'd kick the shit out of him and Batman would understand. <laughs> but the, the funny thing is Alfred grabs the gun. Alfred grabs the gun, and I'm waiting for Batman to look over and see those grays again or start Told yelling. You so. He yeah, just starts yelling at Simon. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> you still. Because really, number one, it shows you Simon didn't listen to a shit and thing that Batman said. He didn't get rid of that gun. It's not no. even like they had it early. Like, that, the fight never was resolved. So it makes sense. I would have liked to have Simon, like, okay, I'll fucking get rid of it and puts it in his sock. <laughs> I'm but, telling you though, this part of the book, as soon as we get to the back, it's here, okay. I, think this I like book it. Picks up significantly yeah, yeah, with this whole Alfred thing. This whole Alfred having the gun to his head. You know what? Nobody's gonna die, but it's a fucked up situation that I really enjoyed looking yeah, at. Yeah. And uh, but I'm telling you, the whole lead up to it, the whole argument, oh my it God, should have been yeah. a one off. And that's line the that problem. With anymore. We're we're three pages from the end. That, yeah. That's my biggest problem. And, and all of a sudden too, when Alfred and this fight, that looks pretty good. And Alfred looks yeah. awesome. The one where he's like, I have to kill the bat. And he has the gun there. He looks awesome. And yeah, you have Simon like, oh, oh my goodness. He's in that crazy pose there. But then they go and show you in the industrial quarter of Gotham City uh, what's going on. It looks like, you know, almost like telemarketer type deals uh, all yeah, setting there the with the whole thing. Banks yep, they're, they're the big computer banks going and they're showing emotion, fear, classification, yellow light. And they're going down the line and you see people are being infected by or even dealing with the uh you know, the fear lantern, the yellow lantern stuff, and all these people even, I have to kill the bat, and they're doing that, and then they show, and it is uh, Scarecrow. And he's like, beware, your fear's made in the light. And he's got a painted on, almost like Bane did with the bat symbol in the Arkham War. And, uh, yeah. it, it's pretty cool. He has like a, his own version the of the symbol. The one thing that really bothers me, though, because I keep seeing everybody all excited because they point out, you know, it's kind of like it could be the fear of like uh, Scarecrow. Oh, no, I'm sorry. 
they talk about when uh, the Blackest Night yeah, happened, blackest the, fear night. Yep. the fear rings were all about and shit like that. And I'm like, we had a bigger thing more recently in my mind yeah. where the freaking paling the, the was best, freaking- Yeah, and the, the best of what you're saying in this paling in the Sinestro book, you say like, oh, we had a – it was very recent. I mean the people who jumped on with Rebirth, when you're, and we know there's a lot of people out there. It was – a month or so, but I mean, it was like the end of that run for the yeah. most part. It was near the end. We were getting very close to rebirth and we had the Sinestro. He had his own book and they did this again. So when Batman says the blackest night, no, there, there was a more recent time when, when, Sinestro uh, just started sin- throwing yellow yeah. rings all Batman over had, Earth. I so mean, uh, Superman had one. Almost family. everybody. Deathstroke had, had one. Like, uh, friggin' Harley, Deathstroke, yep. Scarecrow. Yeah. And it was good. Uh, uh, people that think that, you know, oh, New 52, everything we heard, it was all bad. The Sinestro book was very good. Dur- now, the, the Paling story of 50- kind of went a little too long. We even said it when did. we read yeah. that and reviewed it on the podcast that, okay, we get it. Because really, you want to see just the coolness of characters having yellow rings? You read that story because everybody got one. I mean, every issue came and more and more got them. Scarecrow was one. And at the end of it... He was begging to keep it. He wanted yeah. it. He didn't want to give it up. He was begging and crying that he deserved to have this fear ring. And, uh, yeah, they don't, they just, they fucking they just don't even Blackest say anything Night, about Blackest it. Night. And I told you before we started that Blackest Night, this is that thing where even people who jumped on it, Rebirth, a lot of them, especially ones who are reading Green Lanterns or Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, they're going to know, uh, you know, Brightest Day and Darkest Night. And that, that's two of the biggest stories. Blackest Night. Uh, Blackest Night, and uh, th- it's two of the biggest things, and to me, that this is just a hokey way to, like, you know, wink, wink, we know what we're doing, and, and, and I'm you sorry, know. That is such, that's such a shame, though, because during the last, you know, year of the New 52, it was cons- considered the DCYU, yeah. and for the most part, everything was garbage during that last year, but the it Sinestro was. book was a shining light in that fucking garbage Yeah, it was pretty good, pile. and a lot of people liked that. That, that and, uh, like, Martian Manhunter, there were a oh, couple Martian, books yeah, that, that was were pretty good. In my mind, too, We Are Robin was really good. Yeah, and We Are Robin, it, you like. It, it I mean, we had our, our handful, but it wasn't the whole line that was good. Obviously, it, it, Rebirth had to happen, but the Sinestro book was, yeah, and, and if you do like to see a lot of cool characters get yellow rings, you know, check that out. Also, Lobo was in that book. Like, a lot of things that have come up recently all were in that book as well uh, and done pretty well. Uh, but yeah, it, it, that I'm part sorry, we, just we leave seemed the, we weird. We leave this issue though with these, you know, somehow Sinestro has been able, I'm Sinestro, Scarecrow has been yeah. able to access the yellow spectrum through the internet or, yeah. you know, uploaded it onto the internet and now he's using, I don't know how it works. Yeah, because, and, Very and really, to find out though. If everybody's sitting here and I, I even have heard some people already saying like, oh, it's awesome. It ends with, Scarecrow being a yellow lantern, he's not. If you look, they, they even, I think that they do it too, where they have his whole hand just to show you there is no yeah, ring. Yeah, there's no ring. Yeah, yeah. They, I think they're really pushing you with that, that they, like, what other time do you see every goddamn finger there? That and, yeah. and the fact that you can, you know, beyond any shadow of doubt, tell that he spray painted a yellow yes, lantern that he spray on painted on. I'm telling you though, this whole last panel is to show you he is not a yellow lantern, but somehow but they have gotten to, to get the emotional spectrum of that from the internet. And if you, if you, think of that way it kind of gets you a little or it gets me a little angry i'm somehow, like i don't I'm, get I'm, it. somehow he got himself a remnant of the fear engine that sinestro yeah. had and how jordan yeah. green lantern corps somehow using he that used i don't know it. how it makes sense he hooked but, it up to chatterbait eric was yeah. infected within 10 minutes 
I had such the biggest fear of hard on you've ever seen. Minutes. Oh my goodness. No, there was the fear of Jessica finding out. That's what happened. <laughs> but oh, yeah. Uh, oh no, I got to do it. Oh my no, history. I got to go. Oh my goodness. I can't, I can't overcome fear. Uh, you inspire fear by when your camera goes on and those fucking women see oh, no. you. <laughs> That's how you're inspiring fear with your pants off. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I, I inspire again, a deal of fear. It's funny. I said <laughs> a lot of things. Yes, you do. And so do I, my friend. So do I. I, I didn't mind the issue so much. Uh, I, I know I had a lot of nitpicks, but like you said, it's almost one of those that three quarters of it was bullshit, but the last quarter was good. There. And here's my thing is I don't even care. This is a setup issue. I'm really intrigued with what it sets up. Yeah, me so too. I, ca- I can overlook a lot of bullshit that happened in here that I thought was really ridiculous because by the end of the issue, I want to see the board. next issue. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I want it right now. And that is something that a lot of these books haven't been doing, but Green Lanterns has been. Uh, it's just you have a book. You have your Green Lanterns book, and you like Simon, right? Yeah, I love Simon. And I like Jessica, and I like Simon. We both like and you have like in his well. <laughs> you have in his own book what i'm saying is you have in his own book batman making simon look like an asshole this would be yeah. like you know you have a movie starring this big star and then this little you know another big star comes but it just why make him look like an asshole in his own book it kind of annoyed me but uh like i said i thought the art was a little off what did you give it i gave it a 7.5 out of 10 i really enjoyed the art i thought there was a lot of nonsense at the beginning but by the halfway through like the book I started having a really good time with this and really caring about this story. Yeah, like I said, when Alfred picked up the gun, I liked that. Unfortunately, like I said, one, two, there's three pages after that. And so, yeah, that is the fourth to last page when he's standing over Simon with the gun. Uh, But that's what I'm saying is that also shows me like you as uh, I'm as in your boat, too. Of the kind of like, oh my god, I'm really excited to see what happens next. That shows you. It's four pages that I really, really like. But I would give it probably, see, I want to give it a 6.5. But I think I like it a little more than that. I'm going to give it a a 6.8. 6.9, Eric. 69, dude. I'll give it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10, Eric. Boom. But we're going to move on to the next green book, and that is Green Arrow number 16. Written by Ben Percy, art by Otto Schmidt and Nate Picos. Emiko's back, and don't call her Emiko, Eric. That's right, Ollie. Secret identities are still something for heroes. He doesn't understand this, I don't think. Neither does the Flash. No, speaking of he actually, it reminded me so much of the Flash. I'm like, please. (laughs) And and really, uh, we'll get to it, but I make the joke all the time that anybody that you show the secret identity to will die within two issues. It it lasts two pages. Speaking (laughs) of heroes, the Green Arrow gang takes out Nodding and the Vice Squad. Ben Percy drops some hints at where this book is going. Then we end with Ollie telling Chief Westberg who he is right before the Chief gets killed. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. I wrote, oh, snap, with four exclamation points. Uh, yeah, I actually, uh, yes, I, I really wanted to stress that. I'm to loading yourself. up the book right now. I got to fucking, you know, pause some time here. Well, we start we start out this issue with Emiko coming back and, you yes. know, really trying to push the fact that, hey, stop calling me Emmy. There's yeah. people around. I'm Red Arrow. It's, and and you know what's off. funny about it is uh, it almost at first, until near the end, 
it almost seems like she's just like, no, no, like Emiko is, you know, that's the little girl that left. I'm the red arrow. But it really does at the end. You're like, yeah, you know what? You are a stupid idiot. Oh, yeah. you're yelling out. Not only that, but you're also kind of showing that you're green, you know, you're Oliver. That yeah. People will know that who that is. It's, it's, he's and so honestly, nonsense. A, a problem I have with this too is like, Emiko. Wear a fucking mask, for Christ's sake. Yeah, really. Well, that's the other funny thing. You're talking about secret identity. You're out there about your face. Yeah, she's upset about a secret identity. Even though, you know, there's Green Arrow. Everybody loves the Van Dyke and all that look. It kind of points out who you are. when You know, you take off the fucking domino mask and you got that facial hair. The little-ass domino mask at the end when he exposes it. He tells him who the the chief who he is. He's like, I should have known all. Yes, you really should have. Also, it's funny, too, because we're we're giving Ollie a lot of crap. But he is also hanging out with a rock star. There's no fucking mask there. I think that he's just going with the flow. The the only thing I can say about this, like even the chief, everybody believes that Oliver Queen is dead. Yeah. committed murder beforehand the fa- so maybe you wouldn't <laughs> jump to that conclusion just I'm because no one you, has though, seen Oliver the, Queen with a black canary the green I've, arrow. I've heard all these you know things where you have Superman and they go oh you know what the stupid glasses but nobody ever would think that you're talking to Superman so with the glasses on it, you wouldn't even know and there's been all these videos of even famous people that will put glasses on or a hat and people if all of a sudden I'm at the Wawa and some guy comes up the most I'm going to say is boy that guy you know looks like I don't know Tom Cruise I would never think holy shit Tom Cruise is here it, it's a little too much with with, <laughs> with that facial hair in Seattle it, you it know is, all the stuff like it's, it's the most defining feature on yeah, his face yeah, it is and uh the other thing that I do want to point out, I love Emiko. I love her so much. Why, why is she so old? Uh, I, think, I know. You know what she, I mean? She's that, really aged up. But the yes. thing is, so even with the aged up, I still only see her being 14 here. I know, but uh, no. I'm telling you, when she's standing there and going, and, and just even Otto Schmidt's art, which I do really like in this oh, issue. I love the But I book. think it, it ages her a little more as well. I think she's now like 17. I, I don't think I really you know do. what teenagers look like anymore. No, to me though, I like her as Damien's age. And like, I'm telling you, you see her here and Damien shows up, she is going to tower over him. She, well, he is she's short for look, his age. Yeah, but I'm just telling you, I just, I, I like the younger Emiko, uh, but it's fine. I still like her. Uh, you don't get a lot of her here because you're going to go with the story. And the, the problem that I had with Green Arrow for a while now, is that we have 17 stories going on. And it, I know that the one story here, which is the Vice Squad and Nodding, they are going to end very abruptly. This has to start happening. You need to get to, you know, a focus here. You have so many different things around. That's also why I think Westberg dies at the end, because it's also another thing that's out and about. Uh, it's unfortunate because it seemed like he was almost going to be his Gordon, and I did yeah. like that. And we're getting, whole say, we're getting a lot of Gordons lately with like Sabato and freaking on uh, Nightwing and shit like yeah, that. And now yeah. this Westberg going yep. on, like, and I like that. Everyone's I, getting I, their own Gordon. Yeah, and I I do like that. I like to have somebody, and especially like this uh, Westberg. I really do think it was a bad choice to have him die because I like that thing where a guy in a position like uh, Westberg's in trusting Oliver and whatever, but not being able to do anything. And it even comes out because they go, and finally, somebody in this book realizes that they've let people walk away while yeah. they're fucking chatting. But because the bad guys are getting away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, finally, fucking Black Canary says, as, you know, Emiko and Oliver are hugging because they, they missed each other. Right in front and, of an explosion. Yeah, like, an explosion. Do you, do you remember 
this car being all torched and blown up in the last no, issue? No, I, I didn't. They, um, now, it's just a burning car sitting here. I did not recall it. I well, no, you know what it either. is. I do know. It's the it's Westberg's police uh, car. Remember when oh, yes. Oliver knocked him out of the way and then it got hit by that yes, fucking right. tank that the vice squad uh, you know, drove off in? And that's when uh, Black Canary says, listen, I, it's great that you guys are you know, getting back together here, but... You know, the bad guys are getting away, and they go, they, they track them. But, yeah, again, <laughs> nobody says, like, you know, just like the blimp with fucking Merlin. Uh, but, no, they go to track down Notting and the Vice Squad. They go it's to low this jack, airfield. so it's easy to do. Yeah, yeah, they go to the O'Neill Airfield outside of Seattle, and they're in there. Yeah. What's that? The, big, the biggest problem I have is when we go to the O'Neill Airfield, and we find out that, you know, the, the Seattle PD had been stocking up ever since these riots years ago. and they The have a WTO riots, Eric, that was a big thing in Seattle. That was yeah, the Battle remember. of Seattle in 1999, Eric. Get it? I don't get even it, remember the Battle of Seattle in 1999. Was Guns N' Roses like, were, did they cancel a show? No. Uh, they may have, and then what <laughs> happened is that was the night that Nirvana was. Now, Nirvana was already fucking gone. I was thinking 89. 99, too. Fucking, we're, we're off on time. 99. It, uh, that was the night that the music died, Eric. I don't. No, I, I don't recall uh, it was it was thing. the uh, World Trade Organization riots in Seattle. It was a pretty big thing. And, yeah, I have uh, no idea. It makes sense. And again, if if you're gonna push the social justice warrior stuff, I I don't mind when he points this out because this was a big thing that really rocked Seattle. So it makes sense. It, it actually ties it in with a real world event. That's okay. And he says, I don't, I didn't really agree with it. We, you know, the police pretty much. You know, arsenaled up. They got all these. Ta- I mean, there are a legitimate tank. tanks in there. It's pretty bad. Uh, but at least it looks like they haven't been used in a while. But really, this tank we find out later is functioning. <laughs> you don't need that hanging out. Uh, but in this, in the meantime, you have Nodding and the Vice Squad. They're off out and about, and they're like, "Oh man, you know, let's get going." And then all of a sudden, these guys are just like, "Okay, here we are." You know, yeah. let's get out of the shadows. Let's fucking face off here, and they all come out. And, and by the way, when we were leaving you earlier, we some, we picked up a homeless guy in the way so that we guy, could make a demonstration. That guy looks like a wreck. Uh, but yeah, it's That's it's you even, in ten years, Jim. Yeah, ten years. That's me in ten fucking minutes. Uh, <laughs> Sergeant Nodding then even says like, "Hey, Westbrook, me and, is. <laughs> hey, I know." And it's funny. Look at this troll. He does look like a troll. Sure uh, what? Uh, Fucking nod. Now you got me looking at this. My guy. bad. He's uh, nodding. He's like, hey, you know what, Westberg? We, we were never going to agree, but it's a shame because I really could have teamed up with this Green Arrow fellow. He likes the same things I do. We cut through the red tape. We jack up the volume. And uh, Oliver gets pissed. He's like, this and, fucking nonsense. And I got mad at this just because Ben Percy's previous run, we saw Green Arrow kill a shit ton of people. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, he like, is just like nodding because yeah, they're both killing people. Yes, and in even their if way. that, uh, would you have minded if uh, Oliver said, like, listen, I learned that's not the way? Because he kind of does say that. I would have liked that a little better. Like, listen, that's not the way. I know. And then you'd yeah. be like, okay, but yeah, this fucking troll guy, he's like, listen, and basically to me, it was like the cartoon type deal where, you know, dance, dance motherfucker, dance. and start shooting the guys doing a fucking jig. I, I, I wanted, I, I wanted him, no, I wanted to start doing the moonwalk. You wanted the moonwalk? I wanted the fucking river dance. He's dancing around. Uh, 
Yeah, and Oliver, he says, you want to fucking put your social justice warrior shit to the test here, you're going to put your life uh, you know, on the line to save this piece of shit. It'll never amount to anything, never do anything. And he does say his big thing is, listen, if you have a toadstool, toadstool growing in a pristine lawn, you don't want, wish it to get there. You, you rip it the fuck out. Yeah, you, you get don't wish rid it to become it. grass. Yeah, you get rid yeah. of it. You get rid of it. And I'm like, okay, I'm, again, this guy really does. I like yeah, that. and this guy really does think that he's right. Now, he know, I know he knows he's a, a piece of shit, but he thinks that that's how it's going to be. And, yeah, Team Green Arrow then goes into effect and starts fucking when, going. When this happens, though, he's all like, here, I'm going to give you a chance. He pushes the goddamn troll in front of him. He's like, I'm going to yeah. give you 10 seconds to run. And, you know, during this day, he's counting down. Gr- Team Green Arrow goes running up to stop nodding yeah. and all this shit. And when he gets to zero... Everybody's dead. Yeah, yeah. He just—it's funny too, because didn't you think it was going to be like ten, nine, one, zero? Yeah. Nope. Yeah, yeah. including yeah, like everybody. And and didn't you? This is the only thing that I thought was a little off in the art, but it does rectify itself. Didn't you think that uh, fucking Amico's arrows were, you know, explosive arrows? Because all of a sudden she shoots three arrows. They land. The next panel is just boom, and Honestly, then. Then you I didn't get think the anything deal. of it because these arrows are coming down. They're hitting some of the vice squad, and in my mind, they're killing some of the vice yeah, squad. Yeah, I'm saying I thought they were killing, but then they blew up. But then you see just a barrel, and if you weren't paying attention, that you realized there was a tank. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? And then yeah, then you see Chief Westford West come out. Killed everyone yeah, with he, a he, tank. I'm, he destroyed them with a tank. <laughs> this is the thing, though. It almost harkens back to me for the last issue of Deathstroke we had, where here we are talking about. The wrong way to go about yeah. this. You don't kill people and all this stuff. Now we just had the fucking, you know, Westberg, who's, a, you know, it, like he's right with Green Arrow and his cause and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. All these bad guys are dead and never going to face goddamn jail time. Yeah, they and it's, I don't know, the the way it's spelled out then a little bit in a couple more pages, what even panels, when uh, the troll guy, and it's funny, the troll guy, he looks like he, he's going to start begging for change now when, you know, well, Oliver sees him. But there's Westberg, of course, he didn't die. And he's like, hey, I left a little surprise in oh, the troll's nodding, pocketbook. Nodding, or nodding, I'm I'm sorry. And uh, I was like, why wouldn't this guy have known that this fucking grenade was in his pocket he put and throw it, in his it pocket out? And he pushed him. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, he has a grenade that has a timer in his, his pocket. pockets are full of change. You don't yeah. feel that kind yeah, of weight difference. Change. That guy hasn't had a change, and there's not a fucking toothbrush in there either, or a fucking oh. razor. He's got nothing in those pockets. He's got a goddamn grenade. Uh, but yeah, it has a timer, and that's where Westberg. And He's I got like where Westberg filled with his urine in the inside. Yeah, of his well, pocket. that he might. Well, Westberg, uh, he has his fucking hobo chili ingredients westberg <laughs> grabs this this grenade and i do like this because he says no, listen like you saved well. my t- my life twice arrow and also it's on me the the thing that should kill a bad cop is a, a good cop and i do like that and i also like the fact that we see that that nodding is done nodding is done there's <laughs> no coming back from nodding no I, I really thought they were going to do something where he might be coming he's not coming i'm back. telling you though the thing is there is a lot of murder in this oh, fucking It's book. a lot of murder, I, and, and, and like, it gets my, it, Green you, Arrow and Black Canary are right in the middle. Yes, they yeah. didn't personally murder no, anybody. No, but they, they see it. Part of this, and again, it's almost like Westbrook's supposed to be like because he's the chief of police. This is kind of, and we know Nodding is bad, but like you said, Nodding should have been picked up. They should have fucking put him on trial. That's how, and and yes. he should be in jail with all those people that he treated like shit and put in West- jail as well. And that would have been his comeuppance. But Westbrook, you know, what you could have done dead. throwing the grenade a different direction. Yeah, yeah, throw it in the tank. 
<laughs> get rid of that and say, you know what? Weapons of destruction deserve to be destroyed. Something stupid like that. But you go off and you see a Victoria Munch. Or Munch. Victoria Munch. I always want to say Munch when I see yeah. that too. Why do I, why do I think that? Victoria I Munch. <laughs> it's Victoria Munch, and she's there live on the scene, and she's saying basically, hey, you know what? My doctors tell me I'm not supposed to be out, but, you know, everybody thinks Green Arrow did this to me. I don't believe that is so. I believe in the Emerald Archer. In the meantime, this vice squad have been taken down. We found these goddamn unmarked fucking mass graves. It's fucking, right, no, it's done. now I, a I, horror I, movie, Eric. I'm done. It is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, my point. God. It's fucking awful, man. Well, yes, Westberg, uh, I mean, Nodding, I said, now I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. Now, Nodding had been a bad cop for a while. He was a brutal cop. He wasn't a mass grave bad cop. Well, and, and, and here's the, the thing. The amount of bodies they have here and the amount of time, it yes. does not and, add and up. And the problem with me, you know why he really wasn't? You're saying he doesn't have the time. The reason I don't think he ever was a mass grave cop is that he was always sending a message. They would yeah. go into Pennytown and fucking kill people and they leave them there. Heads. Now, we did see that point where maybe this is a callback because remember when they went to that crack house and uh, Canary and Ollie and they couldn't find the bodies like people had been killed but disappeared and stuff way back in the beginning of Nodding showing up. Maybe that was pointing to it. But maybe. to me, Nodding was just a guy who, hey, we get shit done. We're going to get rid of this piece. Of, you know, going in and killing them and then taking it away and putting it. It doesn't send the message that it seemed like Nodding would like, have been involved saying, with. The whole thing of him becoming this vice squad and getting these other bad cops rallying behind him was him getting his ass kicked in the video being put on YouTube yeah. and getting suspended from the police force. These yeah, are the yeah. things that tipped him over and the even edge think, of my mind. It even seemed to me like it was already going on because he did, like, even as he was getting suspended, they were already a squad. Because, like I said, remember when the, the fucking Picasso with the arrow fucking oh, yeah. drawing on the wall? They did show that, like, the Vice Squad guys that look like goddamn stormtroopers and stuff. It's been going oh, yeah. on. But to me, again, to me, the big thing is... It was always seemed to be a statement, and and mass graves of hidden bodies and dead. That's that's not a statement, but well, you know, we'll yeah. get over that. Uh, but yeah, it goes on where then you have g- goddamn Domini, Nate Domini, Nate who's Domini. Uh, Oliver's old friend that's running, running for, for mayor. mayor on a very anti-arrow campaign. And it's his obviously mustache. Yeah, and it's obvious. It's like out of nowhere. This is all going to turn on him. Uh, but yeah, then Oliver and, and the, his gang go back into the woods, almost get killed by fucking uh, Diggle setting by up traps. An trap. Yeah, and then he even like, hey, Emmy's here, Diggle says, and she's like, God damn it, it's Red Arrow, everybody, <laughs> fucking assholes, just get with it. Uh, but that's when Oliver goes, and this is what I said where it's pointing out to where this is going to be going as well, is uh, – Oliver goes and talks to Nate Dominey again. He's, you know, he's out there. They're voting, and he's out there shaking hands one last time at the polls. And Oliver goes up to him and says, listen, you're going to lose. You're fucked, uh, but you can still do the good thing. Help me take down Broderick. He's going to fuck you. He really is. And, you know, get that device, the cloning device I gave you. Put it on his computer. And he's like, I can't. But even when he says I can't now, he has almost like a... Now it's like, I can't, you don't understand. Type yeah, he's of thing. very hesitant. Yeah, it's hesitant, almost like, you know, hey, you, you, I'm, I'm afraid for my life here. And, and, and obviously, he should be. Yeah, and things are going to go down. And even, uh, you know, looking at solicits leading up, you know, from here on out, we are going to get back to the ninth circle and stuff like that. God damn it. Yeah, and uh, so that's going to be the start of that. But in the meantime, you have a dinner. Uh, with the team arrow, and they're all sitting there. And it's and nice. It's, it's all very nice. I'm telling you, I really yeah, enjoyed this nice. part of the book because I love seeing our heroes just being themselves yeah, out of costume and being, yep. you know, able to be like 
Henry's there. He included him. He's not bad mouthing him for once. That's nice. I love that. It's funny too because Oliver's like talking. He's doing. He's talking, but it's more of a narration about family. But the way the art is, he's telling that old lady who runs the restaurant. She's like, "Well, he's not going to tell Henry." I like it though. It's like I know what the fuck family's all about. You fucking idiot! I don't need you to tell me. Uh, But then the issue ends with him going to see Westberg, and this is the part. I love this part until the end because I really do like that whole concept of, you know, it's not just a Gordon, but I like to have the hero have somebody that they can trust. And even earlier when you had uh, the uh, chief on the on TV and they're like, hey, does this mean Green Arrow's a good guy? And he's like, listen, I can't comment on that shit. You I know, didn't know he jumped you know, between me yeah, and Yeah, I know that he did this between a homeless guy and, you know, that's a hero to me, but I, I really can't say anything. And I like that. I like that whole idea. Uh, Oliver takes it one step further and says, listen, you trust me. I'm going to trust myself with you. I'm Oliver Queen. And and it also points out that people may have forgotten uh, up until this point, and you even said earlier, I think when we were talking tonight, that Oliver's still a wanted man. He's still wanted for murder. And it didn't just go away. So he wants – this Westberg is a guy who, please, you know, trust me, help me work the right way to figure out what's going on and figure out and clear my name. And Westbrook's like, you know what, kid? And I even like that he called him kid. He's like, yeah, you know what, kid? I trust you. I, I think you, you're telling the, the truth. I like the most about this part because it is very reminiscent of a Batman Commissioner Gordon type yeah. thing. It's where Chief Westbrook is just sitting there. You know, he's drinking in front of the TV. Yeah. yeah. And uh, right freaking, behind he, him. See, he sees Green Arrow coming through the reflection of the TV. He's like, you know, I heard you coming through the window. So it's even like a Batman light yeah. where he's and not as good very, as Batman no. because he heard him come in. No, I know. But it, it's, you know, he's he's uh, he's Green Arrow. He's not yeah. that kind of guy. But no, I, do I, like I actually this. like that a little bit because you're like, yeah, he's not yeah. Batman. You're going to yeah. And also, it also shows you. That Westberg is on the, you know, he's a little smart guy himself. He he recognizes stuff. He well, might be old. He even guy. says, I'm getting too old for this shit. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, there's trouble. And then when Oliver showed him the identity, I'm like, he's got two issues to live. Little did I know. Because he's, he's like, got hey, I got to go take a leak. Uh, what what Merlin is just hanging out in the goddamn shower, Eric? He was there. How long Why was he I always there? open the shower curtain when I take a leak. Yeah, it's funny, too, because they do make it seem I never understood Ever having a shower with a fucking window in the shower. That no, makes no makes fucking sense. sense to me at all. Would you ever have a window in a shower? No. no. I have I have seen them, though. I hate them. I hate them because it's just right there. You, you want to get a, a ticket to peeping? It's a goddamn personal chatterbait going on right in your goddamn home, Eric. Uh, what, what time are you ever taking a shower in the actual shower? Like, you know what? I need some fresh air. Open up. Yeah, most bathrooms Ooh, have windows. Nice. They're not in the shower. open the window. Yeah, this way, yeah. Oh, you know what? I need, I gotta go get the mail. I'm gonna crawl oh, out of this window to the mailbox nude. It, oh, it doesn't shit, make there's sense. the mailman. I'm gonna show also, him my dick. Also, here's the thing. You look at that window. There's no, nothing covering it. This is nope. just a window into a shower. Yep. Oh, my goodness. And all, go it is, it, all it is is for Merlin to get the fuck out then. He's just hanging out in the shower. But, yeah, he puts – it's also another thing that we've had two things in this. Uh, freaking nodding. He's not coming back, right? Nope. Neither's the chief. He's nope. An he has an arrow right to his fucking head. Jesus Christ. He's coming back from that. Yeah, and, and the other thing is uh, – do you, you, uh, Merlin knows that it was Oliver, so it's kind of a wasted deal because 
Chief that Chief Westbrook does go in, and as he's like, "Oh, Oliver Queen, Green Arrow, who would ever thunk it?" And it would have been a kind of a cool call out. I figured that out before. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a cool if it was somebody in the shower that didn't know that and stuff oh, like yeah. that. But but he does, and he kills but him. And actually, I'm like, you know what? If that was the case as well, him saying that out loud to himself, yeah. and then there was somebody who learned that and then killed him. Like, that's fucked up. I don't yeah, know yeah. if I like that or not. Well, here's the thing: you, you can say that. Merlin's only there because he f- followed Oliver, in my, in my opinion. He was just there, you know, and he was going to kill him. Maybe he was going to anyway, but I don't think Merlin cares anything about, say, the Vice Squad. I think that yeah. he followed Oliver, and he's just trying to fuck with him. I mean, this might be just the case of him trying to fuck with him. If well, Oliver again, doesn't I'm show up there, I don't think Merlin would have killed things. him. I'm saying this is, this is just one of those things where, you know, it's another arrow, a green arrow that he used to kill Westbrook yeah, yeah. to continue the whole, you yeah, know, yeah, green yeah. arrow killing. Uh, but it, it's there, and it's weird, though, because before his whole, uh, you know, freaking method was get people who are bad-mouthing Oliver and then do that to make it look like he's taking people out against him. The chief came came out on the thing and said, hey, I can't really officially say, but he seems like a good guy. So he now I think he's gone past just framing him. He's just going to kill everybody around him. It's funny, too, because if you really look, I have the thing where you have the window in the in the shower. If you look really hard, you have to magnify it a lot. You see a blimp. In the background, Eric, and he's, he's hanging on the blimp as he goes with the thumbs up. Like, where is he going with this? <laughs> you see, I wish I could draw. I draw a little blimp there. Hey, see, smell you later, Arrow. But yeah, it ends with him seeing that, and it's funny. It ends with the next attack on Sherwood Forest, which we do think, you know, they're go- he's going to attack. Now, also, you have to realize that Diggle almost killing them is a huge setup for what's going to be coming when, when Merlin or some other people go into the forest. You have to set that up that they were still fixing oh, yeah. up the perimeter and stuff like that. It actually made me sad when I saw the attack on Sherwood Forest because you were hoping that Nodding and the sh- you know Sheriff Nottingham and stuff like that was going to play out with that. But now I he's really dead. Did. Yeah, so now he's dead and he can't, but... Uh, I like this that issue. That Dutch boy haircut of his. Yeah, I I did like this issue. I love the art. I thought the art was really good, and I just I liked Emiko. It's a very quick read. Uh, I told you the whole thing with Nodding was a little bit abrupt, but you have to start thinning the herd in this book. There is too oh, I much. Understand that. I I just I had a lot of issues though. It's like you know the whole thing with the you know yeah, the know. Vice Squad having yeah. these mass graves. The fact that the freaking Vice Squad are murdered right in front of Green Arrow and like, hey, you're a guy I can trust. Yeah, and He's here's like, the thing, though. Uh, they, you know, they were bad. And the other oh, thing, though, is you already you code, got though. Yeah, but he's fucking Westberg's gone now also. So maybe that's another thing that at the end Oliver sits there and thinks, you know what, this cycle of violence. He, he read Deathstroke, Eric. The best thing to get rid of this violence is better aim. That, that's what we learn. But, yeah, I, I went past that part just to be happy to get rid of it. Nodding to me was not that interesting. Uh, yeah. The interesting thing that they've – there are two things that are interesting to me in this book are Amico and Merlin. And yeah. now it looks like we're going to have more of both. So I, I do like that. Uh, I gave it an 8.5 on the site. And a lot of that was the art. I thought the art was awesome. I, I love the art in this yeah. book. I, I'm happy whenever Otto Schmitz – I love Juan Ferreira. But... Yeah, I love uh, – that's the thing. This book rarely has bad art. Uh, yeah. the, the two main artists, Juan Ferreira and Oliver, they're both awesome. They really are. and uh, uh, I think I'd give us a 7.5 out of okay. 10. Well, that's good. That's good. You're wrong, but that's fine. Eric. <laughs> a little love. Uh, I enjoyed this issue, though, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Well, we're going to move on to another issue, Eric. The next issue is going to have another freaking new, uh, almost like a Gordon, or maybe is it a Bullock? 
kind yeah, of, you know, it's more of a bullet, but, of a bullet, but same kind of deal. Nightwing number 14, written by Tim Seeley with art by Marcus II, Chris Sotomayor, and Carlos M. Manguel. In this conclusion to the Bloodhaven arc, our hero tracks down Jim Nice. We find out how the hows and whys to everything that's been going down in this book, and man, is it really forced to the point of being almost ludicrous. Yes. Ludicrous speed. Ludicrous <laughs> the rapper, Jim. Oh, I thought you meant ludicrous speed and space balls. I don't it's both, Eric. Sorry. You son of a bitch. <laughs> that is I'm now, just going to bring the fun down. That is now two more uh you know movie nights away so I, um, i'm not a big fan of Spaceballs. actually no, i'm telling but, you i loved it as a kid i do think it is overrated yeah i, I do as well uh is that was that it was that your whole that thing was it. That was it's it. funny you say that i don't know what happened i went through a fucking again i'm chris angel derek i was mind freaked uh i didn't even remember you reading the the credits <laughs> really yeah i'm telling Did you, you a stroke, I, buddy? I think i'm having a tumor i have a tumor situation a going tumor. here i have a stroke Huh. I will I, give I, you I, this, though. That blurb was very short, because I'm telling you, there's so many forced things that's like, if I would have, like, named every little bit, it would have taken forever. So, like, I'm going short. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of shit going on in this book, and it seems like we are at the finish line, and there's a race to, to finish there's first. There's a finish because, line, and he realized, oh, my God. oh, fuck, it's the finish yeah. line. i got to wrap this up. It's, it's so odd, because things in this book happen, like you said, they're forced. Some things happen, like Jim Nice teleportation? When the fuck did that happen? It's also, I love it, too. He he shows up. The first thing we see him, why is he still wearing that goddamn Dick Grayson fucking, you know, Robin mask? It's, it's nonsense. Look. It's nonsense. It it starts off, and you have our favorite lady. Uh, Detective Sobota. Sobota? Sobota. I'm it, like never going to get it right. It's the female fucking uh, uh, Harvey Bullock. And uh, she's there. She's pretending to take the facer to jail. And in the meantime, God damn it! why couldn't they have Dick in the trunk, Eric? Why is he underneath the car? It, that you, is I, not actually, very... It, I wanted to see one of those things that you got like, Border Patrol where people with like, the security walks around with the little like, mirror yeah. on the stick to see underneath the car, and then he's fucked. I actually I thought maybe uh, a speed bump. <laughs> or possibly, like, they, they come out of a parking garage and they have one of those fucking spikes. He's dead. It, it, he's hanging underneath a moving car. He could be in the trunk, Eric. The yeah. trunk. Uh, but it's, it's funny. It, it actually, and he's even like, I didn't think I'd have this view of Bloodhaven. Who the fuck would? I've seen every part of freaking Bloodhaven so far, except for this. Yeah, and, and plus he says this. I'm like, you've been there for a week, you phony. Uh, but yeah, they spell it out. I do like the way it starts, and I do think it's funny. Nightwing's under there, and Swoboda gets pulled over. Not pulled over, but has to talk to this cop. And I do think it's pretty cool. She's one tough cookie, Eric. I like the Swoboda. I hope that she sticks around. I, I hope that her and, and Bullock can finally meet. Do they have a, a police dating app? What would you, the Blue Bloods or something? I don't know I what you'd call, call it, the app. What uh, would you call it? Forced love, because of the police force. Armed and, uh, I don't know, forced Armed love? Armed and single. Did you say forced love? Forced love. <laughs> That's the worst thing I've ever heard. It sounds like a rape dating site. <laughs> <laughs> you go on to find a rape partner. Oh, my goodness I'm gracious. Sure forced love. <laughs> that is the 
worst. All right, so maybe I shouldn't have gone right go, off the top no, of my head. Don't I ever. Go through. I, I could just see you. You're on the fucking, what's that, shark tank. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's your, uh, Mr. Shea, come out. What, what's your proposition? You see, police officers love to date other police officers. So I'm making this app where they can get together. Oh, you know what? That sounds very interesting. What do you call it? It's called forced love. <laughs> fucking Mark Cuban's like, I'm in. <laughs> fucking sign me up. Armed oh, and single, then. How's oh, that? Oh, you're fucking nonsense. I, I don't have a better one, but forced <laughs> love. Oh, my God. You know who I probably would like that? Ian Bain. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, they're going there. In the meantime. That, that, uh, that looked like an M. I don't care what you say. <laughs> in the mean, it's all said. Like we said, there is Swoboda. Dick, who, who's in the undercarriage, yeah, I'm not going to be able to get over Force Love, and uh, to face her there. So they're heading off to where uh, they figured out Jim Nice might be. In the meantime, he is there, yeah, and it's he's all about causing To face her before she was uh, arrested for you know, a supposed murder, she had gone back to the, the uh, clinic, or the well, not the clinic, but the goddamn uh, abuse Yeah, I know, place. yeah, yeah. But, uh, and gone over the accounting, she found some things that didn't seem to add up, and it was all about the purchase of this uh, property, and that's where they're heading off now, thinking yeah. this is where Jim Nice might be. And I'm looking up if there is a police dating site. <laughs> Force there is. Love. Date cops. It's not. There's, nobody's come up with a fancy name. I think that we go. Yeah, we. That's our biggest problem. We think that we have to come up with a, a funny name and stuff. Most of these are just date yeah, cops. Cops are no stuff. nonsense, Jim. And it's. And also, we actually were a little bit disrespectful because I do think that firefighters should be included in this. And that's what it says. There's no force love. I'm not going to type in force love either. My kids use this computer, <laughs> Eric. Uh, but yeah, they they showed Jim nice and. The problem is you had Jim Nice up until now. Uh, you've you've had a setup where you can really make him a crazy ass fucking you know psycho killer. We've heard about his girlfriend. Now his girlfriend died. He was upset that he lived. He was going to change his life. And now y- you add to that where he's going to get rid of all these other bad pieces of shit. That's enough for me. All of a sudden now he has teleportation fucking powers, and and the way he does it. it it's okay the way they spell it out because the uh, what's her name is there from the mayor's uh, office. I, oh, uh, Cherry. Uh, uh, Cherry Cherry's Annabelle. there. And Cherry's there, and she's like, I don't feel so good. And he's like, oh, you know what? That's the time portal and this and, and all. And it does look like, is it the stick that gives him the portal? That, you know, see, that's the, the thing. No, in my mind, the baton is its own thing. Like the, What we just like uh, figured out throughout this whole thing is that uh, the whole weapons running thing yeah. that he's been killing the people for, he has taken that, so he has all these gadgets that he like to... His suit actually gives him enhanced strength. The baton is yeah. his energy weapon. It's just he weird, has all though. these different things. Yeah, it, but the portal seems to be... You don't think that that's a innate power of his, right? No, that, absolutely not. Okay, because that I was like... When he says that, he's like, oh, the instruction manual says this and that, and the other thing, I'm like... I, I just, this is nonsense. It's really nonsense. Jim Nice was okay as just a, a piece of shit guy. Now you have this, he like seems to have any power that he wants now, and it just comes off odd. And you, know you comes have off Cherry. Odd. What's that? What? You know what comes off odd? Don't, kids don't use my computer, so I looked up Forced Love. Did you? And, it's, uh, it's not something there's, there's good, a, is it? Well, there's a bunch of videos I'm afraid to look at, but there is a Forced <laughs> Love stories where it's like this one. Um, oh, God, where is it? Uh, fuck, I just had it and I lost it. 
uh, you are reading Force Love Romance. How far does obsession go? Yeah, is there see? any boundaries that an evil man will not cross to keep the one that he <laughs> this loves? This is not a police dating site. It's going to be one of those with, I waited outside her window as she undressed. I knew I shouldn't be here. So said that restraining order, but I don't play by the rules. And, and then it gets, it gets worse. The Adonis next door, a hundred days of forced love. <laughs> I'm getting off of this. Yeah, yeah, I would not go on there. You are now on a list, my friend. You are on a big list. Uh, yeah, in the meantime, Cherry's there. She's being held by Jim Nice, who seems to like... They're in cahoots. That's the problem is Cherry has been all involved, but she seems to be in this... If she got in over her head. Yeah, the thing uh, is, she, she wanted knew to about clean the, mayor's, the, the, the mayor's whole running guns with these other uh, yeah. characters that we've had get killed, and she went and told Jim Nice about it, who's been taking them out, and she yeah. realizes... Fuck, you know, I didn't want to be a, like a party to murder. Yeah, she's an accomplice to murder. Because on top of everything else, Jim Nice, now that she, you know, gave these guys up and he murdered them, now she sees her as guilty as well. Needs to murder her. Yeah, yeah, for being yeah. Bad now guy. because she feels guilty, and that's when he takes the Dick Grayson Robin mask off and puts on the cherry mask. I'm like, <laughs> really? Here we go. But in the meantime, Dick and uh, DeFace are on their way to go do that. Now, and I, this I, is I the best part point, of the book. Though, they would have said. His name is Falseface. We're going with Falseface. Yeah, face. because that's what it, it seems like he is a take on Falseface. Yeah, he and I'm telling you, all these. I can call him is Jim Nice because that's all they call yep. him in this. Yeah, and yeah. I wish he had some kind of like appropriate, like supervillain name. Forced love. Uh, Dick and Defacer then show up, and it's funny too because she's Defacer. Eric. That's what he could have, uh, whatever. But I do like this part because Swoboda's there, and she's like, hey, you know what, you superheroes, you go and take care of business, and you know, you you pieces of shit, I'm gonna take all the credit, and they have to listen. And she's like, you know what, I'm getting paid. <laughs> You're yeah. not. Get going. And I like her. I really I do like her like, a lot. Tell you, I she's like her right as on well. front street with what she's about, she and is. like, yep. I really enjoy her character, even though she comes off as a bit of a bitch here. I yeah, really she does. Think it, though. Uh, I like the way she. Here's the thing: she comes off as a bitch, but it's like you said, she's on front street with yeah. it, and I like she the fact that. She doesn't say she doesn't trust them or doesn't like them. I think she does. It's just like she's just going with the flow, and she's not supposed to deal with them, so she's going to do the whole deal. You're going to solve this crime. You're going to stop this guy. I'm going to fucking take credit for it, and at the end, she does. Uh, Mm -hmm. But you go in, then Nightwing goes in with the facer, and you just get this battle. That is well, even before that, the cherry, the cherry Annabelle bit is that she gets away from freaking Jim Nice because she throws one of her energy her drinks energy in its face that, that we she just saw. still having her. Yeah, yeah, she had yeah. a whole desk full of these energy drinks. She, she is can't na- stop drinking. She is it. like me with a fucking whopper, Eric. You're never gonna have me just have one in my pocket. She would have drank that thing before. You know what I'm saying? She she doesn't store them. I just She's want to know drinking why you'd them. have a whopper in your pocket. I hey, am I happy to see you or is that a whopper in my pocket? And the hey, answer is yes. A whopper. Yes. Uh, but yeah, oh, no. it just and seemed like fo- it's very forced. Nightwing and Defacer find her and she still has this empty bottle of freaking energy drink yeah. for that. Nightwing gets he's like huh Smells, smells like, like horses. Horses. I'm like, who is drinking something <laughs> yeah. that smells like who horses? Who is marketing this drink that smells but like the, horses? The worst part is this takes us back to what I, I want to say, like our second issue of you this You know what horses smell like, Aaron? They smell like yes, hay and shit. Switch. 
shit and hay is what I smell when I think of horses. I don't want an energy drink that smells like that. Plus, an energy drink that seems like if you throw it in somebody's face, it's like goddamn acid. It's like battery acid, exactly. Yeah, this is not a good drink. I don't know why she loves it so much. But, but the go thing on. is, this whole connection now with this horse-smelling energy drink is when he went to this shipping place and looked for the video of Gorilla Grimm, you know, doing whatever, and it was taken out. Yeah. And the, the thing is, the person who took it out, it was smudged. And yeah, it was smudged. smudged. Smelled like horses. It smelled like horses, Eric. I'm I like, could get smell the this. Fuck this out of when, here. Yeah, that's that's the connection. That is such a forced connection. Uh, but yeah, Jim Nyson's past. He starts fighting. I, I there there really isn't a lot to talk about in this issue, even with all this shit thrown in. Uh, but it's a very it's like an info dump with a lot of nonsense and stuff because at one point Jim and uh, Dick are fighting. He hits Dick over the head. He falls, and this is where he has this goddamn mirror. And he's like, can you look at yourself in the mirror? That You, you know, and that's when Dick says, I can look at myself because I, you know, I'm a person. I make mistakes, whatnot. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Jim Nice then teleports them off to a location, and he says, oh, this is where... Uh, my girlfriend this is where died. I this is my where girlfriend. Yeah, my yeah wife I killed my girlfriend. And somehow Swoboda has already figured this all out. She shows up. That's the thing. And- I, I, I really had a problem with this part of the book because it seemed like we really left Swoboda outside of this warehouse where yeah, she was waiting yeah. for them to get she done. She did. She seemed like and, she was just going to stand there and wait to see what happened. But the thing on top happened. of this is, it, like, he teleports him away. It seems like they're far away now from wherever he was when he killed his wife or girlfriend. Yeah. I can't even remember at this point, but... It was a girl. I never, I never got the idea that this was right outside the warehouse, you know, where, where Savota would be. Yeah. So it is so weird. I don't know what we're trying to play at here is that this location where he has the warehouse that he bought, is this where he accidentally killed his yeah, girlfriend? Yeah, I actually – here's the thing. I don't, I don't know because even at that point, you do see that gate, but they're on a bridge. So she actually had to drive somewhere to get there. She is yeah. on – they're on a bridge because he – that's where – she he drove the car off the bridge and and his girlfriend died in the meantime he's there uh Swoboda shoots him and it hits his baton that shatters his his mirror and the glass goes in and the next thing he becomes fu- I don't know what happens uh, I'm, you know I'm telling you. At first, it seems like it's only the glass hitting his face, but then yeah. the next panel, his face seems to be on fire and then it and then after that, his face seems to be metal. <laughs> It made, yeah, it made out of the glass pop. Yeah, out of now. the glass. Oh. It seems like the glass cracked and, up. And here's the thing, like, through this whole thing, you have him with this mirror, and now it's almost, to me, it's like somehow this mirror was a little bit, like, powered or something. You know what I'm saying? It, it I seems think, like... I have to say, it's from this energy baton that we don't know yeah. anything about that causes that. And it melded the glass now, into his face? He becomes this villain, though, you've wanted him to be all the time, because he's reflecting out what he sees yes. of these people, and, because and he, he has says, fucking And he face. says that but, to him. He says to Dick, the reason, because Dick says earlier, you know what? I usually can judge people. That's one of my biggest things. I'm a great judge of character. I never saw this coming. And he says to Dick then, you see why? You didn't, you couldn't tell I was a bad guy because I was reflecting your own deal. And I'm like, what but is going it's on? But never explained what no. really happens to his face. This is a great leap of fucking of faith here well, for us yeah. to say his face is turned to fucking yeah, and glass. He, sa- he says, you couldn't read me because I reflect you. And you are going towards where this issue starts by the middle here near the end. 
Jim Nice has switched. Like, he is this villain that just is all over the place. I don't even know. All of a sudden, he teleports, which, like we said, it's tech. He was yeah. getting the stuff, the shit, the gun running stuff so and I'm all that you, stuff. With him, I with go with but just to throw that stolen, in there. It's stolen tech like this. It's advanced yeah. weaponry. You can do whatever you want and not have to explain it. I can understand yeah. the whole point of that, but explain I don't like something, it, though. please. Yeah, I don't like it because we had things where even at the one issue, you had a guy across the way where uh, where Cherry was like, you know, all eyes are on me, and you saw this little figure, and it was never explained. Now you know no. it's Jim. it was Jim Nice, that, but all of a sudden that he can teleport just throws – there's never was something like, you know, all of a sudden something happened, and then Jim Nice was there – you know, two seconds later, so it looked like it wasn't him. There was nothing where this teleportation would happen, and you'd go, "Holy shit, that's how he did it!" Almost well, like the, I'm telling the first you, victim he did in the story arc. He had the fucking yeah. bang on the door outside. He didn't yeah. teleport inside. And yeah, yeah. The guy. No, I'm telling you, like uh, we weren't a big fan of the Godspeed thing in Flash, but when you found out that he could kind of be more than one place or whatever, that was like one of those moments. Like, holy shit, now I get it. Yeah. Uh, this didn't have any of these. Everything that happens with Jim Nice in this issue was never a moment where you're like, holy shit, that explains it all. I get it now. It's just Jim Nice continuing to be an asshole, which we knew, and now he just has tech that he can teleport. And, he goes, and, and now like you said, glass goddamn face. Yeah, and now he's got a glass Baby. face. It's the kids, David. <laughs> they call me Mr. Glass. They call me Mr. Glass. But yeah, he's about to fall off the uh, bridge where his girlfriend died. And I actually thought it was one of those where he was like, just drop me. I deserve it. But he wasn't. He's no. just there. He says, you know, his trash talk to, to uh, fucking Dick. And then we move on to the news report where, you know, hey, they it's brought him in, this and, and, you know, and you have Swoboda taking all the credit, which was kind of funny. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, I didn't mind that, but yeah, you have uh, freaking Jim Nice them being all bandaged up. <laughs> He's the mystery man now, Eric, but Jesus it's just Christ. nonsense. It, it really is. Um, you get the thing at the end then where Dick Grayson, you know, Nightwing's there, and he's like, you know what? I thought that eventually I'd just leave uh, Bloodhaven, but you know what? I have something to stay for. And, and That's the thing, though. I never or... got the idea that he's really going to leave Bloodhaven because he got no, a goddamn apartment. And yeah, job. I didn't either. And, uh, it it kind of seems a little forced with him liking uh, Defacer to the point where it's weird. The art with her, and I know she she just seems young, but she isn't. <laughs> she had this job uh, doing, but the art makes her seem like almost like a 16-year-old emo girl well, to well, me. In my, it threw in me my off. mind, though, when if she's still kind of wearing the same costume she did as a teenager, yeah, so did. maybe that is the That's whole what point. it is, and uh, I'm telling you, I realize that she's older because they were about the same age when he saw yeah. her originally with Pigeon. Eric, the worst fucking supervillain ever. Uh, but yeah, it just seemed odd. But yeah, it might be the clothes or whatever. And I do like it where you have the Haven, and now Dick Grayson is working there. It is forced. It's, um, I'm sorry, but it's very forced because now that Sean Sang was uh, suspected of murder, it looks bad on her resume. She's forced to resign her yeah. position here. But this is, in my mind, Dick Grayson's second day of the job. He's yeah, now in charge of the Haven, deal. it seems like. He, he's Bruce Wayne's fucking son. <laughs> it, that's the only reason. It really is. He and really, uh, as Dick Grayson, he has done a lot of charity stuff with yep. with Bruce more than any of the other Robins. So I can Definitely. say that they're hoping for that Bruce Wayne money. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. They they want him there. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, Sean is uh, packing up her stuff. And you have that hokey thing where Tim Seeley loves that this in the books where you have the uh you know hey 
I, I'm Nightwing. I just wanted to tell you, that's what I wanted to say. Like, this is, we've seen this like three times, yeah. but he actually reverses it too then to show us that the facer actually knew who it was. But I do like the part where he's working there at the Haven and he has all the runoffs there and they're out of costume and they're talking. They're doing a, you know, a roll call. Yeah, and yeah. they go down. The best is that Gorilla Grimm does not have another name. It's just Gorilla Grimm. <laughs> hey, you I'm have Gorilla all Grimm. Of it makes me laugh so much because, like, I'm Pamela Swagland, I'm Brendan Lee, I'm, San, you know, Juan Andre Santos Suarez, I'm Howie, you know. And then, hey, everybody, my name's Gorilla Grimm. Uh, yeah, you are. You're a yep. gorilla. And then Chit with the friggin', you know, the deal. And uh, I like it, though. I, I don't mind. It just it does seem forced that they're getting yeah. romantic, but it's good because he's in Bloodhaven. To, you know, he has to get away from Barbara and all that nonsense, which she seems to. She's all oh, over yeah, the place. Totally moved on. So it, it's good that he's doing something, but it is it is forced. They're ripping down the. It's funny too at the end. Uh, Defacer has to leave because you can't have a former supervillain as the Haven deal and a suspect of murder before. And they're ripping down uh, the, the Dick Grayson and Nightwing's posters because of the, the the mayor and all that. But it's okay. It's just this whole issue is just really forced. And then at the end, you go through this whole thing, and then the end's like, holy shit, I'm, I'm actually interested. Because as this is ending, you see... Uh, Nightwing flying, you know, zipping away. He, yeah, he's freaking swinging about the city, doing his see, thing. Yeah, and you see the old Nightwing costume with a like guy a who has long hair, like the, the 90s, yeah, the 90s yeah. hair going, and it's like, hey, looks like he decided to stay. Too bad there's only room for the, in this town for one of me. And you're like, holy shit. And, and we had know just, what the hell is going on. Yeah, it's funny, too, because you had just gotten one of those early 90s uh, Nightwing. Oh, yeah, the first he had the Nightwing long hair and stuff. Yeah. So this was only weeks ago or a month ago that you got that. And it, we were laughing so much at his hair and looking yeah. at the hair. And now here he is. It's, it's it funny, though, like too, because Nightwing. since Rebirth came about and put Nightwing back in the classic blue and black. See, I love the, the freaking red-black uh, look that Capullo gave him. Yeah, like I did, too. 52. I thought it actually made all the Robins look good together with the whole red, like, uh, yeah. Thing, like the whole red thing they're all going with red robin yeah. red hood you know even yep. damien has the red on his vest but here it's the old style look because we never see this guy's face but it looks no. like you know from the jaw down we see him and it does have the long nightwing hair that we had yeah, in the 90s the but with hair. this capullo red costume but with the, so weird that fit. costume yeah. yeah it's almost like it's like an amalgam uh of exactly. both combined uh so we'll see what's going on it says next red menace and I hope it's interesting because so do I. I I do I can't say that since the book has moved to Bloodhaven that I hate it. I actually like it more than what we were getting. Oh, it's so do just I. this issue seemed like it should have been two issues. There was too much going on and out of nowhere. I, I really like Swoboda. There was too much going on, which we had a full arc to deal with, but we still had to wrap up everything with these convoluted explanations yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah and, and in the end, I didn't care about Jim Nice. No. Did you? You know what I'm saying? It was kind of goofy, but uh, what did you give it? Well, here's the thing. I was, well, as we're talking about, I'm like, you know what? I might have gone a little high with this, but I've still got to go. I like the art a lot in this book. I like the art. And there's enough here that keeps me interested. Like, I love Sabota. I love this whole thing, you know, uh, with this whole cliffhanger with Nightwing and shit like yeah. that. And I even like the Defacer stuff to a degree. But, like, I'm going to give it a 6. I gave it a 6 out of 10. I was going to go down to a 5.5, 5, really? but I think I'm going to stick to 6. I'll go 6.5. I actually nice. really like the art, and uh, I just I I like I like Dick Grayson. I like Nightwing. Uh, it's 
it gradually, even when there's a little bit of a down issue, it is better than, you know, having him going around with fucking, you know, Raptor. Tiger. Or not it's Tiger. Fucking, yeah. Yeah, I, I even forgot. Raptor. Uh, I, I don't mind this. And it's like one of those where it, the only problem I really have with this book is even we joked about it at the beginning when he's like, this is, uh, Dick's like, this is a view I haven't seen. He's gotten too comfortable in Bloodhaven too quickly to me. Yeah. He's now he has a big job that, like you said, seemed rushed and things like that. Though I think they want the Bruce Wayne money, but it's just he has settled. I like like when he went to Chicago in the New Fifty Two. I like seeing him struggle a little. I like to see him, you know, because that builds the character more for me of his own deal. Him just showing up and fighting crime right away, it just it kind of threw me off a little. But I'm still enjoying it more than what we had at the beginning Definitely. of the Rebirth. So I'll give this issue was just a bit down for me for the uh, for a conclusion. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it is so a shame that Marcus Toe is uh, not going to be on the book because I think his art's really good. Uh, but we're gonna he brought move. this book back to yeah, life. Yeah, I, I, I was, think so I was too. ready to write it the fuck off. I know yeah. I had to. I had to talk about it for the podcast, so I had to read it. Yeah, but... we'll see. We'll see once. Uh, what's his name? Javier. Javier. Comes I back. hope. Yeah, we'll I hope something changes when he comes back. Like yeah, he's working on his style or whatever. Yeah, I don't maybe, know. maybe yes. Maybe that's why we haven't seen him for a while. It is weird that we haven't seen him on the book for a while, and then they sign him exclusive. Yeah, and he just only talks about Nightwing on that. Uh, like in my were... mind, this is something that happened. Like they signed him exclusively, like months and months ago, and now yeah. they're just finally talking about it. Yeah, well, that that seems to happen sometimes. We actually talked personally to one of the guys that they signed exclusive, and he said that that was already done months before. So you might yeah. be right. Uh, but we're gonna move on now to mail section number three. Uh, yes, we're going to hear mail with Eric. It's your night to shine, Eric. Hooray! It is your night to shine. About and time. Ah, uh, yes. We are in mail section number three, and we're going to start with Monty. And Monty says, hey, Jim and Eric, I was listening to the Batman Beyond segment on last week's podcast, and you guys make me think or made me think about something involving Mr. Oz. You said that there was a possibility that the Batman Beyond Tim Drake was captured as well as the current one in Detective. And we say that because he kind of just did disappear Yeah, at the end of, of the nowhere. last Batman Beyond series. Yeah. Uh, what if Tim tried to escape? When he tried to escape, he finally stopped and was recaptured after coming face-to-face with an older version of himself. What do you guys think? Thanks for the podcast now. I'll get back to the slinging shit, says Monty. And it's a possibility. It's it something really we've is. actually talked about amongst ourselves previously to this. And uh, yes. I don't know, we've thrown a lot of goddamn thoughts out there about it. Like, we've gone from the older Tim Drake to, you know, even the New 52 Superman being there and alive. That we've, a lot of people say, like, maybe the three Jokers. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, to me, though, again, it's weird because he says this doesn't make sense. 
when he does get captured as he gets sent back. And he's like, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. And then Mr. Oz is there. They're like, it will. It will. And, and uh, you will be. You will be. Um, it doesn't make sense for him to have that reaction to me. To I'm telling you, this is like one of those things that even goes back to a uh, Superman uh, with the glasses on and the glasses off or whatever. If you come out and see a – how far ahead is the uh, Tim Drake in the Batman Beyond? Five years. Okay. It's five years difference. But it was a hard five years, Eric. Yeah. He did. He did. I just don't think that you'd have that. You would be more just dumbfounded. I don't think it would be like one of those like this doesn't make sense. You would just be confused. I'm telling you that the thing when he says this for Tim Drake, a, a very smart kid who's been through. Well, this is a guy who you know he's a Robin. He's seen yeah. some crazy shit. Like you know, this isn't somebody who's just gonna go. Holy shit! I even said three jokers to me right away he's going to think they're just guys dressed up he has no real reason to think that if he sees somebody who appears to look like him a little older that it's not somebody fucking with you know what i'm saying it, to me this has to be something on a larger scale the, the only thing that i'll give you is him seeing superman would throw him off a bit but it's not even like he's looking in a cell this is where it all goes weird for me He's looking straight forward, like down a hallway. Why would Superman be out and about? Why would the okay, older Tim be out and everybody. about? I'm saying though, that goes back to people saying, you know, it's uh, Doctor Manhattan that teleported yeah. him right back into the other one. So yeah, even and, that, and you know, even but the that, whole thing like, with that being impossible, yeah, you don't really have that reaction to no, him going. No, he wouldn't have like that, that reaction. Yeah, he would be like, "Who the fuck are you?" And yeah. even to the point where he sees, you know, if he would have said, "Oh my God, I thought you were dead," then you'd be like, "Oh my God," or he said. Tim Drake, to me, he has done all this. He is getting all his equipment. He's doing this. He goes out. He sends a signal out. This is a guy who is desperately trying to – he's in attack mode. He's in escape mode. He even sees Superman. I think he is either – he's not going to be dumbfounded. He is a man of action at this point, and he's going to try. If it's somebody in the hallway, I think he goes – Oh my God, can you help me? Uh, oh, let's go. Can I help you? Whatever. He sees Superman in a cell. I think he goes for that cell. I don't think it's something that stops him in his tracks. Yeah. I think that if he came out of his cell and was in a hallway that led to a fucking bank of almost like that Superman thing in Superman with all the things, or he sees just a thousand people. Like right. then he'd be like, this doesn't, how is this possible? Like this, like all of a sudden, it has to be something that is so over the top, out of this world to me. Yeah, I'm telling to, you, I, to I, make I, him we've do had that. this. We've had this discussion many times, and every time I try to throw something at him, nothing I say allows Jim to believe that this is no. something that he would have the reaction to. Yeah, That's just the to me, he is in escape mode. He has planned this, he's going, no matter what. This ha this is something that stops him in his I, I'm, tracks. I'm really afraid though. If we do find out, and say like, uh, let's say it is the older Tim Drake or whatever yeah. like that from Batman Beyond. I'll just be upset. Uh, exactly. You're like, well, that yeah. dialogue did not make sense for the time. No, the I'll be upset, and they can make it make sense. But yeah, I yeah. mean, say Even he comes out right of there, you know? and there is a 700 foot Batman. That's on it. You know, something like this is where I'm. I'm telling you, so it's if it's, prophecy dressed as Batman, something like that. Like then you you have some <laughs> issues. I'm telling you, this has to be something that is so overwhelmingly out of this world to Tim Drake. And Tim Drake is somebody who's seen a lot of things. And like I said, the whole thing is 
Yeah, and Aaron, we had talked me, about it. To me, an older version of himself might be just that. Yeah, though. but that's know. the thing, though. He just thought. I haven't said there's weird things going on that you have to explain to me because he really he was teleported away from certain death. He was yes. going to take the death. He probably cl- and then wakes up in a cell. He has no idea how he got there. He doesn't know who has him. The minute he goes out of a cell, if I if this is me, and I'm not even a superhero like this, and I. See these drones, they're about to shoot me, and I get teleported in this cell. I am on the re- – the minute that cell door that I pry that open, I fucking get it open electronically, I am ready See, for anything. Jim, Jim Warner takes off his Robin costume and gets all the yes. tech he has in there, opens that cell door, and then he goes out and he's ready for anything. Yes, I would be ready. I just want to know why you had that Robin costume on. I don't know. I'd have it, and then I see that – Yeah, but I'm telling you. I am ready for anything. I have just been teleported from certain death, uh, and just been and was spoken right, to and right, told. This? You you were just teleported from certain death. You spent all this time to break out of your cell door. You walk, you run out, and all of a sudden there I am, naked, waggling my dick at you. I'm are you right ready my, for that? Yeah, I'm right on my <laughs> knees, Eric. I'm fucking making that quarter. You promised me. No, I, it just he even even to the point where he had this. You know, faceless voice telling him, I took you out because you were the hope. You were giving everyone hope. I took you out of there. This is the only thing that he's heard since there. You don't, you know what I mean? This is something so over the top already of what's happened that I don't think it's just an ordinary thing of seeing what appeared. Because if I go out and I see myself, I don't even think that that is not crossing my mind immediately where I see a guy uh, that I would think, Oh my God, that's me from five years from now when I go through this and that and the other thing. The first thing that would go in my mind in a split second is like, Jesus Christ, that's a handsome fella. Is what that's I would the say. Thing too, it's like we've actually had a discussion where you've you've, you've brought up the concept to me, like, well, like you know, he was just on the verge of death. Would he think of himself like possibly being dead? And this is a heaven. I'm like, first off, Jim, if this is you. You're not thinking that because you take one look in a goddamn mirror, you're realizing you're not your sexiest self. Yeah, I'm not the sexiest self, but this can be purgatory, (laughs) Eric. It doesn't have to be heaven. But no, I think that the first gut reaction for Tim Drake, who is trying to make sense of something that makes no sense, would be like, who the fuck is that? Or, you know what, why? You know, this is a guy who has dealt with clones, has has dealt with shit like that. You know what I'm saying? That this is, if he sees three Jokers, I do think that he would think they're either clones, they're made up. This wouldn't be a, this doesn't make sense, and stops him in the middle of him trying to escape. I just think it's something You know who he saw that was ridiculous, and that's why he had the reaction? He saw Connell Superboy because he hasn't been seen in so yeah, goddamn long. Maybe it long. was that. No, he saw he saw uh, Firestorm and it had uh, Eric Shea's number one, f- you know, fucking character. And he's like, that don't make no sense. Firestorm. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck, Firestorm? But like, like you said, you can go down a whole list of characters. Doctor Manhattan. Have. Yeah, and Doctor Manhattan makes no sense because he wouldn't know who that is. Why would that not make sense to him? It would just be a big blue guy. He sees somebody like a Shazam that we said. We haven't seen Shazam. Maybe he got taken already that we didn't see. That's not him going, this doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. yes, seeing an older guy, but where is this older guy? This older version of him? Is he in a cell? You know, and it didn't seem like Tim himself could look out of the cell into a hallway. I, yeah. I, this is just me going on and on about what I think. I just don't understand. The I problem think is that we don't have enough freaking understanding of what's going on in this area to have yeah, any yeah. kind of proper. And like, the no- only thing that I can say is that if he got out of a cell thinking, okay, this guy has me and goes and legitimately 
goes into an area where you have a million cells that might be something like, oh, shit, what, what's going on? This doesn't make sense. I, even that makes sense because he's captious. <laughs> I, I'm telling you. I just I need to know you what's going on. You talk yourself out of every situation yeah, you come you. up with. See? Uh, thanks, Monty. You're fucking thanks, making my Monty. mind fucking warp. <laughs> uh, the next mail is from Brett. Brett says, what's up, gents? The Get Fresh what's Crew. Up, he wants the insert dealer's choice of the whoop whoop. I'm going to go classic, Eric. What do you think that classic would be? Ready. Get Fresh Crew. You got it. Uh, the weekly questions uh, and take for the pros for some Joe. <laughs> what? How did you just My say weekly that? questions and takes for the pro. <laughs> My weekly questions and takes for the pros from some Joe. Are we the pros? I, I, yes, we're the pros. Oh. I had I put an accent in that sentence that made it make no sense. Mike, are you saying things from the weekly questions and takes? For the pros, from some, I don't know. <laughs> Number one, Killer Frost. Now that she is on JLA and reformed, do you think she will go by Killer Frost or are we going to get a name change? I think she'll be go by Killer Frost, Eric, That's because the thing, that is, is we, the brand. Yeah, it is the brand. And we talked about, we actually, I think we might have even seen she goes by Killer Frost yeah. or something. But I really wish yeah, they would have just the gone with Frost. Issue. Yes. Um, but I think, I wish they would have gone with just Frost at that point. Uh, I would go Frost. Yeah, maybe just Frost. Dr. Yes, Frost. I, Permafrost, Cold Shoulder, Superfly, Jimmy Snooker, Coco Beware. Coco Beware. Coco Beware would be great. Comes with that fucking goddamn bird on his shoulder, starts flapping her fucking <laughs> arms. That'd be the best. Uh, George the this Animal Steel, maybe. Horribly known as Killer Frost, but yeah. now known as oh, be the Snake best. Roberts. Yeah, she's, <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to call you Killer Frost. You're not a killer anymore. You're now the British Bulldogs. Like, that don't make no sense. Killer bees. You're the killer bees. Uh, yes, I, I think she'll just go by Killer Frost just because that's what people know her by. So yeah. they want to keep that. They don't want to confuse people. Uh, number two, knowing now that Killer Frost needs to absorb heat of some kind, do you think she could use the ray, kind of like you said she did with Firestorm, to take heat energy from without hurting them? Maybe suck off the ray. I'd like to see her suck off the ray, but I don't necessarily Ooh. think that until he explodes even. That there and is any that, heat I, involved. I don't think it's the heat that's the thing. I think it's just yeah. light without yeah, heat. Yeah, it's just really. light. I do not think that there's much heat there. But still a human, you know. And Agreed. that's weird, though. I don't even know because he gets that transparent deal and wants. stuff. Yeah, really. Uh, where is Martian Manhunter? Has been anything since Hanging with Shazam. I miss it? Any speculations? No, he's he's not around. And if, I'm he's telling you, with Shazam, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, the more we see uh, or not see characters, you can almost start guessing that maybe they're involved in being taken by Mister Oz, even though you would think I'm that we've you. seen they're, them they're, all. They're off on Eric's personal Justice League roster. Yeah, career. yeah, they're still out there. But yeah, uh, Martian Manhunter, his series ended, and that series was such a weird series that didn't seem that connected it just seemed on and off with that even though we yeah. did see characters in it um i just think that they don't have anything for him right now and no. either you know i think we'll see him eventually but if it's my is, guess i don't is think a fan favorite character who can yeah. never sell a book yeah i i actually think we're not going to see him until this you know big event happens so we'll see uh, number four, The Flash is one of my favorite superheroes, so I've been praying this rebirth run would get better. 
I actually got all the traits in the New 52 and I've been reading them from the Rebirth uh, simultaneously. Point is, I noticed in the New 52 that the Trickster got his arm torn off by Gorilla Grodd. Yes, he used a mechanical arm, but in Flash 15, the Trickster, Trickster had two non-robotic arms. I'm looking for Continuity Kid to help me out. See, the Continuity Kid actually looked for this, and I just took it as one of those hands was a robotic arm with like yeah, you know, with I actually, a I on actually it. think that you could go with that because it's just there underneath the clothes. And because believe me, I was looking. Yeah, is this a different trickster than the one from the New Fifty Two? No, no but, that's the same uh, maybe one. because they were all mirrors anyway. It doesn't matter, but I feel the Flash should remember that rather large detail. When fighting them, and should have known instantly that something was afoot. Now the the other thing is, or maybe an arm, Eric, not a foot. Ooh. <laughs> I actually think that it just points out that nobody cares about the trickster. <laughs> <laughs> he's there. He's got a fucking bird head and a goddamn uh, gorilla leg, and and Flash doesn't Shut give up, a shit. Shut up, Axel. Yeah, he doesn't give a crap. Personally, if Mirror Master can make mirror images, holograms, whatever, that can blow stuff up, shoot you with lightning and fire, that's pretty B, uh, BA, badass to me. But I'm curious because if his mirrors can mimic powers, at the end, should they be able to mimic the Flash's ability when he's fighting a dozen of them? I, I just think it's, again, it was just something for again, that. Again, yeah. I, so actually that, I did not look too much into it. It was this whole thing where they went off and said, Mirror Master has been trying to develop these freaking mm-hmm. things for a while, so I just went with it. Yeah, I'm with you as well. Uh, you know why? It's because it's the rogues, and I was having fun. Damn and right. You have the continuity kid. Sometimes the continuity kid has to look the other way when he's actually enjoying a book he has not enjoyed for a long time. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, the, the fun factor has to overcome your love man, of I continuity. I love The Flash, and it should be a fun book in my mind, and it has not been fun and, for and a long time And here's the thing. Now. Even towards the continuity kid with this, you can just get away with saying, you know what, I hope they explain it later. And if yeah. they don't, we forget about it. Uh, because, you know, maybe we'll never see it again. But it was fun there. Either way, the last two issues were just fun. The book is be- getting better. And I really hope it stays that way. I feel Joshua Williamson is starting to pull it together after his JL versus SS crossover. And in my mind, that's eventful. exactly where things started picking yep. back up. I, I don't, I, it's weird. I was just going to say maybe he's taking it more serious. I, I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think he always took it serious. I just think that when he came over, he does have a certain type of book that he likes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, even with Birthright being the kind of an odd man out, most of his books have a horror theme to them, and it seemed like he might have been trying to force that on the Flash at first, and it just it wasn't working. It really wasn't. And since then, I think he's kind of getting into the whole costume cape and, and stuff like that. And I think he's really coming on. I, I really am starting to like the book. And really, you want to have the hope and all this stuff? The Rogue should have been right away. The Rogue yeah, right. should have been the first bit of the Flash book. Honestly, that um, was my favorite part of the Godspeed thing. Is where it was, when they left. Where Storm hit and yeah. was like, all right, guys, we're getting the yeah, fuck out of here. we're out. We're fucking out of here. My favorite part of that whole Yeah, arc. it was. But really, if you're going to have legacy and fun and hope and all the stuff that was supposed to be what Rebirth was, it is, it's the rogues. Uh, hey, it almost that, seems that was like. the legacy right there where the freaking rogues see this shit. Okay, guys. Yeah. Pack up I'm just saying, bags. some of these books seem to want to really embrace that. Some almost seem to be like, yeah, even like a Greg Rucka, like he's not going to play that game. He no, wants his own not. thing. He's like, he's you pulling know, out I'm the legacy gonna... of Rucka. Yeah, yeah, he's pulling out his own legacy and shit like that. But yeah, I think maybe Joshua Williamson wanted to kind of establish his own thing first before he kind of got back to the, even you know, Nightwing what we like. 
But I, I had some problems at the beginning of the run. It just wasn't fun. It really wasn't, but I like the Flash to be fun. Um, either way, he said the last two issues fun. Speaking of which, J-Dub still hasn't gotten back to me on what we should call the new task force. Task Force 11 or Task Force XI? The nerve of some people. Yeah, he did ask Joshua Williamson and oh, he's awesome. not coming back to him. Uh, give me a current Dream Team DC series team up, writer and artist combo. You can't choose what they write about or draw other than it being DC related. For example, Hitch writing and my three-year-old as the artist would be terrible. But what would be a good team up be? I'm going to tell you, I would say it's a cop out. I would love to. Uh, Jeff Johns and Jason Plowbuck to be on a book again, but if you need That's something, what I want as well. if you need something uh, new or different, I would say I would love to have a Jason Plowbuck with say maybe Tom King on a regular book, but I also like like a uh, Michael Yannon with Jeff Johns as well. Uh, All just, right, here, here's everything for me like is going to be Jeff Johns, really. I know, so Jeff I, Johns I'm gonna, with I'm anybody. I'm going to go away from this just because I think the style, like the, the way the story's told. Would really match the art for this, but uh, Scott Liddell and Joe Maduria. Ooh, you and your Joe Maduria. I, I'm telling you, I've not. He's been doing his own thing for a long time now. He really just does some variant covers for DC, and I really don't think he's ever worked with DC proper. How about? But I loved his X Men in the '90s, the Uncanny X Men. Yeah. I want to see him do some stuff again. How about Sterling Gates and Juan? The Ferrer. fuck has Sterling Gates been up to? Sterling Gates. Actually, you know what? Uh, Kyle Higgins and Juan Ferrer. I'd like to be on the book. Uh, Kyle Higgins and Jorge Jimenez. That'd be good, too. Kyle Higgins and anybody. I really do like Kyle Higgins. Uh, But, yeah, I'd like that. I'd like that a lot. Uh, Number six. Actually, you know, actually this. Kyle Higgins with Juan Ferreira and V. Ken Marion. They they double up each issue. You have a backup. Number six. With my shock of finding out what uh, wrong turn, that wrong turn is a father. Who is most likely to have a child next, DC character-wise? A couple years back, we had Damien. More recently, we had John. Even baby Darkseid. So it appears we may be overdue. Maybe it's a hero. Maybe it's a villain. Thoughts, ideas, guesses, or speculations? I'm telling you, the way that fucking Black Canary and Green Arrow are going at it, every fucking <laughs> way. Uh, they have christened every section of goddamn fucking Seattle. Every guy, They're under a bridge, and they're about to fuck. I think they have a kid. What do you think of that, Eric? Who else? Wally West and Linda Park. Ooh, you think? Well, that would make sense. That would make complete sense. Nope. Black and Oh, how about this? And... How about this? Kyle Rayner and Carol Ferris. Really Ooh, fucking piss Hal off. Be, that would be really crazy. How about John Stewart and what's her name? Sorna? <laughs> I can't think. Yeah, Sorna. There you go. How about that? Or no, Simon and Jessica. They get drunk one night and they freaking go. They over make the a line. mistake. They make a big mistake. Uh, <laughs> the next one. Seeing how much Eric loves horror movies, I wanted your take on this. I too enjoy horror movies, but notice how I said enjoyed. He did say enjoyed. I read it. Yeah. The graphic nature of recent horror movies is too over the top for me. You agree with that? Yes, I You do. don't like that rape porn stuff that you claim it is. Torture like porn. And stuff. Torture, Torture porn. I love the same. Rape but you porn. like Saw. So, That's right? the thing is. Saw started out that way for me, but then, like, with each sequel, I realized there's a pretty in-depth story going on here, and I like the way it was told, and mostly I was in that for the overall story arc. Yeah, okay. A couple years back, oh, I'm way off. I love the 70s and 80s horror, knowing someone well. was going to get killed, but never seeing the full death scene. 
Hearing the eerie music surrounding the scene to build up suspense, that was good enough. Seeing the details is not believing it's gross and unnecessary, in my opinion. Uh, once friggin' 82 hit, it seemed like you had to go over the top in the gore. Well, and that's like, the thing. I, my, my buddy Jay, he loves horror movies, but he likes, like, his whole thing is I, he wants to see unique kills. He yeah, wants to see different and unique kills. Yeah. I don't need to see how they cut out the character's intestines or how they tore their skin off. It jumps from eerie and scary to just disgusting at that point. Having suspense in the horror with the music and having something left in the imagination was perfect. That said, I recently loved Stranger Things. I know Jim has never watched it, but he mentioned that you did, Eric. What's your take on Stranger Things, Eric? Uh, I thought it was really good. I don't know what you want from me here. Um, it's been a while since I, you, I watched it when it first came out, and I have not looked at it since, but I really enjoyed the ride it took me on. Now that we have this pop culture podcast, I think I, I have to watch this stuff. Yeah. I don't have time. I'm watching Riverdale, Eric. La-dee-da. Me and my Riverdale. What's both of your takes on recent horror, and give me your favorite horror movies of all time. My take is I don't watch it, and my take on fucking horror movies of all time, I, I don't care. How about that? Amityville Horror. Amityville Horror. And that, yeah. uh, because it scared the shit out of me that my mom made me watch it. Uh, you could name probably your top five. I bet you I've not seen them fully through any of those. Oh, I most really likely. don't think. Yeah, because I'm talking Friday the 13th. Halloween. Yeah. I've never sat and watched all of the all the way through. I just it's not my thing. I really watch TV shows and movies to kind of have fun, and I don't have fun watching horror movies at all. Uh, he's having a hard time thinking of one, but I'm not also the cellar dweller. Neither's Eric. Neither am I. That's cellar that dweller. Cellar damn. dweller. That guy means business. What's your What's your number one uh, horror movie? Right. Thing now? is, they go. Yeah, they they shift I'm all over right the goddamn place. I know. I'm thinking right now, but um. Fuck. Probably right now it's Evil Dead 2. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen it. Never seen it. Saw Army and my, my take on recent horror is, for the most part, I think it's a little ludicrous now, especially now that they're pushing the PG-13 so they can get ludicrous more people at the... speed? No, not ludicrous speed. <laughs> uh, no, just because they put things at PG-13 and they're just not really great movies. And you take the horror element out of it by making it PG-13 to get people in the seats... But then it says it's more of a scary movie. It's almost I don't know. I don't it's I don't really care for a movie, lot of it. It's a scary movie. Yeah, it, once it's made for fucking preteens, you know, who don't have to search this shit out and no. watch it while their parents are asleep, yeah. there's no point to it for me. I I was thinking I don't even think I've seen five horror movies. Legitimately, I don't <laughs> think I have. My mom would make me watch them with her. Since then, I just I watched the Amityville Horror. Yeah. Uh, Jaws a horror movie? I know you've gone back and forth with considering that a... I, I like to consider it, but it's more of an action flick. Yeah. Or a thriller. Thriller, yeah. Is The Shining a horror movie? Because that's more so. of a thriller, right? I, I'd go horror for it. Okay, well then there's two. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did see... Um, which is it? Is it um, Friday the 13th? I saw the... Uh, not Friday the 13th. I did see... Uh, what's it called? Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, and The one Dream Warriors. yeah. Yeah, I, I saw both those. So I'm getting towards five, but it, it really is a struggle for me. I, is Misery a horror movie? That's more of a thriller, right? I, I'd put it in a horror section. Ooh, I'm getting there, Eric. I'm getting there. Have All you these watched I Pumpkinhead, see. Jim? No, I've not watched <sighs> Pumpkinhead. Why have you watched watch? Reanimator? No, I've never Fantastic. seen the whole thing. I've, no, I've seen parts of it. Puppet uh, Master. I've actually seen parts of it, Eric. I, you could <laughs> go down the list. I've just, I've seen. House. 
I've seen hells. So yeah. then, we're almost there. Keep going. Keep going. What else? Um, fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacres, any no, of them? I've never seen a second of any of them. Hellraiser? No. Sleepaway Camp? No. You know I know about Sleepaway it. Camp? That's the oh, yeah, thing. I know yeah. enough to talk it's about infamous. these. famous. Yeah, yeah. What else? Keep going. Oh, God damn it. Now I'm just You know what? Candyman. I've, I've seen Scream. And there that, you go. So there, I, only the first one. I didn't. I know see you did last summer. You got, you really no. get on this freaking late no, 90s I know, movies. I never. No, I never saw. <laughs> Urban Legend, Final nope. Cut. Nope. No, Rain? I've never seen Wrong Turn. <laughs> never seen it there. No, yeah, I, I see just too much. Of it's him. just not my thing. It, it's it just isn't. I don't know. Some people, you know, some people are there like Jesus Christ, Jim, you fucking idiot. But you know, maybe they don't, I don't think like anybody's saying that. No, maybe they don't like musicals, and you know, they people could say, oh, you haven't seen this or that or the other thing, and you know, I like comedies. I don't even like drama uh, that much. I like sci-fi and comedy. There's an action. You never there watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space? No. Return of the Living Dead? No. Night of the Living Dead? No. What was the first one? Night of the Living Dead? Okay. In black and white? Yes. Yeah, I actually saw probably a half of that because it was filmed in my one friend from college's hometown. Never saw uh, John Carpenter's The Thing? No. I've never watched the whole thing. I've just seen bits. Alien, a horror movie, Eric? Eh, you could, it's more sci-fi, but you can, there's a stalker element to it that makes it kind of like a horror. Uh, you could, I, I saw that, but you know, you're saying that didn't count. No, the thing I saw count. bits of, but I, I never saw the whole thing. I just, I don't know. The minute I get scared, I shit my pants, then I've got to <laughs> fucking go clean them, and then uh, the movie's over. Uh, but he says, I'm normally good at reading people, Eric. You seem like someone that enjoys Nickelback and Creed. Holy shit. Am I right? What the hell? No. He can read you like a book. I, every time I, I'm in, I'm in, uh, I almost said class. I'm at work and I go by Eric and I, wide open, yeah. he's always doing that. We did talk about it. Actually, it came up in the chat today for the Get Fresh crew. And also me and you have talked. We talk a lot about Nickelback. <laughs> I even said, I said that, uh, Dane Cook is the, uh, he is what comedy, he's Nickelback's version. Like he's the, Nickelback version of a stand-up comedian. Of comedy, yeah. Yeah, that's that was what I told everybody because it's a band that, yeah, they're okay. They just get too popular too quick. And people turn, is that something? Because Toby was asking and he didn't quite understand that. I do think that that is something that is really American um, where we love the underdog, but we, we really hate something that seems to have gotten popular without work. You know yeah. what I mean? That, that it, the Americans like to think of us as like we always have to work for things and the hard work and put it in. And when something, even like going back, I talk like Hootie and the Blowfish when they came out, all of a sudden they were huge, and then there was that huge backlash against them. I'm telling you, there's weird things. Even like the Patriots, people hate them only because they're good. Now yeah. they put in work. They cheated a little, maybe, but who cares? That's, but, that's uh, work. But it's like, it does seem like that's a, that's a natural human thing, human nature of why do we hate something that just is always good? Because, because everybody at our work. Why can't I be good I then? guess. But even the fact that it seems like y- y- sports are weird because if your own team is the one that wins, you know, 15 fucking Super Bowls in a row, you'd be happy. But yeah. people at work this week, there is one reason why everybody came up to us and said they hope the Patriots lose. It's only because they always win. 
Yeah. That's the only reason. Like, Brandon has an issue. They're in his division, so he fucking hates him. He has to play him twice a year. They keep the fucking Bills out of it. Bills keep themselves out of yeah, everything. Seriously. The Bills are terrible. But even so, it, it's just weird that, that we hate things just because they're good. And I, you know, I say that. I'm right there. If somebody oh, says know. that, hey, everybody loves this Stranger Things, immediately my knee-jerk reaction is to be like, <laughs> I don't fuck. I'm not going to fucking watch that fucking bullshit. It's why I have to get him right away, this Riverdale. I'll always go back to that. It's not the greatest show uh, by any stretch. I really enjoy it, but if I would have waited till like the fourth episode, I would have been like, "Ah, eh, fuck that bullshit." I haven't heard things. Uh, Zach said that everybody in the high school—it's all the talk of the high school. Aaron. Really? Yep. He said that everybody loves it. Everybody's that's cool. into it. That's what he told me. I'm gonna go and hang out with all the kids. I go to the school. Don't now. do that. I I show up after school. Zach's already gone. He's already gone home on all the right. bus. There's already a and then I drive up and I I pulled out, rolled down the window. Hey girls, you like that Riverdale? And yeah, we we have a nice conversation with each other. Oh, and that's yeah. I'm like, you ever go on that website, Forced Love? <laughs> and then I'm arrested. Her. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Brett. And the next Thank email you, is Brett. from G. G says, "What's Nickel up, Jim? Back. America's sweetheart, Eric Shea, and the heartbeat up, of Africa, Reggie." After listening to episode 107, I went out and got the Grand Mac. And then he says, "Here's the thing." He has an addendum to this. This email was supposed to go out last week. Sorry, I took my high school students to church retreat, and I didn't have time to send this email. Sorry, Jim. So he does say this was going to be, but he did send it. He was at a church retreat. Eric, he's a fancy guy. It's just a bigger Big Mac. Yeah, thing is, yes. I don't know why he did all this. He took high school kids to friggin' church retreat. That just sounds like kidnapping to me. That, no, what I want to know is why he's listening to us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's upset. He had the Grand Mac, Eric. It's just a bigger Big Mac. Sure is. <laughs> That's all it is. I felt like at least half of a. It felt like at least half of a regular Big Mac bigger. Okay. It's right. it's a one and a half. <laughs> it's a weird way to spell it out. It wasn't bad, but it took longer to finish for sure. With that being said, here's my top five burgers. What are yours? Now I will tell you that Grand Mac. I I don't know if I said it on the podcast. I probably did. Me and you have talked about it because that's all we do is talk about yeah. fast food. And I, it's a fucking messy sandwich. It, it really is. is. A Big Mac itself. That was my biggest takeaway from it. It's like, God yeah. damn, this thing is messy as hell. My, my fucking thing fall. It's, it's like my ass coming out my goddamn top of my goddamn shorts, Eric. It all fell out the backside. I went and bought, I bit into the Grand Mac and half of the Grand Mac came out the back. I, I was very upset. Here is his top five. And the funny thing is, He's going to have the first two that we uh, do not have the restaurants near us. One, it infuriates me because it's the best. But number one, Double Double from In-N-Out Burger. And that is really, if you go on and look never at fast food, people yeah. really go on. The Double Double is good. Uh, they are never, it seems, going to come to the East Coast. So we're out there because we do not travel. Uh, number two is bullshit. Gee, I don't care. I love you, man. The guacamole bacon cheeseburger from Carl's Jr., Bullshit. Guacamole. What are you never, talking never about? Never been at a Carl's Jr. I've had Hardee's. I've, I've had Hardee's as well, but never Carl's Jr. Hardee's. Well, they're, they're kind of the same now. I know, uh, but number, I've only had Hardee's one time. Yeah. Number three, Five Guys Double Cheeseburger. You mean a regular uh, burger? Yeah, it's just a regular deal. He loves it. I If I get it at Five Guys, I get it with uh, sautéed onions and mushrooms and then I go and have to get three extra rolls of toilet paper because for some reason 
Five Guys gives me real well for some. That's reason, greasy as hell. Gives me diarrhea, but it does give me diarrhea. Uh, number four, Wendy's Bacon and Blue with blue cheese crumble and bacon. And I do like that burger. I do. Uh, you you don't really like blue cheese, so I do not. not uh, number five, Big Mac from McDonald's. You just uh, you did you not only didn't pass the test, you failed. <laughs> how could you go with a Big Mac before a Whopper? Uh, the Big Mac is the biggest bullshit. I don't know how you go bullshit. with a Whopper before a double Whopper. The Big Mac is the biggest bullshit burger I've ever eaten in my life. I fucking hate it. I said uh, when I was a kid. That was the burger that I wanted to have. Like that made you a big boy. You didn't oh, yeah. have the fucking value or the, uh, you know, the the kids meal. You're gonna get a Big Mac. And then I realized, you know what? I remember I wanted it so much. This is the same thing when I was a kid, and I wanted to stay up to see Johnny Carson. And then I finally got to, and I didn't like it because <laughs> I didn't get it. I'm like, I wanted to stay up for this. When I finally got a Big Mac, I was this is a bunch of bullshit. This burger. Uh, what are your five? I, I I can't really say that I know my top five, but I'll give it a shot. But you go first. Okay, because uh, I don't have anything prepared for this. But the one thing is a problem is that I like all of my burgers the same the goddamn same. way. Yeah. And where it's friggin', I like a double patty. I like friggin', you know, lettuce, tomato, onion, mayonnaise, and ketchup. So And generic. that's what I like about it. So generic. I'm telling I'm you, it's even, my favorite thing. A California burger, as long as it doesn't have yeah, a goddamn I, I, uh, green pepper on it, that is the perfect burger yeah, in my I mind. Hate it. I hate that. I cannot but no, stand I would go, my number one, my, my number one is definitely the double whopper with cheese. I love yeah. that burger so goddamn much. I also love, I want, I think it's a standard, like, you know, double uh, cheeseburger at Red Robin. I love that. They have yeah, this freaking relish sauce on like it. That. Love that. Yeah, um, I, uh, I hate But besides that, I go to all these places and I get the burger the same goddamn way. Even at freaking Five Guys. And, uh, where else? Oh yeah. Even like at Wendy's and shit like that, the double there, I'm like, in my mind, there is no difference between the Wendy's classic double and a double burger at five guys. Yeah. The thing is, I told you the other day I went to Wendy's at lunch and I came back and I said to you, like, there's, there's certain times that you get something that you've had a lot of times, but when they make it right, oh, yeah. it really hits. It's awesome. I had a double cheeseburger from Wendy's. Now when I get it, I get it with just ketchup, pickle, mustard. That's how I like my burgers. Right. Uh, and it was just so good. Uh, but yeah, I like that. I like the double. I actually like the baconator, even though it ends up being a little too much for me when I do get it. Uh, I like bacon. I, for some reason, I don't really want it on no. my burger. Yeah, I like bacon. I the baconator. I do like. I do like the whopper. Or the double whopper. Usually, I do like a double quarter pounder as well. Yes, yeah, uh, at McDonald's. I will never buy a Big Mac ever again in my life. I, I swear I don't to think you. I will either. I swear to you. I just there is no reason. I tried the Grand Mac just because it was something unique, and I yeah. I did try it, but I'm out. I do love that Wendy's bacon and blue burger. I I love that. It's funny too. That's one of the reasons why I do like Wendy's is because they do tend to have a little. They mix shit up, like yeah. you know. When when McDonald's mixes stuff up, it's hardly a mix-up. You, you know what I mean? Wendy's all have that specialty burger now and again that I really do enjoy. Um trying to think. Uh, there's not – I just – my whole thing, like what's the difference? Like I may prefer the bacon cheeseburger at, say, you know, uh Dairy Queen instead, because right. I do like their burgers as well. But – uh, I do tend to try a lot of other different things, but I would never get a Big I, Mac. I find something I like and I stick to just it. Just in, in general, I'll tell you, if I'm going to go just pure burger, I will go to Wendy's more than any other place. I think that they have the best of the burgers there. I know you like the uh, 
the what's it called the whopper double whopper with cheese. I'm telling you, I just like the onion is so perfect over at Burger King. It's my favorite thing there. Trying to think, I I wish that Wendy's was open uh, real real late because now I want a burger. (laughs) It's probably going to be closed by the time we get done this section. But uh, honorable mention: sourdough Jack in the Box, Uh, famous star with cheese from Carl's, Tommy's double chili cheeseburger, and Island's bacon cheeseburger. They have a lot of fucking places where cheese from. Seriously, we had the. uh, we yeah, I, somewhere like yeah, because he's a big Dodgers fan. Um, I did like they had the forty nine cent hamburger stand that seemed to be a chain oh, yeah. uh, there, and they had a chili cheese burger that was fucking awesome. I loved it. But he also says I loved Action Comics nine seventy two and thought the Man of Steel story arc was great, but not amazing. The banner between Superman and Luther sold me on the book. Sincerely, G M Chung. And the I next agree. one is from Haviland. Haviland says he has a quote here from Apollo and Hot Chick on Balcony in Wonder Woman number one from the New 52. My father, he appreciates faithfulness, but he ain't that kind of guy. That's what Apollo said in the beginning of the New 52 to a hot chick on the balcony there. Hello, Jim, Eric, and whole Get Fresh crew. I intended to start writing as soon as I caught up. I've been following uh, regularly since Rebirth started, but I fell behind. A bit in the past few weeks. Sorry, I am repeating someone else's ideas, but I'm still four episodes behind. Nevertheless, I thought I'd get this out before we enter the Godwatch arc of Wonder Woman next week. Like you, Jim, I become a little disillusioned with Greg Rucka's current Wonder Woman book. That's uh, you as well. Yeah. I was totally on board from the beginning because I thought he was going to merge pre-New 52 continuity with the New 52 world. I thought so as well, taking away some of the New 52 elements that many longtime Wonder Woman fans were upset by, like the Amazons being rapists and murderers. Yeah. I talked to you about that. Yeah, I, this is what I thought. I thought that Greg Rucka came on and, you know, would respect Azarello's run, but kind of take out some things that people didn't like, including himself. And it doesn't, I don't know what's going on now, really. And I, I leaving couldn't the, tell you what he's doing. No, I don't. And, except, like you said, just take bringing back everything he did before. Yeah, I'm telling you, if you get a dime for every character you bring back of your own, the guy's, you know, he's now sitting on a $5.50 there. <laughs> and leaving the new innovations that had been introduced, like how Diana was Zeus's daughter, and the clay story was something Hippolyta and the council came up with to hide the I truth. I like that. I love that. I love the fact that that clay story ended up being like a, a ruse like a, to throw like a people off. Like an urban legend to a degree. I, oh, I love that. I thought that was so clever the way they did that. I had, for the most part, accepted that we're probably going to lose all the cool designs for the gods. But in return, it seemed like Paradise Island was actually going to look like Paradise now. Then came issue number 11. It seemed like Rucka was making his interpretation of the New 52 very clear. It was dark, it was ugly, and easily dismissed. I won't disagree about the darkness because I quite enjoyed that part, but I will argue the other two. Not only did Brian Azarello and Cliff Chang Wonder Woman book make me fall in love with the character and her world, but it is the reason I buy comic books today. I tried jumping on in the New 52 with a few titles, but the only one, the only book that stuck with me was Wonder Woman. Now, I have a pretty healthy sized pull list, roughly eight to nine books, depending on if the miniseries is run. I still have hope that the Zeus baby daddy thing is real, but I would like for there to have been a lot more carryover from the New 52 than Ruckus seemed interested in. He seems much more interested in reintroducing all of his Wonder Woman characters. We already said that. I agree. None of whom I know or am interested in. That's what's weird. I'm telling you. And, uh, Hamelin, I I completely agree with you. And the real thing that annoys me with it 
is that Greg Rocca is one of those where he's just he he's not even introducing these characters. He's just throwing them out there and assuming everybody in the fucking world yeah. loves them. And, and yeah, some of them are great, but some of them are just huh? I don't understand. Even you said with a uh, with Doctor Cyber, you're like I don't know if that's powers she had or whatever because yeah. he just it's almost like you're uh, you're at a concert. And they're like, and you've been waiting for it. And they and mention a band nobody's ever heard. Everybody's just standing there because it just falls flat for me. Uh, but yet I hear, you know, people that love Rucka's Run go nuts for it. Uh, it nerd Church is Noah. He loves Rucka's Run. And every time oh, yeah. something happens, he's really into it. So it, he's hitting it with some people. The more he pulls from Wonder Woman stories of a bygone era, the less he, this feels like a Wonder Woman book I'd like to read. I don't mind reintroducing characters, but don't do it like I know or care about them. I should have exactly. read this ahead of time. <laughs> it was, it has to feel fresh. Cheetah Barbara Minerva is a prime example. I wasn't that crazy about her in the lie storyline, but all the cool stuff with her in year one made the character feel fresh, like something new was happening with her even though technically it was taking place in the past. Perhaps this is just because I feel like Rucka either wants to stretch out the reveal of the truth or distract us from the fact that there will be no reveal at all. And that's what I'm afraid of. That is year one is his origin and everything New 52 was a lie. If true, that would be lazy as hell and a complete disservice. No, uh, just to all of us who love the New 52 Wonder Woman, but also to his own rebirth issue. As I continue with the rebirth Wonder Woman, I have decided to reread Azarello Chang's Wonder Woman book, but I have collected, that I have collected in its six volumes. I've already reread the first issue and it's just as magical as I remember. And that's from Havilland and thank you. And I, I loved it too. That's what's weird is that's really my first run of Wonder Woman that I've read. Yeah. As I jumped in the new 52 and I loved it. I really, really loved it. I came in and it's something that's funny. We start at the site. We, we've talked about this before. We start at the site mainly because nobody was reviewing that's Wonder so Woman. Too, yeah. And then we start at the site and didn't we review, didn't Wonder, review Woman Wonder Woman right away only because it was, I'll tell you why. We, we never really said why. It's because when I read whatever issue 21 that we jumped on with. Yeah. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. There was no easy way to go about it except to start from the first issue so you can tell how long it takes me to read shit by just timing the start of the site to when i started reading wonder woman because i had to catch up i didn't want to just jump in without reading the others and i started reading it and i i said you've got to read it it's so good and i know that people were fucking upset oh you know what there's less wonder woman in here and too much gods and wonder woman's a side character in her own she's book. not interacting with it's the not other interacting with DC, the whole dcu yeah. yeah and people said that but what really got me was that i'm reading it me and you i'm talking to you about it oh it's yeah. so great it's great and then all of a sudden i ran into these people online who hated it and this was this isn't my one and it shocked me I, I, this is one of the biggest shocks that, that I had when we first started the site and even going on is that something that I thought was so great didn't realize people hated it. And I was ta- I, I actually was taken by complete surprise. Well, that's the uh, thing too, pretty much. You realize, you gotta realize though too, everything that everybody loves, there's gonna be a group of pe- yeah, people out yeah. there that they hate it as much. The, the weird thing though, this was actually on a Wonder Woman site. It was a Wonder Woman oh, yeah. slash Batman site. So to me, I, we head in there. They actually talk to me. Oh, we want you to put your reviews on here and, you know, links to my reviews of Wonder yeah, Woman. Yeah. And I was like, all right. 
I put it, and then all of a people were fucking jumping down my fucking throat, like, how dare you? This isn't our Wonder Woman. We don't like it. Nah. It's like, holy shit, I thought everybody loved it. I really <laughs> like it. It fucking threw me off. Uh, P.S., the quote uh, from the beginning was from the first scene of New 52 Wonder Woman, in which not only were we introduced to Apollo and his ambitions, but also to the idea that Zeus was and is the most irresponsible father in the DC universe. And yeah, he is. He's a god. He doesn't care. And then the most like irresponsible mother and, yeah, award goes Hera, to Lois Lane. The character, yeah, really. They should get together. Hera in the, the Wonder Woman book in the New 52 might have been one of the most interesting characters uh, in the whole New 52. It was great. Even even Strife, through that whole thing, like just her going back and forth, it was so good. I, I really liked that. Bondage Minotaur. Bondage Minotaur was so great. I thought he was coming back, but it wasn't. It was further no. in there. Uh, Chisanga's last here in this section. Chisunga says, hey, get fresh crew. I just wanted to send my thoughts on the dollar increase for monthly comics. For most of the books, they may experience less readers, such as Background, Background, The Birds of Prey, which now has four figures. Batman Beyond, which has been a repeat until last issue of Batman, constantly getting his ass kicked. And the Jokers need to disappear for a good period since they come off to one note. Blue Beetle is going to lose even its most loyal readers uh, because of its it's been crap since its rebirth. And it'll be the first canceled rebirth book. What is he, Mumbo Chisanga over here with these predictions? <laughs> hey, I, I, Mumbo Chisanga, I'm right with him. I really think the first canceled one's gonna be Superwoman. Yeah, I do. Here's the thing, though. It, it's tough because Superwoman seems to tie into shit that's important. Yeah. Blue Beetle. Ah, well, Blue Beetle. Could. They're doing a whole new thing with Blue Beetle, though, as with this whole magical fucking scarab. Yeah. The biggest head shaker is the increase of Batwoman and Super Sons, two books that start in February, will already become $4 by their number two and three, respectively. That comes off like self-sabotage because the other books had months to make money and a stable readership before being bailed uh, out by this. And could This, though, at least has a hype going forward where people want to read about yeah, these characters. Yeah, I'm, I'm fully into Super Sons and Batwoman, yeah. but the, the thing is, Here's where we're gonna have some problems. You want to hear what book is gonna get canceled first? It's got to be Cyborg. It really yeah. has to be because we have said all along it's so weird. Even a book like a uh, you know a Vigilante that got canceled in the middle of a six issue fucking run, but there are times where you have a book and it's at its twelfth issue and they announce, listen, it's been canceled, but we're gonna finish the story in sixteen issues, and you think to yourself, okay. There's these people out there who have bought 12 issues. They're going to keep buying it to finish the run. It doesn't seem like that, but it, it is a weird thing, sales, because that could also be just those comic store shops that were still buying one issue of each. Yeah. And then they're like, fuck this. Nobody's buying the shit, and they just stop it. But still, the sales go completely in the tank. They get flushed. The sales are terrible then. As soon the as problem it's being, canceled, people bail. Yes, and the problem with this is, though I will say, they've been a little tricky with this. Cyborg has gone to be a monthly. To me, that should be almost the same as the old style of being canceled. I agree. They've been a little quiet with it, though. It's kind of sneaky. It's kind of sneaking into being monthly. Like, they haven't really gone full out and told you they just kind of said, hey, the price is going to go. It's been a little delayed and yeah, things like a, that. No, that's the thing is, too. The prices are going to go up for monthly issues, and we see that friggin' Cyborg And Cyborg was in. Say, yeah, they don't say that it's become no. monthly. They just no. put it in with the list yep. of others. It just got kind of shoved in there because I do think that that is people. Again, we were talking about people who hate people who always win. 
Yeah. And people don't like to be hooked onto a loser either. No. Buffalo Bills. And uh, so when this book, when Cyborg, which sales are fucking awful. They are awful. 19,000, I yeah, think, 19, was the last issue. Yeah, an issue. That is, not, that is not rebirth numbers. Now, I think everything's coming down anyway, but you, you have a, a twice monthly and you still can't hit 40,000. That is trouble for yeah. both books, I'm saying. And uh, so, yeah, I believe that that's going to be down to 10 very quickly. And then it'll be canceled. So we'll see. Uh, Blue Beetle isn't selling well either, but no. it's still in the 20s. It sells more per issue than one issue of Cyborg. So that, that just tells you there. Superwoman's a little more too, but I'm waiting to see these next sales, uh, the sales for January. And I think things never, rarely does a whole line go up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Unless you have a reboot and things like that. You'll and have a, gi- books that- a gigantic creative change, too. So. Yeah, well, I'm saying a whole line, though. I'm saying all of a sudden every DC book oh, right, is right. not going to go up 10,000. Usually, the, the, my whole, uh, you know, rule of thumb is that when you look at the sales, the second book of the month is the one that usually is the start of the, it keeps going down oh, in yeah. those increments and it, it seems to always work could, out that you way. You can always see that though for the weekly books because you know, you had four issues per that month for the sales. Yeah. So in each, like, you know, dec- like each, uh, added issue is down further than the last. Yeah. Yeah. And this is how I'm telling you if say, uh, Cyborg last month, I think the first issue of the month 20, was 000. like 20, 20, 21. The next one was 19. You're going to have a 19 and then a 17, and it just keeps going. Now it's just going to be monthly. But, uh, yeah, I think that you're also – you have the bigger books. You have Batman twice a month. You have Superman twice a month. Action, detective. Now you're just fucking these fringe – you know, even a a Red Hood and the Outlaws. Uh, People will be like, eh, you know what? I I really like it, but I'm not going to spend that extra dollar. I'd rather do this or that or the other thing. And then if a book isn't good – and the monthlies are the less – you know, in general, they're not that great, and right. people are just gonna bail. They're they're gonna bail, and then eventually they start fucking cutting things. They're gonna give them the axe there. But we're gonna move on to the next section of books, which I believe will be with Reginald Drinkwater. Sure will. Reginald Drinkwater. We'll we'll see uh, what he has to say about his books. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. So close, no matter how far Ginger views come straight from the heart Forever trusting Warner's words Cause ginger views matter Jim never opens himself this way to his wife or his family Let's not forget Eric Shane Cause his reviews matter Trust I seek and I find in him Twelve hours a week we get jammed Open mind for a fuck you five Cause Jim's reviews matter How drunk is Eric Shane? Segregation Reggie Segregation Reggie Hands up 
Sam, we're back. Hey, Reggie. Yeah. How was that vacation? How was it? It was pretty rad, going? dude. Was it? What'd were you, you surfing? Yeah, I was surfing. Did I was you sit ratting. in class and order a pizza to be it's delivered to class? Did you do I anything like that? Mr. Han wouldn't be happy here. about that. And you're here. Doesn't that make it our time? Doesn't it make Bad. it our time? Listen, dude. That's my skull. My skull. <laughs> I really Actually, you know what my fa- so much. I'm telling you, I do like that movie at parts, and the part that I really like is the, my favorite part is Spicoli's dream when he's dreaming, he's wanting, he's going to oh, party yeah. with Van Halen. Oh man, that now that's yeah. funny. Really, that, the stones. Where'd you get that jacket? That's awesome. <laughs> that's so good. That, that was my hero. Good. That's why I aspired to be, and I like to think you that made I it. Some. <laughs> Yeah, you know, well, I'm not. I'm not all the way there. I'm not sleeping in my van, in my no, VW van. No. That, that's it's You'll a shame. You'll get there one you day, aren't. buddy. Uh, Eric always wanted to be Damone, and unfortunately, he you? reached that as well. And yes, he has. A, I always wanted to be Christian Slater and pump up the volume. Oh, Christian Slater, would you? Yeah, I'm pump up the. Are volume. you saying then, Eric, that you care if she comes, stays, lays her praise? I do. Are, that's. I'm sorry to hear that. You learn nothing. I do. I always you wanted to be. Out. I wanted to be one of the fat boys in Crush Group. Hey, go to a buffet. You're almost there. Right. I'm, I'm almost there. I'm there, baby. You're I'm there. Crush every time. Group. I'm telling you. Every time that I go to the buffet, I do sing to myself, "All you can eat" from the Crush Group soundtrack. <laughs> I, 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 know, I, can just, see, I can just see you beatboxing as you go oh, along. Oh, you can eat. <laughs> sweating terribly. <laughs> yeah, that's me he goes, at the buffet. He goes up to the carving station. He's like, I'd like a piece of her. I want a piece of just like They're just like, sir, what do you want? We serve food here. We don't serve beets. I'm sorry. Yeah, and the problem is they don't really have that much of a spit guard, and they've got to take all that food and throw it away. Because I'm telling you, my beatbox is a very moist beatbox. I have some problems with that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, okay, we need some more ham over here. We gotta clean up an aisle why, six. Why do we Please. always get the retards early? Yeah, in the morning? why does this guy keep coming here? And you know what? You're you're not ham, fella. You're YOLO. He just spits all over the food, and it's like, whatever, man, just take whatever you want. That's how I claim it's mine. It's funny, because they're like, buddy, it's a buffet. You can eat all you want. You you don't have to spit on things to to make it yours. Yeah. So listen, some of those carving stations, you got to wait in line. I'm not not into that. I'm going to get everything (laughs) there. Told you, I don't even know that. uh, Did I mention on the podcast the guy who was, like, there for the goddamn seven plates of goddamn fucking uh, pancakes? Did I mention that, Eric? I I I believe you might have. I either did it, it here or I talked to you with all your buffet yeah. talk. Well, sometimes we talk about it just at work, so that yeah. that may come up. But yeah, this guy's fucking in line. He's getting like eight fucking pancakes at once. Jesus Christ, get back in line. Guy wants a big stack. Man. I can understand yeah, he wanted that. Wanted a big stack. He had like seven plates. Fucking dick. I heard a story last week. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to bring you down, but it was really, it was a sad story about a guy. I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, who has to fucking wash his sh- his shorts while he wears them in the shower? You hear about really? that? Really? I've that never heard of such a thing. That guy sounds like a cool dude. That, that guy sounds like any time somebody talks to that guy, th- when they say, I'll check you outside, cash you outside, <laughs> they really mean just to hang. Because that guy sounds like a cool fucking guy. That guy sounds so like bad. a I go-getter. Wondered, I, I, he sounds like a guy who's not going to rely. He's not going to rely on other people. This guy is taking life by the balls. 
That's one of the maybe, sad maybe stories. Maybe this guy could actually that take some time and use the washing machine is yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah, here's the thing. People think that's sad. Ask Eric. Yesterday, I think it was yesterday because I actually, my wife heard it and actually went <laughs> and, and wanted to have a rebuttal because she claimed that she had done some wash. She just put it away wrong. I didn't know where it was. Uh, but yeah, uh, yesterday though, I went to work and I said, Eric, look, my fucking shorts, they're soaking wet. I'm not joking. And he laughed at me. And then, yeah, I well, did somebody came. Either you laugh or you cry at that point. No, and then somebody came. They actually gave me a coat and then started serving me soup. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> like, It'll be fine, sir. Uh, you know, come here, you sit warm. down. Yeah, yeah, they gave me the... Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, but we're here to talk about some fucking books. Reggie, you had a light week. You had two books with, with the stuff yeah. we're going to talk about. Uh, and actually, I think just two in general, right? That you actually had to review yourself. Because uh, Shade came yeah. up. That's Chris reviews that, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, that's so right. Two so books, I, I really you... only had to write. I wish this had been the week before, but when I, I went know. away, that's what I'm talking better. about. That would never been turns good. out that Fucks way. me like that. Yeah, I know. Well, and uh, you did two books, and I'll have to say they're okay. I mean, usually, I like to give a, a general opinion of your books. I have to just say they're they're okay. I, yeah. I don't know what you gave them. Uh, I actually I know what you gave the second book, which will be Harley. Uh, but the mm. first one, Aquaman, I have no idea what you gave it. I do know, though, that I'm seeing a lot of people uh, dance through the streets about this book, especially this issue. And while I think it's okay, I, I don't – I still – the hype of this book is kind of – I don't know. Maybe I'm just not on the, you, the train. I, I understand the hype for this book because everybody's been wanting that Aquaman G.I. Joe crossover where Aquaman takes on Destro. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and, and not even just this issue, though. Just in general, I think this is a very competent title yeah, aquaman I think, I think if you're an aquaman fan already you should be fairly happy with but with uh, what's it's weird going because, on but i i couldn't see anyone being like oh man this is definitely well, not a must the, be, the thing know? that gets me is we're at issue 16 now and again it doesn't go tit for tat say i'm i'm gonna compare it to the new 52 and because of the twice a month schedule it, it kind of doesn't equal out to the 16 issues in there you know what i'm saying yeah, with the time yeah, yeah, yeah. going but in this part like during the New 52 at issue 16 of Jeff John's run of the New 52, we were getting the same type of hype. It, it was really everybody was. Well, and we, it's we'd, weird. Already, we'd already dealt with the throne of Atlantis at that point. Yes, yes. And, and almost – I'm telling you, at this point, it's very similar where people are like, yep, Aquaman means business. People are going to have to respect him and things like that. And that's what happens in this book. And to me – and I, I think that people who were around reading it during the New 52 – can't really be sitting here and thinking this is anything new. It really is a repeat of what we got at the beginning of the run when Jeff Johns was doing it, and I think it was a smart move. I really do because people are jumping that, yeah. on just the same because really the new Fifty Two had started. Read it, it's new to you. Yeah, and the, and the new Fifty Two <laughs> started. And one of the things I'm sure you can go back now and look at articles from the beginning of the new Fifty Two and like five things that I think New 52 is doing right, and I guarantee you one or two is Aquaman's oh, no longer a joke, and that's what this yeah. is, especially that this issue. Huge back then. It was humongous, and this is what it's doing again. For those who missed it then, they can jump on. I'm enjoying it enough. It's not I mean, I, I, I don't want to have to pull the I've been reading comics most of yeah, my life yeah. hard, but there are, there are other times. It, Peter, da Peter David did a run on Aquaman where they yeah. kind of made him serious, and, and I mean, Aquaman is just one of these characters that he really speaks to certain people, most people could take him or leave him. And, you know, Jeff Johns' run was something special, though, where I where I would say 
you got to check this out. This yeah. is this is really a cool run. He's a lot. Are, of are you pulling your comics history card on me, Reggie? Is that That's what you're right. doing? That's you, right. You I had to pull, that, I had to pull that out on you. Did you just but say I mean, how about I mean, that? Far, we haven't even gotten into you know what the hell this book is about. But but yeah. as far as what Dan Abnett's run is doing, let me tell you, if all of my comics were of this caliber, yeah. I'd be happy as a. It's clan. good. You know, it's good. Know, I'm just saying that the people who are like I, they're going gaga over this, and yeah, it kind of to me is good. I, I do like it. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, it's just that I don't like. I feel bad saying that. You know what? It's a standard Dan Abnett issue, and I like it. I, where I hear these other people are like, "Oh my God, it's the best thing. It's great." Because I was there uh, back then in the beginning okay. of New Fifty Two when I jumped on. That was me talking to Eric, me saying, to "Eric, God damn it, you got to read Green. Uh, Green. You got to read Aquaman. It's really good, and Aquaman is no longer a joke. It's really, really good." And, uh, yeah, we're getting it again, so now everybody can get on board. But go with it, Reggie. Tell us about Aquaman. It is Aquaman number 16, written by Dan Abnett, art by Brad Walker, (laughs) Andrew Hennessy, and Gabe Altayeb. Black Manta has fallen, and the sky ain't gray. I'm helping folks put their lives back together Cause that's my way That's my way I'm feeling sorta guilty (laughs) Though it was Nemo's play Collateral damage cleaning Out in Amnesty Bay There you go I tried to join. I didn't even mention Warhead. I just, I just want to get in on the hype train of Reggie That's singing. Fine. That's fine. I love I want it. To get in. I need well, you guys to be. We'll, we'll join up. Eric, we'll join Eric up soon. Snort. I need all that. It yeah, really yeah. Helps. yeah, Eric's <laughs> fucking. <laughs> That's always good. Uh, I need that. Yeah, uh, really, this is basically a cleanup issue in the introduction of, uh, you know, the next villain, who was Warhead, like like Eric said. It's I, Destro. Yeah, it's Destro. Basically. It really is. Well, or even at points, I'm like, is it even look like Dr. Doom at one point, <laughs> uh, you know, when you just saw him from the face and... uh yeah, it's, it's okay. He's uh, the next big bad. He looks like he has limited telepathy, technolepathy. Is that what he said? And the thing is, we're saying limited tech, like you know, it's limited to a degree. It seems here, but it seems like he's fucking with Aquaman the entire goddamn. Yeah, well, book it, it's he's trying to get within range, and the problem that he has is he doesn't have a GPS. He has no. It seems like that's the only thing stopping him is that well, it's a little too it far also away. Seems the telepathy he's using, the mm, vroom, they keep you yeah, know, yeah, 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 sound. I think it works on the same. He says it works on the same frequency. Yes, works on the same frequency. This is the same kind of thing as when Black Manta, you know, forced Coral to grow out of that one guy's face and body. Isn't this what we saw though when Doctor Claw would talk and Inspector Gadget? It might be. Like, didn't wasn't there a thing on the screen where it showed like the freaking lines Mm, from the speech? Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's (laughs) where we have everything. I could be wrong here. I've been a long time. It just really reminded me of that for some reason. There was like an oscillator. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you could look at it that way too, but I feel like it's making the same, it's making a similar noise to, uh, Aquaman's voo, voo, voo. Well, this is and like it's a funny, they, it but, is that, and the thing that makes me laugh about it is, is you do start off and he's using this for a guy to kind of kill himself. You, you find out later that he's yeah. trying to use these people. He does, this guy's gonna kill him, he tries to shoot him, and then he makes him kill After himself. After he brings him a bunch of tech, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yep. And then, boy, you go stuff. from that, and now we have to really get an explanation again of of kind of the aqua telepathy deal and and that whole thing is like really 
hit home hard here to to kind of get you in line of okay and like you said all of a sudden he has headaches so you have to get the idea that it's very similar uh with that but also it's funny too because you're going back to amnesty bay and a lot of people who weren't reading before you're you're reintroduced to my man salty his <laughs> dog who you never see because erica there salty the dog. police chief uh or the police officer is always watching salty at all times it's the funniest mm-hmm. thing it's like basically salty is erica's dog but it's supposed to be aquaman and mara's uh but i like that the whole thing having erica there is there also to stress because if you don't know that is a childhood friend it's almost yeah. like his lana lang uh yeah. th- with the deal and this is there so that she can be like oh you know what i always looked at you as arthur curry you know you're a guy yeah yeah but now i really this really hit home you're aquaman it kind of scares me and I, and it, it's you know, okay. I, thing is, I actually found myself really enjoying this parts, but because we already had the throne of Atlantis that was very similar yeah. to this, it feels like like it's it's too late. Yeah, well, and the thing is, we say this, and I'm gonna go full pass because of the fact a lot of people who listen to our podcast jumped in on rebirth so they're getting it now this is what i'm going with though is because even when they they have this like oh new york and boston they're destroyed it's so throne of atlantis with that and baltimore as well yeah and baltimore but baltimore it hit baltimore Baltimore. yes it it hit baltimore and now they've actually fucking had a parade because it looks better now Uh, (laughs) they're all like holy shit you know they they want more attacks (laughs) <laughs> like, you know, hit every neighborhood, please. Uh, Ogunts <laughs> Avenue, Eric. They could do that in Philadelphia. We might all be happy. Uh, except for Snooky Duke. Uh, but yeah, even <laughs> in the points where what I want to have happen, though, is that along the way, we have to get to this point where they get Dan Abnett thinks, okay, everybody's caught up. Let's move forward. Everybody can move forward now because really reading this, it does seem like rehash for the new 52. I want to get to this point and hopefully at that point, he can still maintain because I'll say Jeff Johns left the Aquaman book. Jeff Parker was on. You had Cullen Bunn. It it, it wasn't as good. It did no. you know Jeff yeah. Parker's run had some fun moments. The uh, we are every I always bring it up the high school reunion great moment That's of the, the new 52 one, yeah. Aquaman. He also got dragged into uh, Trinity War. Yes, you know, yeah, there got, was a lot of crazy stuff, and you're right. Like yeah, stuff like that. Where but even the part, his back to yeah, life. when his mother came back, it was a little off that whole thing, and but. I, I hope that he maintains this as we go forward. But, you know, this b- issue is basically for him to show or for us to see that he's kick-ass, that the world takes him seriously. Mm-hmm. He also, you know, you're going to get this whole thing. You have a weird thing with Erica and uh, Kai or Kay. Uh, I Kay. Yeah, it seems like a little bit of a sexy time going on. It's I don't know. There's going to be a little bit of Romeo and Juliet, yeah, yeah. you know, land, well, land that, guy, Erica, Atlantis guy. Which we thought Erica before. Has a thing for stutterers. Yeah, yeah. And and then, you know, then poor Merc. Nobody wants that fucking wreck. Yeah, well, <laughs> He's yeah. there. But even he, I even like the part where they're, they're built, rebuilding the town. And Arthur has to say, you know, I'm not in Boston or New York. I'm here in Amnesty Bay because this is my hometown. I'm like... I don't know about that. That that kind of threw me off. Like, I think that he should probably be in the big cities first so he can say, listen, you know, I care about everyone. <laughs> they have to be there. Like, what a fucking piece of shit. All he cares if we've about learned anything about bay. Aquaman, though, is that he's a really shitty politician. Yeah, he is. So yeah, he, he doesn't is. understand, you know, publicity opportunities yeah. like that. Like, that yes. you've got to be in the big cities. You, you, yep. know, you don't go to fucking, you know, lighthouse. No, and you, you know, I'm saying you don't go. You're the king of Atlantis. <laughs> 
Yeah, the whole country, that eastern seaboard has been destroyed, and you only go back to the one town that you always go back to help. It just, you know, it seems a little off. Also, I'm waiting for at hero. some point, I'm waiting for the Green Lanterns to show up and help because they did. This would be a scene where you could see even the Justice League with them because well, you just had them last issue kind of talking to Aquaman. And I, I, I'm it, just saying though, if I'm the Green Lantern, say I'm Jessica, you know. Something like this happens, and I'm in the middle of a Netflix marathon. Or something. Oh, You're boy, not going. My anxiety's really freaking yeah. acting up. Simon's yeah. there, and Aquaman Sorry, calls. Sorry. Yeah, Aquaman calls. He's just like I right to the fucking answer. Right There's to answering machine. Yeah, he. And then I'm telling you, Simon's like, not today. Mm, fuck you. He puts it right to the fucking voicemail. Think I'm showing up here to a terrorist attack? Go fuck yeah, yourself. Really. But yeah, I uh, did appreciate though that one of the first houses they rebuilt was for the guy that had to. Uh, Wash his shorts in the shower while wearing them. Obviously, <laughs> I mean, it was. A house. That was so, yeah. I was, <laughs> that was the thing. You never had a house. You used to have No. To that, that would be me. I'd sneak in. Showers. And I'd sneak in there and they're like, okay, whose house is the first one to rebuild? And I know that, you know, John Smith got killed. I'm like, my house right there. <laughs> they start rebuilding it for me. I'm like, okay, yeah. Almost Joe, get you know, out of here. There. I just walk in there. I'm like, I'm good. Fucking Merck's like, I make you look fucking just, you know, I look good compared to you, you fucking son of a bitch. But, you and, talked about this before with the little, like, you know, uh, the romance brewing there between Kay and freaking Erica, but, and like, nobody wants Merck. Now, uh, you guys started talking. I just stared at Merck during that time. Like, uh, all I want to see is a Lionel Richie video of him doing hello, and then the freaking blind lady touches his face, and then no, the, song, the blind lady touches scratch, his face and gets the fuck it's out. Over. Yeah, it's yeah. over because the lady's like, "Oh my god, where the fuck is the rest of your ear? <laughs> got half a fucking ear." And they're like, "Nope, I'm out." It's like, what is this, a relief map? I'm fucking out, baby. Uh, yeah, or also like, oh, what is this nice piece of... What, is this a conch shell on your shoulder? What the fuck Jesus. are you into? He gets the fuck out of there. But yeah, Hello. even to the point where I, I like the thing where they have a call out to Titans, where uh, Merc's there, and he's like, why don't fuck we use this, you know, the Atlantean coral shit that they used on Titans Tower? And... Uh, Aquaman says, "Now, nah, Garth, that was his call. Was we're Garth doing it. Deal. We're doing it this way." And I really like yeah. that. I, I actually like that, and it also is a cool thing. Like, yeah, it's funny because Aquaman's just walking through town. He's like, "No, I want everybody to use the surface." He's not doing shit. He's making Merc work. Poor fucking Merc now has to sit there and start nailing nails. <laughs> this is I know, okay. really. This yeah. guy's like, he's like he's like the fucking Atlantean general, and he's yeah. fucking you know. Mera, the he's queen of Atlantis, is painting a house. He's painting a house and putting he's down. He's like Jimmy Carter, right? This it's is so ridiculous. And and it's like there's Aquaman. He picks up a uh, goddamn fucking uh, paintbrush at one point. I don't even think he even paints. No. He's fucking nuts. That was a photo op. Yeah, he picks up the paintbrush. Next thing he's him and Mara are fucking thinking they're doing the painting version of goddamn Ghost coming up. He's there fucking <laughs> behind her. Fucking, well, I, I, I'm watching. I'm watching Mara paint there. Though I'm like, she doesn't know how to paint at all. She's terrible. She you, gotta think, but, you gotta think it probably doesn't come up a lot underwater. But though. I like what I I love because you see Aquaman picks up the paintbrush, and then in two panels later. The paintbrush is gone, and he walks away. He keeps doing this throughout the whole time. He's like, yeah, Merc, you know what? We got to get down to, you know, brass tacks. He picks up a hammer. Merc mutters something. He drops the hammer and walks on to the next guy. He, he doesn't do shit here. You guys here. do the exact same thing every day at work, though. Fuck I mean, yeah, we do. I'm not the king. There's no shame in our game, though. Yeah, I'm not a king. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to get everybody's trust. Like 
Oh, I got, I got to get to that thing with the screwdriver. Now, oh, yeah, speaking I'm of, on my speaking way. Of, speaking of work, I will tell you, Reggie, because you'll like this. Uh, today we're working in the middle of nowhere. Fucking wrong turn comes fucking walking over like somebody ripped, cut off his leg. And he's fucking, I mean, almost like a limp where he has to actually grab his leg and, and physically pull his leg with him. And we're like, oh, Jesus, what happened? And he tells us this thing. He's doing this thing with a, a pallet and trying to put it, pull it apart and shit. Tearing it apart, and he, yeah. And he's like, and then it fell on me and it hit there. Fucking Detective fucking Shay over here, fucking Batman. <laughs> he's like, I got to check this out. So we go over and I, he's over. I'm doing something. And I go over and I'm like. What is this? The fucking recreating the crime scene here? He's got all the shit the out. Left. He's going. I'm that. surprised he didn't have tape Forensics. out. He tried to to redo it. It made no sense. So then he got no, wrong turnover. The entire thing that he he explained. I, I tried to figure out what it was. I actually brought him back there after the fact to explain, so he explain it. Explain it to me. And once he was done, I flat out called "You're a fucking liar." Yeah, he goes, "You're a fucking this liar." Sense. This didn't happen. And we don't wow. know either. He, I think, he just wanted to pretend he was hurt to go home early. Yeah, he didn't or want to work anymore. Possibly. It ended up like he wanted to sue the company because he's like, listen, uh, I'm not going to sue him or anything. I, why would you bring that up then? And he's like, oh. And then we're looking and we wanted the limp to change. Then the limp disappeared. Then he, and uh, at the end of the day, he did go home a little early. And when we left, he, again, he lives in the house in the parking lot of the work. Yeah. And as we're driving out, he's standing outside giving uh, Eric oh, the God. fucking death stare. Like he was gonna kill him. Eric was on his game. Case. They said yeah, you just did. let him let him well, sue him for like fucking ten bucks. You know, oh my god! Money's. That's what I said. I you, said, what you are you gonna sue for? Is not, the, is not legit though, because he refused to fill out an accident report. Yeah, he wouldn't fill out an ap- accident report. And then I said, you know, he's like, oh, I'm gonna probably do that on Monday. I'm like, you can't fill well, out an accident report after yeah, a really. weekend. And then I said, you know. If you fill out an accident report and you lie, you could be in big trouble. And then he's like, oh, he's like, oh, hello? He's, hello? And then he says, hello? he says, uh, oh, I don't think I'm going to fill that accident report. Yeah. He's a fucking idiot. Back to this, though. We did, we got introduced to, uh, what's his name? Torpedo Head? Warhead. Warhead. Uh, Warhead. He's the big bad, but we don't That's get a true. lot of him. But he is. Also, my like impression said, is he may not be bad. He seems to, he seems to want. So, he, there's no proof that he's bad. There's a lot no, of no. He's making of people commit suicide. Uh, yeah, people he, are committing suicide because of him. I think he might be bad, but you don't know. Well, he's a bad guy, but I don't. I don't know if he wants to, to the fight level of yeah. Aquaman. I think he just want. He might want to talk to Aquaman because there's all this unrest going on in the world. Yeah, but I, yeah. I don't know. It's it's yeah. He does seem. Nothing, I think that. He, if you well ask done. me, I think that he is blaming Aquaman for the unrest and wants to do something, which, if that's the case, it is a little bit too late for that. We, we're kind of past it. But we'll see. I kind of, I'm intrigued. And he does, he needs painkillers. This guy's injecting shit. He got the, and yeah. yeah, he's making these, I don't know, tech people get him things, but you, you don't get a lot, but you do get that he's trying to contact, well, possibly contact Aquaman, or it's just on the same frequency that when he does use his powers to, uh, of technolepathy on these other guys, it kind of goes to Aquaman anyway, and it kind of gives him a headache. Uh, but yeah, other than that, you don't get a lot of them. I was a little confused at the end because when we brought in the other tech people and you see they're being controlled as well. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, I, I'm very confused about his power set because it seems that he, like, I was going to say transporters. That's not what he does. He friggin', you know, makes them see this war-torn land that he's watching on the TV like they're actually there to the point where it's such, like, crippling fear. They bow down the floor and it's like, look, well, do whatever you want. Just don't do that again. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that he just he can make them think whatever he wants, and yeah, he he pushes that vision of them being in basically you know ground zero somewhere, yeah. and that everything's on fire, and like Yo, like Reggie rock. said, I, I do know. yeah, I do think that he is against the you know the shit going on in the world. He, he obviously, and when they show this bank of monitors that he's looking at. Uh, Aquaman's right there in the middle, so, you know, and that's the whole thing. Aquaman is doing interviews, and he's doing all these things. Uh, you even have Shaggy Man in the uh, the upper oh, left. Kind of looks like he's actually that Bigfoot fucking thing where he's running. <laughs> it kind of looks like Game that. Footage? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but other than that, you, you don't get much more of except Aquaman's being more respected. Uh, you know, Erica's a little afraid of him. That takes him, you know, almost makes him like, oh, you know, you, you don't have to be afraid of me. And she's like, no, this kind of put in. And even then, you have pretty much his best he friend said, growing up who it took all this time for her to say, hey, you know what? I get it now. You're actually a god. Which is, is kind of fucked up, really. It it's is, like, because on, she's been there the this whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But it's almost like this is like his coming out party where he is yeah. going to be respected uh, going from here it's okay. I actually yeah. really am intrigued by this warhead and makes me like the book because this is something new. Like, yeah, we, mm-hmm. we I love Black Mana, but we've had a lot of Black Mana, so at least he's now gone. And this whole thing that was pretty much part two of Throne of Atlantis is gone as well. So this is where I hope we're moving forward where we can all start really enjoying it together and it seemed like something new because this is – uh, intriguing to me, and you know it's not well spelled out, so there's a little mystery and stuff like that. And I want to see what's going on. Uh, how about you, Reggie? Uh, well, you know, I definitely felt like after a four-part story arc, even though it ended a little flat, I love the fact that he did this little one-off kind of another day in the life of Aquaman. It gives us a chance to recenter, see how would people feel about Aquaman, and see that Aquaman is a good guy. And yeah. the way they rolled out Warhead is fine. You know, it's a little yeah. bit. Pat, you know, kind of three parts where we see, you know, the things that he does and they, they reveal them on the last page. But yeah. perfectly happy with it. This is the way comics should be written, I think. And, and uh, you know, they should be paced like this. Um, I mean, I'm always, I'm always beating this drum about these, you know, do shorter arcs and then do yeah. like yeah. a little one off. But I think I think Dan Abbott's doing it exactly the way I like to see it. So okay. in the end, really because of that. And I really like you said, I had no problems with this issue. It wasn't okay. like lighting me up, but. Uh, no. I did feel like it was a good kind of epilogue to the, the deluge, and I yeah. gave it an 8 out of 10. Okay, yeah, and even, like you just said, like, we're there kind of talking about it, making fun of you know, laughing, though. I really mm-hmm. don't even have a nitpick, really, of this whole issue. I, I really don't. I even think there's even the funny Even the art is part. solid, and sometimes yeah. Brad Walker can get a little... And I didn't yeah, really I'm find telling you, sometimes his Aquaman, Aquaman was a little... pretty. Yeah, his Aquaman you know? seemed a little odd sometimes, but uh, it was okay. But I did like uh, at one point even where they have the uh, Warhead and he's kind of control of the guys. And the one guy goes, Warhead? What kind of name is Warhead? Yeah, <laughs> As he's fucking like making them go nuts. It made me laugh. And I did look, and it is a callback to an older villain. I don't know that this is that version, though, uh, of an older Aquaman villain. But uh, I do like it. Uh, I'd probably give it... I. You know what? I'd probably give it a seven five, only because it, it's a lot more of the same. But I had no problems with it, uh, and mm-hmm. some of the art. I said Aquaman gets a little funky at some points, but never bad. It just he kind of changes a lot. Yeah, they they kind of change their look a bit at points. But uh, what you what would you give it? 
I'll say, in my mind, this is a perfect Dan Abnett issue where it's nothing bad with it, but it's not one of those exceptional things that really make you say wow by the end of it. Uh, I like the art enough, but I'll, He's you know, go seven. <laughs> it's a perfect Dan Abnett issue. Why it's wouldn't I go seven I, out of Well, 10? once you say that, you know, actually, that should be our new, we have the FU5, the fuck you five. We should just have what we call the Dan Abnett, Dan where you Abnett get an seven. issue. There's nothing wrong with it. And actually, yeah. There's some good things that lead going forward. That's Dan Abnett. But yeah, yeah. Eric, what would you give it? Se- uh, Dan Abnett, seven out of ten. Seven out of Beautiful. ten. Beautiful. Yes. Uh, it's, it's like like I said before. You know, if you're already an Aquaman fan, then you're you should be a happy person right now. Yeah, these, but, are, these have been yeah. solid comics for the last yep. I don't well, know that's, eight that's the or thing, so. Though. If you're an Aquaman fan, though, you've seen this already. Yeah, yeah, but I I think it's one of those that me and you have seen it. Reggie has seen it. It's not making me hate it though. Because it's so, no, I, no, I can't I even say it's it. so it's good. That I can't, that's what I, I'm can't saying. Think it's over the top though. Because no, no, I no. Well, that's what I mean. Water, I, I think that yeah. people would still enjoy it though. And a lot yeah, of people who bad. here's the thing: a lot of people who are Aquaman fans, which there's not tons, uh, yeah. but the 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 people out there are, to me, where I see on Twitter and everywhere else. They are just satisfied when they have a book that they can actually be proud of <laughs> to say, suck, yeah. you should read this Aquaman. It's really good. And to tell new people about it, like, oh, you think, because uh, all the, if you are an Aquaman fan, you have been left at, uh, you know, up and down. And you mm-hmm. had the new 52 where you could say at points, no, 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 check this out. And it happens again. People, oh, I know you're a comic fan. How is this Rebirth? Well, you know what a, a good book is, Rebirth. And you could have somebody read any of these Aquaman issues. Nobody's going to come back and, and fucking be pissed at you. They're not going to call you out on it. They're going to enjoy it. it it's just enjoyable. Yeah. It, it may not be earth-shattering, but it is certainly enjoyable. Uh, which the next book is a Reggie book that we always say, if you're a fan of, you'll always be a fan of. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to uh, want to jump off yeah. the trolley. There seems to be some uh, cracks and some, some yeah. seams showing in yeah. this uh, in this book. I, I think the the fast pace is uh, starting to wear on it. But yeah, that book is Harley Quinn number thirteen, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, art by John Timms, Chad Harden, Brett Blevins, Hi-Fi, and Alex Sinclair. Well, I have a phony joker. The system made him cray. He fell in love with Harley and his mentals they did fray. Oh, joker, phony joker. He made you pave the way. But when you fuck with Harley, then your life is what you'll pay. Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. I I just imagine you on a chair singing or maybe on a rooftop. Weren't they? um, And then play with Eric Stray. And play with Eric Stray. Hey. Oh. Nobody plays with Eric Stray. Oh. No, nobody does. Not even Eric Stray. Eric no. Stray rejects him on his he own. Can't song. even turn himself on. That's right. <laughs> uh, yes. Eh, Harley. Oh, this book. Uh, there's so not really, much to you know, say about it. This, this, this book, uh, you know, I really wasn't thrilled with it. Uh, no, like, I wasn't. As, as you can, as you can almost always say, the art I love. The art is great. Yeah, I did too. Arts. I like Tim's the art a lot. And Harden, I love him. Before before we actually get on, I just want to say this because it was a big shock to me because of how much I talked about how much I love Chad Harden stuff in the last issue, but I didn't yeah. really like was it John Sales? Uh, Tim not, Sales. I think you, the other guy was John Tim's. John, John Tim's. Tim's. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, like, yeah. who is he talking about? I, I, I messed know, it up. I messed the it up last is, week. Chad Harden's aren't here. Like, I don't like it as much as the rest of the book. This yeah. issue though, it's a complete yeah. reversal from where I was last issue. So yeah. I found that odd right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, I will it's say, fine. It's not like you it's know what I art, think that you know? it's yeah. weird too. Uh, where I like Chad Harden's art a lot, 
because it is a you know a dream sequence type of yeah. thing again, but this time through the guy who's supposed to be the Joker. You know what I think is incredible is where they have the kids and it looks like Christmas morning. I think yeah. that's some of the best art I've ever seen because it looks like they I, have I quadruplets like and each of them like one looks a lot like Harley, the other one that has the green hair looks more like the Joker. I mean, it really really looks good that panel. Uh, but Tim's art through the whole thing is, is a lot better. And it's really good, but the problem is there's not much of an issue here. And no. what we got made me pretty well, much hate Harley. I really I'm did. Saying, I, I, there's not much that we got here. And then we also spend, you know, three goddamn pages with this dream flashback, which, you yeah. know, it's not exactly what we saw before. It's pretty goddamn close. It's, and I'm like, it's damn yeah. close. Except now yeah. it is Joker dreaming yeah. instead of yeah, Harley. Yeah, now it but is it's, Joker. It's, but the sa- it's the same fucking thing. And the it, other thing and is... You, you know, I'm sick of these, like, superfluous dream sequences. Yeah, yeah. Not, no, It's with fucking you. nonsense, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, the other yeah. thing that I really don't like about it is, is, yes, we pretty much got the whole idea that this wasn't the Joker, uh, you know, last issue. And they really stretch it out here. And there's really not much more than that in this issue of Harley trying to make the guy admit that it's not the Joker. And then her seeming to take a lot of fun torturing him and, you know, pretty much and then kills him. And I, I didn't, I didn't By even look at the shooting a point blank in the face right in, in front face. of all of our right friends. Face. I mean, that's fucking crazy yeah. if you think about it. Yep. And, and it really threw me off because all in all, Harley was always somebody in this book where, yeah, she did some crazy shit, but always yeah, thought but that heroic. she was doing the right thing. And always, mm-hmm. it was her way of doing the right thing. This was not. This was her, Look, basically. I'm sorry, though. In my mind, she did the right thing here, only because I didn't want people to start talking about the four Jokers out there. Yeah, no, it, that, but the problem well, being people is... People were actually saying, like, is this one of the three Jokers? I, I wrote oh, about yeah, it in my online, and I was like, this is not, this can't be. Oh, Joker, yeah. oh they were going on and on about it. Nonsense. And the people were saying, oh my god, Red Tool was beating the shit out of Joker, and what the hell, and, and then I don't see anybody upset this issue... And to me, I know the guy's a murderer. It spells it out. This guy is a piece of shit. He's also insane. He's also yeah. has mental problems. And the point where Harley, the guy was trying to go, he, it's spelled out by Harley. You were used by the Joker. The Joker made you do this because that's what ends up happening is the Joker gets a hold thing. of him yeah. and uses, and basically it just comes up that he, the Joker's fucking with Harley. The Joker thinks this is hilarious that he made this guy turn into a him and then fuck with Harley. The problem is, though, is that he was used. He is a mentally, you know, he's mentally yeah. ill and was used by a guy who pretty much could turn a psychiatrist with little problems into a raving lunatic that still exists in Harley, and yet she shoots the guy in the face. And I don't care if you tell me he killed looks, 800 people. Up. I I think what it is maybe, and they don't make that it totally clear, but is that it kind of backed her into a corner. She had to, you know what I mean? She had yeah. to make a show but the to Joker the Joker. Wins. Like, don't the fuck. Joker won yeah, because of like, this. Why does the Joker give a shit? Joker's like, great, I love it. That's, yeah, that's what I think. I think the person. Joker, it, this is hilarious to him. Now, the punch he finds he got Harley to kill somebody. Yeah, if yeah. he finds out, he'll think this is hilarious. Like, she doesn't do anything with, with this thing, it's just ridiculous. This guy, me and Eric had a problem with Green Arrow earlier. 
where people were dying and things like this. Like, this is Harley shooting a guy in the face and then saying, the, you know, hey, Big Tony, take care of this body. Let's get the fuck out of here. And then the whole thing is, yep, she'll just go talk to her pets for a couple hours and she'll come out all fucking, She's you know, okay. whatever. And I'm like, thing, like I'm telling you, Harley up. has killed people in this book. Oh, she, she's killed a yeah. lot of people in this book. Absolutely. The thing is, though, the, like, doing it this way with an audience of all these people that she's become close friends with, they are not always on the up and up, but having them witness a murder and them being okay with it is very Yeah, weird I, I'm telling you, uh, yeah, I have a problem with that. I'm saying, like, just say me and you are at work, Eric, and there's there's fucking wrong there's turn. Wrong, wrong turn, turn comes yeah. in, and he's like, he comes in dressed as a juggalo, and he's like, yeah, I met these guys this weekend, and, and they told me that I wanted to be a juggalo, and that means you kill 18 people, and then yeah. you do this, and you're like, it's whoa, 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 whoa. Like, but even then, CD you're like, collection. no. Yeah, and you're like, listen, that's not what that's all about. Who told you that? You would, yes, fucking wrong turn should go to jail. You're not going to shoot him in the face. You're going to be like, no. God damn it, they fucking uh, they took advantage of you. That you shouldn't have listened to them. Why are you that stupid? Why are you doing this? But and then we, I'd slowly walk away, Eric, I, I backing up, and I'd call the goddamn though. police. But you would it's be. True. And she even spells it out the whole time. Look, the Joker, he doesn't care about you. He used you. He he, you know, you're a pawn. He's just fucking with me. Boom, right in the face. You're dead. The thing is, too, it's like she actually got through to this guy and then murdered him. Yeah, and in the like, one part, this whole thing started because she made a promise that she didn't keep to an insane guy. And it does. This goes back to Reggie's thing is this guy no was this guy was in the book before, and yeah. he did yep. go nuts. He was a murderer, and Harley said, listen— you, and she, I want to go on a date with you. And he, she said to him, listen, you get yourself better, toots, and then we'll talk about a date. Uh, I'll come and visit you. And never did. And this is what started him down this path. And she kind of blows it up like, yeah, you know what? I I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. But I went, boom, right in the face. And it just threw me off that my, that was my, how uh, you were going to end this. It's it just my, weird. She's just as bad as the Joker of this. She really is. My biggest disappointment, though, in this in this book is a misplaced joke. We could have had a perfect place to have a great call out to Batman 89 when this guy is getting his face, you know, like surgically reconstructed to look like the Joker and he's all wrapped up. I wanted him to have his hand up. Mirror. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all I wanted. Yeah, and we didn't yeah. get it. Yeah, and you go through the whole thing of how he became the Joker. It was plastic surgery, and this is uh, it was called out before. Now it's weird because she even says like about the skin and it, you know, the the makeup coming off. But then they showed that he did go into a vat and bleached his skin. That was kind of yeah. off to me. But the whole thing ended up being that he, as she actually saw his penis, and it wasn't, you know, That's either it wasn't as big, Joker's it wasn't scarred. I got I really the idea that he's a cutter that there. cuts his dick. That's what I thought, because she's talking about his unit and the, the scarring. He's circumcised. Yeah, no, I think that he cuts his penis there. He writes shit so. in it. I don't know, but yeah. She, I don't even know if cutters would cut their penis. This is a fucked up concept to it's me. It's the Joker, Eric. All, all bets are off. And that's the second of the three Jokers that is a dick cutter. Uh, that is a little that's a little known fact of rebirth wow. that I, I I have heard from people uh, on in the know Eric I know what's going on uh, but yeah the art that's was really good penis? but this yes the the whole issue was pretty much the same kind of thing going on and on about her trying to get the guy to admit that it's not and then finally he does that's basically the whole thing and then she shoots and then we him. see how yeah yeah and then she shoots him and done and it's done I I do like the art but yeah it, it threw me off a bit I think this it was, was a down, down you know especially it was a down the, arc I, mean, they, I think the whole arc was down this, 
They're, no, they've, they've been hyping this up since October, yep. early November, yeah. you know, like since that punk rock thing started. That's really yeah. when this all kicked out. And it was supposed to be such a big thing, and it wasn't. This no. last issue was pretty much a disappointment. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't really know what else to say about it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I either. Can't, I can't see anyone being satisfied with this resolution, but it's not like it's unpleasant to look at. No, and no. Uh, no it I looks ended up, great. Yeah. I just I didn't like the resolution, and to me, uh, there are certain times when things scream of desperation, and I'm not saying that Harley's selling as bad as say Cyborg. Uh, or like Deathstroke, but if the Definitely sales are down. down, the sales are down, uh, from what we had in the new 52 even. And I do. The think new 52, this, I'm telling you, even during the DCYU when everything was sucking, Jesus this was in Christ. the top 10 book. Yeah. Yeah. Top 10. This was always fighting Batman for the number one part. That's it's why. Batman. Yeah, in that Batman one issue remember, where, yeah. uh, in Suicide Squad, you know, Justice League versus Suicide Squad, when Harley said to Wonder Woman that you're mad because I'm now the Trinity, she meant it. And it was. Yeah. It's not like that anymore it's starting to fall now still the the sales are still better than a lot of other books but they are kind of going down i think that this was one of those moves you get harley and the joker together and announce it and people go but the problem is it, it not having it be him and what happens at the end i think that this might be you know you're this you're paying you're paying Pe- you're robbing paul to pay peter eric or- oh i don't, <laughs> I don't think paul Harley's paul on the chopping block if no no i'm no, saying no, that i mean and when i say chopping block i mean on people's pull lists yeah, yeah no maybe, I, yeah. and what i'm saying is there might be people who jumped on that would be like oh man i want to see what's going on and i don't think that this is going to keep them no. going uh, the people we say all the time dancing mike made fun of us if you like harley you usually are going to like harley but i don't think that the uh you know what they were going for with this big splash with this thing not being him it kind of threw people off that punk rock art kind of kind of that was okay like we've had a couple of these now well no you know what happened with that it seemed to to go in a weird direction then all of a sudden like i wanted more of the punk rock after that yeah Yeah. but uh what did you give it reggie I gave it a 5.5 out of 10, you know, and part of me wanted to give it a fuck you five, but I did feel like it was a better quality comic than that. But I I was annoyed that after all the hype and this is, this is Joker and Harley, this is the big reunion. And it really, you could have, you could have missed it. I wouldn't even say if you're a Harley fan, you'll like it. I think you'd still be a little disappointed. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, and I agree fully with the score. I'd give it a 5.5 and a lot of that's art for me. Because there was not anything new or anything going on here that was really impressing me. Uh, what would you give it? I don't know. I I, I kind of want to go a little bit higher than you guys because I did love the art. And in my mind, if like you got done last issue, you already knew this wasn't going to be the Joker. So going into this, yeah. you're just going to kind of see this whole idea. And a lot of it, you know, I, I didn't mind for the most part. It was just really unsatisfying as a whole, though. Well, like but I like, said, the, the problem is I think that what you're saying is what really drove me nuts is a lot of people didn't seem to realize it wasn't the Joker. We did, so I just wanted to get on with it. I'm like, let's get on with it. Jesus Christ, she's, she's so going to do this. But then it's just a whole issue of, of him explaining yeah. who he is. And, and, it's, and I don't a dream sequence in the beginning. But no, yeah. because of that, I probably... I'm, I was going to go with 6, but uh, I'll probably give it a 5.8 out of 10. All right. And we're going to go off, Reggie, uh, to you and what? Chris. Time out. What? And Eric <laughs> think that they're going to go off, but they don't know that I have the power to freeze time because I went oh, to the shit. West Coast and learned how to be like Zach Morris. So Ooh, I'm going to use so that. So that's what you're going to time out? I so, wish you could do that and I could go and, <laughs> and wash my pants in the shower right now. Because if you say, are we freezing as well or do we get to hang out with you in the time out? 
You're not supposed to be able to talk right now. Oh, I don't. I thought so we I, timed out. Okay, we timed out. I so thought, you want you wanted to end the segment like? That? Did I not? I thought I got that power. I didn't realize. No, you didn't get that power. You got more of the power of hang time, which is for people to not remember you except me and you, Reggie. And, and also to be real fat kid on a basketball team, which is yes. always the big dream. So that's yes. Or California Dreams, you get the power of being sly. In uh, that, that, where power. you you have a Jim Warner say, "God damn it, the guy playing Sly, that is the next Tom Cruise," and it never <laughs> happened. It never happened, Reggie. It nope. never happened. That but guy we're gonna, dead now. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna go off now and hear what you and Chris have to say about Shade, the Changing Girl. Do you remember the number of the issue? Was it issue number uh, five? Was that what it was? Cinco, uh, yes. Okay. Well, we'll see what you have to say. Thanks a lot, Reggie. Letter. Once in every lifetime comes a love like this. Oh, I need you, you need me. Oh, my darling, can't you see, young one? Darling, with a young one. A young one shouldn't be afraid to live. Love. There's a song to be sung. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Young Animal segment. I am Reggie. My name is Chris. Still Chris. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we are uh, bringing you a Young Animal title this week, and that title is... Shade the Changing Girl, issue number five. Um, the title, I think it's Girl Furious, but it might be Furious Girl. I'm yeah. not sure. It's written very strange. I think they, I think they might have. They, yeah, I think that might be a little bit on purpose, but yeah, it's something. I think so. Those two words are in the title. I can say that. Yes, I can <laughs> promise you that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this issue was written by uh, the uh, normal team. Here we have uh, Cecil Castellucci with art by Molly Zarcone, Ryan Kelly, and Kelly Fitzpatrick. Um, now we hop in. We don't pick up where we left off. We left off last month with, uh, with it. It seemed like Shade, like uh, she remembered everything, right? Yeah. It's uh, she was sleeping there with uh, Wes, and she suddenly had a, like a flash of profound reality hit her, and uh, she kind of knew what was going on. She knew the score. With Megan, uh, we, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, with Megan. Yeah. Uh, but we don't pick up from that. We uh, we actually pick up on a uh, class field trip to the zoo. Which I didn't think high school students did. It depends. It depends what level you're at. You know, maybe I the uh, the slow class has. To, I don't. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I don't remember ever having a have, ever having a field trip. I know we had like the senior trip to the to the amusement park that nobody went to, but I mean. Uh, yeah, we didn't have know. any high school field trips. Although I did go to New York City Public School. Hmm. Which may have contributed to that fact. I have no idea. I, I was I was going to Long Island Public mm-hmm. School. Yeah. <laughs> um, now uh, they, you know, they get to the zoo, and she, or she's getting on the bus actually, and she notices that, or she doesn't notice, but we notice mm-hmm. that uh, several of her classmates and teachers have, uh, they have heads of like animals or alien beast type things. Yeah. Um, and these visions seem to go in and out. Uh, we don't know. Uh, I mean, we'd figure that she'd think that was normal, but uh, we can see it. Um, now, uh, upon arrival. Shade has a uh, chat with Wes, her ex-boyfriend, and uh, she appears hesitant to partner up with him. He's saying, you know, I can rig it so we're partnered up today, and she's like, nah, don't bother. Uh, And she even goes as far as to tell him that them having spent the night together was nothing more than a one-off. 
Dis. Uh, I know. Cold-blooded. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shade is teamed up with guess who? Her definitely not perverted neighbor. Yeah. Uh, Rip. And uh, Teacup, who is always around. Um, inside the uh, inside the zoo, Shade's going. Uh, <laughs> like if you saw a real kid do this, you'd probably be really annoyed at them. Yeah. Um, she, Getting all like moody, deep, like trying to like make eye contact with the animals. Which, if you saw it in like real life, you'd just be like, Ugh. although not maybe not if you were a teenager. Maybe not. See, maybe as a yeah. teenager, you might you might be attracted to that, or if you yeah. were already attracted to her, you wouldn't care what she did. You'd all you'd find it uh, incredible no matter what. And she's she's picking her nose while she does it. That's fine. You'd be like, oh, that's great. That's beautiful the way she does that. <laughs> yes. Um, now, one of the animals she looks at is a panda bear, who reminds her of a certain other sunken-eyed alien ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Segway. Yep. And we uh, shift right over to Meta, where Lepuck, the boyfriend in question, is tied to a chair. Rackshade's boyfriend and Hellboy's sister are standing before him. That's the girl with the uh, cut horns or whatever. Yeah. We don't know really what's happening there. Looks as though he's about to have poetry read at him, which might just be the worst thing ever. Uh, Rack's boyfriend is referred to with feminine pronouns here. So Hellboy's sister says to Lepuck about Rack's lover, you should do what she says. She's very good at getting her way. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's fine, I guess. Uh, it's unclear. Maybe there's a sex-changing thing. I mean, truth be told, we haven't seen uh, the character's... So it could just be a boobless lady. Uh, Lepuck is informed that whoever (laughs) has the coat is likely already consumed by the madness. Hmm. We hop back to the zoo and we have Wes wondering what's going on with Shade. He's uh, eating a candy bar in front of a sign that reads, An Elephant Never Forgets. Ooh, very symbolism. Yeah. And also, yes. that, uh, is that really a sign you ever saw at the zoo? Like that's that's literally not a fact about elephants. <laughs> you know, like that's that's misleading <laughs> as hell. You know, it's like you know these monkeys enjoy being in a barrel. You know, like that's not true. That's just a anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we rejoin. <laughs> oh, okay. Here we go. Uh... In the birdhouse, Shade appears to be communicating with the birds. And this annoys Teacup and would probably annoy any rational observer. Right. Unless, of course, you're a teenage boy who's attracted to her. That's right. Um, Shade claims that on her home planet, instead of zoos, they have free-range reserves because Earth is the worst. Um, Teacup is still annoyed, and I feel you. Uh, River is clearly a believer, or he just really likes Shade that much. Mm-hmm. Um, See what I tell you. <laughs> now we get a, sh- a page of the trio looking rather avian, as uh, is just as though they were on Meta. Yep. Shade is uh, replaced with Loma, and the other two look like they just finished shopping at the Hot Topic on Sesame Street. Sorta, of, and they have really big heads too. It's yeah. uh, it definitely looks a little awkward, but it, you know it's uh, it's cool just to see me a little bit what Meta sure. is like. Speaking of which, back to Meta. Rax lovers giving a lecture about the madness. We learn that madness's purpose is a metan offense. It, it all helps them conquer other worlds. Next up, we join Megan, not Shade, the actual Megan, who's like kind of a spiritual sil- silhouette, a flesh, co- a uh, pink silhouette, I guess, sure. uh, floating around. There's an astronaut there. It's a very, very trippy scene right here. Um, yeah, we're not. It's like her soul, her essence, something. Her, Perhaps. Whatever it is that uh, drifts around, it's drifting around through psychedelic space. Uh, she happens upon a very apologetic astronaut, and that'll be explained 
a little bit more later, but the astronaut is saying, I'm sorry, Megan, I'm so sorry. Uh, back in back on Earth, the kids are getting back on the bus, and uh, River and Teacup are having a chat. Uh, River really wants to believe, but Teacup is pretty incredulous to the whole situation. Uh, it's revealed that River and Shade have a plan. Shade will return to her home planet on the new moon at Yarrow Lake, which I'm assuming is the same lake that we've been coming back to this whole time. I would have to that where she drowned, you know, that yeah. whole, yeah, that's got to be it. Um, now, Wes keeps bugging Shade to talk, but she tells him that she, quote-unquote, needs space, which I'm not sure if that's a double entendre or not. If it is, that's very well done. Yeah, I think if it not, is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that that's sort of the modus operandi of this book, too, is to, sure. uh, you know, keep slipping in little tidbits here and there but you know i'll take I'll, I'll give it to him i'll chalk it up sure. for him uh back wherever uh, megan's floating around uh she's embraced by the astronaut whose fo- whose uniform reads either aesa or maybe v53v i think it's aesa though i think so too i don't know aerospace something space i don't know um the astronaut lifts his visor and it's an aged wes Megan doesn't understand why she is still so young if he's so old. And Wes tells him they're both dead. Duh. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Wes died on Mars somehow. Uh, Wes literally pulls back the curtain to reveal that they're in limbo. It would appear that Wes was waiting for Megan so they could pass on through to oblivion together. Uh, you know, which is, you know, come on, dude. You're really hanging on there a little long. Like, how, lo- how long? You got old and then died. Like, how long have you been waiting for this? Uh, and Megan's like, nah, I'm out of here. She's she's, and, she's gone. Uh, back on Earth, it is the night of the new moon, so I don't know how how far in advance we are, but uh, all that matters is we are at the lake, and uh, it is the night of the new moon. Uh, River and Shade are peering through a telescope. Um, uh, Shade's dog begins to bark because a teacup, complete with her bad vibes, has mm. shown up, and a cup of coffee. Uh, Shade lays down so she can leave her body. She can leave Earth. Uh, some blue psyche energy draws off her body. Uh, the next panel like shows something that looks like a, like a reverse shooting star, like a shooting star going up. Yep. But the dialogues would su- suggest that that's not Shade, because you know Teacup still isn't buying it. But so I don't know if that's just something we're seeing or if it's it's not a hundred percent clear or if it's not related to her like that you know what I mean true it could, could just be a star could that be Megan or, coming you know what I mean like it's could be. it's not a hundred percent clear but yeah they don't seem to be re- reacting to it in the yeah. way that you'd expect them to like wow this something just came out of this girl and now is shooting through <laughs> and space shooting up that would be the normal reaction I would expect but I don't know we we don't know it's hard to tell in this book what the characters see and what we see <laughs> that's yes that is uh, definitely something we've confronted yep. just about every issue um now uh teacup just suggests that shade is just high and she passed out uh loma appears to be stuck in some sort of murky muddy rainbow yeah. she's unable to pass through to return to meta uh the issue wraps up or this story wraps up the following morning when megan's essence returns to earth tackles shade and demands her body back yep says bitch i want my body back that's what she says. And we are going to, I guess, finish out this arc. I, I would only assume so next issue. Well, it is issue six. So. Yeah, it, it only <laughs> seems to make sense. Although they do, you know, DC's been putting out some seven and eight issue trades lately. They've been getting a little, uh, they're keeping you guessing around here. Yeah, and they've been doing two issue story story arcs and one offs, and but just not this one. I, but it is again, this is a first arc, so I guess they have to keep the formula a little bit. Well, you know, I, we just want to mention. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll handle the uh, backup just to mention it quick. The uh, hmm. it's life with honey. 
And it's mm-hmm. an episode of uh, Lorna Shade's favorite Earth TV show. And it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a silly take on 50s family TV, leave it to Beaver kind of thing. Kind of a surreal take, too. The dialogue is, has a surreal aspect mm-hmm. to it, but it's goofy. But, uh, you know, uh, the uh, it's China Clugston Fiore does, or Flores does the Flores, art. yeah. Uh, you know, and it's it's pretty cool, um, but the story, like, again, like all these backups, but this one, unlike, I think we had one, I don't know if that was Cave or Doom Patrol, kind of annoyed us, this is nothing mm-hmm. to annoy you, and it's uh, at least at least connected to Doom, to uh, Shade. I, I thought it was kind of, yeah. It just, it's like, hey, the 50s were different than it is today. Yeah. Okay. I'm... It's like, and you know what, you had to, re- you had to, you had to rewind VHS tapes. So what? Well, it's it's we're we're making fun of antiquated things for being antiquated. Do you feel like it uh, detracted from the book? That it annoyed you at the end too much, or it did? It yeah, because because since it did tie in, I thought it was still part of the story. Mm. I thought it was like a cutaway, and uh, it would have lowered my score if had it been part of the story. I didn't think you know it didn't bother me as much, but I did think it was sort of superfluous, like most of these mm. uh, backups, and it definitely isn't part of the story no. definitely not part of this issue and you know you could easily do without it but overall i did think this issue was uh pretty good i did like it yeah. you know it answered it, it, it everything's kind of closing in together now and uh you know obviously we're headed towards a big showdown between megan and lorma shade and rack's boyfriend is going to get up involved in here i'm sure and it's going to uh mm-hmm. All come to a head and explode. Um, well, one thing I would say, and I'm I'm virtually positive that this is going uh, beyond six. I, I don't know. I haven't checked the solicits, yeah. but yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's being a seven. solicited. But uh, I've really enjoyed this, and I wouldn't mind if it ended next issue. Sure. You know, if it was a if it was just a story about this crazy thing, and then you know whatever. I don't need I don't need it to end with everyone's death, but it ended in some way that you know that was it, and it was like that's the end. Uh, that's not going to happen, and um, no. um, we'll see. The story will bear out whether I'm okay with it or not. I don't know, you know, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't think I'd hate that. What, what did you think? I'm already talking too much about it. I, uh, I, I, th- I thought it was probably the weakest issue we've gotten yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that might just be me because I, was, I think I was expecting a bit more. I, I think I had some high hopes pinned on this issue yeah. uh, from the re- revelation at the end of last issue. I was expecting there. I was expecting the it. To, I was expecting this storyline to wrap up here. I thought we were going to at least get uh, like a confrontation between Megan or Loma or Shade, whoever she is, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and her, you know, the people who were at the lake that night, and maybe just figure out what that was all about. But uh, I do understand they wanted to bring the real deal, Megan, back. Um, but so you're right. Forgivable. I mean, it, you know, the 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 whole like contrived trip to the zoo, besides being kind of strange for a high school class, <laughs> it's a little it's a little slow and a little stupid, and and used really only to segue to things that are going to fill in plug in the gaps. Yeah, yeah. Um, it did. It felt. It did feel slow. Um, and maybe it was supposed to. I don't know. Is because uh, it did seem like we were, and we we we've talked about this before, where like the the fourth issue slump, but uh, mm. this one dodged the fourth issue slump and kind of fell into it with the fifth. Yeah, um, it, it's still not a bad, it's still a great issue. And just, I think it, uh, and a necessary issue. We did get a lot of sure. like a little, a lot of background, a lot more, like especially with the meta aspect. 
that was something in the beginning of the series that I was like, what is this? I, you know, what is happening yeah. here? Now I know what's happening there. You know, we've got a much, we don't, may not know the gender of Rack's boyfriend, no, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. That's, that's nothing, you know, in a book like Young Animal, that's the least of your concerns. Uh, <laughs> Young no, Animal I, title. I, I do like that our Metten scenes are more, they seem more distilled now. Yeah. It's like we had all this stuff that was just like, just the slurry. It's like, oh, we got to watch him play with his band. It's like, eh. But here yeah. it was at the 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 two scenes we had were were pointed. They uh, they were they 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 served the story instead of just being taking away pages from Shade. I wonder if that's by design that that as Earth gets more surreal or you know the you know the day to day of Shade's life is more surreal or you know, the meta stuff has gotten more straightforward. I don't know. I uh, wonder. It's, That'd be really uh, interesting uh, storytelling. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely well crafted, and uh, overall, like we say, we are enjoying it. What well, what did you give it? I gave it a, a soft eight yeah. out of ten. I uh, I didn't feel right giving it lower than an eight because uh, because I, I I I'm tempering my score with my expectations because I I was expecting something to happen this issue that didn't, but I can't hold that against the book. Yeah, I, uh, I I'd have to agree with you that yeah we, we we talked about it earlier and we were in the same place where I would give it I would give it a seven point five but I'd be telling people it was a great seven point five you should go check sure. it out if you know what I mean yeah uh, it doesn't that doesn't feel right so it's an eight but it's an eight telling you like yeah this is a dip in the series and I and you know possibly a necessary dip hopefully the reaction the reactiveness of the six issue will uh, make it all worth it. Uh, but that's when we'll really assess this uh, series as a whole, really, I think, when when it finally drops its sixth issue in hopefully one month from this mm-hmm. week. We'll see. Not not every young animal book does that, but they, they, <laughs> they try the best they can. Uh, we do have some young animal books on the next two weeks in a row. Next week is Christmas. I don't think we have anything next week. No, no, I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, <laughs> we have one of your favorite books. You don't know this one? Oh, is uh, Cave Clawson coming out? No, no. It's, uh, is it Doom Patrol? No, sorry. I Would that be something, right? Two weeks after the last issue? Nope. It's uh, <laughs> Mother Panic number three. I'm sorry. But oh, you know what they say? Boy. Third time's a charm. This could be it. This, this, is, this is the one that's going to turn us both into... Huge Mother Panic fans, I can feel We're it. We're gonna so. be Mother Fanics. <laughs> That's right. I got to go buttons the... made up right away. You know, I'm a Mother Fanic. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I promise to go in with a clear mind. And the uh, yeah, well, you know, we do the best An we can, up. but we gotta be honest. We gotta tell you what we think, and uh, hopefully, when we at least when we go through the issue, we give you enough information that you can you know to tell for yourself whether it's your kind of thing. Sure. Uh, week after that, we got we do have Cape Carson has a cybernetic eye number five, which yeah, is weird. I could swear we were at number six. I guess not. Has, uh, yeah, we had because uh, yeah, because Doom Patrol would have been at six. Would have been uh, six this month. Yeah. So I yeah. guess yeah, Cave started. You're right. The start of the month after. Uh, yeah. I just felt like I you know the book it's just jam packed you know with stuff. You it know is. What I mean, I feel like we've had five issues of stuff already happen, uh, but. Nope, uh, we are headed <laughs> headed into the uh, fifth issue next month, so or in a couple of weeks. So uh, we got that to look forward to. After that, I don't like to make any predictions, although I have seen some incredible things in, in uh, Comicsology solicits, but no no promises, folks. We we will. Are only they doing the uh, Are they doing the look ahead to the uh, the releases for 2019 yet? Not yet. No, I know. Okay. So sometimes. So Doom Patrol Seven isn't out. Sometimes yet. you go on there and uh, yeah, it's uh, they 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 really got these things built out forever. It's like one book. 
per month. Yeah, because I because I I do my uh, ordering ahead of time, yeah. and I think I'm actually ordered up to issue eight or nine of Doom Patrol right now. Oh, really? Yeah, because so they don't good. change they don't really change the solicits. Uh, th- actually, this last one I just put in the young because I get a bundle with the young animal books, uh-huh. and uh, this time it was only three books. So. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so I guess they're given a, they're given the uh, the doomies some time to catch up. Well, I hope so. Uh, well, I don't know. Well, we'll see what the verdict is out on that, of course. But I definitely do not like having to wait too long in between books, you know. But we can only review what we got or talk about the books that we get. We can't write our own, except on the hundredth episode. That's the only time that we do. <laughs> yeah, we still got like a ninety-three more episodes to to get to that. Again. To do that one again, yeah. So we're not going to worry about it. But uh, I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Do you got anything else for him? I think that'll do it. Well, until next week, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. Hey, hey ladies in the place, I'm calling out to you. I never was a city kid, true and so For the beat, then you'll ever know. And I got more hits than Zara Hara O. Tom Wong. Tom Fishman. All I'm time for the beat. Women on TV where the hell I took Wallery. Words flowing out just like the Grand Canyon. And I'm always out looking for a Understand why you just can't admit Jim is the man. The time on the podcast is here, the voice that we all want to hear. So here we go. I gotta get a hold of that. I really think that Dancing Mike should sing the national anthem at one of those ice squirrel games that he goes to. What's those the ice squirrels? The ice badgers, the ice spider monkeys. <laughs> I think that he should sing the national anthem, and uh, that everybody would be happy. They they just had he he was talking to us on uh, the Get Fresh Crew chat, and he. They had Star Wars night uh, the other night, and he was dressed as Darth Vader, which I don't know seems very appropriate to me. If he was not dressed, it's, as it's just Darth a weird Vader, concept to me. It's like, all right, we're gonna go to a hockey game. Hey, everybody, it's Star Wars night. No, Get that's, fucking that's typical up. of any minor league anything. You have minor league. I, baseball, I know. It's just minor, I, they have. I've, the I've never seen it personally. Is what I'm saying. So the idea of going to a hockey, like you know, if say I wanted to go to an Ice Bears game, I wasn't in on the in on the know of what was going on, and I walk in, everybody the dressed ice as Star Wars. Did you say the, the, the ice, ice Bears? The Ice Koalas. Is that it? <laughs> The ice drop bears? Yeah, the ice drop bears. That'd be scary. 
Uh, so you, if you just went there, you're saying a sight unseen, sight and everybody unseen. was dressed as Star Wars people, you'd be scared. I'm telling you, I'm okay with it. Imagine a norm going in and seeing this shit. Like he goes to see a hockey game, all of a sudden everybody's dressed up like fucking Jawas yeah, and Ewoks yeah, and shit. Like it. I'm sure there's a lot. Oh, I would. Of, I'm just talking uh, about kids. normal folk. I just. Uh, I think that he, uh, Dancing Mike was dressed as Darth Vader. If he wasn't Darth Vader, I would think that he'd probably go with the Dancing Twi'lek in the uh, Jabba's Palace. That would be Ooh, second pick. Yeah, and then from there, possibly Lobot. I could see him as Lobot. <laughs> It'd be funny, too, he's Lobot there, and his wife is a non blackface Lando. I don't want her to go into blackface. But I don't she think sits we want there, anybody to go into blackface. And she just looks at him and then he knows that she wants him to go get a beer and some nachos. He, oh, yeah. It's it's sight unseen. He's just, he nods his head and off he goes. Yeah, He's yeah, got to be in the character. He's a complete you, manservant. You should never then. go as a blackface Lando. That is just, if you're going to the Ice Gorillas game, just listen to me. Don't go blackface there. Absolutely not. The Ice Wookiees would not be happy with that. That is true. And that, you just said something very racist, I think, there. Uh, Ice But the first bit of email from mail section number four is from Brett. Brett says, what's up, Get Fresh crew? Eric, Jim, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Batman Beyond Mark, and the Cellar Dweller. Boom. Give me, what would the Cellar Dweller, how would the Cellar Dweller uh, greet Brett if he saw him right now on the street? Give me a little Cellar Dweller. Yo, what up, young blood? That's the cellar dweller. I that don't know. I'm not like good with impressions. Breaking two. <laughs> that, that might be a fucking ozone. Look, yeah. I am not the man of a million voices like you are. I'm sorry. I would think he'd be like, hello, Brett. I, I just imagine that's your mother. Now you're doing. That was my mother. I'm doing my mother. What the hell is this going to? <laughs> what are you coming up with those fucking uh, dating sites again? Forced to love. <laughs> I'm telling you, just behind the, the veil, we are recording this part, and it's the next day. It's actually Sunday. It got late. We went to bed. And I'm telling you, after we got done last night, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm making a soup for myself, just laughing at forced love. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> then my kids were watching uh, the Shark Tank show, and there were these three uh, women there pushing this uh, dating site called uh, Coffee and a Bagel. Something like that. It was Coffee one of those hokey things. Coffee and a bagel. So you could say, somebody says Am it I here work. for breakfast or am I here yeah, for I'm, sex? I'm telling you. They, they're like, hey, let me find that hole in your bagel. Hey! And then uh, and then I'll pull down my pants. You put my your hand on my balls and cough me. You, you like some cream in your coffee? <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, I, I, they were saying like, hey, it, what, we made up the name because when somebody says you're at work and you're embarrassed that you can't find a man. Or a woman. And they're like, hey, where are you going? Oh, coffee and a bagel. Hint, hint. It's funny. They make this seems like you need code. How about this? Hey, where are you going for lunch? Mind your own fucking business. There's where I'm going. Mind your business. Uh, but yeah, as they're saying this, they had a problem with this name and really like that. They're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I really love that. I'm thinking of you on Shark Tank. And uh, Mark Cuban's like, so what's the name of this thing? Oh, it's this police thing called Force Love. Oh. Really? Uh, I'm in. I offer you uh, fucking five million and thirty percent of the company. You're like great. Hooray. And it, the best part of this is Mark Cuban really was taken by this idea of coffee and a bagel. I I think that's what it was called. And offered these ladies like something crazy, thirty million to just buy the the concept. They said no, and from what Rafe said, he looked into it, and they have failed since then. There. I'm gonna they say, have. are they fucking idiots? They're yeah yeah no they're not. That's why they're on coffee and a bagel. They want to find nice men, Eric. 
Oh my god! <laughs> ah, I can see what you did there. <laughs> That's a little backdoor humor, my friend. It, it, it really goes back to me. I'm telling you, go like delete all of this back into comic books. Back when Clark, uh, Clark Kent and Cat Grant had Clark Kent Clark Metropolis. Yeah, million and they dollar idea. Sell it for a million dollars. Million like, dollar idea. Yeah, yeah, we were very upset. Now my kids are really into Shark Tank right now, and one of the big things was the That's Sponge weird for Daddy. Kids to be into. Yeah, they love it. And uh, the one thing was the Sponge Daddy. We went out and bought one this weekend. <laughs> It's the smiley face sponge, Aaron. It's great. The the mouth of the sponge, you can use that for the silverware. Just think oh. of that. Plus, just think of this. It's a sponge that when cold water hits it, it gets hard as a rock. So then you scrub shit off. Then when hot water hits it, it gets very soft. That's actually a really cool idea. It's crazy. We went and bought one. It's a little pricey. Four bucks for a sponge, you know. Yeah. I'm no Rockefeller, Eric, but, you know, we, we bit. We bit on it. Uh, my kids, while they watch... Shark Tank. They don't watch it when it's on. They just look up worst ideas on Shark Tank and laugh at that video. Oh best yeah, that, YouTube you know, generation. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but here is Brett. He's going to continue here or at least start. Some thoughts on the week in review. Superman this week. I shall call this issue Fire Walk With Me. Why, uh-huh. you ask? What the hell happened? Prophecy was taking Superman and draining their power. Check. A Justice League outside of time was trying to help save Superman. Check. Our pre-Flashpoint Superman gathers as many Supermen as he can and teleports them away to sacrifice himself so that they can get away. And this is where it all gets fuzzy. little half-check. Yeah, yeah, half-check. That's like a... a, I won't even say. Prophecy captures three Flashpoint (laughs) Superman. That's playing hockey with a midget. (laughs) I was going to say, what is that, some, uh, you know, Yarmir Yager's fucking midget son? (laughs) Prophecy captures pre-Flashpoint Superman after the fight and takes his powers, but somehow everyone gets their powers back as soon as the racer builds a new ship because of drumroll hope. How? What? Am I missing something? Even the Superman locked up. Power's back. The Superman dinging their graves. Power's back. Did Hitch get his dirty little fingers into this? And the Power's prophecy collected from the Superman come from his hand, so they destroy his hand. He disappears faster than the Chevy Chase show. That didn't disappear soon enough. And scene hit the credits. The biggest takeaways from this small arc were, one, so, we find out that Mr. Oz took prophecy and actually didn't melt away. Oz has Tim Drake prophecy and Doomsday. And next is going to get Howard the Duck. I agree with Jim. I'm going to go ape shit if I see more Mr. Oz with, uh, without any answered question. Number two, prophecy needs all the Superman's powers to stop the big bed, which could be, drum roll, we still don't know. We assume Oz has something to do with it. However, good or bad, personally, I'm leaning towards bad. I'm actually going towards good now. It's too long of not seeing things. That I think that he is going to be. You guys Actually, you know to, what? You I have think, to catch bread on the outside. Catch yeah, it outside. We, we said about on, this in, the, in the meantime, uh, I really think the Watchmen are going to be a neutral party. I, I really do. So, I mean, maybe Osmodeus will be the I'm big bad, you, and this isn't me. even we, him. We talk about the Watchmen and all this shit mm. because the only ones that really make sense in this kind of context is Osmodeus and Dr. Manhattan to a degree. I'm saying, you bring in Night Owl and freaking Silk Spectre, even those don't make sense. And then you have the other characters who are dead. Yeah, they're dead. Can we can we uh, actually make a statement here, and me and you are not going to mention any of this shit until we get more answers? Can we do that? Hey, I'm done. I'm done with the game, man. Let's do it. Okay. I know you guys aren't the writers, but why did they rush this story? Why are they rushing all these Superman stories? Why didn't they explain it in more detail? This could have been really good, and that is what is frustrating. This had so much potential. I know Super Sons is starting, but I thought that he would, uh, that was getting its own book, which it is. Uh, the big thing that's coming for Superman is the arc where it's like, who is Superman? I, I forget what it's called, but it is yes, uh, 
it's to show this pre-Flashpoint Superman. He's going to figure out what exactly he is and where he fits. And that is ever since his, Mr. Oz dropped yeah, that bomb that, that the, he's not what he thinks he is. And that's the weird thing is I think we, we talked about it during this arc. Uh, they hinted that in this one, in this arc. But because of the multiverse and because him being from a universe that no longer exists, this anomaly thing and you don't belong, you, you don't really know where to take it. You know I'm what right I mean? There, this was, I'm saying, the, the fact that he doesn't belong makes complete sense to me for the context that we're given with the freaking stealing yes, Superman the, throughout the, the multiverse. The problem is, is like even when uh, Red uh, Red Sun Superman hits the Earth, they're all they're still after him, even though it seems like his thing's gone. And uh, you know what I'm saying? It's oh no, I'm saying though he, he they're still after him because he escaped to this Earth from yeah, after but they you already could captured say him. That you could say this list, if this list was old, you don't. That, that's the thing. You don't know this list could be centuries old. This could be a timeless list. He was a Superman on a world. Yeah, he's gone from his world to this one, but we don't know. This could be, you know, you know what I'm saying? This list could be just the grand list of every single Superman that ever existed, no matter if their universe is destroyed, if they've changed things, if they've gone to this multiverse, that now, multiverse. Now I'm saying, though, I'm saying you get a hold of this list. I don't even know who writes this list. I'm talking, well, and in my mind, I mean. it's, not, it's, not, it's not like a list list. It's like... You track the Superman energy throughout the multiverse. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If you can say that to the, uh, to the vibration had, prophecy of that world. says that he has been tracking these, that it's an eternal tra- – like this thing is timeless, that it's gone on forever. I really do – they have pushed in things that it the anomaly of him being there isn't because he is from a different universe. They're saying – they said in interviews, Tomasi said that's a hint of what's to come. I think he spelled it out pretty poorly. In this, in so this do I. Book. I'm telling you, I can go with exactly what we're like. You know, everything we saw here makes sense for what it is. He's an anomaly because he does not belong in that world. Yeah. They didn't go after him, so it all makes sense for everything we're giving here without you know expanding on that and thinking deeper into it. No, and like I said, like Keenan Kong being there, but not Lana and Lois. Oh yeah, uh, that's you, just a you throw shit in it. The whole thing is hokey to me, and the whole thing seems to be a setup on Superman's level to actually go from here and think. You know what? Why am I an anomaly? Why am I not looked at as a Superman? Because it, uh, to me, it doesn't matter if they're if you're a Superman and you're on a world, they're going to want to collect you. You have the powers of Superman. They don't seem to just they. He just wants the powers of Superman, and it it seems off. And that's where I think that that Tomasi was saying that he, they're going with that. That when he goes there, he's confused, and even prophecy seems a little bit confused as to what this Superman is. Even though, you know, he's like, ah, fuck it, I'll still take your powers, but I'm yeah. confused. And, and this is going to lead to him trying to figure out what exactly he is and where he stands. And you add that with Mr. Oz saying to him, you're not what you think you are. Uh, we'll find out. And yeah, he went from convergence, uh, you know, to go stop the crisis. And then all of a sudden just popped up and you, who knows what happened. I mean, yeah. even this, we said, we before, have a lot of times filling even the Even in the here. new 52, when, uh, uh, super doomed or doomed came and all that 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 fucking arc and Superman ended up gone and in a black hole and coming back later and and shit like that like there's a lot of weird shit going on but we'll, well I know between the time we left Convergence and you know where we see Lois and Clark stop back in we, we're missing about you know five to ten years right there actually yeah. no because I, I, at least five because you know when they got in this world it looked seemed pretty new and i'm saying john had that 5 years to grow up into his current year yeah and they kind of pushed that he was hanging out in the background he did yeah. say he's been just hanging but you know we don't know how they even came there you know we've never seen the 
portal open and him come out or how they did that and whatnot. So we'll have to see what goes on. Uh, and then even the, you, you go with the Mr. Oz stuff. Mr. Oz originally, when he showed up, almost seemed like he was like trying to get New 52 Superman to do what he wanted, almost as if he made him and, and yeah. you know, that shit like that. So we'll have to see what's going on. Seriously, I've watched every episode of Twin Peaks and Fire Walk with me and I feel like it made more sense out of that than what we got from this issue. And yeah, of course, what he's hinting at, Eric, is Fire Walk with me makes no goddamn sense. No. Nope. What do you think of that? You, you agree? You're I do. I'm telling you, I watched Firewalk with me a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, what the fuck? Now yeah. I got to go back and watch the whole series again because I have no idea what's going yeah, I on. I don't think it's going to make any difference. He no, it's not. I got over and over. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. You, you actually got what people think of Lost and all. Everything uh, seems to go Thing that is, way. I can follow Lost. Yeah, yeah. Some people did. Some people were so upset at the end, and then you watched it after the fact and liked it. But yeah, that yeah. people were really pissed at that. I didn't watch it. My family watched the first season, then they bailed. And the last page ends with Got Milk. Is that supposed to be the name of the next issue, or is it the last page of an old school Got Milk poster? Both. Got man. Got Milk, in my mind, is the new story arc where we find out what's going on with Cobb Brandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think that he is, uh, that is because, uh, Lois is, I don't know, I was gonna say something about her boobs, but yeah, it's Cobb <laughs> Brandon. Cobb Brandon's gonna be. It's he, about he a seems boobs. A little, he seems to be, you know, a little, uh, on the well, scary episode, side. I'm saying, even, once we saw him, like, you know, he watched Superman, Bride, and Frankenstein fly away, I'm like, yep. that seemed kind of ominous there. What's going on with yeah, old I'm telling you, here? I'm just going to go with whatever my gut feeling is always. Whatever it's making you think it is, it's the opposite. I think that he's there to make sure nothing happens to them. He is going to end up being an alien. I'm Again, saying, this I ho- hopefully with... he's on the up and up because I like Kathy yeah. Brandon being there. Yeah, and I if he too. goes, what happens to her? Yeah. Again, this are Then, yeah. Who knows? Maybe they just want to get rid of her with Super Sun starting. It's a little, you know, extraneous. He's girl. got friends now, Kathy. That get was his Lana. It was his Lana, Eric. <laughs> Again, this arc just had so much promise to me, in the, and in general, it just disappointed, which resembled Twin Peaks in a nutshell. All it needed was some goddamn cherry pie and a log lady. There you go. I don't even know what that means. Screw this arc. Cue, uh, uh, the you've been repaired backwards. I don't even have Do that. Do we have that? <laughs> Six out of ten. Laura Palmer's only because the multiverse shit and the art snookered me in. So it's six out of ten Laura Palmer's. Nice. Next up is Batman. This issue started great right out of the gate. King did a great job. He made it funny, exciting, and left the ending wide open for the cliffhanger. Now, even though I'm sure the Robins are not dead, but you never know. However, still a good cliffhanger. Freaking Stallone hanging on the side of the mountain. You know what I mean. I've never watched that flick. Have you watched uh, Cliffhanger? I've, yeah, I've seen Cliffhanger. By the uh, time that movie okay. came out, I was Stallone down. I thought, okay, he's washed up. You, I don't uh, need to watch was, movies was anymore. Was Daylight after Cliffhanger? Wasn't yes, that it like was. right after? That's when I'd had enough. And I think there's another movie called, I want to say it's called Driven. Yeah, where yeah, he I, was like a freaking doing uh, whatever race car deals. Oh, really? I, I'm telling you, when if it's not, uh, you know, what was the uh, movie with him and Dolly Parton? It was oh, a race well, car that, movie. The, uh, Freaking goddamn! It was not a race car movie, was it? Yeah, yeah. You're thinking of Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. No, I'm That's not, not thinking of Best Little Whorehouse. No, there's a race car movie. I initially there's, was, but then no, it became, there is a race car movie with him. A glimmer? I, I can't remember. No, no, I can't remember. Something like that. Isn't you it? can look it up. I, yeah, I think yeah. it's actually the name of somebody. At, is the the naming? Uh, but yeah, I, I daylight. I was out, Eric. By then, I was like, you know what? Well, these, are, you, these are just Cliff, fucking ridiculous. Cliffhanger. I was out with freaking Stallone, and the yeah. sixth day, I was out with Schwarzenegger. I'm telling you, around the time of Cliffhanger, I couldn't get enough of that cliff. Uh, you know, climbing, rock climbing. You had David oh, Lee you, Roth. 
in, you all in his about, videos. Uh, and yet, are you all there. about that Chris O'Donnell flick that was around the same thing with mountain climbing? No, I can't even remember uh, what the hell uh, that was like called. Like K9 or something? I, I don't I was, know. I was not in with that. We're mentioning, <laughs> we're bringing up a lot of things. Was it uh, Stroker, Stoker Ace? Or Stroker Ace was the Wasn't the that movie a Burt Reynolds flick? What's that? Yeah, that, that was. Reynolds? I'm trying to think of this other one. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was an, a, uh, <laughs> a car racing movie with Sylvester <laughs> Stallone. I know he's in something with Dolly Parton. Bruce ordering a fast food meal and asked the joke. Rhinestone. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, they were uh, country music stars, right? Yeah. Yeah, his combo was hilarious. See, country music stars, race car drivers. Oh, good. It's all southern to me. Yeah. I don't know. And next thing, there's mint juleps and this old guy fucking talking racist talk. And come on, Eric Stray, Bruce eating his burger with a knife and fork, serenity now, Jerry. All I could think of was Seinfeld and his Snickers. It was a joke. It was fun. If you guys had to pick a meal from the menu, which one would it have been? And uh, would you jokerize it? Uh, I would not jokerize it, and if I had to pick, I'd probably just go with the Nightwings. I think that was kind of funny. You already said. We already mentioned. My, no, I'm saying uh, my favorite was the KGBLT, but oh, yeah, I would go with a Bat Burger Deluxe oversized with jokerized fries. Oh, jokerized fries. I would probably two-faced sandwich. I, I think that was, sounds pretty good, too, but uh, I would not jokerize it. I don't need green and white and red shit on my fries. Hey, if it tastes well, good, it tastes good, man. Jason, Jason couldn't Todd likes it, though, but I think Jason Todd is a guy who kind of likes spicy shit. He looks like a spicy fella. Uh, I'm not a big spicy fan, man. I actually my, don't like... What's that? In my mind, the Joker eyes thing is kind of like that seasoned salt that got a Red Robin. Yeah, I don't like any sort of seasoned salt in my fries. I like salt. End of story. I don't need any goddamn seasonings because, you, first off, you realize... What do you think Joker Ice uh, seasoning would have in it? Because almost every bit Garlic. of – Yeah, it's going to, and I'm fucked. I'll fucking eat that. The the Joker toxin gets to me with fucking projectile diarrhea, Eric. That's what happens. Everything no, leads to you having yeah, projectile nobody's diarrhea. Nobody's yelling, and that's probably probably my, my thing with garlic is what leads to almost everything. Almost everything has it in. They throw it in everything, but yeah, there's delicious. no ha-ha-ha. For me, it's the deal. <laughs> my bathroom probably looks like Zaz, where I'm fucking Mark. Yep, another bit of diarrhea. My whole fucking wall, <laughs> it's all Marks. Uh, for some reason, I'm a Riddle Me Fish. Uh, no joke rice for me. I don't think I would like the seasoning. Red, red, green, and white? What the hell would it be? It would be salt, probably a red pepper flake, and a parsley infused with... Oregano. Dark. Yeah, garlic. I, I don't know. Oregano doesn't even come out. As, no, I think they really right. want a real green deal, but yeah. It's, it can't like can't whatever this is just be but, colored, you know, like freaking no, uh, dyed or thing, some shit? It has to be really big, and some of those, when Jason had that fry, it looked very, very yeah, I, granular. I, I didn't like the look of that. No, yeah. it looked like you'd bite in, and then you'd have too much of that biting in with the, the jokerized seasoning. I, I don't think that that's what I want, right? What I would do is you get three separate fries and see, make them like one has the red, the green, the white, and then you combine them in and then you eat them together, right? They tried those seasoned fries at uh, McDonald's, and my son Rafe really liked them where they had those shake packets. Yeah, and, I was going to say, isn't that where you put it in the bag and you shake the whole goddamn yeah, thing up? Yeah, you shake the whole bag. That's kind yeah, of what Joker me. He loved them. They were very quick. They got the fuck rid of those. <laughs> I, I, mentioned, I always wonder because uh, – they always have those test markets for things like that. Yeah. And what happens 
when like Quakertown is the test market for that. We all love it, and then it fails. Do they come back for retribution? They come back for revenge. Like, <laughs> they take their thumbs. Like, they took you're our not thumbs, getting, Jim. You're not getting Pepsi Cola the next time, you fucking assholes. I don't want Pepsi Cola again. Yeah, Make right. me a better test market want. for yeah, something. Really. Also, would you think the Night Wings are better than Wing Street? No, they're fast food. They're not going to be that great, but I wouldn't mind. Uh, they do have a very diverse menu. I'll tell you that. Uh, they better watch out because a diverse menu like that often leads to trouble, you know, in production. Eric, I just want to tell you that. When you have a fish sandwich and, and wings, that, that's not great. Way to go, Tom King. Take out I Am Suicide, as you guys said earlier. Probably the best book in Rebirth, and honestly, I Am Suicide had its okay parts, too. I'm going 9 out of 10, Riddle Me Fishes. It's so good, I would say I'm going to get me a personal pan from Pizza Hut. My book it of the week, Justice nice. League, which I shall call this issue Death Star Bajami Jammy Jam. <coughs> Our heroes sit around and talk about their feelings while being trapped under rocks in Canada. What we witnessed was Hitch went to Thursday night late showing of Rogue One opening night and said, you know what Justice League is missing? A Death Star. Trust yeah. me. I read for DC. Wait a second. Trust. I'll have the League form a trust circle. And that's all she wrote. So he went down. <laughs> it is true. It's everything he seems to watch. In the large scheme, he's done worse. I will still read the next one unless we find out that the damn genie app called freaking Star Killer Base in a, went into orbit and whatever the hell it's called. Uh, yeah, and the next one's timeless. I believe that it's back to the kindred. Uh, that was what they were kind Fuck. of. Fuck. So, Hitch's League has a powwow hug it out, and just when you think it couldn't get worse, Batman makes a Star Wars joke telling me Hitch is literally making fun of himself. He acknowledges how similar he is making the story to Star Wars. Halfway through, I was going for a six, and then uh, Batman's joke gives it a four out of ten star killer basis series at this point. Help me, Jeff Johns, you're our only hope. I'm telling you, <laughs> they, they should have just had it start. Oh my god, there's a moon. That's no moon, and boom, I want to kill myself. Green yep. Lanterns this week, I should call this issue and Cotton We Trust. This is one of the best Green Lantern issues of Rebirth, in my opinion. A good crossover with Batman. I think it's all smoke and mirrors, Eric. Really good art and two additions in The Virgin's Family. Crime Alley Cotton, a.k.a. Andrew Dice Cotton, who is great uh, with the rhymes and Croc Cotton, a.k.a. the Australian-born Croc Hunter uh, Vengeance. I, uh, Virgins. I agree. I like those. But I think the issue, I think people are getting a little too high on this issue, but this issue had everything from a good team up to good humor and a good cliffhanger at the end. It was done before I knew it. I love how both Simon and Betts are right in the end with the baddie. I love how so, the Lanterns like were shell-shocked to see the cave, like rookies meeting their favorite player or getting backstage passes to a Spinal Tap concert. I left wanting more, and again, the art was pretty darn good. I'm going 8.5 out of 10 Virgences. My runner-up for the bat- week of- my runner-up for Book of the Week after Batman. Uh, I left wanting to read the next issue. That's when you know it's good. Great week for DC, in my opinion. Keep it up, DC. And he has some quick questions. On the latest issue of Rise and Fall, Captain Adam, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, which was also not that bad either, I was led to believe that no supers existed before 2008-ish. Is that correct? Uh, Yeah, around that time. Yeah, around that. Uh, Captain Adam said he moved to the outside of Keystone in 1998 and said that it should be fine since no superpowers arrive for another decade. Does this stay true to the overall arc of the New 52 rebirth, in your opinion? Yes, and yes, I say, it does. Yes, it does. Well, I'm uh, saying the only the only problem that's coming in that might you know cause a hiccup to this later on is with uh, DC bringing the JSA back. But with them, yeah. you know, I'm sure that since nobody remembers them now, it's going to be some magic spell that made everybody forget the yep. JSA. Yeah. But they were around since they are showing back up some point yeah. in the future. If they ever come out, we may never yeah. get that book. Uh, there's still no announcement of any sort. So we'll no. see. Uh, I think that's kind of where the uh, Earth Two is is going away, and they're going to 
play some hocus pocus. I'm, I'm, I'm so upset about that because I wish we could have both. Yeah, it just seems like you're with me. It seems like Earth Two is done, right? Yeah, it, I, it really seems that way. You would it think really that they'd right away. You know, a book gets ended and then the rebirth would be next month, and that's not the case. So we'll see how they go. Uh, because of this timeline, and then doing that, that's what leads me to believe that they're going to say it's it's almost like an Earth Two situation again. But we'll see. Should we know who uh, is the baby is, or if there's a new twist to this? I don't know yet. Right uh, now, I have no idea who the baby yeah. is, but that really got me hyped to read the next issue. Yeah, I actually uh, believe that something fucked up happens, and there is no baby. Oh. No, I, I think that that's yeah. When he disappears, then she gives up and goes and gets a back alley abortion, Eric. That's that's how it ends. Why couldn't she have a regular abortion? Yeah, back alley. She's well, she is a doctor. She, but and then, it was then again, the year two thousand. Yeah, she doesn't want the the stigma that goes with that, Eric. She's gonna do it back alley. Teen Titans from last week. Mara is Damien's cousin, right? How? Damien's dad is Bruce and his mother is Talia. So, for her to be a cousin, Mara must be the daughter of Bruce's siblings or Talia's siblings. Who the heck is her parents? Did I miss this part? In my opinion, and this is no research whatsoever, Eric, I assume that Raj has about 7 trillion kids. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of kids out there. We only really get to see freaking Talia. But you have Nissa. There's a son out there that yeah. I cannot remember the goddamn yeah. name of right now. That, that's but what I, I, it's there's one a bunch of, these of other kids. kids. Yeah, it's one of these other kids' daughter. That's that's just how it is. Uh, who the heck are her parents? Did I miss that part? They just go with it and yeah, don't say. Cousin. And, yeah. Uh, you, well, I, don't I got a bunch of cousins out there. I have no idea who their parents Fuck, are. Yeah, you do. Really. Stinky Jamie has any kids? You, you got that? Or No, that would actually be uh, half-brothers. Okay, well, I rambled on enough. Keep up the good work, gents. Love the new pod, but nothing beats what you have built here with DC. Oh. Rocky, I miss you. Bread is outy. Catch me outside. Gang, gang. Q Lobo. I, I, do Leak. I, do I have the Lobo? I don't even know I if have I no have idea. the Lobo anymore. I don't think I have an Eric. I, oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking all over the Lobo. I'm like, where the fuck is it? It's labeled uh, under Space Hog, it's, Jim. It's under Lobo. This is what I feel like doing right now, Eric. Uh, the next email is from G. G says, what's up, Jim? America's sweetheart, Eric Shea, and the heartbeat of Africa, Reggie. Didn't get a chance to listen to episode 108 because I was out of town serving my youth ministry. I think, sorry, guys, I feel like I betrayed you. Is this the same one? Oh, no. It seems like the same one before, right? Because uh, he had that addendum before. This yeah. is just a full-out new one. And he was serving his youth ministry at the church retreat last week. I, I That's great that G does that. Sounds like the most boring fucking weekend I've ever heard of. I, I, hate to say, my I don't like leaving my house. No. I'd retreat, retreat the hell back home. Sorry about that, guys. Is that wrong to say? <laughs> uh, sorry about that. I said guys. I was going to slip my wrist. Come on. I feel like, did you? I didn't even hear you. I was too busy yelling. I feel like I betrayed you. But it's funny. They're like, hey, G calls me up. Hey, Jim, uh, thanks for coming to this retreat. Uh, it is the ministry retreat with the kids. Oh, really? <laughs> I was waiting. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, I think I, my mom just called. Oh, I got to get going. Sorry about that, guys. I feel like I betrayed you, but I will say that even if you miss an episode, you got to keep moving on. As I yeah. treat each episode of Weird Science like a Dodgers game. I don't know what that means, but all right. The episodes are fun as hell, like a Dodger game. But if you miss an episode, it's like you're missing a Dodger game. You're screwed. 
Now, unfortunately, Alyssa Milano wasn't here with us, Eric. She's always at those Dodger games. With that being said, the first comic I read this week was Batman number 16. I have to say that I agree with Jim's score on the website. He also gave it a 9 out of 10, Eric. Nice. Tom King is back. And this feels more like the Tom King of Marvel's Vision comic or the first five issues of Batman Rebirth. As the dialogue is good again, the story isn't as convoluted as the previous seven issues. It's funny, too. You can tell from what G said, and I agree. I fully agree. But that's where you can tell when you really like a writer and you're just hoping shit gets back to, to normal because G's back with one issue. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he has I'm such confidence. Really. I am too. And it's because I know that Tom King's better than what I was getting before. And when I was bad mouthing and getting upset and getting angry, it wasn't any time that I thought Tom King was bad. That's the problem. It's because I know how good he is and was pissed. But yeah, I, I want to think that he was very sick, but he had to make his deadline, so he just started yeah. writing. You know, he had a fever, man. You can't always you know, get shit going on with that. Not only is King back, but Finch is also back with the gritty artwork that we love. However, my only gripe with Finch's art were his renditions of Dick Damon and Jason. They all look love, alike. They always do. They, they, yes, they, they really they do. They immediately look alike. Yeah, that's and that's, that's, every that's Robin the joke. Looks the same yeah, the that's most the part. joke we always say. That he definitely, it's not that you're, you know, poor Gray, you know, the Graysons died and he got, he got Dick. Then when Dick left, anybody else, there's probably like 15 other orphans in fucking Gotham. They don't fit the bill there. You're not going to get well, them. Even, Bruce shows up. Even when up. Tim Drake showed yeah, up, he's like, he yeah. figured it out. It's like, the only reason he let him in is because, you know what? You look yeah. like the rest. You're yeah, in. And then you there's that old, the test. there's the non-continuity thing now of the fact that they had the story where Jason had red hair. And, yeah, and that's, that's, uh, yeah, and Bruce made him diet. That that's hell, out there. It's not the it's not part, continuity, but it makes even me laugh. For the most part, though, if you get rid of the goddamn streaks and Harper's hair, she looks a lot like him too as a female yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, really. And and we saw her life just became so much better when Batman got involved in it. <laughs> they all looked alike, and sometimes it was difficult to tell who was who. His characters are much better when they have masks or defining characteristics such as mustaches, a la Jim Gordon, or different hair color. Or styles a la Alfred. Uh, you're not going to think, yeah, there's Alfred and Damien. I'm like, what am I looking at a mirror? I got double vision here. Two crusties. Four crusties. Four crusties. The best parts of this issue was the conversation at the Batburger Fest, food restaurant with the Robins at the, and the end page. I love the Seinfeld as conversation at the Batburger restaurant, but I did think it was odd that Bruce would eat a burger with a fork and knife. Only because he didn't Monster. eat a burger like that with Jason and Red Hood. Was Bruce trying to seem like a different person to the point? where he even ate a burger differently than Batman. I do think that's the case, because then I admire Bruce's all-in attitude. I'm telling you. No, I'm telling you. He is all-in. He's got that all-in attitude. We all know that the end page most likely does not mean what it is supposed to make readers think, but I like the whole foreshadowing that King does when the Robins talk about how each of them died at least once in their lifetimes. With that being said, I thought po I thought I'd post my top five fast food joints. What are yours? Now before he went burgers, now he's going full out Jesus. fast food restaurants. Number one, In and Out Burger. Uh, my go-to items are the double-double animal-style fries and delicious smooth milkshakes. Number two, Five Guys customizable burgers, Cajun-style fries, free peanuts. They don't have Cajun-style fries at ours, I don't think. I, I don't really I go would, there very often. I wouldn't fucking touch those dirty fries. <laughs> Number three, King Taco. I don't know who he is, but I want to go to his kingdom, Eric. King Taco. <laughs> I want to be fucking Prince Burrito. Their signature spicy hot sauce that will melt your organs. Combination carne asada burrito. El Pastor Tacos. Carne asada. I don't even know what he's talking about. Jalapeno and cheese tamales. Uh, Princess Tamale, you would be. 
And oh. carne asada quesadilla, quesadillas. I heard quesadillas. somebody. Other, I heard somebody the other day actually in uh, when I went to uh, during lunch and I was in the uh, the drive thru and I had my window down and I heard somebody order or say something about a quesadilla. It's like you fucking stupid ass, you stupid ass. I said Eric Shea, get moving. King, King Taco. Was number I on four. a bike? Number four. No, I was just yeah, no little fucking. It, it was little Eric Shea with the fucking radio flyer, fucking you know wagon. <laughs> K, number four KFC. He likes the original recipe, extra crispy grilled recipe. He likes everything: popcorn, Apparently. chicken, honey, and uh, honey and biscuit, mashed potatoes, coleslaw. I like the original. Me I'm as a well. big original recipe guy. Uh, extra crispy. It's just you don't get. Oh, you know, I I don't know. You don't get the flavor. And number five, Del Taco. Del Taco must be the poor cousin of King Taco. He loves those tacos. I just, I'm telling you, he goes through a list of these things. And that he likes the big fat taco. That's what oh. uh, the Mexican version of Eric Shea's called. Oh. <laughs> the big fat taco. Uh, what are your fast foods? G- give me, just uh, rattle them off. I'll tell you, Taco Bell, Burger King, McDonald's. These are the staples of my goddamn mm-hmm. life at this point. Wendy's. Um. I'm going to go. The, this is the thing. We have very generic ones in our town. Best food in town. Cut and dry. Does that count? Oh, best food in town. The Chinese place that named themselves after the sign that they bought that just said best food in town. And you know what? They ain't lying. Yeah, I don't like that place. I, actually, that is probably one of my least favorite Chinese places I've ever been to. I, I don't I don't like it. But uh, I'd go with your four that you said. Taco Bell, Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's. But then I'll throw in, uh, what's it called? Long John Silver. I've never been to a Long John. I service. like KFC I though. I probably like KFC oh, yeah. more than McDonald's. Actually. I love KFC. It's just the one yeah. that we have is actually pretty goddamn far away, and I never get to go. Yeah, it is. And uh, we got a Popeyes down you, the street, but I don't like Popeyes I hate, I hate all that much. Popeyes. Uh, I like White Castle. The couple times I was there, I'm sure Reggie's yeah. nodding for that. But yeah, I, I like anything fast food. Uh, pretty thanks much. For, and really, if you want to go in, I think you would have to put Speedway in there too for those goddamn sandwiches that you eat. Yeah, ah, I, I love gas station food. Yeah, I know. Thanks for all you do. You like gas station fucking restrooms too. Thanks for Who all that you guys do. And I would rather listen to your eleven-hour podcast and then spend one hour eating a burger because I'm trying to use a knife and fork, or yeah, fork and knife. I'm I'm reading everything backwards tonight. Knife and fork works too. Gee, I know. I just didn't want to. I I actually when I'm reading sometimes I'll kind of change things up and i'm afraid that the people are there with their letter while i'm reading the, that motherfucker that's not my <laughs> he's word. taking some liberties i need permission dick. to do you fucking asshole all right the next one is hakeem and hakeem says hey guys just wanted to give some thoughts on a couple of books that came out this week for the most part i am happy with these with uh just a couple of annoying details though batman number 16 awesome issue freaking loved it everybody loves it eric the bat burger scene with three of the four robins and duke was great i was really glad to see gotham girl in this issue like you i was somewhat scared they would sideline her in the short term now this is as set up of an issue as they come but the build-up of the incoming danger was done with perfection i agree the cliffhanger yes. was intense when i saw it but to be honest the shock and all of seeing a dead dick jason and damien uh, dead quickly went away from me when you realize those three are part of some great and important titles in well, DC that's, that's the thing too it's like we even go in my mind when i saw that i go right back to death of the family when we had this yeah. whole thing where we thought their faces were their taken faces off like were taken they're off. not gonna go with no anything no but like uh, this. here's the thing first off you have the suspension of disbelief and you could just say like oh my god but also to me that it even as a symbol though it's fucked up 
Oh yeah. Like there's Bane saying, you know what? Oh, you're fucking Robinson. I I'm know that Red kids. Hood is with you, and I know Nightwing, and I know this. You know what I mean? Oh, and I hope just he like, knows Red fucked. Hood. He's got a big fucking bat symbol on his chest. Yeah, I know, but it fucking it didn't it didn't help that much with Black Mask. It took him a while to figure it out. No, Black yeah. Mask oh, knew he was playing no, dumb. That, that was at first. I think he still was going with the. Oh man, you're really sticking it to him with that symbol. <laughs> uh, I mean, for the love of God, Super Sons is about to begin next week. Did they really expect me to believe Damien is now gone? I think that cliffhanger would have been more intense had it been Duke or any other supporting characters. Future is ambiguous. Barbara? Spoiler, Barbara. Uh, Duke would have actually been a, a good call. Didn't Thing even think is, of that though, until now. With Duke, I think it would have been better, too, because he we all saw him leave because off he on left. his own. Yeah. And the thing is, though, you have like they left it really dark, like, you know, shadowed out there. So you you'd have the symbols and everything like that. The freaking, yeah. you know, say that these are the Robins. How do you do that with Duke? Uh, you just write Duke. I don't know. But it would be good because he walked away and that would have been like, holy shit, he should have stayed with them. Yeah. He shouldn't have listened to Bruce and Bruce is fucking with him and stuff like that. Or maybe it could have been Catwoman. That would have been yeah. pretty fucked up because he is coming to, he's pissed at Catwoman. Uh, that would have been okay. You, but, uh, you know what would have been funny too? Like they walk out there and all of a sudden it's, it's Bruce Wayne, Gotham Girl and Alfred hanging. Oh no. Oh wait, that's <laughs> us. Yeah. It'd be funny with Bruce. He's there with a bib on and fucking no. North knife and fork. Take that, burger boy. Oh, no. Bruce Wayne, he's dead. <laughs> Superman number 16. This is really an art Tomasi should have fought to stretch to five or six issues instead of only three. Quite a few rebirth storylines do drag longer than they should with several issues, but the whole multiverse theory is very rich to merit those six or seven issue arcs. DC has picked up a lot of new readers since Rebirth, and they could have used this arc to really take their time to explain to these new fans how these different universes work. I don't know about you guys, but between this arc, Dinosaur Island, and Frankenstein, I get a feeling DC told Tomasi to just sit still until they have this big Superman That's what it seems like. crossover. It does. It does seem like that. At least this is... Uh, you know, you have Mr. Oz, so whatever that leads to, at least that's some setup. You have that Frankenstein. That really did not. That's the thing is that we have Dinosaur the Mr. Oz. Island. The whole thing seems to be about this whole cliffhangering with Mr. Oz, but what we got leading up to that did not, you know, it didn't add all up. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't think any of it added up. I said uh, I was actually listening again because we recorded that way early, and I oh, said yeah. then, uh, you know, people would have heard it already, that it seems like they just had this idea that they needed prophecy to get taken by by Mr. Oz, and then they worked backwards to try to yep. form a story to get to that. It didn't seem very good. It didn't seem natural. Uh, but Akeem says, cheer, boys, and thank you, Akeem. And I'm telling you, this prophecy thing, I nope. don't know. I'm saying this character no. seems very new to me. Yeah. And, like, the idea of him being taken does not leave me with, like, the Tim Drake or the Doomsday no, that we had wouldn't. before. It wouldn't. Uh, I think that what he, they're trying to make you do is go, oh, my God, now it's the multiverse. And, oh, my, oh my goodness gracious. But if you think about it, you kind of think it has to be. If it is the Watchmen, they're not from this, you know, they're from a different part of the multiverse. So that is kind of a bridge. I don't know. Maybe we find out that, you know, most of these characters, this is the the thing that Mr. Oz is doing to try to bring over some of these other characters. I don't know. I don't know, Eric. I have no idea. I don't idea. know either. It's kind of like Alexander Luther, like getting all these characters to try to bring back the multiverse yeah, during Infinite yeah. Crisis. You know, he needed all these parts to the multiverse that were there uh, maybe previously maybe so he could access them and bring them exactly back. exactly what's happening. Maybe that is the thing that he's building to, to do all this. Uh, but we'll see. J-Man is next and the final mail of the night. He says, hey, Jim, what's up, Eric? What's up, J-Man? This week's issue of Batman just redeemed the shitty I Am Suicide arc. 
Everybody loves this Batman. Yeah. I, I, hey, I think it's my review. book of the week. Yeah, it's already mine. I already know that. I was thinking of that in the shower earlier. I get a man. I was thinking about it. Were you washing I, your pants? I was washing my pants and other unmentionables. <laughs> I can imagine Tom King's conversation with Mark Doyle, the main editor for Batman and the entire Batman line, after handing over his script for this issue. Mark, so Tom, what do you have for me this month? Lots of scenes with Bane in Gotham City? Tom says, before you read my script, I bet you $100 that this issue will be the best goddamn Batman issue I've written since my I Am Gotham arc. Not only that, most of the issue will have Bruce in plain clothes, and half of the issue will take place in a Batman-themed McDonald's with all the male Robins in plain clothes as well. Oh, and this issue will have no Bane sightings whatsoever, but it will still move the story along to another future confrontation between Bruce and Bane. Oh, and after you will the first see 10 pages Ian of this Bane. issue, you will fucking laugh your ass off. Mark said, get the fuck out of here. Here's my $100. You're on. Mark reads the script, and about 10 minutes later, he loses his shit and laughs uncontrollably. Tom says, Mark, are you okay, buddy? Mark's still laughing, but finally getting a hold of himself. Ha, you got me. Take your 200 and write me an issue 17 script as good as this one. There you go, Aaron. That is his thing. How good was the McDonald's scene? My favorite parts were Duke commenting on Bruce's fancy way of eating a burger, the banner between Jason and Damien, and Duke's realization that everyone has been uh, taking on the mantle of Robin has died. Is Duke a Robin? No. Or something no. else. He is something else. We'll, we'll find that out later. I think that they, he did a very sly, like I said, that actually was the joke to me, uh, almost like a joke to Scott Snyder, because Scott Snyder's gonna be the one who will name what Duke is, and when, when Duke's like, hey, I'm not a fucking Robin, I'm out! <laughs> I, I thought that was pretty good. So what part of a Robin is the nugget? I said that, and I don't know. My kids would laugh. If you had Robin Nuggets, they would laugh so hard at that. Please tell me the Robin Nuggets are really chicken. Otherwise, the next issue of Batman will Bruce investigate the Batburger franchise, only find out the owner is a Chinese immigrant who makes the burger meat out of dog, cat, and unborn human fetuses. That's racist. I'm okay I'm with that, you. too, though, as long as it tastes good. Yeah, really. Beaks. I don't care. It's it's yeah. like that fucking, you know, uh, eating, what's that guy? The, the fucking bald guy that goes around and eats everything? The... the Fucking beaks and uteruses and shit that you hate. Oh, fuck, and that guy on the travel channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian Zimmerman, Zimmerman is yeah, it? Yeah, Zimmerman, I think, yeah. You hate that guy, don't you? Fucking hate him. Uh, I'm telling you, there are people it's in gross. I, I actually, I used to really like that show, and I just had enough of when he's eating an intestine and, like, pulling the shit out and going, oh, oh it's, it's, got a, it's got a bit of a tinny taste here. You shut your goddamn mouth, you gross son yes, of a bitch. Uh, yeah, it's very irony tasting, I'm telling you. There are people in China who buy this on the black market and see it as a delicacy. I had a uh, starfish one. What do you think? Not starfish, a uh, seahorse. I was going to say, I how do you eat a starfish? Well, think of a seahorse. It was crispy as hell. It was terrible. I know Batman does a lot to reduce crime in Gotham City, but Commissioner Gordon has got to be pretty pissed off at Bruce right now. First, he lets Selena get away when she is supposed to serve her reduced sentence from the death penalty life imprisonment. Then he lets her get away again. I know Gordon and Bats are buddies, but someone from the GCPD has to step forward and charge Batman with obstruction of justice, among other things. So, who is really hanging up in the Batcave at the end of the issue? Are these dummies or maybe three of Bane's soldiers who got on Bane's bad side? I think it's that. Ian Bane's cousins. I'm telling you, being a Bane sidekick is only, there's only one bit of sidekick or underlings that are worse and that is being part of fucking Eclipse or, yeah, Eclipsos or Desperos, I mean, 
in that goddamn book we're going to talk, if you fucking look at Despero wrong, he kills you. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> he is the worst. If you get too close to him when he's doing something, Jesus dead. Christ, Bane's pretty bad. Des- and that's I'm telling you, I have an issue where I think a lot of people are going to get Eclipso and Despero a little mixed up because of all, seeing them both and all these things. But Despero is the worst. You you show up and you're like, uh, sir, you know, Lord Despero, uh. I was wondering, are we going to take lunch at quarter of 12 today, or are we going to wait till 12? Don't you question me! And he fucking just rips I'm people talking, apart. Not, not even this issue, but last issue, when the one guy went up to him and he's covered in info, Lord Despero, are you okay? And then yeah. it becomes a spike and goes through. Yeah. I'm like, he oh kills shit. Him. I think this one is is when they come to him, I, we'll get to it, but when they come to him, they're like, they want to say something to him. They're like almost like, uh, Lord Despero, uh, we want to make sure you're safe. Uh, can you go over there? Huh. Thanks a lot, guys. But you know what? You shouldn't help me. Boom. Dead. Dead. Like, Jesus Christ, this guy. Where's the HR department at Death's Morrow? He killed How the? He, he's terrible. How the <laughs> fuck do people keep barging in on the Batcave? Apparently, all Batcave security systems have been eliminated. Rebirth and Joker, Amanda Waller, or somebody else has tweeted details of the location and entrance ways to the cave. Is anyone else online. bothered by the purple on the inside of Batman's cape? which is by far the worst part of this new design. I don't mind it. I actually I, I don't mind. I'm telling you, at first I thought I like, you know, I had a little bit of, but I've actually gotten really used to it by now. Yeah, I do think that he's got to do something about that cave though. He really does. And the, the only cave, people the belfry, yeah, the only people he could stop is is when Gordon came in All-Star Batman and there was that little man cave underneath. <laughs> does anybody other than Duke listen to Bruce anymore? No. Alfred shoots down the Batwing and All-Star Batman while constantly making backhanded comments. Bruce should honestly give Alfred one well-deserved ass-kicking and leave it at that. All the real Robins, sorry, Duke and Stephanie, completely disregard what Bruce has to say. I can understand this with Damien and Jason, but come on, Dick and Tim, you are better than that. And Bruce's one on-again, off-again girlfriend doesn't stick around for much more than a hello unless they are getting ready to fuck on some random rooftop. Is this Bruce Wayne (laughs) or Riley Dangerfield? Hey, what's going on? I can't get no respect. I just added Action Comics to my pull list, and I'm looking forward to the last days of Clark Kent crossover. Me too. Much more than that team book Orlando is writing. When when are we going to get a real Justice League book written by someone competent? Orlando may surprise me, but Night of the Monster Man was just so bad. So he's not looking forward to JLA, Eric. I'm still looking issue. forward to it. I have I've not read, read it yet. the issue. So in Superman, how did the new pre-52 Superman and the others captured prisoners get their powers back? Nope. Was it because he had hope? Was it the TARDIS-like music playing machine? When did Action Comics become better than Superman? I That's thought what Tomasi I was talking was about. supposed to be the stalwart writer, but unfortunately he kneels to the whims of editorial like Wonder Woman kneels to Ares. I've heard from another one of your listeners this is uncharacteristic of Wonder Woman. I just <laughs> I, I actually went to grab it and I, I didn't I forgot on her butt. I wanted to have that all all episode. I gotta get oh, that for Ricky. next. I'm gonna wait, and Ricky's gonna come back on her butt. Um, here's the <laughs> thing: if you want to think that Tomasi is kneeling down or maybe on his butt to editorial, the issue is he was an editor before yeah. he became a writer, and I think that because of that, he may actually listen to them. And a even more. W- even with that, though, it's like okay, you can either you know. Have a job where you write one of the best characters ever, or you cannot have a job. Oh, well, here, shit. And I'm even going beyond that. I, I would never think it would even get to that. Uh, from everything that we've seen, he's a team player. The, yeah. the editorial and DC themselves completely fucked him on, uh, on his Comics? detective comics line. Shit. 
was destroyed. They they shortened arcs, they changed things to go fit other things, and he just took it. He took it like a man, Eric. And I think that's the whole thing. He is a very good team player. He gets shit done on time, and, and there you have it. And he has a paycheck, and he's a happy man, Eric. Fucking A. Whoever's calling into the rant and rave line is Greg Capullo. Better stop. This is no longer funny or creative. Oh well. I've just skipped past that section of the podcast. Uh, G men that that or uh, J men. That's that's long gone. It's it's he, over now. He left. It's over. He left. He retired. He must no, have skipped no last episode. No more Jim Verner. No more Eric no, Stray. No more Eric. No more Stray Brock. Jim Verner. He he retired. He's gone. That's all for now. And it's so funny. It's like anything. People did complain a lot the minute that he said he's retiring, and I won't even tell. Uh, J-Man, who it was. He did announce who it was, but I'm not even going to let that out. No, let uh, the mystery keep, keep going. Arkansas. Oh, God damn but, uh, uh, He actually seemed very depressed that people didn't like it. I, I was very so depressed sad. after hearing how depressed he sounded. got me so sad, but uh, afterwards, all of a sudden, then, everybody jumps out of the woodwork. Oh, I loved it. Oh, don't retire. That's all for now. Keep up the good work, and I'll see you in seven. Go Patriots, because as the ever-wise Charles Barkley once said, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I, I might have said that as well. Jim Berner saying, yeah. I actually uh, read a thing uh, along those lines way back, and I think Pete Rose was talking about it. And the big thing was in the 70s especially, the uh, the big thing was to, for the, the players to be on speed. You know, then it turned into cocaine, Eric, yeah. in the 80s. But in the 70s, it was really big on speed. And what they said is you would go into the locker room, the, you know, the clubhouse, before a game, and they'd have coffee pots, you know, there, and you'd have regular and then extra strength, and the extra strength was loaded with goddamn fucking uppers out the wazoo, oh, and they said they were passing up, and legitimately, I, he didn't say who it was, but he said one player, you know, came in, I, I'm assuming it was on the Reds, because that's where he was at the time, mm-hmm. and he said this player came in and said basically, no, 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 my body's a fucking temple, fellas, look at me, and fucking, I'm not doing this, so he went out. Not only did the other, the other team found out about this because the Reds went and told them and said, we're teaching this motherfucker a lesson. It's almost one of those where if you're in the mob and you're the one, hey, hey, buddy, I'm not killing anybody, but everybody else is killing people around you, they don't have anything on you now. So well, you, they you, think I you're a so- narc. In my mind, I lead this back into comics. I think of Batman Begins where freaking uh, Gordon was not taking like a slice of the freaking uh, extortion yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah, this is what happened. So what happened then? Pete Rose, some other Reds, whoever allegedly, they went to the pitcher that was pitching for the other team that night and said, hey, you know, this fella here, he's not playing by the fuck. He's not playing ball here. Let's teach him a lesson. They fucking hit him in the face with a pitch, Eric. He he was out for months and all, all because he didn't drink the goddamn upper coffee. Like I said, and the, there you go. The moral that, of the story is, if you're offered drugs, you take them. Fuck yeah. You you take them, and even if you, huh, love this coffee. Oh, my God, I spilled it. What was me? You oh, know what's the- funny, too? I actually, I think back to all of those freaking, you know, anti-drug campaigns of the 80s and early yeah. 90s and shit like that, and I think, no one is forcing drugs on you. You can just say no. Yeah, yeah, until you get hit in the face with a pitch. Shit yeah, happens. that's the whole thing. You know, not that this is a sports podcast, but this is the whole thing with Barry Bonds. He was not taking uh, steroids until he saw Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, who he considered lesser players, yeah. uh, get all the accolades they're going for the summer. So he's like, you know what? I'm almost as good as you fucking juiced up, guys. I'm going to fucking juice up, and you are done. Game <laughs> over. 
and he did he was it, he was fucking ridiculous he was a fucking superhero all of a sudden and uh it's a shame because I and it made the game so I'm much one of the more few fun people i i i was one of the few people that before that i actually really liked Barry Bonds, only because he was a, I don't know, he was like a Guy Gardner of baseball at one point, uh, before the steroids, where he knew he was good, and he didn't care what he said, and did him and Bobby Bonilla would say the stupidest shit and make me laugh. Ah, that's the sports bit of the podcast, Aaron. All right. We'll rant on, uh, if you're offered drugs, at least pretend you're going to take them and then run. Now, can Run you tell me, hills. how did we get into this discussion off of that mail? He said Charles Barkley, if you're not cheating. Oh, okay, yes, China. okay. I totally lost where we that, got that's this. That's basically gotcha. a thing. You yeah, know, yeah, a yeah. lot of times in sports, there's that whole thing uh, anyway. But that's it for the mail, Eric. That's it for All the right. mail for the night. We're going to go off to four more books and then end this goddamn monstrosity. Listening to the podcast. Listen all day. I just want to hear Jim's voice and not hear Eric Shea. Reviews. I want to hear Jim's reviews. Hear Jim's reviews of DC. Reggie, God damn. <laughs> ah, Eric. That, uh, that's a soothing song from Ricky that always makes the me The soothing sweat. song of Ricky than me sweat jumping out of nowhere and scaring the shit out of me. I see. That would scare anybody. Fucking yeah, nonsense. Right. Who is right. laughing? I hate them. <laughs> I hate them, And too. the milestone comes out. The and milestorm. the milestone comes out. And the milestone comes out. <laughs> uh-huh, the milestone. Damn right. Yeah, damn, damn right. Indeed. Milestorm is going to be coming out soon, Eric. I'll be dealing with that one. Is uh, it, or is the, the Wild Storm coming out? Uh, according to Drunk Eric, it's the the Milestorm. Uh, but yeah, we'll I think he was decide. talking about Milestone myself. Yeah, he was, but you were talking about both at that point. You were going back and forth. Oh, and that, I was just combined. saving time then by combining. You them. just combined them. Smart yeah. man. Yep. That is kind of jokerizing it, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that. Uh, We've got to discuss what we're going to do with those books when they do come out. It's only one book, actually. Yeah. First comes out, but we'll see. Uh, we're back to the books, Eric. And this is the last four books. We actually have a supersized section here. Don't that, that Morgan Spurlock, he can't stop us, Eric. We're That's supersizing right. this motherfucker. He's not stopping us. You should have taken uh, him out when you had the chance I years ago. I should have. You know what? Though, if I went back in time now, time would correct itself, Eric. It's it true. It would happen. Uh, but the first book we're going to talk about is mine. The other three are yours. But this is Midnighter and Apollo, number five. And I'll tell you before I even read my blurb, mwah, I actually really like this book. And so it, do it I. doesn't doesn't shock me that I like it. It's just, it's very, it's it's gratifying. It, I, it makes me happy. Because the beginning of the Midnighter series in the DCYOU, I really liked it at first. And then it just got hokey and he lost track. I Each issue got worse. Here's the thing is, and when this when this was going on, it was open ended. Like at when he's writing these, there was no hey rebirth is coming. Stop. You know what I'm saying at the beginning of this. And I think he really just lost track of what he wanted to do. This being a six issue mini, you have six issues, Stevie boy. Just go for it. I think it really helped him. I really do. I think that it really had to make it. He focused on one story. 
You have the story. He stuck with it. It's Midnighter going to save Apollo. Boom, bang, zim, bada bing. He's done. I'm telling you though, in the beginning of this uh, series, this mini series, I was actually very upset because I thought we were gonna get more of the same from what we had with Midnighter because that first issue was a little rough dealing with the it, fucking it was, murder boys little, and whatnot. Yeah, it was with the murder boys. You're right, Captain uh, Hatfield. I think he, yeah, but I think he settled in and kind of even at the no, point he where he shocked the hell out of me. I'm yeah, this issue with what he's is us. the to me. One of the best things that he's ever done, and what it is, is to step back during an action scene and, and let the action speak for itself, because it should. Uh, you have Midnighter and fucking Neron fighting each other. That's pretty fucking epic. You do yeah, not right. have to have, you know, here's my fist questions for you, you you flat-faced uh, grime sucker. I don't know. Yeah. Flat-faced grime you sucker. You flat-faced grime sucker. The next time you go on the rails of the Godspeed train you're gonna I, I see i'm i'm just as bad if yeah. i had to write this actually all all he has to do is if i was writing this midnighter would only have end catchphrases you know what i mean he he'd throw somebody on a train and like looks like it's an express to death something like that right, he well, had we, a ticket <laughs> he had it <laughs> looks like you got railed and then yeah. He off. yeah see like that that's all you need you don't have to yell shit at the beginning that that's actually I think the problem with Midnighter when he wrote it before he he was giving like a action scene dialogue when it before it should before happen the action, yeah. yeah yeah you need the action first but Midnighter and Apollo number five written by Steve Orlando art by Fernando Blanco Ramalo Fajardo Junior and Joshua Reed I Josh continue Reed. liking Joshua Reed. I continue liking this book a lot and have to give Steve Orlando a lot of credit for stepping back a bit and letting the art and action take center stage in this issue. Midnighter versus Neron is my battle of the week, Eric. You didn't know I have a contest in my head. Battle no of idea. the week. And when we see that all of Midnighter's sacrifice might be for naught, it broke my heart, no. Eric. But was such a great Neron moment, I actually had to smile. And <laughs> actually, I'll admit it, I laughed. It's like oh, and, and I even came into work and I said, "Oh, you, wait till you see what happens." Because we had some we had some theories about what was happening with Apollo and whatnot. And when I came in and just told you, "Yeah, you know, when it happens, Neron just kind of lets Apollo go," and uh, Midnighter's fuck, you laughed. You're like, "That's perfect." Yeah. And I, I thought it was. Uh, but we'll get to the issue here. It opens up with a little uh, bit of a flashback. And again, this is we we've seen this. It's perfect. Because it does remind you exactly I'm what saying, it's, is it's going to happen. It's one page and it catches yes. you right back up to screen with what we're dealing with. I wish that most books would do this. When you get to, you know, five issues later and there is a very key point that you really want to have happen. Instead of Midnighter in the issue going, oh my god, the candle has burned down in my seven minutes. Ooh, I am screwed. You have that little bit at the beginning, that one page that reminds you of that and gives you the big setup for everything that's going to happen. I I'm sorry, it, it reminds you of this free black candle and how it's going to be open for seven minutes for the gateway yep. to hell so you can get back. But also, it lets us in on the fact that there's this binding spell that's happening in midnight that's yep. going to give him power to yep. take on Neuron. Yeah, it's perfect because this is what you get. And it also, it, it spells out, I like Gregorio even says too, it's, you know, seven minutes of power, but seven minutes of agony. And it yeah. really does also bring you back to the stakes that Midnighter has basically said, fuck it, I don't care what it is, I'm, I'm going with it. And yeah, he, he says, doesn't oh, really I don't think care. he's going to come back from this. No, that's and he says, I'll live, Gregorio, do it. 
I'm like, no, you you don't ever. He never thought he was going to live. No, uh, he was getting me, his affairs in order before he yeah, left. Yeah, I think that he, to me, he was going in his last bit. He wanted to, to free his lover of Apollo, but I don't think he ever thought he was going back with him. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the issue pretty much until the very end is them just duking it out and yelling and screaming at each other about it's how it's really Neron, fun. Yeah, it is. Neron says that, you know what? You and Apollo both belong here. You, you deserve to be here. You're murderers and, and whatnot. And it's not even, Midnighter's not going to argue with that. He really no. isn't. Uh, I do think if he's going to argue, he's going to say that Apollo doesn't belong there. He knows he does. He, he really does. He, plus, he's covered in blood and guts. I'm telling you, I love this one thing, too. When we get back to the fights, it's like, Neron's like, what chance does a man have before the inspiration of all that hurts? And it's just Midnighter with yeah. a smile on his face. I've got my fists. Yeah, like, he's got his fists. Right Midnighter. Even here's the thing. You, you want to hear what used to be a hokey dialogue and now it's good is neuron says to midnighter you are the you are hobbled the infamous murder machine can hardly meet my gaze and that's perfect there is especially nothing coming out of freaking neuron's mouth yeah, yeah it's great and it's funny too and uh that's when neuron says listen i'll even grant you first strike uh, but no, it'll be your last. And Midnighter walks away, and he's like, "Ask for your charity." <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. He's like, "What?" And it, it does. It throws Neron off, and Neron's like, "How dare you? Who are you to deny me here on my seat of power?" He's like, "Oh, you didn't know? I'm the fucking Midnighter." And he turns well, around, and he's and he says, "And I can't wait to break your jaw." And it's great. Midnighter's fucked up, but he I love, I he is gonna you, end this. I love this, this Midnighter in yeah, this book. It's awesome. It really is. And I'm telling people who. Do not like Steve Orlando or people who uh, didn't like that Midnighter book. I'm telling you, get this trade. It's Things really good. Things have changed. Yeah, it has. And this is where it, it kills me then when I go to say a Supergirl. And I'm like, oh, man, you know what? Things haven't changed completely. Uh, nope. In this book, it has. It's, I guess, I don't know, maybe before when he started that Midnighter uh, series, he was really trying over the top to show people that he can do a killing uh, you know, a killer action star like this because it was too over the top. It was way over the top. Maybe he's just comfortable now with the character and the book well, where it's funny, he though, can just let it happen now. We are in an environment, we're in hell where you are used to demons and shit like that having this over the top, like a pinhead dialogue from Hellraiser yeah. where it's this whole thing and it makes sense having it here and Midnighter is subdued to the fact where he can say his lines and they're not over the top compared no. to what we're getting but it all still makes sense yeah i'm telling you as he is now he is doing the binding spell he's doing the thing where he's gonna get you know the the angel the angelic powers and things yeah. from this spell and as he's as it's happening he is talking to neuron he's just fucking selling him and he's like i love the part when he's like yeah you think you're tough everyone does until i put them down with one simple rule and he says, I hit the soft things with my hands, and then I hit the hard things with the utensil. And I'm like, the utensil bit is a little... It's a little... But I liked it. I, yeah. I just like the fact that he's just like, basically, that is Midnighter. I am going to beat the shit out of you before you kill me. That's all he's going to do. And then he's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering what... i a good what... hurt on yeah. you. And then he says, that's when Neron realizes then, because, you know, he's their trash dog, and he realizes that Midnighter's come with something other than just his fist. And he says no. And then... uh Midnighter says, and I'm wondering, as utensils go, how's this? And that might be one of the best panels, that spread page of the credit so page. Cool. Might be one of the best things of art that I've seen in a while. It is so 
badass. And even like the whole thing, you have Apollo behind him in in the jar. You have everything in this goddamn like samurai fucking you know shogun goddamn looking <laughs> thing is so fucking good. And there you know, and that Neron he he gets his wits with him. And just start saying, you know what, you're you're fucked still. You're gonna die. You're not gonna beat me. And then they just go to town. And and Neron lied, Eric. He didn't give Midnighter the first punch. He punches Midnighter right in the face. And I even like that. The sound is the hell wham. Hell wham. Yeah, I like it. Uh, but that's when Midnighter's like, you are a liar. (laughs) And I'm telling you, it's so good. And and Midnighter, you have to remember because we were told at the beginning. He has seven minutes. That's all yeah. he has. Not even just he has seven he's got, minutes. He's got to make the seven minutes yeah. count. When he he's needs to. Brigand. He needs to defeat Neron, grab Apollo, and get out in seven minutes. And you realize as this is going on, he's not going to make it. He, no, I'm telling you, this, this freaking angelic glory that he has put out, it is raving. It's it's yeah. ravaging his body. When this is over, he's not going to have any freaking like no. power to move. No, and. uh the uh, Fernando Blanco does a great job too because as it's fighting, you see it consuming his body. It's pretty much you know burning through him. Uh, all of a sudden, his eyes start glowing, his fists start the look like they're on fire. Then everything around him just starts to like look like it's starting to get like a red hot fucking burn to it. Yeah. And he's not. It's not like Midnighter as ever. Even he's he's like. He's taking his time, Eric. He's going to do the job. Uh, he's not rushing things, uh, but it's great, and he is beating the living shit out of him. I like the one point. They even, Steve Orlando even uh, missed out on something because uh, Midnighter hits Neron, and his eye pops out, and then <laughs> and then he's like, oh, you hurt Apollo. You hurt me. You thought you were safe here, entrenched in centuries of power, fear. You're used to doing what you want. I can see it in your eyes. I wish you would have just said I. I'm telling you. I'm reading. I'm like, oh, why, so didn't, good. I, why didn't he say I? Or why didn't he say I could see it in your eyes? By the way, the ones over there in the corner. Yeah, I'm going to write Steve Orlando and say, I really like this issue, but I wish you would have said I. Oh, my God. It's one of those where it's so – it would have been such a Steve Orlando deal to say that, and he, he pulled it back. So oh, funny. I, I wonder if the, I'm telling you, I wonder if the eye bit was part of just Fernando Blanco afterwards doing that because boy, that would have been. So well, I funny. imagine too, if like it, this could be a problem where I want to think that he would have said I, right? Yeah. And yeah. then like somebody like an editor was going through and oh, he missed the S here and just yeah. added the S. Yeah, that would have sucked because it really seems like that was just such a great moment to fucking do it. <laughs> and then yeah, and then a, a Midnighter says, "You answer to me." And, and curb stomps, stomps him. him. That you want anybody want to see what happened to me at Wildwood years back? Go and look at this. This is what That's happened. Except imagine three other guys kicking the front in the face. But yeah, he's going to town. But at the point there, seven minutes are up, Eric. The it, it, the fucking uh, carriage is turning to a pumpkin. He just falls over, and he says, "My guess, seven minutes are up." And then he just falls down, and he looks up, and they're both. Like it's almost like uh Rocky and fucking Apollo, That's where they're I both down. The freaking the double slug where they yeah, both yeah, collapse. and they're both trying to get up to see who could get up, and they're both having some fucking big ass problems. The problem is Neron. This is his area, you know. He he isn't there for only seven minutes. So as it goes on, he is healing and going. But in the meantime, Midnighter does use the last of his strength, and I really like the fact too that uh that it was spelled out seven minutes, right? 
Yeah. This is like seven minutes and 30 seconds. This is beyond me when he should be dead. He should not be able to move. He should be dead. But because of his love for Apollo and just him being a fucking badass, he's able to crawl over to Apollo and help him escape this, this bell jar or whatever he's in. And Apollo there tries to comfort him. He says, you know what? You look, at, uh, Apollo, Midnighter says, you look so beautiful. And that's one of those things you realize, especially now, it hits you hard. That Midnighter does not expect to go from here. No. He just wants to free Apollo. Apollo doesn't. I even like the line, I got him for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. And even Apollo's like, no, no, you can't say that until we're home and we're safe. We'll get out of here. He's like, I got, I'll get us out of here. We're going to be okay. And that's when he disappears. He just disappears and Midnighter falls. And and I'm telling you, with with the little glow around Midnighter's eyes still, I yeah. love this thing. He's like, Apollo, where? What? Yeah, yeah. He's just so, so shocked. And like, you know, he did all of this, you know, and then it's just all taken away from him all yep. at once. And Neron gets back away. up and, you know, he's still bloody as hell. He's got his eye back in his fucking socket, thankfully. But yep. he is, you know, each time you see him, he is less and less hurt, it looks like, yeah. until the, the end where he is fine again. He is completely yeah, yeah, yeah. showed up and it was yep. all for naught at that point. I'm like, yep. God and, damn it. And Neron's whole deal is, and it does call back as well. This it is a little confusing. It is. Uh, I would think, but I what I get and where I get it is first off, Neron, he's a trickster, Eric. He he likes to fuck with people. When he had the contest with Apollo, he said, Listen, we're gonna have a contest. If I can guess why you picked the name Apollo, uh, you stay here forever. If I'm wrong, you get you're free. And he guessed wrong on purpose. He yeah. said exactly what Apollo told him was wrong before, and we thought that was a, a guffaw of writing. Remember, we're like why would he say that? That's exactly what Apollo said wasn't the reason. And now we see that that was the, that was the thing he says. Look, you know, Apollo tried to trick me out of this. No, I, pretty much I said the wrong thing so that when you fucking came here, he goes free. He's free. Boom. He's gone. And Apollo, he's, he's set free. He, he promised that he would do that. He did right as Midnighter was trying to get him. And now Midnighter is fucked. But even with that whole hell. thing, though, he set Apollo free. Didn't send him back to Earth. So Apollo's just no. freaking flying through hell, trying to wonder himself, yeah. how do I get back yeah. home? How he do doesn't I get even back? know that Midnighter is there for him. No, no, nope. He has no idea. And yeah, he hears though. Midnighter says, uh, "Just waiting for you to walk me to the door." Is what he says. Yeah. And that echoes through. And that must be, you know, I get the idea. That's a little bit of a, you know, secret code. Eric. It's a little hint. Of what Apollo has to do. Because then he says, what Minerva can't, it can't be, I hear you, and you're late. And then they show the apartment, and you see the candle burning and stuff like that. But he says, don't worry, I'm not leaving without you. And yeah, I have a feeling that that front door thing is is the little thing that Apollo knows exactly what's happening, and he's going to go and save him. But uh, I I couldn't tell you. I do hope that is explained a little bit more, because this whole little, like, it's not like, you know, Midnight or shouting. He's laying there dying. Well, that's the thing. Is this like the the front door, and it echoes throughout. Yeah, is this like their love is so strong that it echoes? Like, that's what's going on? Because it certainly seems that way. You yeah, know what I, I mean? Just, like, I what just power is... a bit more explained yeah. so we get a full grasp of how power yeah, hears this. Yeah, hopefully it does. Hopefully there's it a bigger explains. meaning to it than just yeah. him hearing something. Yes, yeah. Just hearing that phrase. Like, something is going on now. Like you said, maybe it is the part because Midnighter is still, you know, he's got that burning look to him. Maybe this is the last bit of this angelic power that he has. Maybe. But really, that's the problem is, is Neron keeping him alive now to kind of fuck with him? Because he really should be dead, if, as far as well, I can even tell. Even if I'm saying, though, Midnighter dies here, though, he just ends up here, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, you know, that's it's like, true. It's weird. I, yeah, I don't know. You're, you're right. They are in hell. 
So, yeah, he, if he dies, he's just going to be here anyway. So you're right. Uh, but I really liked it. I really liked this issue. This is one of those, uh, you know, fifth issues of a six-issue mini. A lot of times the fifth issue is a ton of setup to get yeah, to the big battle. Yeah, just waiting to get that finale. And this was a lot better than that. This was the big battle, and now we're going to wonder how. And, and it twisted till the, very, till the last issue. Now, all of a sudden, Apollo's got to save Midnighter. And I like that. At the end, you're not going to get this, like, Midnighter, like, what the fuck? What do you ever do to pull your weight, Apollo? You son that's, of a bitch. That's the best, too, because it is Midnighter and Apollo, and the whole series right up to this has point been has been about Midnighter yeah. trying to save Apollo. Now we get the Apollo part of the yep, book, and Apollo's where he's going to go, go and save the, his partner. Yep, yeah, I think it's great. Uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10, uh, mainly because it is a lot of just the fight. I really did like it. I thought the art was great, but I was confused at the end. Uh, so is that. It's one of those that... I think that if it's explained next issue what happened, I'll even like this one better. But the ending, the last, like, say, six pages or so, was a bit confusing to lead to the next issue. But I gave it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, oh, besides for that, I love this book. I love the art. And I really can't wait to see what happens with the finale. I'm actually yeah. so goddamn shocked that I love this mini yeah, so much. And at I one like point, it so much. talking about our uh, do-or-die pull list, yep, I had this on. on my goddamn list because of how much I've been enjoying it. And that really mm-hmm. shocked me. But I'd give it an 8 out of 10 as well. Um, I'm actually, you know what? I could even go as high as an 8.5 now that I think of it. I really, really liked it. And now, it's funny, too. We review these books, and this was one of mine that I review. And I have my five books, four, six, whatever. And when we get to the podcast, and then I've read every book of the week, some of these, like this one, I appreciate more now. So I'm like, you know what? This was really good. It was one of the better issues that I read this week. So I'm even going to say... I, I could even go as high as an 8.5 if anybody was interested in what the fuck I have to say. Uh, but yeah, the next bunch of, it's funny, this last section of books we usually save for the, the, the drag. Uh, right. it's not the case this week, but it does have a theme. The last three books are all yours, and they have this weird thing in my head as we go on. It's like, I could care about them or I could care less about them. I, they are so middle of the road for me, these next books, including even the last one, that it's just like, eh, I have to read this. I read it. I'm never mad, uh, but I'm never really, you know, astounded Impressed. by them. Yeah, yeah, it's just they're there. Uh, two of them are minis, starting with uh, your next one, which is Death of Hawkman, right? Yes, it is. Death of Hawkman I, want, I wanted five. to remind you because I didn't know if you remembered the No, order. no, I remember. <laughs> Death of Hawkman number five, written by Mark Andreco with art by Aaron L- A.A. Ron Lopresti, oh. Rodney Buscemi, John Livesay, Blonde, and Josh Reed. Where we had a bit of flashbacks going into the series before that was manageable, here we see that it's thrown at us full force as we move back and forth throughout time with only a slight costume change in Adam Strange to make things less confusing. Too bad it doesn't work that well. Ultimately, though, Despero now with an nth metal has <laughs> goody. Despero now with the nth metal has the power to control people's minds, star systems away, and can even make Hawkman's nth metal reject him. Yeah, yeah. I, I just like I said, this book. Maybe it's just because I was never invested in it. I it, uh, I can't say that it angered me. I will say that what you said in there was uh, right for me. I, I was confused at points, and I was like, and at one point, I just kind of just went with the flow. I'm like, that's I'm the just, thing I'm is, I actually got to the point it. when I was reading this where I gave up trying to make sense. That's what happened to me because um, there's so much. Like we start out, like you know, in our future time where we, I, I could have sworn when we ended our previous yep. issue, we were done with the we back and forth. We were done with the back time. and forth. Now, we, we, we would were be now one in the time to end day. It. exactly, and. 
That's not the case. Yes, we start out in our present time after the friggin' uh, you know, Despero got all nth meddled up and our heroes yep. are on the run, and friggin' uh, Isamar Cole has to like, you know, remake Adam Strange's costume because it's all damaged as hell. I don't know how this actually works. It's one of those yeah. things where the Green Lantern rings do things that I don't always agree with. Yeah. But he's all like, hey, this is my old uniform. Hey, this is the one we had on record. And I yeah. realized by the end, the only reason we did this is because we're still going to have these flashbacks where you yeah. want to freaking, you know, tell you what's going to. on. I'm telling you, it's like in the um, the Force Awakens where they had to have that bloody handprint on yeah. Finn at the beginning so you can tell so you him that was. that's basically all this is with this uh, costume. But the problem, the problem is, is if you're not a huge change. fan – yeah, it's not that drastic. No, I'm telling you, they say this, and then it's going on, and I'm going through it. I got confused, and I'm like, oh, wait, he does have a dad. It took me for it. And then, like you said, I did probably before you and said, fuck it. I'm not even going to fucking try to figure this out. I'm just going to read what's on the page and just go with it, which it's okay. Uh, it's it, This issue seems to be a lot of the same thing over and over again, and it's not really impressing me. Uh, but the points, there are some humor. Uh, there's some humor to this issue that made me laugh. The part with Cyborg later, fucking, that was hilarious. That, that was like great. That and also, that's pretty kick-ass that he is controlling people from all the fuck all over the place. Uh, but really, the whole thing goes down to I really don't care about Despero at all. Uh, no. I'm not a Hawkman fan or really in this book an Adam Strange fan, so it's a tough sell for me. But you tell us what's about it. Well, I'll say that we start out with Despero chasing after our heroes, and Isamat Cole is going to take him on to give our heroes some time to get away. And it looks like he kills Isamat right away. And then we move to the next part where I'm like, all right, they got away because they're in their mm-hmm. ship. I'm like, it's kind of weird. And the moon's all destroyed. They're like flying in the, like, you know, the debris that the moon was left behind previously. Bodies are hitting their ship. It's crazy. And then the Green Lantern show up. I'm like, what? Wait, what? And then yeah. I realized this is, you know, a flashback area. It does say then, yeah. you know, and it shit does, like that. It's, but it's just. Because if you're not jumping around, exactly. If you're not paying close attention, though, you're just reading a book. You might not see it, and you might get confused, like I was initially. But I really thought that, like previously, when we saw the Green Lantern show up, that was their first meeting, Mm -hmm. and it's all about how there's a bounty out on freaking Hawkman and Adam Strange's head for you know this whole Ranthanagarian war going on, how they're criminals, and the Green Lanterns let them go because you know, hey, these guys are heroes. We're gonna act like we never fucking saw them. Yeah, and pretend that they weren't here and go on with it. And we get the big piece of information, though, of why Alana Strange's been acting as crazy as she had all the blood lost because, you know, thinking her father's dead. But it it turns out that Despero is orchestrating this whole thing. He yep, is controlling Despero her mind and making her act this way, yeah. making her even put a bounty out on her husband's head. Yep. Yeah. And it's I don't know. It's this whole back and forth, because then we have to deal with, you know, them shooting rockets at Hawkman and Adam Strange, them escaping, believing they're dead. But then we got to take on all these Ronians who are. Like, you know, then being controlled by Despero. So it just becomes this whole thing where we don't need this. The Ronians are, then have to fight our heroes and they have to survive. I'm like, I, I, I guess we needed this because we saw them on this war-torn world before where they're yeah. trying to stay alive. But, like, at this point, I just don't need this. Like, can we please no. get to some more interesting stuff and then just take it on Caledorians and Ronians? Yeah, the, the problem is this is where we, we talk amongst ourselves, me and you are talking about, say, uh, the uh, episode one. Where you have this, you know, space opera, and then you have an episode one where it's all about a trade embargo and shit like yeah. this. This seems like they got together, uh, Adam Strange and Hawkman, to tell one of the least interesting stories I've ever read. I, I would just like to have them out and about doing things, and, and they're really not doing much, though. I will tell you that one page where it's Adam and uh, 
Hawkman looked fucking awesome, where there's oh, that yeah, big explosion great. they're flying. And I, I do like the look of this book in general. But even that, it's like it's a cartoony look with, with not much background to it. I really like the look, but it tends to go with the story where it's like, yeah, I like this, but I don't know why, and I just want to pass it by. It just nothing gets me. Nothing hits me. And even the part where Despero then starts to get everybody to go against them. He's controlling little kids. They're getting, you know, they're getting knives out yeah, and all this stuff. Out. The, the, the Rodians themselves, I'm like, okay, but then you yeah. bring the Caledorians in and yeah, they're all the fighting together and take down, down these there. two heroes. And like, I was thinking this whole time, how are, are these two heroes who are not even like, you know, B-listers really. In yeah, most how are they mind, fighting it? How are they going to take on planets? You know, yeah. it's, it's, and Despero with the nth metal and being able to control, which is weird because He's controlling all these people's minds. He wants this chaos to happen, but like yeah. you can just stop all this by controlling Adam Strange and that's, Hawkman. That's the thing. That's when I said fighting them. I didn't even mean the planets. I meant how are they fighting off Despero? Oh, all, right, he, right. all they have to do is control them. Uh, done. I do like, though, when they go to Alana and she's there in that war room and right. all around are the uh, the TV screens of what's right. going on and it's fucking chaos you see it the sure one is. is there's an atomic explosion here a big explosion <laughs> there i did really like where they finally it's almost like uh mark and draco's like okay I, i've been hinting at this whole thing along I, I gotta open up the the fucking i gotta pull the curtain away and where you have alana strange sitting there with her arms crossed and then there's the despero behind her in that same position i thought that was really good i thought okay now i get it it's just weird jumping back and forth through time there because i really thought like you know when we ended the last issue uh despero was covered in nth metal he said he's now a god and all this shit they were on the freaking run when this happened and uh it really seemed like we were the like that was the furthest in time that we were at in my mind at least because, you know, we already knew that Despero could be controlling people and shit like that. And now that he's like, when we see Alana Strange saying, you know, fire on them, you know, yeah. destroy them and all this stuff. You see the little Despero behind her, you know, yep, in her mind, like kind of transparent. It. It's like and a like, transparent Despero. I did like that, though, showing that no, she's I, being controlled. I like that as well. But the thing is, I'm like, all right, but this is then. Yeah, and I it's know. weird having more to, like to the story because he is already in his nth metal armor. I'm guessing it makes sense, but... I really thought we were already to the point. You know, we are moving further ahead to tell backstory that we were out of the present. I'm telling you, I think that at some point somebody told him, nobody realizes that Alana's being controlled. You better show him and you have to put that. But even then, it looks like she's trying to fight it. At the one point uh, when he's saying in her mind, you cannot win this fight, Alana Strange. And she's like, ugh. And like she has a headache. And then she comes back screaming again. That's when he says, ha, your guilt when this is done will be delicious. I'm like, oh, really? And then but there that, there you go. We, then you have one of his guys. I'm telling you, if I am a guy who works for Despero, I'm never opening my mouth. I, I wouldn't. Uh, you're you're really putting your life at risk. Even if you say, hey, by the way, uh, what would you like for lunch today, Despero? He's, he'll, he'll kill you. You should know what the fuck he wants. You uh, know I yeah. have a BLT every goddamn yeah, day. Yeah, really, every single day. Uh, but really, yeah, you go, and I, I don't really saying, even know what to say about it. The thing it, is, it we, just... we move we moved back to what they're now calling the present, which is like in the future of what we had previously. I'm telling you, we moved ahead in time just so we could have a flashback here that's not needed in my mind. Yeah. And um, But then we see Isamak Cole is dead, and uh, yep. Hawkman's, you know, peacekeeper partner, freaking Rain yep. Crawl. Rain he Crawl. Has become, he has become the new Green He's Lantern the new of Green Lantern. And it looks awesome. That yeah, looks I'm incredible. I want to see more of this because the idea of a Hawkman, th- like, you know, yeah, uh, Green Lantern. That's fucking awesome. It I love really it. Is. Yeah. It always bothered me with East Mac Cole, though, because they, there is this lizard people who live on Thanagar. He was a Thanagarian Green Lantern. 
I wanted it always to be a Hawkman Green Lantern, though. Yeah. And I'm well, happy so that we got that here. You have it in this, at least. I'm sure it's going to piss off some Green Lantern fans who like Isamako, though. Yeah, and he even says, you know, oh, it's the typical thing really quick with him. Like, I don't know why it picked me. You know, I don't know how to use this. And that's when Hawkman's like, no, no, no. The ring begs to differ. You're, you're the one. You're in. Uh, but that's when uh, Adam Strange gets a hold of Cyborg. We need some he, fucking he, backup. Yeah, he, they need real big backup and he calls the watchtower and it's so funny because before you realize that cyborg has been you know his mind is kind of diluted with despero despero's telling him what to see adam strange's like holy shit Vic! there there's no time for small talk shit's going bad they're doing this and all that fucking cyborg hears is Adam saying, yeah, oh, you yeah. know what? Lana and me got to go out yeah. and pick Me and Lana went know. on vacation. We were there at the beach. And it's like, Adam Strange is like, yeah, shit just is blowing up everywhere. And there's Vic. Yeah, sounds awesome. Wish oh, I was there. Great. You know, you got to send some pictures. Some pictures. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It was <laughs> that hilarious. That was my favorite part of the issue. Yeah. Oh, it was, so it was hilarious. And, and while and, this is all going on, though, the robotic side of him is actually telling him, yes. this is not matching up to it's what we're It's trying to saying. reject it. It's trying to reject what he's saying. And then Cyborg himself, he realizes shit, somebody is trying to take control of me. i got to try to play this out without anybody realizing yep. I'm yeah, on the goddamn game. And then you get that hokey uh, Despero in the shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's okay. It's there so people will know. But even even uh, Adam Strange realizes, like, whoa, whoa, Despero must be controlling you too. Jesus Christ, you know, don't listen to this. And like you said, then Cyborg's, uh, you know, the computer part of him is like, no, 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 this this isn't right. But he's got to, you know, he's got to pretend. And he he's walks gotta, away. He's so. got to fake it a bit. You know, like, oh, he's shit, I don't want him to know up. that I'm in on the game here. Yeah, and that's going to be part of the deal uh, coming up. But, yeah, they go and, uh, yeah, keep going. Because, yeah, I'm telling you, I well, read this you, and I really the, didn't the, retain any of it. By the end of this issue, though, I'm thinking to myself, which I wish I could remember who the fuck it was now. But the other Green Lantern that was with Ismael, he's vanished. He's yeah. just not there anymore. And I'm like, what the fuck happened to him? And uh, Despero catches up to our freaking heroes. And as we like, he starts causing fucking lava to erupt out yeah. of the goddamn ground. And even Hawkman, he fucking goes down on his knees. He's bleeding out of his nose and mouth. He has Despero has all the nth metal there is right now, besides for Hawkman's. And yeah. because of this, he is making the nth metal reject our hero. Yeah, making and honestly, going to come back him. to him because yeah, it's coming become to become a whole. Yep, it's coming to him to become whole. And it's you know there you have. And Hawkman is bleeding from every orifice. And oh, I yeah. did think it was funny by the end. Uh, it's weird how. Aaron Lepresti started drawing Adam Strange because he has this weird, he has a six pack, but yet he looked fat as hell. And it's not just that armor that he has on there. Like, I, I, see, I see where you're going. Oh, my God. At one oh point, they go a couple right after Cyborg walks away. You have a panel where he looks normal with this armor. And that armor bit kind of looks like a, a fucking flotation device kind of thing does. on him. As you go. When, when, right when he, it starts rumbling. Oh, my God. He looks like he has eaten Adam Strange. He looks so big. He looks like a weeble wobble. Well, now wobble. we know what happened to the other Green Lantern. He yeah, really. Him. He ate him. He, he looks like a weeble wobble. It's so funny. <laughs> I kept looking. at <laughs> on the next page. I'm like, Even what happened to the you? Exactly. Tell, so what weird happened weird to you, buddy? He is fucking fat as hell. <laughs> it's so funny. And then at the end, then I you go to the very end. to just draw it on now. Yeah, I'm telling you. The, the, then right before the cliffhanger, you go, and he's thin again. I'm like, I don't understand this. I think it must have – I'm telling you, something had to have been stretched out or something. It's so off. Oh, he's a big fan. So, uh, but, yeah, then you have Despero showing up, and he's like, you know what? I want the nth metal. It's mine. I have most of it, and now it's all going to be mine. 
And yeah, Hawkman is just sitting there. And again, this is actually, to me, a great cliffhanger because the book is called Death of Hawkman. Yeah. You look and you, you almost think, like, there's no way he can survive this. Obviously, people, there is one reviewer is like, this better be the death of Hawkman at the end. He better die. It does not mean he has to die just because it's called death of Hawkman. I don't, I don't want Hawkman, Hawkman to die. No, and, and well, just that's the, the point thing. is. It's because it's called death of Hawkman. It was not always called death of Hawkman. No, right before it was, it was out of time. Out, it was freaking out of time with yeah, Adam Strange and Hawkman. it was called Adam Strange and, uh, yeah, out of time. And I think that they thought that that wasn't a uh, sexy enough title. Exactly. Uh, it's going to be one of those where he's going to you know, get back the nth metal. Even if he doesn't, like, you know what I realize? It's now time for me to step up and be the real Hawkman. Well, even that, in my mind, he might say, like, say the Nth Metal is ripped from him and he does die. And right at the end, though, they somehow get it back to him and he's revived. Yeah, yeah. He did die. Yeah, yeah. He he was dead for two seconds. Yeah. He's, yeah, I'm back, baby. But yeah, uh, what did you give it? I gave this issue a 6 out of 10. I really Mm. enjoyed the art, but I found the narrative style of storytelling here very confusing to follow because I'm telling you, it really goes against, in my mind, too, how we've been doing the previous issues. Yeah, we had the flashbacks, but it, we always had this present time where we always seemed to go back to by the yeah, we had beginning like at a, the end. You had now like a, it seems, a base. You always had somewhere that was exactly. like the, the centerpiece the of what The base was doing. like thrown further yeah. in the future just so we could continue to have these flashbacks, and it did not make sense to me all the way through. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. I, I'd give it a 6 out of 10 as well. Uh Anyway, anybody listening to this, don't ever take my word uh, for any like a book like this because this is not my cup of tea. I wouldn't be reading it or reviewing it's it. It's not a Jim Warner book. No, this is not a Jim Warner book at all. But uh, it's okay if you're a fan. I, I don't know. The thing is, me and you have the in same my mind score, though, and you're a fan. In my mind though, this is the weakest issue of the series we've had yeah. so far. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, the next issue is another mini series, Eric, and uh, another one of your books. Sure is. I'm trying to get to the goddamn book, though. But my blurb is The Fall and Rise of Captain Adam, number two, written by Kerry Bates and Greg Wiseman, with art by Will Conrad, Ivan Nunes, and Seda Temafante. In this issue, we see how Captain Adam adjusts to being hurled back to the 90s, where he's in a world without his powers or even any other superheroes. He's obsessed with paradoxes and ruining time because of his actions in the past. But throughout this issue, we get the idea that he was destined to be here, but with his powers, when his powers reemerge, He's hurled back to 2017 because time protected itself since there was no Captain Adam in the past. All of that, it looks like Nathaniel Adam might have himself a teenager now because his wife found out right before he was sent back to the future that she was pregnant. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the weird thing about this book is if you're a Captain Adam fan, it's it's weird. I don't know what they're getting with this because this isn't really like Captain Adam. There, It's like a story to remind you who he is. And kind Honestly, of get it, but not do even, much with him. The thing so is, though, far. it makes a lot of sense for what we've had over the past couple of years of Captain Adam, where he is constantly just hurled throughout time. Yeah, yeah, and but it, it's weird to me. It's like there's not anything going on. It's just him kind of explaining what you know. This one is all about just time and time paradox you, and how time very, writes itself. I was very scared going into this issue because it seems whenever any writer is like you know faced with time travel, for the most yeah. part. They have every opportunity to screw something up because they're not thinking fourth dimensionally, as Doc Brown likes to think or say. The thing is, though, as this went on, the whole idea, they threw a bunch of ideas at this. We had Nathaniel Adam. He goes to a professor of, like, you know, uh, physics and shit like that, and he talks to him like, hey, I'm writing a book about a time traveler. He's like, 
He's laying out everything he's been through with this whole, like, guys that he's writing fiction to try to get some answers to things that he doesn't quite understand. Like, how does time travel work? And, like, is my main character, gonna, who is him, yeah. going to create paradoxes by being here if he does certain things that, you know, don't line up with the future? How does this work? And we go through all these great concepts, like, you know, pre-destiny. Like, he was always supposed to be here, so there's nothing that he could screw up in time. Yep. Or the paradoxes where time, if they're faced with a paradox, will do something to fix it so it does not, you know, get ruined in the long run. Mm-hmm. Now, I like weird. all these concepts. What's weird, though, is Why? You know what I'm saying? Why are we getting this? Why is this the basis of at least these issues? I don't know that it's going to keep going, but I, I do think it will, uh, kind of, cause we're going to deal with him possibly having a, you know, a son a or daughter or later yeah, yeah. and things like that. So that would screw it up. Like, why is it that they're really dealing using this Captain Adam book to show us what the basis in this universe of a, time you know how time corrects itself and also really to me pushing that there was a time where if you did go back in time you could go back to before there were heroes uh even like you know before the new 52 it seems where the world was normal it's just weird to me what this book wants to give us you know what i mean i'm saying we don't know where this is this no i don't know this is only the second issue but what i'm saying is it's so weird i'm saying though what are we doing with in Rebirth right now? The idea that time has been changed. That's or what altered. I mean, but that's what I'm saying is why is this book just a, you know, hey, people think Captain Adam is, you know, obviously they based Dr. Yeah. Manhattan on Captain Adam. So we're going to throw this Captain Adam book and we really want to teach some lessons in this book for what we're going to get later in Rebirth. Uh, it just seems like number one, n- nobody to me is going to buy this book. So you're you're teaching a lesson with an empty classroom. Well, see, now, I don't if- even know if we're teaching a lesson for what we're going to be doing with the rebirth. The idea though is that Captain Adam, he's hurled throughout goddamn time so fucking often. Yeah. We have that here. We have he's he does not have powers. He has to survive in the past while he's also worried about affecting the future because he doesn't know how things work in the long run with time travel. And he is so obsessed with this that he is actually, you know, he finds a woman that he wants to marry, a freaking uh, Takara Sato. And he ends up marrying her, but he does not want this to affect the future. He does not know if he's predestined to be back in time to marry this woman or if, you know, time's going to somehow fuck him in the The way that time corrects itself is by, really, he has a dream where he thinks that it's him getting married and all of a sudden meteors hit the goddamn thing. This would be one of those where... Uh, I go back in time and I find my wife and, you know, it, it wasn't her. The time isn't right. We're going to get married on the way to the wedding. We get in a car accident and she gets killed. Exactly. You know, that will correct time in its way or, or she's supposed to do that. At one point, though, he does save Perry White, which is yes, huge. That is and- great because we know that at this, at this point in time, I'm like, okay, with you saving Perry White, since we already know he knows himself being from the future, that Perry White is alive and well and the yeah. editor-in-chief of the Daily Planet. This makes sense to me. Like at this point, I'm like all my worries would go away because this means I was predestined to be here to save Perry White. Yeah, but Perry it's weird White. to me. Like it's almost one of those that it would, it would. I don't know if it would fuck with me even more because then I'd be like, well, maybe this was supposed to be something else, or he. It's weird. It's like one of those where maybe him being there is what caused this goddamn disaster to almost kill Perry White. Like, you know what I'm saying? You could go either way. That yeah. if he never showed up, nothing would have happened to Perry White, and he would have been... The, the main thing is Perry White needs to live no yes. matter what happens, and that's how it corrected. And it would... I'm telling you, this sort of time travel... And I know Brandon always says that time travel, he is out. And this I issue is not for him. I don't like, like it because it just makes me 
go my head just spins because of what's going on and also I wanted this book to kind of give me Captain Adam and now I'm getting a DC, you know, whatever, this writer's version of what time travel means. And I know what you said, Captain Adam's always going back and forth through time. I'm not getting any Captain Adam in two issues here, and I want to know more. And I, I really don't think that that's what this book really is about. Well, I right think now, it's going to be more you, about this. When when this happens, though, like, you know, out of nowhere, Nathaniel Adam, his powers start reemerging. Like, little p- pieces of his body start glowing. Like, they're almost cracked open to a degree. And at first, yeah. it only lasted, like, a couple of, like, minutes and then a couple of hours. It started. So he gets worried. He gets back into contact with that professor he was talking about. And since he also gave him stock tips, the professor's now on board the fact that, yeah, okay, the, the professor now knows that traveler. he's a time traveler. He knows that he is a time traveler. Uh, even though, even that, though, like, Shouldn't that professor have lost all his money? They even spell it out. I think they do a great way of spelling it out that when Nathaniel comes and he says, you know what? I knew some sporting events. Not a huge sports fan, but I knew the big deal. I knew that San Francisco was going to beat San Diego and, you know, kill him in the Super Bowl before that season. He put money on it, but I love the way that they say that I, you don't want to try to make a billion dollars. That throws everything out. You want to make enough to get by something that's not going to affect the whole timeline. And like you said, the big mystery then is when he does save Perry White and then everything's kind of fucked up. But well, also, like, I don't know, like that professor, thing, uh, that guy should have lost all his money here. I'll say that the whole thing, too, it's very reminiscent to me of uh, that Stephen King story, eleven twenty two sixty three about the guy who was going to go back, try to stop no. JFK from getting killed. Like they before he went back, he had all this whole booklet of like, you know, stuff to bet on to keep yeah. himself, you know, you know, having money in this fucking past. But eventually Nathaniel Adam doesn't need to do that because he actually gets a real job. He gets married yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. But like now that he has turning back into Captain Adam in his mind, he's worried. So he reaches out to this professor. Yeah. He and, goes to talk to him about it. And they yeah. freaking give like a, a, what is a, what is the goddamn machine? An M, uh, EKG, not EKG. It's an MRI. He MRI. goes to the MRI. He, and it's and, actually an MRI that they use in a museum to go through fossils and things like that. And, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, this professor's his... in big trouble, Eric. Oh, my <laughs> That's God. That's the one thing he, I took he, from this. He asked the favor of a friend. Actually, who the guy who lent the favor is fucked. That guy's career is over because, yeah, some guy lets them into the museum after hours for Captain Adam to get into the MRI machine to, you know, do some tests. That thing blows up. Uh, yeah, it goes fucking and there's trouble. But the thing trouble. is, it's at this point, too, I really enjoyed the story because, like, you know, he's afraid he's going to become Captain Adam again. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to. And the, the professor tells him, even though he destroyed this MRI machine because of the power within him, the professor tells him, look – from your timeline, you know already there was no Captain Adam in the year 2000, so there cannot be one now. Yeah, yeah. And I really just like that line there because when Nathaniel leaves, he's driving home. His wife sends him a voicemail about how, hey, we're going to go out to a fancy dinner tonight. I got some big news. She found out she was pregnant. She found and out on the she way, was pregnant. On the way home, Nathaniel Adam is in the – like, you know, there's a carjacking going wrong here where he gets out to help somebody he thinks down. They shoot him. And when this happens, his powers reemerge. Yep, and so time corrects right. itself because not only do we have – pre-destiny where he was supposed to be there to save Perry White in my mind, but we also deal with the idea there are no paradoxes because time will fix itself, and when he becomes Captain Adam again, it hurls him back to the future because there was no Captain Adam in the year 2000. Yeah, yeah, but he's leaving. I'm saying, though, these concepts, I just really enjoy the care that these writers took to make sure everything made sense. But again, he's he's going, he's hurtling into the future, and he's leaving his pregnant wife behind, yep. who obviously is just going to think that he left. Yeah, he failed, yeah. Yeah, he left, and even that, I yeah, like he, that 
He left, yeah, but that's the thing, and then you're going to go with that. But that's the problem with me is, so the next issue, that is a huge part of the book. You would think that the next bunch of issues is him going to be trying to find his wife. Oh, exactly. Seeing what that happened with the, his daughter. And finding out that he has a teenager as yeah. well. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, and yeah. what does that mean? Because she got pregnant when his powers were reemerging. Yeah. You so know what does it she means? have some sort of power? It means I'm out. Or he. It means that I don't give a fuck. because this no, is, I, I, that, well, I This is Captain Adam. I don't yeah. want to read a book about him trying to find his fucking teenage daughter. This is He's what infuriates me about this. I, I don't know anything about Captain Adam. I thought this book was going to be something about Captain Adam. It's more about Captain Adam wishing he wasn't Captain Adam and what happened to his family because of time travel. Ugh. I honestly, I, I was like, I gave the last issue a 7 out of 10. I thought it was fun. I wanted to see where it goes. This story, for the amount of care that was taken to make sure that everything made sense, gives me full, like, I know these writers are going to give me something decent, and I care to see what happens. And yeah, I want to see I, this, I, ha, what happens with this freaking you know, son or daughter of Captain Adam and how that's going to affect the timeline. But here's the thing, too, though. Again, this isn't a rebirth book, number one. So right. it's not – you don't even know if it's going to continue. This is just a miniseries. Uh, so anything we get, you don't know if it's even in the continuity that we're dealing with now when we ever do see Captain Adam. I do think that they're going to end it. It's going to be in continuity. But it's not a rebirth book. This no, is a I'm rebirth the, book. The continuity that's going on, it's the stuff that we had previously that, you know, Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think that – I bet you by the end of this, everything's going to revert to whatever we had before. Nothing new is going to come out of this book. I think it's just going to be – this is the same thing that I get fucking frustrated with Cyborg, with the am I man or machine. I, I get bored with this. I'm already bored with this book. I wanted to see Captain Adam. I didn't want to see him talking to a professor in the past about teams. You know, there's going to be a Justice League in the future and all this stuff. I just, yeah, it's a, it's a time travel thing that you do like. I just, I am, I've lost complete interest in two issues because I'm not getting a Captain Adam. I'm getting Nathaniel Hawthorne or whatever. What's his Adam. name? Adam. Nathaniel Adam. <laughs> Nathaniel Hawthorne. <laughs> Nathaniel Adam. That I'm just not interested in. I, I really could care less. I, I don't care if he goes and spends two issues to find his daughter and then we find that again that they really they're pushing so much that time fixes itself that i think anything that happens is going to fix itself by the end and then he's going to be all upset and that's how it's going to end him looking at a snow well time fixes itself but he was also seemed to be predestined to be there as well yeah, but so I'm saying, he, was supposed, time... he was supposed to go back into the past so he could have this child and now in the future we're going to see the ramifications yeah, of no, this i actually think the, the world. ramifications is that that thing is going to be fixed and there's no, there, there won't be any sort of continuation of a, you know, Captain Adam child that has the, his abilities. I, I really don't think there will be. We'll I see. We will see. But what did you give it? I love the art in this book. And I'm telling you, I thought the time travel was done really well. And because of that, and I, I, I like the character. I'm telling you, see, even though you're saying you wanted the Captain Adam, I like seeing what Nathaniel Adam does in the past when he doesn't have his powers and the fear of what it means becoming Captain America. Well, Adam that's the thing, though. You that. like that because you know what he is. Right. I don't know anything about Captain Adam. I'm going into this, oh, a Captain Adam miniseries in a rebirth time. Uh, they're going to show me what Captain Adam's all about. So if he comes out later and I'm not we getting still anything have, We still that. have four more issues, though. I man. know, but I'm saying you're telling me that you like it because he's. A, I have no concept of what he's afraid of. 
of why he doesn't want to be Captain Adam. I have no concept whatsoever. And you could say I should do some research. I'm just yeah. getting thrown into this for this. Yeah. And most people going through the, the stacks at the goddamn comic shop are just like, oh, Captain Adam, he looks like, uh, you know, Dr. Manhattan. This is going to be important. They're going to read this. And I think they're just going to be confused. About I don't know. I'm really. sorry, though. It's not just Captain Adam. It is the fall and rise of Captain yeah, well, Adam to the yeah. point where we're seeing him fall. And by the end, we know what, he's going to rise. What was the fall? He fell the back fall? in time? Oh, it's, yeah, he fell, man. Yeah, he exploded. You know, fall. he was going through that quantum shit in the first issue. And I'm Just telling you, we're, was, we'll see what really happens by the end. It really wasn't interesting to me. It oh, really I, wasn't. I found it very interesting. And even so, like, we even had one male tonight. The per- one per- They're already confused. They're reading. It's like, what the hell's happening? So back in this time, there's no heroes in this. I think this is more confusing than giving us anything. It's You like time travel, so... I do, and I like time tra- travel that uh, is done right. Did you say I gave, you it, gave it? No, I did not. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I'd g- I, I'm really close to giving it a fuck you 5, uh, but I like the art, so I'm going to go 4-9. I really I, I don't like it. I not just, even a 5-1? Nope. It bores me. It's just boring. I'm reading this about him back in the past and him talking to a professor about the future. And right. I really was bored shitless. I don't really like time travel. You know, time travel is okay. Uh... But even so, the whole thing to me seemed like a hokey magic hocus pocus when you say at the end, you know what, time corrects itself, so it'll correct it. And to me, that isn't that well explained. I, I think that's a, a cheap way out. Well, I'm saying there's all these oh, – you can't really explain it because you have no idea how time works. They threw a bunch of theories out there, and we saw that you know two of them are the case where time's going to protect itself from paradoxes and also the predestiny that Captain Adam was supposed to go back and do this. Now I'm looking at I'm looking at the solicits for the rest now because right. then we're going to get back to that General Elling and the U.S. Right, government right. who has plans and even that I that like. was my least favorite part of the first one uh, the fourth I just want to see if it's uh, obviously solicits don't spell anything uh, right. it is all, all it's weird too because it does say issue three is Back to the Future Part Three and then the next one says. Shock and awe, part four. So it's more part four, shock and awe. I'm like, what, what's going on? They're, they're naming these issues as yeah. parts, but yet not. And then there's, uh, okay. He explodes at one point, Eric. I just, he I, does I don't that. know. Yeah, he, he explodes. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just not interested. I'm telling you, I am interested though. I really like what we're doing so far. I hope it continues to wow me because I want to like a Captain Adam book. Yeah, I just, I would too. Yeah. I haven't gotten it yet. We have two issues. I'm waiting to see Captain Adam, except for that little bit in the first issue when basically it was just people talking about him as he was, you know, having problems. But we'll see how it goes. I I don't know. We're going to go off to the next book (laughs) that I have the same issue with where you have a character who I really want to like. And instead of giving us some, you know, things with it, it's a bunch of nonsense. It is a bunch of nonsense. Cyborg number nine, written by John Semper Jr. with art by Paul Pelletier, Tony Cordos, Guy Major and Rob Lee. We get the backstory to Otek in this issue, who is now calling himself Anomaly, and decides for finding out that he's uh, all he's all kill human crazy because of Dr. Stone playing God. We're pretty much right back where we've been with this series at this point. It seems pretty stalled out. Yeah. yeah. That's all I got it, for you. It is pretty stalled out. Uh, yeah, this is another one. I'm telling you, I, I, I don't mind this issue. I said earlier, I even said, like, these books are, and I did give it a 4.9 and said it infuriated me, but it's more <laughs> when we're talking about it. When I was reading Captain Adam, I was just like, oh, here we go. Uh, let's get through this. And uh, Cyborg was kind of the same. Once it started up, uh, there's there's some interesting things, I guess, that happen in here, but it's nothing 
that crazy. It's, Plus, it's, it's I wasn't exactly right. All. I wasn't exactly right about this fake uh, Silas. I thought that Silas himself anomaly. had, yeah, anomaly. I thought that he had made them or him so that he could work 24 hours to cure the cancer. We do find out in this a big thing that basically uh, Silas caused his wife's cancer by yeah, doing experiments. Yeah, they were working on this this programmable cell, which time. they called which they called OTAC cells, yeah. and he wanted to get it done to the point where he rushed it, and it was yeah. not safe. So when they actually created the cell, it exploded, and the radiation from that caused his wife's cancer. Yep. Uh, all I know is Silas is the worst of getting rid of anything uh, because, <laughs> first off, why is there video footage of all this to the point where it's all angles and things? What is this, the director's cut? I would have made sure. I know that you'd tell me that fucking uh, Star Labs would probably have cameras on all these rooms. They would have to right. do it. But if that's the case, who's allowing Silas to do the shit he's doing? There's no and, oversight. And there is, yeah, and there is this crazy footage of it because it's so crazy. Uh, but the other thing is is that what happens is this OTAC he was doing, that he he rushed it. it basically, yeah. that's cut and dry. He rushed the whole experiment, and it exploded. caused his wife to get cancer. So he did, obviously. It's not even just that he thought that he was responsible. He was. And yeah, so that that's the worst thing. So he's gonna try to figure out how to cure it. And what well, he I did, got these OTAC cells now, which yeah. I can program into like becoming versions yeah. of me that I Why? can then and here's the thing too and try to cure it. Is it odd to you that he made them like him and not his wife? Because yeah, it's, that first it's kind off, of odd, yes. That's the first thing that made it odd to me, and it's the only reason is because then it makes sense in the story. Because yeah. if Cyborg's mom shows up, no, you know, he wouldn't believe that. But it's weird that he made him in his image. It just was odd that he made him in anybody's image. He could have just Agreed. made, you know, this hey, thing. Hey, uh, I'm going to program these things just to be human, like no defining characteristics. I yeah. just need to know how a human body with yeah. cancer yeah. will react to this. T- uh, I even think that the way this was, you could even just have, you know, cells and work on those. Uh, you know, to actually have to build entire bodies seems like it's a little over the top well, anyway, but it fits the story. It's, it's so weird to me, too, because we had these, you know, like pseudo-clones of Silas. Yeah. That he Which created, he made like, 13. He made yeah, 13, he made 13 of, of these programmable OTAC cells to become versions of himself so he could infect them with cancer and then try to create a cu- cure. But yeah. it didn't matter because his wife didn't survive long enough for him no. to find a cure. And when that happened, he's like, you know what? Fuck these things. I'm going to get rid of them because yeah. there's no reason for me to have them anymore. Yep. And they are taken by people on the black market. Yeah, and this is, the, this is the next stage of, Silas, you really have to watch what you're doing. You are doing something that is completely and utterly fucked up. You're doing yeah. it on Star Labs Dime. You're doing it, that, you know, all this stuff. When this doesn't work and you want to get rid of these 13 bodies... Get you know, rid of them yourself. Do it yourself. Exactly. Burn them. Make sure this fucking, shit is fucking done. Whatever the hell you do, it almost seems like he just threw them in the fucking garbage pit. You yeah, know, the yeah, garbage chef, the, and then like, the garbage I, man picked a, them up and sold them. It, I imagine know. too, like the, the the freaking van that or whatever, the truck that has taken him away. I just imagine it's all like he just put him out with the laundry, and then yeah. he get to the laundromat like, what am I supposed to do with bodies? Yeah, it's like I don't know what to do with bodies. Oh, and yeah, so they were sold on the black. And there market. just happened to be a guy at the laundromat there. Hey, I'm in black market scientific research. Yeah, I will yeah, take those off your It's just the guy. He's in the back. He's like, yo, I'll take care of those bodies right there. And yeah, I always say like in these things where I I wouldn't even know nowadays where to even go to say I wanted a a fake ID. Where would I go with a fucking OTAC body? 
it's just like there's there's a market for everything, I guess. But I guess uh, sorry, these researchers though start like yeah, you know, what are they doing? A, this is what I don't understand. On these things, I don't yeah. know what they're like. The end result is what they're doing, but they're experimenting know. on these bodies to the and, point like, of you know, basically like they're torturing them. Oh yeah, they're seeing what makes them tick and shit like yeah. that. But the weirdest part is. I don't understand the jump of logic we have where these OTEC, these programmable cells that made these bodies, they have these cybernetic parts in them. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Yeah, I don't and understand that why, enough about and then OTEC I, cell. I thought that was more of the experiments. Uh, but it's still, he's even like almost saying like, oh, they took us and they were too. What, what is the end game? To me, well, saying, you're though, getting the these thing- bodies have to be expensive. Right? You're not getting these for $2. And then no, you no. get them and fucking do crazy shit to them? It makes no sense to me. Well, I, I'm just saying, though, because the one guy who's part of this black market deal, his name's Aldous. Yeah, Aldous. He, you know, starts a friendship with who yeah, because he will become Anomaly. Anomaly looks human. Like, and that's because the thing. I look and, more human. And that's the thing is, we have these 13 pseudo-clones. Why do they look different? You know what I'm saying? Like, why does why did he yeah, why did he pick him to be, to be looking more same? human? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. But, I don't know uh, either. Like you said, they, they thought it was funny. Like at points, there's just a guy sitting there. And, you know what would be funny? If we put a blender in his genital area. Yeah. Or, hey, you know what we should do? Get, give a big sickle for an arm. Check that's this out. Cuisinart tongue. Yeah, that's what it seems like they're doing. And, uh, yeah, the one guy, Aldous, took pity on Anomaly, Anomaly and started yeah. being nice to him. Worst mistake. I guess it. I don't know. I think the worst mistake ever that he ever did. Oh, definitely. Because he sets him free. He sets him free. Get away. And immediately, anomaly for all the torture and pain that these people have caused him. He hates humans. So he rips everyone apart. He rips everyone apart. Because Aldous, though, he was his friend, but he's still human and needs to be punished. So he turned him into a goddamn cyborg monster. That's the best part. That's the other thing. That's the other line that I really didn't like because he says, you know, oh, you know, in Aldous, uh, he he deserved to be punished because he was human. I wish that he didn't say that because he says only my friend Aldous was spared, of course, because he was human. I had to punish him, uh, but I also showed my gratitude by letting him live. I wish he would have just said something along the lines like, you know what, my buddy Aldous, I spared him, but I didn't want him to go through life as a dirty ass human. So I changed well, him. It would have been better. In my to mind, me. the idea is he wants to have the cyborg that's what uprising. I'm yes. So I made him better. That's maybe, what I. You know? That's what I wish they would have went with. That's one of my biggest nitpicks of the issue. That I know that you want to have uh, this anomaly be like a, the biggest piece of shit ever. But I think in his mind, we could have. That would have started the process of reminding us what this was all about in the beginning because now it's just a revenge tale before yeah. it was this uprising the cyborg uprising we're going to get these and it was more of the you know humans just discard technology the minute they're done with which is what happened to him so exactly. i would have liked that i would have liked you know what and uh, you know what you know what happened to all this i granted him the greatest gift that i could ever give anyone I made him like me, and that's where you see that this fucked up, goddamn, you know, misfit toy robot guy exactly. who was who was guarding Silas is Aldous. And I would have even liked him to be like, "Yes, it's I'm beautiful now" or something, because he's fucking <laughs> whacked out. Uh, but, but then, the biggest, I'm saying though, the biggest problem I have with this is yes, we're getting this whole issue is all about the backstory to Anomaly. Finally, yeah. who've been dealing with for fucking nine issues now, but. Even Anomaly, with this backstory he's given Cyborg and telling us all about, 
there are all big pieces that do not like work for me because yeah. even like so, like uh, anomalies like and I gained sentience. I don't know how, just kind of happened. Yeah, it just happened. And then we have this whole thing, you know, we have these scientists who are doing all these tests and tortures to them. We don't know what they're doing either no. because now we have this anomaly who has a cybernetic body, which I don't know if it's the Otak cell that did this or if they yeah. did it, yeah. but it also gives him the ability to transform himself into a human Silas yeah. before yeah. I'm like, where are all the things that tell me how this works? Yeah, I mean, at, at the point where, where the he's rules? going ballistic on the people, he at that point is more robot and also appears to have T100, you know, T1000 abilities and fucking looks yeah. like Doc Ock. Like he is a, a fucking wreck. But to me, like, what are they doing? And like, I keep going back to this whole thing of what were these people doing with these experiments? What were they yeah. trying to get out of this? This like, black what, market what experiment. This, what were his abilities from the OTEC yeah. cells before this to I when they know. fucked with him and gained sentience? I, I got the idea stuff. that he was just, just a, that... you know, just cells. And then, like yeah. you said, he gained sentience just because he did? Yeah. And even then, then at, it's so funny. At points, you have Cyborg, who is going to fucking fight back, and fucking uh, Anomaly just shuts him down then. It's so hokey. Like, no, I'm going to shut you down now. Hey, you you're remember, just going to be conscious. I got your kill switch. Yeah. I can just turn you yeah, on he hits the kill time. switch. Just so we can say, why is Cyborg sitting there and listening to all this shit? So and you have I'm a telling you, the worst part is, is that we take time because we, I, the last issue we dealt with this, I did not like because it was all about, you know, Cyborg getting turned back on. But at least I, my takeaway was from that was, all right, at least we know now he can't be turned off anymore from what yeah. he did yep. to turn him back on. Yeah. He, there's going to be countermeasures now, but then, we go through this again where, you know, Anomaly shuts him off. And then he says, N you know what? You think I'm shut off with my freaking yeah. systems working to get rid of your malware. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, he can't I be shut off. But then Anomaly goes and infects him with more malware to the point where he can't see anymore. Yeah, now he can't see. Also, when all this is going on, you, you have gone so far away from the whole, I watched them make variant and I know the process now. I have a mother box. I have a, like, we've gotten so far from that now for him just to be there gloating and yelling about this revenge and how he wanted to take silas down yet it did look like he was going to try to make a bunch of more cyborgs yeah and, and even to the part where all this you'd almost have him as like this abused side guy who he's, he's yesterday's now, model kinda, you know it's, it's yeah. weird yeah you know like he would be abusing all like ah, oh, you're just old tech now and he almost Not becomes what it's yeah what's that <laughs> I, I just said Renfield, but I meant Fritz. So he's oh, almost yeah, like yeah, this yeah. freaking this hunchback character who's yeah. a sidekick. And and yet he's just there, and and nothing is coming about. Like where is that mother box, Eric? Where is no it? No idea. Eric's just still either. chilling in stasis, you know. And yeah. they like they end up having the freaking you know, uh, Xy jumps on Cyborg's back and he creates himself. So now that he can't see, Xy can be like make a joystick out of Cyborg yeah, so they yeah. can fire he, on him. He's going to fire the uh, his cannon. It doesn't matter, cannon. though. It's just there to try to, like, oh, my, this is kind of a cool idea. It's, but it's okay. Ultimately, actually, it doesn't matter, and they have to no, boom no, tube out of there. No, and even to the point where then you have to go even more, and there's Cyborg. I know you're good at video games because I play you every night. And he's like, you're my arch nemesis online. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> this is nonsense. Uh, but, yeah, they boom tube out, but then they, they even say at the deal they have to get Variant. And, uh, yeah, it's weird, too. They boom tube out. They want Variant, right? What about Silas? Yeah. He's there with that fucking goddamn fucking, you know, hideous creature. And it's almost like because at that one point, uh, Anomaly did show like, I want to know who was filming that where Cyborg comes in with the basketball. Hey, Dad, you want to shoot hoops? I ain't got no time for that. <laughs> like, who is recording this? Because he has video. And is that supposed to be like Cyborg is now? I, I know the whole thing. 
hey, you didn't tell me that you caused mom's cancer. Uh, I'm, are you with me that that is something you can kind of be like, you know what? That is pretty fucked up. I kind of can understand why you wouldn't do that. I wish you would have told me. Because yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm, he, but he's really. He's a young kid though. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't say, but it almost is like an unspoken thing that Cyborg's still pissed because he just goes and he's more worried about Varian. Well, that's his booty <laughs> like, call. Seems weird. Yeah. And that's where, you know, you get that humor at the end that actually, the last page is the best page. When XC's talking to him, he's like, hey, you know what? I have some questions for you, but I don't want to go over the line. Hey, I'll tell you when you go over the line. How do you have sex? Oh, I guess you went over the line. And that was okay, but. But I'm saying it leads with freaking, you know, uh, Cyborg's still blind being led around yeah. by XE, which he's is good in my mind. His sight's going to come back in 41 minutes. That's the thing, claims, too. It's like so at this point, though, just the blind aspect. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm yeah. just reaching now. But it really gives me the whole Frankenstein connection at the end of Son of Frankenstein yeah, when Igor's brain is put in the monster's body. And because of his blood type doesn't match, he and the monster goes blind. So yeah. when you think of Frankenstein, you have the arms extended out and the whole lurching yep. kind of thing. Yeah, that oh, all that becomes, kind of thing. Exactly. It all becomes out like that. that's only a thing because Frankenstein is blind from then well, on. Well, and here's the thing, though. It's funny you say that because when Exy is on him and he's blind – does have the arms out like Frankenstein because he's yeah. using the cannon. So it really is right I, on the money, I, I, I think. I don't know if I'm really reaching, though, now. It's just such no. a weird thing to make him blind. I'm like, well, that happened at the end of Son of well, Frankenstein. Said, and that, what, what was the other thing? Wolfman the big thing was in Frankenstein was the music. And, you know, this it soothes the, jazz, the savage yeah, yeah. beast. And yep. you had Blue here doing the same thing. The I blind mean, it's all like that. Same yeah. thing with Frankenstein. Yeah, I'm telling you. And I'm looking at the one page. Frankenstein in my mind with Varian. Yeah, I'm looking, and now next is I, Frankenstein, Eric. Now, up next. next is Lord of the Rats for Monster some Squad. And I'm very upset, though, because where we have, we've been dealing with this for nine issues now. If not, We're not moving a lot. But no. now it seems that while this is still going on, Anomaly's still out there, still in control of Star Labs, and possibly doing shit with Variant, making his own cyborgs. Next is Lord of the Rats, where we end with like them walking out of the, the sewer that they fell into, and a bunch of rats coming out. So, like, are we going to have a side story now while all of this is still going on? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what did you give it, there? I gave this issue a 6 out of 10. Were I was not happy a, with everything. Were you taking that. a drag there? You smoking your cigarettes? What did you give it? 6 out of 10. I think I would as well. I, I, I still like I like the art. It's weird. I like Cyborg. I, I don't yeah. like this book, but I do like this book. It's like this is one of those where we talk about like you were with uh, – what's it called? With uh, Power Girl and Huntress. What's it called? Right. World's Finest in the New 52 where yeah. each issue you were so upset with, but you kept going because you hoped that it would get better. Saying, you, we you have were Power waiting. Girl and Huntress. There's no reason this book should not be awesome. No, and this book – I'm not a huge cyborg fan, but for some reason, there is that little bit that I still grab onto that I want to have and I want to go because the, the worst part of this is we're at issue nine now and we had in the DCYOU, we had that, that cyborg that really was almost the same crap that we're getting here Essentially. about, you know, and I just, it's so many issues, but yet I'm still just waiting for that really kick-ass issue. Now this has turned to a monthly. And maybe that's a godsend for this book. Maybe that will allow a better flow of the story, more time to think of it. But I don't know. And nothing's happening. That's the well, problem saying, is. That's the biggest problem to me is that nothing is happening. Like I'm saying, we're nine issues in. We're still dealing with the same bad that we've had from the get-go. And not only that, for the most part, we've only been in Star Labs. It's our yeah. only freaking backdrop, really. And I'm like, yep. it's just getting old now. Yep. It's crazy. But – I, I would give it a 6 out of 10 as well, but that's it, Eric. The podcast is over. 
All right. It's Super Bowl Sunday, baby. We got to sure get ready is. for that Super Bowl. Any predictions on the Super Bowl? Patriots. It's funny. I should we should pause because when this goes up, the game will probably be over, and then we'll just insert. <laughs> we'll insert the exact score. Now, I actually, I'm gonna go a weird deal. I I do all week. I thought the Patriots gonna win. I'm gonna turn that into. I think that it is gonna be the Falcons, Eric, 34-17. Really? Yep. I I just have this weird idea for that. We'll see. We'll see if I'm right though. But. I'm going to load up my app here and tell you what books. Oh, actually, book of the week. Mine's Batman. Batman, Mine's 16, Batman as my, well. My yeah. book of the week. Uh, next week, we have a lot of books again. Uh, we're back to the grind, Pretty. Eric. We have Action Comics 973 that I believe it starts the – it's the Mild Mattered yeah. Part 1, but it's the Road to Superman Reborn. This is that whole thing that we're supposedly yeah, yeah. going to find out about Clark Kent, but we'll see. All-Star Batman number 7 uh, that Scott Snyder actually talked to us. Still don't know if he's going to come on the podcast, but he's very pumped up about this issue. Uh, poison like Ivy issue, right? Some spoise, poison Ivy, yeah. Poison yeah. Spivey. Yeah. Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number seven. I'm not going to say much about that. Here's the best. Reggie does this next book, and when we got the uh, review copies, he immediately wrote to me about this book, and you'll know what he said because it is Dead Man, the Dark Mansion of Forbidden <laughs> Love. <laughs> he wrote like, ugh. He was fucking Charlie Brown. I thought uh, he would have wrote, I forgot this was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Deathstroke number 12 there. Goody. Deathstroke number 12 starts a new arc. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Detective, every issue starts a new arc. <laughs> Detective Comics 950. We'll see the, uh, we'll see if there's Batwoman and see what's going on with her moving on to her next book. Oh, uh, here's a book, Eric. Earth 2 Society number 21. It's the last issue, isn't it? Yeah, I believe it might be second to last. I, I'd have to look. Well, let me see. I will tell you. Uh, it does not say anything in that, but it looks like Bruno Redundo might be back on art. So nice. Uh, these solicits, though, are always off. I, Gotham I don't Academy. think. This thing is though. I don't think Bruno's back on that. No, I don't think he. Uh, Gotham Academy second semester. When they list that, he probably did the cover. Right. Uh, Gotham Academy second semester number six. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number fourteen. Uh, Just League Power Rangers number two that Brandon will be uh, reviewing on the site and hopefully we can get together with him. That it's it's the weirdest thing about that book. Why didn't they put that book this week when you don't have a fucking, I agree. you know an avalanche of books? Uh, Just League of America Rebirth number one. I would have to say it sounds like a spotlight book to me. I would say so. Yeah, I would. Uh, New Superman number eight. That's cool. Red Hood and the Outlaws number seven. The, the hits keep going, Eric. <laughs> Suicide Squad number 11, which is the first issue of John Romita Jr. art. And the, Unlike the solicit member, they said he jumped on earlier than he was going to. Right. It was going to be Riley Rossmo, but this is, in fact, and I actually got that issue and I looked at it, and it is definitely John Romita Jr. art. Supergirl number six. Superwoman number seven. The Flash number 16. Titans number eight. And Wonder Woman number 16, going back to the year one story that I review. Uh, I was he, actually uh, very worried there because of the amount of books we had. I didn't know what we had going forward like uh, before this, but I thought I was going to have way more books to review this week. I do have six, but, yeah. you know, I thought yeah, I was you were thinking like that. eight. I'm going to look. Yeah. You talk a little. What is the book that you're looking most forward to this week? Honestly, it's this going to be like I want the JLA book to be good. I really need a good JLA book. But like every other time this comes out, I always look forward to Red Hood and the Outlaws. I have six books too. I was actually right. just counting. That's I just wanted. I didn't want dead air. So we both have six books. It's a lot when both of us have six. I yeah. I have a feeling 
there's going to be a lot of recording this week every day of the week. But yeah. we'll see. We shall see. Uh, but yeah, Eric, uh, thanks for stopping by. Oh, thank uh, you. You happy I came by this week? Thanks for stopping by this week. You didn't take off this week like you usually do. Uh, you know, thing. people don't know behind the scenes. Last week, you weren't even on the podcast. I used the soundboard. I could, I'm a whiz. That's the best that we soundboard. ever made. Yeah, best ever. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. I want to remind everybody we do have our pop culture podcast, the Weird Science Pop Culture Podcast that goes up. It will go up for the last time on our regular feed on Wednesday night. Uh, you can check that out and then it should have Thursday its own night. We have that. the DC comics Thursday spotlight. Thursday night we have the spotlight, which pro- it has to be, uh, JLA, right? It, I don't it's, think so. There's no other one that it could be. Uh, other than that, you know, check out Reggie and Chris. They have a cosmic treadmill, uh, episode, uh, this week. They have the comic history. I think this one actually is comic history. Uh, weird I think comic history. It's weird comic history on comic book ads, which is always fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I was like, actually shared something on Facebook with Reggie yeah, putting that yeah, out today. Yeah, it was funny. It was when, cool. uh, when I did that, I actually wanted to have a picture to put up on Twitter. And if you looked, you probably did see. Oh, I did. I, I couldn't just put one. I love them so much. So. I'm telling you, I loved those ads back in the day. So when I saw that, I usually don't share shit like that on Facebook. Oh, don't. I fucking, no, I don't. I, I got my own personal account. And I usually just you let did it share it there. on your own deal. I shared it there just because yeah, I love those telling, things so it's much. It's funny, too, because a lot of people, and I, I'm going to listen to their podcast tomorrow because I'm really interested in what they say about it because. I really do hope uh, I don't make fun of those ads because when I was a kid, I really wanted all that shit to be real. So did I. Like that was like magic to me. Uh, I even saw, I forgot the one that I saw that I'd seen. I don't even think it was a thing when I was a kid. It was already gone, but it was the helmet that you put on that made you invisible. I don't even remember that <laughs> oh, one. But it shit. looks so funny. I, I looked at that, but yeah, I always like X-ray specs are always X-ray a big specs. One. Charles Atlas is Charles freaking, Atlas know, with kicking the sand thing. and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, other than that, we also on Monday we review on the site. Stink we review bombs. Marvel Mondays. We do some Marvel reviews, and uh, also on Wednesday night at midnight. That's when all the new reviews kick in on the site, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, so you can go and check that out. Uh, thanks, everybody who was involved, Trevitt and Brandon, Chris and Reggie, you, Eric, all these oh, people yes, listening. And Thank we're going to have Jim. a couple We're gonna have a couple uh, big announcements in the next couple of weeks. I'll leave that hanging, Eric. That's, good. How, you, that's how you build up uh, excitement. Right? Oh, good. I, I never excitement. knew that. Good. Now I know. That is what you do, Eric. That is what I learned in Advertising 101. You want them le- You have to leave them wanting more, Eric. More. Oh, that wasn't your major. That was not my major, Eric. I was a psychology major. I don't know what I was thinking. But what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Great week. Keep it weird. Keep it weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh,